Back at you, Get Fresh crew. It's the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast. I'm America's sweetheart, Eric Shea. And I'm Jim Warner. And you're currently listening to episode number 151, Not So Much a Milestone. No milestone there. Hello and welcome one and all to the official and official podcast of WeirdScienceDCComics.com for the week of November 25th. 2017 we are proud members of the comics podcast network the weeby geeks network the batman podcast network and the tangent bound podcast network proud proud we're on facebook at weird science dc comics on podbean at weird science dc comics at podbean.com on twitter at weird science dc and of course i already mentioned our award-winning site weird science dc comics.com eric we also have a patreon account where you can go and get more shows if this show isn't enough to satisfy your need for America's Sweetheart, you can go I've over to Patreon.com slash Weird Science and get a lot of other shows, including the badasses of the Get Fresh Crew, boop, boop, <laughs> picking the Patreon spotlight doubleheader this week of Demon Hell on Earth number one and Nightwing Demon New Hell Order is Earth. Is Earth. Uh, I just wrote it off the top of my head, but yes, Demon Hell is Earth. Thanks for, you know, putting a roadblock there for me. And Nightwing no New Order number four. Uh, if you can remember what I just said, you'd have to go over to Patreon to get those, uh, sure. among other shows that we have each week. We have a bunch each week. You can go over, check it out, and see what you like. But this leads us to the Get Fresh Crew Badass Roll Call. Oh, and this here. is something the Patreon has, the badass level where you get to pick and choose everything that we do. Eric is already lit up, so oh, it's time yeah. for the Roll Call. Here we go. I'm going to get this level right one of these times here. But yes, this is the badass roll call, and we're going to start with the ultimate badass Toby Hagen, the abused mama in the Verizon hole, Eric. Rob Lewis, Lone Wolf Marv, uh, Andrew Belfast, Dave J, All New J, or All New Dave, All New J, All New Dave, I'm sorry, Dave, uh, Richard Richardson, Simon, G-Man, Monty, Hakeem, Jolly Drew, Manship, who actually blames me for buying Wonder Woman this week for no reason whatsoever, never told him to buy it. We got T. <laughs> Werner, who blames me for everything that happens in her life. We got Ian, D-Man, Reggie Hancock, B. Murray, Brandon Murray, Swanee, Anthony G, Josh Vermillion, who you'll hear later on in the podcast, Missy T, Bobby, Jazz, Havlin, Pete from NYC, Batman Beyond Mark, and the OG himself, Christopher Hyden. Yeah, Manship sends me a note and says, why did you make me get Wonder Woman? I, I said, I don't know who you're talking to because on? I don't review Wonder Woman number one. I know that you didn't give it a good review, no. and I never talked to him about it. Then he kind of said, ha-ha, just joking, and then said that he, he saw the Justice League movie and loved it. That was his whole deal. But yes, thank <laughs> you, the badasses. It's, it's, I get these weird, you know, back and forths with oh, Manship all the time. Jim. I always I know. I always like hearing from Manship because I know that I am just going to shake my head and laugh every time. Uh, but yeah, thank you, all you badasses and everybody else that supports us over on Patreon. Thank but that you. leads us into the Rant and Rave line. And we do have a Rant and Rave line. It was set up originally so people could call in and say, hey, 
You know that Justice League, I ain't know what they're talking about with their Pokemons, the well, Pokemans. You know, you know that Action Comics, I really love that shit, yo. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the, the, the Brant Rape was supposed to be like that. It was supposed to be like, hey, you know that Harley, boy, that surprised me. And it's turned into something else, Eric. I can't it's stand morphed. That Eric's jerk off face. Why you still got him on it's, the show, it's, Jim? It's morphed into something a little different, right? It's got a mind and I life of its own. It. You can call the Rant and Rave line and join in the fun at six four one seven one five thirty nine hundred. Enter extension four five two three two eight. Followed by the pound sign, Eric. It's just that easy, folks. It is just that easy. I'm not going to go yet because I had the problem today where I wanted to – I see that, you know, I get these notices that we have a rent and rave. So I go over there and I have to log in and usually yeah. my browser remembers my login. So it didn't. And the way you log in, you do some crazy roundabout way. You but you do – No, you do need it? the extension. So at one point in this whole process, it's very odd. So what I thought to myself is, okay, I'm going to test myself. You know, I put my info in, my password and stuff, and then it asks you for the extension. I don't know why it goes this far into it, and, and I couldn't remember it. I'm like, I say this every single week, and I ended up, it was like 43228 or something. It wasn't even enough digits. I was so upset. All right, but look, Eric. 8675309. No, 8675309. I will say it again. It's 641 715 3900 and enter extension 452328. Followed by the pound sign. Eric? It's just that easy, folks. I'm trying to get this here because as this went uh, was going on, my monitor is turning on and off. So I'm gonna I'm gonna be struggling here. I'll push but the buttons. We're gonna no. I wasn't. I think something actually is, is conking out on me. We will see. But oh, we're gonna start because there were a couple of deaths this week, Eric, and that always means one of our favorite callers. And here we go. They call him the Family Man. R.I.P. in peace, David Cassidy. 
<laughs> I've never uh, heard David Dave. Cassidy called the family man, but family I'll go Adam. with it. I'll go with it, Eric. He was but the Partridge family man. He was, though, so it is, it is pretty accurate what he said, but we will go. That's not the last we'll hear of him today. Okay. Uh, and I don't mean David Cassidy. David Cassidy but the, no, no, I don't mean David Cassidy. But oh. the next one is somebody who always puts a smile on my face, and that is Jolly Drew. Hey. And I will tell you, when he sent this, he said yeah. that he, he – I'm going to go. I have to go That's back because I love his intro. Uh, he, oh, he said that uh, this week uh, work is killing him, that he's very tired, and he hopes that he doesn't sound too down. So we'll uh, see. I don't think that Jelly Drew could ever sound down, right? Little, hey. Oh, I know. I'm telling you. He, he, I, that's more of his catchphrase now than the Fonz era. Yeah. Here we go. Hey, what's up, guys? Jelly Drew here. Uh, yep. Shout out to the Get Fresh crew. Doopity doop. Uh, hey, Jim. Hey, Eric. How's it going Hi. tonight? Uh, Hi. I had an idea. Doomsday Clock just came out. I am going to. I haven't read it yet. Um, I'm only on the second page when I got this idea. I'm going to record my thoughts. He's going to record thoughts. As I read it. The freshest take. Nice. I'll kill you. Um, what are you doing to me? I have bad short-term memory, so I'm afraid that uh, me and him both I won't remember it well enough to talk about it once I'm finished. So uh, you're just going to get some fresh takes. Let's read right. the 40 pages of this. Hmm. Authorities have confirmed the vice president has shot and killed the attorney general. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. North Korea now capable of reaching as far inland as Texas. I mean, come on, guys. I know this is comic books and all, but that's a little too far-fetched even for me. Jesus Christ. So uh, Rorschach is uh, talking about the breakfast he had, oh my God, uh, Drew, pancakes, best in the city. Um, Fresh takes, there. Waitress Amy. I'm trying to fix my she computer while this is going brings, on. Uh, the syrup nice and hot. Um, her boyfriend comes, drags her out back and beats her, um, that he couldn't eat because the redhead waitress brings him, uh, cold syrup. So, you know, breakfast ruined. Uh, here's my theory. Rorschach's um, just picky as well. Right he now, this is not original Rorschach, obviously, but is indeed, Whoa, man, damn. um, Jack Nicholson's character from As Good As It Gets. Yes, yeah, I agree. Obviously, uh, Amy, the nice waitress, is Helen Hunt from that movie, and they're going to go on a road trip together. Um, I don't know why. Of I course. Someone's uh, Haley Joel really No, that's not right. I fixed the computer, by the way. Okay, we go. Oh, good. <laughs> oh, my God. So there's a prison <laughs> riot, and this dude says, Open the cells. We all get a turn with the pig before this place goes gone. And like, holy shit, are we in the movie Deliverance? Oh, I can hear banjo music. Okay, so I'm at the part These where are the hot character, the mime, uh, crazy shit went down. Uh, he kicked some ass uh, in a scene straight out of Wild at Heart. I can hear the, the, the power chords. Uh, and then they go to they go to lock up, and he gets his uh, weapons, and he's just pulling out uh, what I only have I have to guess are invisible weapons or imaginary. You know, uh, looks like he's just miming them. Uh, Don't I'm, mind that's me. Pretty cool. I mean, I it's kind of wacky, you. but I'm down with it. I get on my knees. Uh, so Rorschach yes. is escaping uh, with his two new buddies. 
Uh, he's in the driver's seat, and in the background you can see a sign that says prison area. Do not pick up hitchhikers. I don't know if this used to be a real thing, uh, oh, it but is. that does not inspire much confidence in the efficacy of the uh, of the prison. I mean, if it's a regular occurrence that people are escaping, there are holes in the fence. I mean, I, I assume Rorschach put the hole there, but better honestly, safe than like, sorry, Drew. Get it together, guys. This is the worst prison of all time. Oh. What are you doing? Come on, baby. <laughs> but okay, on the next page, <laughs> things home. get really sad. I mean, there's a one panel, uh, the center top panel, where it looks like there's this uh, Boston Terrier, and he's all alone. Uh, his, his owners have abandoned him, and uh, he's got his harness and leash on, uh, and, you know, it's just a really sad panel. Poor little guy. So, my girl Erica, the marionette, uh, she is straight up got a big old boner for a night owl. I mean, she doesn't. You know, I don't blame her. I mean, did you, I remember that sex scene from uh, Zack Snyder's uh, Watchmen movie. Yeah. Um, Woohoo. Boy, oh boy. <laughs> Beefcake. Out of shape, Dan Dryberg. All about it. You know, less attractive than, you know, the actual. Yes. Graphic novel, but uh, I, oh my I, choose, God, I'll kill you. I have selective memory, and I'll choose to remember Night Owl as sexy as I want him to be, and that is my right as an American citizen, at least for now. Oh, cool! Ozymandias is a little baby um, thing, whatever you call it, cat uh, with the long ears. Oh, it's pretty cute. That's that's uh, I'm cool with that. Good job. <laughs> I want to have okay, him so uh, read me stories. Uh, it uh, is clearly Dr. Manhattan speaking in a flashback. Uh, I'm leaving this galaxy for one less complicated. Well, Dr. Manhattan, if uh, you're looking for less complicated, uh, the DC Universe is the last place you want to be, buddy. I thought <laughs> uh, that myself. Boom. Singer! Singer, okay, Eric! So on the last page, and, uh, uh, Clark and Lois are in bed How together. How dare you! And uh, <laughs> just take a look at that bed. I mean... They got not one, not two, but uh, three pillows on that bed. <laughs> I don't think it's uh, John that's, uh, you know, spending some nights with them in bed. I think uh, Lois and Clark, uh, I think they may like to swing a little bit. Am I right? <laughs> like yeah. six pillows in my bed. You're right. Well, that'll do it. Uh, what are you, Julius those are my Caesar? Initial yes. hot takes. Like from Mark Anthony. Uh, Doomsday Clock issue one. Caesar Romero. Uh, I thought it was pretty cool. Eight point eight out of ten. Ooh, All right, oof. talk to you guys later. Bye bye. See you, Jolly Drew. There is Jolly Drew. <laughs> my computer is still on the fritz. It, I thought you back and forth. No, I thought I did, and it, it conked out again. I don't know what's going on. I'm sure that my kids, my kids had the PlayStation hooked up to the the monitor earlier today. They were playing World War Two, Call of Duty World War Two, and I'm sure they screwed something up. But yes, thanks, Jolly Drew. I, I would like to have Jolly uh, read all the books to me because he notices. The particulars that I like, Eric. Oh, I like to see that terrier. terrier. That Where's terrier. Those, I, I I don't know. It made me sad as well. But the next You're one, speaking of uh, sad, Eric, the next one is from Keith Githen. Hey, oh. weird science guys. Finally got a computer. <laughs> Figured I'd just send in a rat and rave of my own. Yeah. Look, here's the thing. This is an anniversary. 
to be celebrated. Yup. Uh. Nobody should get anything over on you on this particular day, because you should be celebrating. Grab a stogie, smoke that <laughs> shit. Maybe grab a blunt. Who knows? Maybe uh, who do knows? some cocaine. You know. I'd like to. Are you you doing some cocaine, Eric? No. Look, this was like a cocaine. big deal. Episode one fifty one. Anniversary. <laughs> you didn't realize it was another anniversary. Why wouldn't you Moscow, go nuts? Go crazy. Go out to the local disco and just I'd have like a little to go to the local bam, disco. bam, boom, bang, bing, bam, bam, bing. You never know what kind of hussy you might pick up. Oh, I know. Go. I haven't heard you make the Trump jab, and I heard you making fun of me. But I'll tell you what. <laughs> yes. I forgive you. I forgive you. He forgives I just us. I want you to take my Ooh. advice because I'm telling you, your show could be a hit. Ooh. Now. I gotta get out of here, cause the missus downstairs will. <laughs> she ain't made my sandwich yet. That's and bullshit. I'm also pretty pissed off about other politically motivated things, yet somehow <laughs> I'm still a sexist asshole. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Y'all have a good night. Enjoy your big celebration for your big anniversary, 151. This yeah. episode will never come again. Never. You're nope. never gonna have it. It won't. Be sure and talk to that guy, Big Doni from Doni Island. Doni like Island. Big He's Doni. a good guy. I like his voice. It's deep. It's rich. It's unique. No one else on the podcast sounds like him. I love it. No. All right. Keith Giffen here, famous artist, writer, signing off. Political jab. <laughs> Thank you, Keith Giffen. And Keith we're going to move right. on. Isn't every time we put out an episode an anniversary it of something? Is. And it it's should an be anniversary of something and should be celebrated. Here is the next thing that should not be celebrated, Aaron. They also called him the family man, as well as the fifth beach boy. R.I.H. in hell, Charles Manson, you piece of shit. <laughs> that was a change. There was a little bit of a change there, Eric. So, yes. Is it crazy? Have... I already forgot that Charlie Manson died. Uh, no, because a lot of people that just can't kind of came and went. Not, yeah. not that many people seem to be that concerned with him. He's been in jail for so long. I know. And my entire life. Uh, and most people, yeah, well, my entire life as well, pretty yeah. much. And uh, with that, uh, I saw a lot of people getting mad because there were some assholes going on, like R.I.P. Uh, you know, and oh, he, you know, stupid shit. Just people trying to rile people up, Eric. I don't like those type of people trying to rile people up. You know who doesn't try to rile you up? It's yeah. Hollywood Kid, Eric. He doesn't try to rile you up. Here he is. What's up, Weird Science? Coming at you live from Leak's Lip, it's your boy, the Hollywood Kid. The Hollywood Kid. So, before we get down to business, I want to give... Such a unique accent he has <laughs> it's the, I, it's almost like at points i think that he's playing around and trying to on an accent uh, on top yeah of accent? but he's not i'm telling you that leak slip they they have a very unique way of talking that is very smooth to me it, it's <laughs> almost like a very smooth irish accent that you know, it just Jim, all the djs in the world all come out of leak slip. oh from leak slip they're all known to come from leak slip a shout out to alex m for yes. his great work on the art for episode 150. Uh, awesome. <laughs> if you look closely on the Rant and Rave party bus, yeah. you can see the Hollywood kid yes, he is. in all his glory. Yep. Uh, and Alex M., he knows what's up. He knows Book of the Week, Green Lantern, Kyle Rayner, Volume <laughs> 1, because he gave me the Kyle Rayner mask. And yes, I gotta say, did. it looks good on me. Uh, but you know, what it's does? not all good news, though, because uh, it looks like I'm stuck sitting next to Richard Richardson. Yes, you are. Bus. 
So uh, I must have gone on the bus late, and that was the only seat left or you something. Come all the way yeah, I don't know, the Hollywood kid taking yeah. over the team, what up? But uh, no, seriously though, <laughs> no hate to Richard Richardson. No. He and his grandma can come on down to League Slip anytime and catch these fists, just like Eric Shea. See, I told you so. Yep. This week was a big week uh, with Doomsday Clock coming out on Wednesday, even though Jim wasn't such a big fan of that. No, and uh, Oh, Thanksgiving not. on Thursday. Yeah. But now, you know, in League Slip, we don't really do much no. of that Thanksgiving turkey stuff. Uh, I'm sure my boy Andrew in Belfast up the road and my boys Toby and Jeremy across the pond, they probably don't be doing much of the no. Thanksgiving either, uh, nice. I guess. But uh, just because there's no turkey around for the Thanksgiving doesn't mean that we can't be thankful. That and the true. Hollywood kid is definitely thankful Something what? tells me he's thankful for that Kyle Rayner Volume 1 I trade, mean, Eric. I, I think he may be. A lot of things. I'm thankful for Jim and Eric and oh. the podcast, oh. all 150 episodes of it. I'm thankful for all the books, even the shit ones like the yeah. Steve Orlando ones, because yeah. the pain that Jim and Eric feel when they have to review an issue of JLA or an issue Our of Supergirl, it gives me intense joy well wait till later on this podcast i think i almost had a stroke I I, eric actually felt bad for me and actually asked if i was okay <laughs> i'm thankful for wrong turn especially the wrong turn oath green's light uh, and i'm thankful of course wait a minute eric if he's gonna say that i'm gonna I, have to give it, have it this episode brightest day and brightest night no evil escaped my sight no Warfords, evil mites. Warfords. Where's my power, Green's light? Ah, uh, yes, there you go, and we'll continue. To each and every member of the Get Fresh crew. Boop, boop, boop. Boop. Uh, but more than all that, I'm thankful for my boy, star of the book of the week, Kyle Rayner. <laughs> now, oh, I haven't back. been reading comic books all my life, like a certain, certain guy. kid that we all Most. know and love. But I've read plenty of Kyle Rayner back issues, you know. I just yeah. finished issue 85 of the back issues uh, from his run. So nice. I, like, I think I know a thing or two about the Kyle Rayner. But uh, I know everybody in the Get Fresh crew, they yeah. love a good list. So here's my list. Nice. Here's my top five reasons why Kyle Rayner is the best character of all time. Straight uh, up. Okay, I'd say best go. Green Lantern, but sure. Number five, the location. Now... When we first meet Kyle, and when he first gets, you know, gets the ring and all that, he's living in L.A., uh, but pretty quickly in the story, he ends up moving to New York, yep. and that's where he does most of the ring-slinging so far, but as much as I like the, you know, the fictional cities in the DCU, like Gotham with the Batman, and Metropolis with the Superman, and even Coast City, City with the Hal yeah. Jordan, it's always nice to see a real-world city show up in the books, and uh, I'm also a big fan of the Spider-Man. Sure, who isn't oh a big my. fan of the Spider-Man? Uh, Me. So it's cool to think that Kyle is oh, in the I Big Apple. Oh, I thought that was a question. Just like the no. Spider-Man. But, uh, you know, it's like the Sex of the City, you know, where the city is a character in itself. Bada bing. Is it? Number four, the supporting cast. You know. Kyle's that. got a great supporting cast in this book. Listen, if it wasn't for the city, there'd be no Samantha. That's Jim, all what I, that? that's I what was talking I about earlier that. this week, where we were talking about that. If something was updated, what would it be? Would it be Clarissa it explains was... it all would just be sex in the city? Yeah, Clarissa explains it all would be sex in the city. A lot of the Lantern books in general are missing these days. 
Like, uh, I suppose, you know, they've got their families in Green Lanterns, but, you know, I miss a proper good supporting cast. Like, Good I love job. seeing Alan, Scott, and John, and Guy all showing up as mentor figures for Kyle. That's pretty cool. That was cool, I yeah. like his landlord, Radu, too. He's pretty sound. Oh, and I think Donna Troy is a way better character in the back issues for this than she is in Titans right now. She is. Uh, Dan Abner on blast, wall up. But uh, <laughs> I know that Jade... Uh, I know Eric likes Jade. Uh, I do. But I haven't... She hasn't shown up yet. Uh, but I, I know she's a great character when she shows up. So I'm looking forward to seeing... How great a character she really is. So, yeah, I like her and Cal together way more than Donna. Number three, the costume. Each of the Earth Lanterns have their own unique take on the costume. Sherjess uh, has the whole lantern eye thing going on, and Guy has the collar thing going on and the belt. That's pretty cool. But Kyle's OG outfit is Oof. probably the most unique and the coolest of all the lantern costumes, straight up. Uh, it really makes him stand Actually, out. Each and I'm glad he's wearing it again in Al Jordan of Green Lantern Corps right now. And you gotta love the big face mask he has, just like the one Alex M gave me <laughs> in the poster. Shout out to Alex M. What up? Number two, the ring constructs. Uh, as a freelance artist by trade, Kyle probably has the greatest imagination and sure creativity I agree with of all the lanterns with his constructs. And you definitely see them in the back issues. Like, I've seen plenty. I've seen them make spacesuits. I've seen them make horse chariots, big monsters, big space guns, loads. Oh, even one time in the issue of Superman or Superboy, he uh, he made, like, a fucking big iron. It was pretty funny. But, uh, yeah, it's nice to see something, like, just not just a boxing glove or a fighting jet. Hal Jordan on blast. But, uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> right. I like his... Unique ring constructs. And finally, number one, uh, the the last but not least, as they say, the personality. My favorite part of a woman, by the big, just like Jim's favorites, Dick Grayson and Barry yes. Allen, Kyle Rayner is just an all-round nice guy. Sure yep. is. Uh, he wants to honor Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern legacy the best he can. And although he's a bit arrogant at the start, over time, he's matured and learnt the responsibility of the ring. And he always goes out of his way to help whoever he can. To me, he's also the most relatable of all the Lanterns because he's a big goof. And aren't we all just big goofs sure. on this big spaceship we call Hermit <laughs> Earth, right, Jim? Yes. Oh, my God. Yes! Uh, you know, like the time he was walking or he was drawing the nude model and Donna walked in. Uh, that was a big goof. Uh, I'm sure we can all relate to that. But he learns from his mistakes, just like we all do, and he is on his way to being a great Green Lantern. So, that is my top five reasons why Kyle Rayner is the best character ever, except no substitutes. I, I had know. a lot of fun actually thinking uh, thinking this list up, so if anybody else in the Get Fresh crew do, wants do. to do a list of their own for their favorite characters, the more the merrier. Get Fresh crew. You know, like Jim, <laughs> could, uh, Jim could do one for his favorite character of all time. Kite man, hell yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. So that's all from me <laughs> this week. Five reasons why killer moth uh, is until awesome. Until next time, this has been your boy from Leak Slip, the Hollywood Kid. XO, XO, XO. Top five reasons I want to jump off a bridge this week as yeah. my list, Eric. But we have a couple more list. rant raves. Desperately trying to get this this whole thing Thank set you, up is messing me up because it's my what what is going to be affected here 
is my soundboard. Uh, the monitor that has the soundboard has seemed to have gone uh, uh, to the wayside, Eric. It seems to have given up the ghost. But it's gone we'll continue on. on. We, well, it's done. Wonky. It seems gone. But uh, we're going to continue on here with my man Chris uh, from the DC Squadcast. Uh, and I do uh, want to point out, he is the one who does the awesome movie intros that he did. Yeah, and really awesome. did one last week, which was awesome. Uh, but this is Chris wishing us the second time today that we're going to be wished a uh, anniversary. Hey, guys. I just wanted to call in on your rent and rave line and congratulate you guys on thank you your your big anniversary i mean it's pretty crazy like i know it's it not like you know 500 no. or even 200 no my god 151 episodes <laughs> is like i mean that's a pretty big deal like a uh, lot of, everything's know, a, lot of a celebration really, um oh jeez <laughs> shit he's had some problems it's a wrong number I'm he sorry. dialed the wrong number. Oh, no. <laughs> he didn't even mean us, I don't think. But, yes, thank you, Chris. Thank you, Rimmer. Uh, I never knew that every episode was such a milestone, as you used uh, to say. I've been pushing uh, it. That's why. You have been pushing it. Uh, anytime I get to uh, be together with you, Eric, is another day in hell, is yeah, what I have that, to say. That's so, always reason number is, one of why to Is jump that off the not a milestone? Yeah, it's a milestone, all right? A milestone towards my eventual death is a what it is. A milestone to your gravestone. Yes, that's what it is, Eric. We have one last rant and rave for the night. And, of course, it isn't rant and raves without Dancing Mike. But, unfortunately, Dancing Mike's on vacation this week. Sure but... Is. He's on he's vacation. A, he's a trooper, Eric. He sent in a rent rave anyway. Hi, Jim. Greetings, Eric, and hello, mother. Hello. So I bought four DC comic books this week. So let's see. Detective Comics, I'm going to give about a 7, I think. Uh, Wonder Woman, maybe a 7.5. <laughs> Batman Beyond, I think I'll give a probably a 6.5, leaning towards 7, and... Um, Doomsday Clock number one. I think I'll give that about an 8.5. Hello, weird science! Of course, having said that, I haven't really read any of my comics. He hasn't read them yet, Eric. And uh. haven't uh, looked at any spoilers for Doomsday Clock, which has been really hard to do. Yeah. Because um, after work Wednesday, me and the Mrs. Dancing Mike got in the family truckster and came down here to lovely, lovely <laughs> Lake Buena Vista, Florida, to the most magical place on Earth. So Eric yes, I'm spending Thanksgiving Den. at Walt Disney I World. I want to go to Disney so anyway, World. Um, just want to call in and awesome. wish everyone a happy Thanksgiving Never out there been. to get fresh crew. Whoop, 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 whoop. And uh, that's about all I've got this week. I uh, just want to, if you've been following me on Twitter, you know that yesterday I drank myself around <laughs> the world. <laughs> yes, and he did. Today, taking a bit easy going to Hollywood Studios. So He's anyway, just like drinking said, himself halfway across the world today. Yeah. So until next week, let's see, uh, turn that spotlight off. I'll turn that Patreon spotlight off and keep it weird, and I will see you in seven. See you in seven. Yeah, Mike's enjoying his vacation. I was really hoping vacation. he'd have one of those things where you have that Disney princess come and like, eat breakfast with you, where he would just do that with Mike and have her call into the rant and rave line. Uh, that would have been good. That would have been good. I want to go to Disney good. so bad. 
But yeah, yeah, he's there. He seems like he's having so a good time. One of those princess breakfasts. You want to have that? He just wants to drink. It's like every stop is, a, is another drink stop. But yeah, yeah. he's enjoying himself. I, I hope he does enjoy himself. Uh, everybody enjoys or everybody deserves to enjoy themselves at least once in their life. And some of us are still waiting what, for that, what, right? What We're still waiting. Good, right? That's the problem. Well, the more you wait, the better it will be is what I've oh, been God. told. Isn't that the it's meek so shall inherit the earth? Eric, I heard that one time uh, from a guy who was sleeping in an alleyway. Uh, But we're going to go off now to mail section number one. It's mail with Jim. Boom goes the dynamite. We're here with mail section number one. If you want to be part of the mail sections and be the star of the show, you can mail us at weirdsciencedccoms at gmail.com. You'll never be the star. Just give it up. The first mail is from Gnomish Tank, who says, hey, Jim. Doesn't even care about Eric Shea. Right there. Just shows you. I'm from right outside of Atlanta, which is Coke City. And that's oh. not a drug thing, Eric. Oh, and good. never in my life have I ever heard someone refer to a Sprite or Diet Coke as a Coke. Thank we God. say soda or no Pepsi is not okay. <laughs> Thank you. I, I was in Atlanta, and it's true. That is a Coke town, Eric. I'm a a Coke town. Myself. Indeed. I, I prefer Coke above Pepsi any day of the week. And twice on Sunday. Uh, the next mail is from Hussein. And Hussein says, Thank hey, you. Jim, Eric, and the entirety of the Get Fresh crew. Get Fresh crew. <laughs> I know I'm a week late, but congratulations on reaching 150 episodes. This How is truly you? my favorite podcast, and your guys' hard work really pays off. Thank you, Hussein. I remember looking for a podcast when I jumped on with Rebirth, and I was giddy when I found your podcast. I've never heard that, but I appreciate it. <laughs> giddy. I'm giddy every week that we talk, Eric. The length of the podcast right. actually appealed to me rather than scaring me off since I was looking for in-depth analysis of DC Comics. The first episode I listened to was episode 88. I remember it because you guys talked about Batman number 6, and I remember Jim gave it a pretty great score. How far we have fallen. Seriously. Yeah. Well, that was the end of the I Am Gotham oh, I know. arc, and good. I loved I'm it. Saying, I loved it. How far we've in writing quality, yeah. Jim? No, he means me. Anyway, oh. I'm sure a lot of emails in this episode will be about Doomsday Clock, which is understandable. As a lot of you guys know, I met fellow uh, GFC member Anthony G at the Gotham Central Comic Store in Mississauga, Ontario. And I hope I said that right. I just you went too. with it, Eric. The I store was holding. Mississippi. Like, the store was holding. Now they're from Ontario. The store yeah. was holding a Jeff Johns. 
signing, and I was lucky enough to meet him, which is awesome. That is uh, cool. He was such a down-to-earth and nice guy, and I've only heard that about him. I yeah. told him that he essentially got me into comics with Rebirth number 1. I owe a lot to him for that, and it's funny. It's like there's Hussein who could say that. If I would have met him, I would have said that he got in me into comics with Aquaman number 1 in the New 52, new, so yeah. that's awesome, and he was very humbled by it. When if he I would have met arrived, him, I would have said, I remember when you first came on the scene and I hated your ass from yeah, the yeah, you, you Yeah, you hated around, his man. guts. You hated him. When he first arrived at the store, he sat down and proclaimed that the date that opens the issue, November 22nd, is the date that Dr. Manhattan was created, as well as the date that JFK was assassinated. We all oohed and odd appropriately, especially since the man himself was right in front of us. As for Doomsday Clock number one, I really enjoyed it. Jim, we talked about the issue on the Slack, and I went ahead and reread it. I enjoyed it even more. I told you about my theory that Osmond Dice's cancer was a red herring and that Rorschach was actually the one with the tumor. After rereading it, I think my theory doesn't hold much water since Rorschach said that writing everything down is dangerous or something like that. The craft is really interesting and guaranteed. Gary Frank's art uh, was quite phenomenal. I'm curious to hear the discussion since Eric gave it a much higher score than you, Jim, because I did tell him what I thought it was. Uh, And yeah, uh, when you listen to it later on in the podcast, if you haven't listened to it already on our regular spotlight, because, you know, in the whole wraparound, we did have a early access of it on Patreon. Uh, So a lot of people heard it. How early we did that? It seems like it's not this week, right? That came out this week? Yeah, yeah, it seems like it was two weeks ago now because of that. Uh, but yeah, I I would like to say that it just wasn't what I was hoping it would be for a first issue. I, I say in the when we talk about it later that there is nothing wrong with the writing. Uh, the only thing that I would say is wrong with the writing is it felt more like Jeff Johns trying to make a Alan Moore Watchmen issue than actually giving us a Jeff Johns issue. And I love Jeff Johns, so that's what I wanted. So you'll hear later, but yeah. yeah. Uh, coming up in the next section. I really, really liked Action Comics 992. I did as well. While the Oz effect was mostly a dud for me, this issue hammered home the effects this story will have on Superman. And since you guys know that Superman is my favorite character, it's nice to see him front and center of this rebirth narrative. And yeah, a little known fact, Eric. And this isn't a flash fact either. I'm more of a Superman fan than a Batman fan, which a lot of people think is crazy. I was not. Uh, but yeah, I, I am, and but so I, I did the like this. Some Superman and Action Comics since but, Rebirth came around. There's been some duds of like arcs every now and again, but it's fucking kicking the shit out yeah, of anything and, that Batman's in lately. Really, when uh, I'm really, really a fan of when a good Batman Superman issue happens, oh, yeah. and at least we get a scene of that in this Action Comics, which I really liked, and I like that Batman says, "You broke your little table." This <laughs> and the so recent. <laughs> This and the recent Justice League film do a good job of showing exactly how important Superman is to the DC Universe. Eric gave this a good score as well. Go Eric! That right. he's, he's hashtag Team Eric all of a sudden. Hooray. That's for me this week, guys. Have a good week, and I hope you guys get to relax a bit more with Annual's Week coming up. I would like that too, but we we were told that we have to record a lot on Monday now because <laughs> Reggie is going off to England. That's so off so bad. So oh, yeah, yeah, I did too. Guys, have a good night. By the way, we got to record on Monday. Yeah, he's oh, like fuck. we got, and not only that, he's like, hey, we got a lot to record on Monday. I'm thinking. I got a sports podcast I do with Brandon on Patreon. I do some other shit. Oh, That's all right. my I was goodness gracious. Well, there goes Cellar Dweller this week. Yeah, so. there he goes. Cellar Dweller is hanging it up again. But, yes, thank you, Hussein. 
And that is the end of mail section number one. We're going to go off of the books, which actually this section ends with the doomsday clock, Eric. So you'll hear exactly what we were talking about. Now we have waited for far long enough for the part of the podcast we love. The meat and the cheese that we crave. Shout out, poo poo. Quiet down, wrong turn. <laughs> ah, yes. It's time for the reviews, Eric. Uh, you didn't like that. You didn't like that little bit of I wrong never turn. Like Shout wrong out, poo poo. Oh, poop. I have to hear poop. enough of him during the week, let alone the weekends. Poop, poop, Eric. How about this one? What up, fresh cup crew? I just thank God that he's not on here telling me about his Beats headphones. Fresh cup. Yeah, he says he's getting Beats headphones after he told me that he was going to get a 43-inch TV, which right away, that that just sounds like an odd size of a TV. Uh, And then he told me, no, 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 I'm not going to get a 43-inch. I need something bigger, the 39-inch. And then from there also – no, no, because then it took me all week because all this was was leading up to Black Friday, which is today as we record. And – it led up to the point where I tried to explain to him how they measure television. I said, listen, yeah. that's a diagonal measurement that threw him off completely then because he then – because Well, he was saying – basically he says to me, I don't know. My girl wants to know. You know, We're going to figure out if it will fit on our stand and in our room. Well, he shows me he had like a 32-inch TV. I'm looking at it. I see the stand and all that. I see the length of the TV isn't even as, as big as the actual TV. So I said to him, listen, I do think that you'll be okay, but when you go to measure, make sure you find out the measurement of the you know diagonal of the TV, not – the size. If it says 43, that doesn't mean you can just go 43. You're, you're going to actually sell yourself a little, you know, short here, and you can end up, you know, fitting a TV that you think is too big in your little spot that you have. And it completely threw him off. So all week he fought with me back and forth about how he measured his TV. Oh, it's all where because it's what his go. girl says, and I, you oh, can't yeah. tell him that your girl is also retarded. Wrong term. Yeah, no, you can't tell him that because he doesn't want to hear that. In the meantime, though, because I've yelled I, at him many times, he stands yeah. off off. Yeah, yeah. He always gets mad. So it ended up being one of those where you, you're better off just leaving him be and leave him to his little world. I that would love to do that, but yeah, every half an hour he comes back and wants to tell me, you know, I can't wait, Eric. I can't wait. I'm going to get my beats. Yeah. Well, first off, he'll tell us. you think us, I should get these? No, I don't think yeah, you should get th- those. Yeah, that's and what happens. Walk away. So. He'll come back. Hey, let me let me ask you something, Eric. Uh, do you think I should get these? I, we already talked about this motherfucker. <laughs> and then he'll come back ten minutes later and go, "You know what? My mom was telling me I shouldn't get the beats because of the reason you just told him." He I, gets all confused. 
That's the problem is he'll say to us like he was talking about the beats. And I said, well, why do you need beats? Because they cost $700. I'm like, well, oh. what does that mean? And we get in that hole. This is where the famous monies is monies came from. But then I said to him, listen, where are you going to listen to these beats? And he's like, oh, I'm going to listen to them here. Well, number one, that infuriates me because I'm not allowed to listen to no, anything, let alone beats, because he got our privilege of listening to any recording device uh, taken away from me and you. Basically, just me and yeah, you now. We're the only ones affected. Yeah, we're the only ones. So him saying he wants Beats to listen to all his music at work infuriates me. But then I said, listen, you, you don't want to bring him here. And I, I'm telling you, I made a joke, but I said, these things are expensive. Some people in the know, they might get a little sticky fingers with you. Yeah. Me, my, me included. I'm telling no. you, I see those Beats. I'm, I'm looking at a, a month's worth of groceries for my starving kids. So I may grab them as well. I'm just joking, but I told him, you don't want to bring something into work that, that is that expensive just because everything else he has brought into work, he's either lost or broken. Yep. So it's just ridiculous for uh, him to buy or just buy $700 headphones is what he claims these ones that he wants. Are. So we'll see. We'll see what's going on. Would you laugh if he comes in? And I, I'm guessing – these will be wireless headphones, but if oh, they yeah. had a wire, would you laugh if he came in and is like, look at my beats, and I just pulled out a, a pair of fucking scissors and cut the wire? Yes. yes <laughs> would I you would. laugh? Well, that'd be pretty funny, right? But because no, they that, are wireless. Yeah, so I'm going to get the wireless. bolt cutters out. I'm going to snap them and fucking too. No, I'm just going to punch them right in the face. How about yeah. that? Actually, I'll punch them in the face, and how dare you be able to get $700 beats, you son of a bitch. Ah, but that's not what we're here for. It's our problem in life. <laughs> that's we could not have had all these here. great things if we were only born retarded. Yeah, or, or I'm telling you, he he has a kind of wife and kid. Uh, I just imagine if I only had one kid. Uh, oh my God, the tales I'd tell. Eric. Uh, I'd be able children. to do so I still many can't things. Afford that. Yeah, yeah. You you missed two week two days of work last week or the week before. I don't remember when it was. You got to come to work with me and hang out. That's what you got to do. Then you're gonna oh. the riches will all be yours. The, you'll, the, the world will be your oyster, is what it will be. But we're here to talk about comics, and uh, this is the meat and cheese of the podcast, like Dancing Mike did tell you. And I'm going to go uh, grilled chicken and, and probably no cheese, Eric, because i got to watch my goddamn cholesterol Jim, and my blood pressure. it's Thanksgiving week, and you're just going to no. give us turkey? No, I'm not. We already had turkey before, grilled chicken. I, I ended up buying all this stuff, like the, these foods that are supposed to be good for me. You know, shit like carrots and fucking apples. <laughs> you know, actual fruits Nonsense. and vegetables, something you've never you, had. Why haven't they made an apple that tastes like meatloaf yet? This is all I that want. I see so all these. Gross. I see all these genetic that's a changes. No, that's what I'm telling you. And even that, a meatball. But to me, then, I would like a apple that tastes like chicken. Because then I could bite into that apple like they do on cartoons, where you just have basically one bone, the rest is meat. That's what I want. An apple meatball. Why haven't they made that? But I, I have no idea how to make this shit. I get this goddamn fucking healthy steamed fucking meal, and it's like – I think it was um, 
It was supposedly uh, like a sweet sesame chicken stir fry something. That sounds like awesome. It's like a it's like a healthy choice nonsense because I'm telling you, people out there are probably like Jim. You're supposed to cook your own goddamn meals. So I don't have goddamn time for that. So I yeah, I put it in the microwave. I, I I put it in the microwave. I pull it out and then I'm doing some things. I'm reading the comics. So I start eating. I, if anybody's had this, they'll know what I mean. Uh, most people will not though. So it's kind of a funny thing to say, but there is. It's a two-tiered thing. There's a top dish that has all of the vegetables and the chicken. Yeah. Then when you get done, you're supposed to – because that's how it kind of steams. So then you get it. You're supposed to lift that out and put it into the sauce that's underneath this uh, this uh, sesame, sweet yeah. sesame sauce. I fucking – I was so distracted. I'm just eating this fucking chicken and the vegetables. And I'm like, God damn it. This is plain tasting, and I forgot even what – Fucking goddamn fucking uh, what's it called? Flavor it was, and then by the time I'm done, I'm like, what is under here? I'm oh, it's the sauce. I'm sitting there <laughs> tipping my fingers in the sauce. Ooh, it tastes good. Uh, I don't know how this works. I'm, I'm telling you, I, I ate a I had a banana today. I actually to, to amaze you, I actually had probably nine cups of water. Wow. What is that? Why doesn't the water taste like Mountain Dew? Eric? Have, haven't they invented <laughs> that yet? Water that tastes like Mountain Dew? Yes, I think it's called uh, Crystal Light, but it's gone No, I awful. think it's called Mountain Dew. Yeah. Yeah, so I did that, and I went to the gym. I'm full out. I told Tanya that I am going to go full out. I'm really going to be strict with everything I eat and do to see. And if after a month this doesn't do anything for either my cholesterol or my blood pressure, then I've given up, Eric. I will give it up, and I'll tell the doctor he's full of shit, and then I'm going to go off the deep end and just eat like a goddamn you know crazy man, which I was. But you have any we'll coffee see. today? I had one right now. I made huh? one now because I was getting tired. So I, I, I'm telling you, I'm full out. This is a Jim Warner rebirth. Eric, oh. That I'm really going to try to stick with this. I did not take my Adderall again, so I'm going to stay off of that too. I want, don't want anything that it can, can affect my blood pressure or my cholesterol so that I can fully see if, if – Eating well and exercising is not as overrated as I once thought it was. <laughs> My big problem is, and this is a lot of people listening would have this problem as well, for about 35 years of my life, I could eat whatever I wanted. I was yeah. extremely active, and I couldn't gain a pound. And then all of a sudden, Father Time caught up to me, Eric, and now I'm, I'm just a wreck. So we'll see, but that's not what we're here to talk about either. We're here to talk about comics, and we're going to start with what we usually start with on this week, Detective Comics. And uh, here's my note, which I wrote, Detective 969er. But Good. in fact, it's Detective Comics, number 969. I'm telling you, I'm still – I'm thrown off by eating all of this fruit and vegetables. <laughs> what the hell is that all about? Delicious what it is. No, it is not. If it was delicious, everybody would eat them and nobody would have problems. It's because meat and, and fat and cheese and that stuff, that's delicious. The other stuff is a necessary evil. Detective Comics number 969, written by James Tyne and the fourth art by Joe Bennett, Sal Regula, Jason Wright, and Sal Cipriano. I don't Sal even want to. No, no. Nope. James Tynan starts his new story, and oh. it's just more of the same. I can't be in the mode for Sal Cipriano because when I think of his sexy brother, Simon, his sexy brother, Simon. You know Simon, he's eating right. Yeah. No, he probably has a Sicilian pizza. He's probably got rigatoni, all that good shit. Well, we do get the Step 10 moment most have been waiting for. It fell flat just like the rest of this issue. The art is good, but this book is just boring me right now with anarchy and the victim syndicate poison. 
place to be the big bads. I don't see that changing anytime soon. And yeah, that's one of the biggest problems I have with this issue, with this series. Is this series. There is a lot of series. We're going to be talking later about The Flash. I think it has the same syndrome as well, where and James Tyne and, and yeah, yeah, and Green Arrow and Joshua Williamson, Ben Percy, they, they just can't end these you know arcs in a way where you get on with a new story uh, we just keep going on and on with these same villains popping up and i don't know maybe if you're unlike me and eric because i'm going to talk for you eric even though oh. i don't re- i've never really asked you about this but i'm sure what you're going to say is did you want the victim syndicate ever no. to return no no they, they weren't good the first time I'm that's telling you, the I problem where after we're done with the victim syndicate and anarchy again this time yeah. I'm sure we're going to go right back into Colony. And I yeah, don't we'll want go that back either. to Colony. That's what we're going to do because that's basically what this book has been. Colony, Anarchy, Victim Syndicate, all three With a little bit awful. of Monster Men sprinkled yeah, in. Yeah, all three awful. And if you're going to do this at Colony, get Colony out of this book. Send it over to Marguerite Benet in the uh, yeah. Batwoman because it makes more sense there anyway. And we're getting it there anyway. So why double shot that? And it's just it's a double helping of Colony. Yeah, I don't need a double helping of that. Uh, We do start with something that you like because they have appointed a new mayor. Uh, And this is actually really cool in my mind because we had the whole thing before at the beginning of what like uh, what was that whole? Oh, the freaking League of Shadows. which we had as well that dealt with Colony. Thank God we're not going to go back to that. Mm -hmm. Hopefully freaking aware Mayor Haiti was killed by the. Yeah, uh, it's funny, though, because even though it's something that has to happen because Mayor Haiti was killed, uh, you really never got any setup to this. Like when this happened, it was like out of nowhere. Like you said, it almost seems the way it showed up here was that it was an afterthought, Eric. And and then by the end, they're like, oh, shit, we got to throw this in because there should have been set up. We should have seen up until this going on, you should have seen the people running for mayor running on the no Batman platform and the Batman's okay platform of this. It would have been a very good setup to have at least one or two issues with something mentioned. Especially with what we're having with Stephanie and Anarchy like yeah. going against the whole like, you know, yes, the people the, taking it, care of themselves type and, of shit. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm just, I'm, I agree with you. And the thing is, it really is one of those where it it was perfect. It was set up to set it up. Like, yeah. like you just said, you could have had that. You could have had even a part of this where you had one of the guys running that may have been kind of in the pocket of the victim syndicate or, you know, going with that. Even if they weren't involved with the victim syndicate, that they kind of like the ideals of the victim syndicate and possibly anarchy. But this is just Michael Akins. He's there. He's taking questions. And pretty much they ask him, hey, what do you think about the Batman? And he does say, listen, I was the commissioner at one point. I lit the signal myself. Yeah, so, I told yes. him to light the yeah, signal. And he's like, I don't mind Batman. Batman is needed in a city that has our unique problems. Uh, a unique solution of a Batman is something that I don't mind. I don't like that it has become a militarized group, which when this was first spelled out in this book, I actually thought he was talking about Colony, and I got angry. But no, he's talking about the Gotham Knights protocol, the the detective squad that I'll continue to call it. Uh, So you get that. Yeah, and you get that with – with that whole deal there and that's where he goes off and you see that they are actually even watching that in the prism where stephanie undercover kind of the is low going to security see. visitors yeah. lounge of arkham asylum yeah i'm telling you it's it's weird there's somebody smoking which seems off you have women there just then one guard it looks like like i don't know it doesn't look safe in there but you have lonnie there and it looks like they're playing the game of life 
Eric. The uh, are you, playing the game of life, and I was yeah. actually very upset because I love playing the game of life. It's not a good board. It's not an accurate board. Are you going to say uh, that? No, no. I'm upset because Stephanie got up <laughs> in the middle of the game. They never finished the game. Oh, yeah. Well, game. the thing is, it's not an accurate board because if you remember, life actually has the spinner and actually has like a big uh elevated it's almost like an elevated game oh, yeah. of parts of the board and that's not there Eric. so that is bad continuity with the game of life but in this is lonnie's talking and th- this is the other thing about uh, the prison here y- you have arkham asylum why are they letting lonnie walk around with his prison orange on but an anarchy uh you know armband why are they allowing an anarchy armband it's really odd but he basically is saying this the same thing that he said all along listen you know we got to bring the power to the people uh the status quo is, is screwing things up you know you, you saw how things were going you know we're right and all this and then, and then mentions the, victim the first was never just five people it's a movement yeah, and still yeah. growing yeah, and it's funny when she does when he does say that's why the first victim told me to find you all those months ago. They saw potential. She's like, no, 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 I'm out of here. She's like, I should go. And then he's like, listen, I'm sorry. I really think that if you engage with the ideology we're pursuing, you would join our side. And then she, she's just like, what side? And that's where he says the victim syndicate was never five people. It was a bunch. But here, here's an address. You know, go here in a couple weeks. And see, and you'll see, you'll be able to make the decision for yourself then. And I thought to myself, like, it's a pretty weird, like, go in a few weeks. Yeah. <laughs> it's like really oh, out there. But... things together. That well, he yeah, want well, to jump the see, gun, have because... show up, and it's just a bunch of people hanging out with a row of chairs. You know, you yeah, really yeah, need to decorate just, the place. Well, again, it, it kind of leads to the fact that in a few weeks later in this book, the victim syndicate looked to be getting out of jail. So yeah. there's that. But it, it's, it's funny if she showed up in like two weeks. I also like to imagine that that address he sent to is just that whole underground freaking like uh, civilization he had yeah. created with Harper yeah. Row. And I'm like, yeah, I've be been great. here, Lonnie. It's She's the only like, place I, I've seen this, but as she gets up, she's walking by, and there's Clayface, you know, in his disguise-type basil thing, and he's like, hey, Steph, is that you? And she's like, oh, crap, and she's like, I I did not sign in this name, Basil, and I wish he said, neither did I, you son of a bitch, but she, you know, and he's like, oh, I'm sorry, you know, did he get a hold of you? And she's like, listen, tell Batman to stop, and this is where we laugh a lot of times with books like this, where there is one thing. That somebody needs to say. All Tim he is alive. needs to say is, hey, did you find out Tim is alive? Tim Drake, alive. Nope. He beats around the bush. She doesn't want to go. In. And if anybody didn't know, he is actually there on one of his visits to Mudface, which face, seems yeah. weird because we've already seen her kind of go against that and throw complete shade at Basil when he did that last time, when we had the last bit she of She still that. likes company. Yeah, well, it, it just seems odd because she basically went nuts on him the last time that we saw them in Arkham when he was visiting. Yeah. But there he is because it's just a setup to and say – And apparently like, her whole visiting thing has been downgraded because before Basil could go to her cell. Now it's just a visitor's yeah. lounge. Yeah, now he's at the visitor's lounge. Yeah, and I only think that this is – for some reason James Tynan did not – he wanted to make sure – that she had not heard on the grapevine that Tim was back. He He's setting this up so you know she has no idea that he's come back. And she goes back to her secret lair, starts talking. And if anything, I do not like Stephanie in this, in, Stephanie oh, Brown in this detective uh, story. Uh, James Tynan, I don't think, is writing her very well. She it p- goes from being a whiner to not having anything to do to disappearing for a while. When she starts talking to her dad's, yeah, and when she starts talking to her dad's costume and actually saying it's the clue master and starts saying, you know what? 
Maybe you had things right. Maybe I should rob a bank or something, leave a stupid clue dressed up in orange and yellow and see if I'm smart enough to get away with it. That sounds so much easier. And I'm telling you, that actually seems pretty cool to me. (laughs) That could be something that I'm like, okay, she's so far gone that she's going to just do this because she's bored. And and again, I think this is just – None of her plans are working out the way she wants to. Yeah, well, that's what I think this is set up. It's just set up because she gets a knock on the door. And then goes answering the door. And Eric, tell why this is complete ridiculousness. What are you talking about? What's wrong with the, the way he set up at the door? That she, she goes and answers the door dressed up as, as oh, spoiler. We could talk about this beforehand. Yeah, somebody knocks on the door. What's wrong? She, she opens the door in her goddamn – this is a problem we've had with this whole goddamn yeah. series where Stephanie Brown – it's not like to keep a secret identity. Either she's always no. going around without her mask on, or she just goes like answers the goddamn yeah. door with she a costume on and no mask. Like, at least change your clothes, put a robe on, do something. You yeah. don't know and, who's and, on the other side. And the worst part of this is she gets that knock knock. Oh, who could that be? Nobody knows them. You, you know, the only thing this should have spelled out is trouble for her. Yeah. There's no reason she should have ever answered that door. To me, if it was me in this and I was Stephanie, I just I would think that it's either going to be Clayface who wanted to, you know, oh, you know, I, I kind of dissed him and he wanted to kind of make sure I was okay. Or it's somebody connected to anarchy or the victim syndicate somehow followed her home. And I would have never answered, but she answers. And this is the big moment where a lot of people were waiting. A lot of people were telling me that when Tim came back and I said, boy, that was a real lackluster, you know, non-emotional return for Tim Drake to Batman, Batwoman, you know, all the detective squad there. Uh, the big thing that they kept saying to me is just wait when he goes and sees stephanie then you'll you'll have the waterworks going and i really think that james tynan plays this completely wrong because what you have is just stephanie's face and tim hemming and hauling she just looks like a lunatic all you needed to have is him knock and basically she opens the door and i would hope that tim would just not even know what to say, and they would just look at each other and hug. But instead, Tim's like, huh, you know, this whole – and he's so chatty. And uh, Oh, I had this whole thing I was ready to say about how I was trapped in this impossible prison outside of space and time, how this isn't one of those Batman things where I was just on a secret mission. And uh, I, I thought about you every single day. I've missed you so much, and now that I'm back, and uh, uh, and it just goes on and on, and she just looks insane. And then she does end up kissing and hugging him, but by then I'm like, okay. And then I realize again that I think because we knew he was alive this whole time – it's never going to have and the that fact emotional I don't hit. care about what Stephanie Brown's yeah. doing. Her reaction yeah. to Tim being back doesn't mean anything for well, me because and, and, right yeah. now, even when we get in this issue, all right, come on back to the Gothamites. Okay. Yeah, and that's the problem is all of this and everything in this issue – including what was you know set up by the Tim of Tomorrow in the last arc uh everything's pretty much okay that happened let's move on when yeah. that was the stuff that really should have been the emotions and things like that because you have Stephanie there and I do think that what well, again he was setting up something with Tim showing up hey listen I was trapped outside da, 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 da. because there's never a time when Stephanie's like the fuck were you like what happened where were you because you're just moving forward and basically he's like listen i don't want to waste another minute i i have to get the gotham knights protocol you know before i died which is odd for him to say died anyway now but he's like i see my mistakes how to improve it make them better let's go and she basically joins up with the 
And it's, it's after detective it's squad. Out too, it's like, and then you can finally let go. You can go to Ivy University. I've been thinking I want to apply well, that, that's, too. Again, this is what I'm saying is y- you have this where he has just come back from a year of being dead, at least a book's year. Yeah. And uh, he, he's there and he's like, huh, I have all these things I want to do. And then and, and she goes right back to it. And yeah. it's weird and then you can everything, leave. That, everything that she has done since she believed Tim has died is to try to dismantle what the Bat family yeah. is doing with the yep. friggin' uh, Gotham Knights because – she doesn't feel that the world needs these vigilantes. She's been acting against us. Yep. All right, baby, we're going to go and do all this stuff as soon as I make sure that these vigilantes are set up perfectly. Yep. Okay, yeah, and, I'm and a it's part okay, of this and now. It's so great, too, because they were talking about all of that right before he supposedly died. Yeah. And he's like, I see my mistakes. I see how to improve them, make them better. And then she's like, and then you can finally let go. You can go to Ivy University. And I wish Tim would be like, <sighs> Back to this, are we? Like I, I've been gone all this time, and that's the first thing you're gonna say to me. And then he walks away. He's like, "I made a terrible mistake." Yeah. Because it's like she's right back to that. But it's all again. It's it's just set up for later. And also, I've you go from too. this. You go with her and Tim walking off. They are going to go back to uh, the you know the Gotham Knights, and he even the says Belfort. like, "Oh, they're all into it. They they all understand. They understand. They're all with you." Isn't that something we've been wanting to see if this would happen where you have Stephanie go back to the Belfry and you have everyone. I'd love – she comes in with Tim and all the – they're doing their thing, you know, and you look and even like you have Batman and Batman walks up to her and just stands there. This is script, Dr. Oh. Stands there and you don't know what he's going to say or do and then he just hugs Stephanie and says welcome back and walks away. Right there would have been more emotions than anything we got in this issue. Why didn't we see her go back to the, the team? We don't because after that, three weeks later, so everything is swept under the carpet. To, yeah, we don't okay, have to deal with any of this everything's stuff that's gone down. Yeah, everything's happened. Let's go, and then you actually start something that seemed very cool seemed to go really with, cool. and then and then the carpet gets you know the you rug know gets what? pulled out. In my out. mind, I might be the only person. This might be like a kite yeah. man line of thinking. Yeah, but- yeah. I can't get enough of Killer Moth. Whenever yeah, he shows you like up, I get happy because he is this ridiculous villain who I think, like Kite Man, people think, yo, I think he deserves to finally get a leg up on something. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's getting ready to do something big. And the weird thing with this is he, he throws up. But the panel before, it almost looks like he's brushing his teeth, possibly, yeah. because you don't see his hand. And I thought, oh, it's, that's some weird, uh, you know, toothpaste. But he he throws up. He's like, okay, let's get this going. He puts on his mask, and he goes out, and you see all these crazy guys there. All and these what he's henchmen done. of all these yeah, different crime organizations. Yeah, they're all the henchmen of the crime organizations. It's pretty cool where he yeah. sets up, and he's like, hey, listen, I got a hold of all of your, you know, bosses. I thought maybe they'd show up, but I understand, you know. But this is what's happening. Batman, I know everybody's pissed off. Batman and the best has- part, too, is Killer Moth, actually, for being the scared person he isn't, everybody thinks he's a joke. Like, you know, all of these people are like, why the hell would we waste our yeah. time with the likes of you, Drari? We, we were just bored enough to make the trip to see Gotham's biggest fool, Killer Moth. He's like, no, fuck you. The only reason yeah. you're here is because you're scared and you have no yeah. idea what to do because the Gotham Knights, ha- Knights have been, like, making you lose millions of dollars every yeah. night. And it's even another little setup because he has pictures, and this is the thing. These pictures are going to become big, and we saw this before when they did have the first uh, – the the victim syndicate ended up like cloning 
uh, Stephanie's phone when she was I think it's funny pictures that one of those pictures point. is the old Batwing costume that Luke yeah, used to it wear. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, he likes to go out now and again in that. He, oh. he slums it down in that. But y- you have all this where, and like you said, he's like, listen, I, you know, I'm sick of being treated like a joke. Your boss has sent you here to hear me out. So you know what? You're going to fucking listen to me. And actually does get bleeped out there, which is pretty cool. And then says, it's we're going to join together. It's the most point of Killer yeah. Moth in a long, oh, ever. long time. And he says, basically, you know what? I have a team. We're going to all unite. We're going to go against. It's pretty much the anti-detective squad that he has set up. Uh, and, and it's he a even team says, that I really wish we could see. Yeah, I really yeah. want to, like the Rat Catcher, Killer Moth, Firefly, Victor Zaz, and Solomon Grundy. I'm like, yep. yeah, you know what? Give me this team, please. Yeah. Yep, because they he's like, how about, you know, you're going to deal with, you know, join up with my army. And you see those guys you just mentioned. In the meantime, you see that Batwoman and Tim are on the skylight. They're looking in. They're watching. And even Di- uh, Tim says, you know what? He's got a pretty good idea here. And it's one of those where, yeah, he's like, this is pretty good. And again, it's because it's almost like what they're doing. It's going to counteract. He thinks that, you know, Killer Moth has got, uh, you know, some brains in there. That that they're going to get together to be the anti-detective squad at this point. And they're also going to extort money for uh, protection from the rest of these criminal organizations. Yeah, Tim thinks this is a great idea. And (laughs) as you're there, you're there with Tim and Batwoman. This is a huge thing because the last arc with the Tim of Tomorrow, when Tim came back with his future self that ended up really being his future self, that Tim of Tomorrow wanted to kill Batwoman. That was all he was there for because Batwoman would mess up the future. You would expect something here of that. Something. Like something where Tim's like, hey, but again, you go forward these three this, weeks. Exactly. And, and, we missed yeah. out on everything that might have actually yeah, mattered yeah. to what we had set up. And the only thing that we have from this is the takeaway is that Tim has going to embrace the fact that he's yes. going to become Batman, but he's going to shape the future so it's the future that he wants to be. And again, instead of, this is you the know, problem. Being forced is, to be Batman be, yeah. because time says so. Because Batwoman says, like, hey, when are you going to tell Stephanie? What are you talking about? That you're going to actually – you want to become Batman. She's not into this. She thinks you guys are leaving. I could tell the minute you came back and started up the Gotham Protocol, the Gotham Knights Protocol again, that you had no intention of, of leaving. And Tim's like, no, no, I, I'm going to become Batman, but I'm not going to become him. I'm going to become my type of Batman. The problem is, is his future self already explained to him that the shit that goes wrong with that plan is Batwoman. And yet he doesn't even say, he doesn't even say something like throwing off like, you know what, Kate, we talked about this before. Where where is the situation where we have to sit down with Kate Kane and discuss, hey, Kate, has anything gone on in your life? I'm telling you, this would have been where, future. This would have been where you would have thought that Tim would have said to her, like, you know what? I, I want to become the Batman that I can become. Change that. But you know what? I'm going to need your help. And then Kate could have just said, like, huh, not this again. Something. Something set up that we at least know that that Batman of tomorrow, Tim of tomorrow, meant something. Because yeah. he left, and basically it just means that Tim is going to do it. The better way, and you even said it's like, oh, the, <laughs> that's like the one domino in the place already because this can only the, be The it. whole thing is everything of it like, you know, he wants to be the his Batman. All of this rides on Kate not doing the one thing yeah. that she supposedly does to rule in the future. Let's work on that aspect yeah, of becoming and, and, Batman. Stop Kate, Kate even, from doing whatever she's going to do. Even have something where Tim says that and Kate's like, oh, well, aren't you worried about what your future self said? And no, no, but, you know, it could even be as easy as Tim thinking, listen, if Kate does do something or whatever goes wacky, 
uh, screw Dick, but Jason, and Damien. I will just become Batman right away, and I'll be able to guide it myself in a I better way. But never says that. We had like a cliffhanger where after everything we saw Tim say about this, he is watching Kate Kane or something secretly yeah. or something. Yeah. Like, you know, well, maybe he we'll is get that. Tabs. I don't know. Yeah, maybe we'll get that. The problem with it is this three weeks ahead kills everything that was set up in this book that seemed important. Then you just you're you're supposed to be led to believe Left that everything happened in these three weeks. But yeah, what happens then? We go down and as they're watching uh, through. Yeah. Also, I have to point out that it is kind of screwed up at first because they're just watching this meeting going on. You're kind of expecting them to break in. But as this new anti detective squad is in there and killer, uh, you know, killer moth is like, yeah, you know, check out everything. You know, we got a Solomon Grundy. They're all. All, all the people are excited about that. Like, man, you got How the Grundy. hell did you get Grundy? Yeah, and then he's like, uh, hold up. I wouldn't di- dig too deep in your pockets yet. So right now is going to be the big reveal that it isn't Grundy. But I still think that Clayface went a little too early. You don't have to reveal yourself and then fight. You can start the fight first. Then you can reveal yourself because yeah. it is Clayface, and he looks awful. He, he looks, looks like a awful. brown Michelin, a Michelin he man. He looks like a, like a Michelin man, maybe a mole man even. I mean, he looks State awful. State Marshmallow, Everything, he just looks like a big pile of shit. The art and like, in this issue. Yeah. I'm telling you, it, I love the art in this yeah, issue besides really for Clayface. Good. Yeah, Clayface is terrible. Even like his head is like a, a bullet. I don't know. It just it looks terrible. And also you have to go like back. the original thing here. The way yeah, he, he looked does. before he was like, you know, they really got a distinct style yeah, for him. Yeah, he actually does look like that. And that's when, you know, Tim and Kate come down. You actually have Orphan and Spoiler. You saw them earlier kind of coming in the back door, and they all fight. And, you know, they take care of, of what's going on. Uh, and then we go off to the new man. And I'm very disappointed because I really wanted to see that team in action. Yeah, yeah, and, and there you go. Another thing that kind of is just left, you know, hanging there for us to just imagine what would happen. Uh, would have been cool, go, Jim. Yeah, it would have been, but yeah, Batman well, going to see the, the new mayor. Take him out instantly. Yeah, they do, but yeah, I've got uh, you know Batman going to see the new mayor. He's talking to him, and the new mayor kind of says, "Listen, I've seen some of these pictures that are going around. Uh, you're working you have, with Clayface. You're working with Clayface, and you're doing this stuff with teenagers again. You got to stop. Like this cannot happen." Uh, and you're getting the whole deal where I like it enough because what's weird about this book. Not a lot of uh, uh, what's his name, freaking Commissioner Gordon. So no. you don't have a lot of interaction with Batman with any authority. I do like that we're getting this, and I hope that this continues to the point where the Batman's trying to convince the mayor that this is the way to go, and the threat's big or whatever. But it's weird because all this could only lead to if the mayor ends up getting his way, and what everybody seems to want is this book ends because this is the whole book. It's this detective squad. So. I'm Obviously, they're going to ha- head to an impasse that they're going to have to get over. But then we go off to see Lonnie uh, in jail still, but he's dressed up fully as Anarchy even has his mask there. And as this is going on, you, you can tell right away that the first victim is being, you know, these guards there are oh, either controlled or whatever. They're dressing him. And there he is, the first or victim. Her. Or her. Yes, and there's the first victim. And right now I was like... This is goddamn bullshit. I'm, I'm sick of these guys and all this going on. And you I do have Lonnie. I know what's going on in Arkham Asylum, though, where all of the, like, you know, the victim syndicate and anarchy are getting dressed and being let go by these guards yeah. or whatever. Like, what the fuck? Why? Explain well, that. Well, yeah, yeah. And, that and, up. 
And really all this is is for Lonnie to be a little upset about Stephanie. Oh, she's gone back to Tim. And the first victim's like, you know what? She's going to go back to there, but we got to teach the lesson, and we're going to show her this and that, and we'll show her the real way, and people will realize Batman and the entire family will fall at the hands of one of their own, and they will finally know what it is to be a victim. So you want to think that they're going to try to get Stephanie involved, and I don't know. If you think these guards are being controlled, maybe that's part of the deal, but you know, it's kind of goofy that these guards must be on the take and they're putting on this goddamn weird i, I didn't remember the spiked shoulder pads of the first victim but again i, 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 I tried to take that and get it out and then at the end you do see the full victim syndicate which i hope we wouldn't see for a very long time if not ever and it's like james tynan thinks that with anarchy and the victim syndicate who we I can't wait, but I don't like either. I think that they are nonsense, and to have them come back now just makes this book seem like it's not going anywhere. And the big thing, get rid of all this and have this be the issue that Tim comes back. You have an emotional deal with the detective squad and him. Then he goes see Stephanie, and then they work out what's been going on and all that. I don't know why he didn't do that. And this this return of Tim has been so lackluster and fallen flat that I just don't understand. But because of that, though, I did like the art a lot, except for Clayface, just like you. Yeah. So I did give this a 6 out of 10. Uh, I just need something else. This book is really, to me, riding on its own coattails of that first arc, which when you first had this team seemed very exciting. But since then, and, and really since Monster Men, since Tim died and the Monster Men hit and all that uh, – Nothing really exciting has happened in this book, and it's really killing me because I want to like it. At one point, I would proclaim that this was my Batman book, but it's not anymore. I don't yeah. even know what it is, but uh, what would you give it? I'm telling you, this issue to me is all about hills and valleys because there are some interesting John points. John Paul like, you know, Valley? Not John Paul <laughs> Valley, no. Uh, He's not, I didn't even a, see him. No, he was, he was on a radio. He's like he was a one stuff. deal, yeah. But no, I, I really like the art in this issue, but I'm telling you, there are interesting concepts like, you know, if we could actually seen Stephanie join the, the team again, the whole idea of Tim coming back. Really, the big selling point to me is how happy I got reading this issue when Killer Moss showed up and had yeah, his own freaking but yet, team. Uh, we didn't even fully spell out the whole deal that I even was reading it. I'm, you know, thinking of what I'm going to say in my review. And I'm like, oh, right. We finally got something going forward. That's cool. They end up getting arrested and they're done. I mean, yeah. they're done. So I, I would only assume that this plan is done except that Tim tells Killer Moth, you know, it's a pretty good plan you had. But even then, I thought that at least give this a couple issues where we have this in the background going on and it was just yanked from us. Yeah, so we get back to the victim syndicate yeah. and the friggin' uh, anarchy. But no, <sighs> I don't know. Since I like the art so much and since I did get excited throughout, I'm not excited to have the victim syndicate back or anarchy because I don't no. like either, but I think I'd still give this a 6.5 out of 10. Okay, well, we're going to move on to the next book, which is one of yours, which is what? Action Comics number 992, written by Dan Jurgens and Rob Williams, with art by Will Conrad, Hi-Fi, and Rob Lee. Superman's dealing with the aftermath of the Oz effect, where he's, start, he's starting to question his own morality based on what his father was, which is ridiculous because it really appeared like Jarrell was being controlled to a degree. But besides for this, uh, besides for this issue sets up uh, what I've been wanting to see from Rebirth since we began, and that's to get to the bottom of... Who's manipulating <laughs> time in the DCU? Yeah. This leads Superman from the Fortress of Solitude to Mogo and eventually through time as he access the cosmic treadmill to see Krypton's destruction firsthand. Too bad that Booster Gold showed up a second too late to stop him because apparently this leads to the destruction of the timeline. 
Yeah, and at least we know that the Cosmic Treadmill has been rebuilt again. Yeah. Yet again, Eric. But yeah, the, the biggest problem I have, like you said, is pretty much this whole thing, at least the first bit is the set first up. Beginning that, bit, it yeah, actually the first beginning bit angry. is set up for Superman to almost like a sins of the father type yeah. progress of, if hey. my daddy turned out to be bad, yeah. like, I thought he's good my whole life, but if he turned out to be bad, that means Maybe I could I turn can out to be, be bad. bad. And, and, no, Superman. Well, no. there's two things that are wrong with this. Number one is we saw that Superman pretty much realized that that staff was what was controlling yeah. Jarell, And when he broke that, Jarell seemed to snap out of it. The second bit is this, to me, really discounts the Kents because that the, even if Jarell is bad, he is only the biological father, uh, and he was raised by some good people well, that is, continue to be good Superman believes nature over nurture. Well, he must, and that's a little odd, and really to me, it threw me off just as much as the staff of him even saying, like, thank God, or it, you know, even Bruce showing up, which he does, and uh, I'm afraid of this, Bruce, I'm afraid I'm going to be just like my dad, who's an asshole, and, uh, you know, have Bruce like, you mean John? <laughs> Jonathan? No, no, no. My Jarrell, you know, Jarrell. Like, you know what? He he might be your your daddy, but he ain't your father. So, or the other other way around, whatever. It, it kind of did throw me off. But yeah, you have where you know you have Superman there, and you do see that they want to really stress the fact that Jarrell was you know Mister Oz, Oz yeah. because yeah he's talking to Kalex, and they have like a reboot. It looks like he's too. torn Kalex apart, just trying to yeah. find anything wrong with him. He can. He's like, yeah, all right, he's hoping that he's been fudged with. Check your operating system for any viruses, any outside yeah, manipulation. Nothing. Do you have any? Nothing. Like, no. all right. Who are you programmed to follow? Jarrell. Who is Mr. Oz? Jarrell. Jarrell. Son of a bitch. And I swear yeah. to God, he, he breaks no! the table and I think he crunches part of Kalex right yeah. there. Yeah, he just destroys things. And I do like the fact that we do see a Superman, a frustrated Superman. And that is something that we don't often see like yeah. that. And Batman shows up and even Superman even thinks that. Oh, here we go. I get mad at one goddamn thing, and here he comes with this protocol. <laughs> and it's not that. He's I don't even know to... why. For some reason, when he first enters the room, when Superman has broken that table, for some reason, his first line, Batman's, when he walks in, you broke your little table. For yeah, some your reason, little table. so condescending. Oh, yeah. It does seem that table. way. And it'd be so funny. He's like, Bruce, are you here to see because, you know, the alien's gone nuts, and I wish you would have saw, like, a little gleam of green. Like, no, that's no. not the case. How you doing, buddy? But, yeah, he's like, no, no, that's not what's going on. And even on. the whole thing, too, it continues. Like, I didn't hear the bad praying approach. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He's like, no, you no, didn't. You didn't. And, again, <laughs> I'm telling you, I would have really liked that. We just got a little hint of a green gleam somewhere, but we don't get that. And, basically, no. Superman says, like, yeah, I'm upset, but you don't understand like it's everything that I thought about my father and, and I thought he was dead and now he's alive. You would never be able to understand it. And I like this moment, even though it's a little goofy, because Batman says like, no, no, no. You know what? I do know what you're going through. I faced something similar myself recently. And most people would have expected Superman to go, what you talking about, Willis? And then yeah. Bruce like, well, I went back with Barry and we did that. These two are such good friends and know their situations that they know if Bruce says – He's gone through something like that recently. Superman doesn't need the details. He no. knows that that is the truth. Bruce isn't going to lie and then has the great line where he's like, honestly, some life, huh? I don't want to hear your life story either. I don't get yeah. time for that, but some life, huh? And again, a, another great progression in this is – and this is where up until this point I'm like, the hell was Eric talking about? And everybody in the Get Fresh crew, beep boop, loving this issue. I'm like, 
I don't know what they're getting at because this is a bunch of nonsense with this no, whole I'm thing telling about you, my the, dad. The whole thing up until like like uh, I really was against this issue like until Batman walked in. We get no, that I'm little shout you, out to the to button. Me, yeah, to me it's not even that. It's it's a specific moment when and it's when Bruce did his move where he took the cowl back. And when he yeah. does that, that is like the teacher turning the chair around. We're going to talk <laughs> real talk now. Real. And that means the – Let's not go Superman, Batman. Let's go best friends. Look, Clark I'm going to take the cow off, so I'm not going to talk shit anymore. Don't yeah, worry. That's Let's what talk it is. I, I don't have to be an asshole now and talk with that gruff voice. Now <laughs> we can be real. And that's what I love. I love when he does that, especially in a moment like this. And I love the progression in this with even the art and the panel progression. And you can even see where once he does that and, and he says, I came because I was concerned about you. You've been at this for some time. And you do get in the art. Uh, basically a Superman now that realizes like almost like he looks around like shit I'm gonna have to clean up here because he, that, he was because just I think at this real at this moment he's realized that Lois is called Bruce yeah, yeah that might be true oh shit I'm yeah, gonna get hell when I go home big trouble but yeah and that's where it goes and that's where Superman says some life huh and then you know they're smiling together it's it's one of those nice things where and again I like that it's one panel because they don't have enough time in their lives, their superhero lives, to sit around a lot of times and do this. So they have their little moment where they think about, you know what, it's a fucked up life we lead, but smile to each other and then get back to it. And Bruce, uh, this isn't just you, Clark. Something is wrong with time. And that's where and this is Clark, the first inkling of anything we've had besides yes. for Barry knowing of this whole button situation, everything they've yeah. dealt with since Rebirth. That uh, Bruce has told anybody else that something is wrong with time. Yes. Yeah, and this is good. And this is where then Superman hears something. He's like, I got to get going. Uh, something's wrong. Bruce wants to help. And he's like, no, no, no. Uh, you know, no, thank you. They need me now. And that's where Bruce yells out, which I can only assume Superman's long gone. But he's no, like, you're Superman. He he just says Don't it. forget Superman. it. Well, he can Don't hear him. It. But again, I yeah. think Superman's listening elsewhere. But he does yell. And he goes off. And yeah, there's these refugees there. They're trying to get out of a, a bad situation. They've loaded up a boat to like 7,000 people in a, a boat that fits three. Uh, the only issue I have is there's also what appears to be, uh, you know, fucking pirates about to fucking, you know, shoot people and stuff like that. I don't know if that's involved or what they are doing. I don't know why they had those guys there because Superman's just there to pretty much save these people and says later to Lois, like, you know, they would rather drown if they have a 2% chance of surviving and getting out of this nonsense. But as he as he's doing this, you do go back to the Daily Planet. You have Perry Perry's losing off. his goddamn yeah, mind because he he's losing his been mind. And Lois covers for him, and I just think that this is to show, like, hey, by and, the way, Clark still is involved. Is the worst thing in this book. Yeah, I don't know what is. the hell happened to her, but like, if she's gotten some collagen injections while yeah, like, you know, Bruce, has, like uh, Clark's been away, I don't like it. Yeah, she has some issues, but she covers for him, and even Perry thinks that she is covering, but says, you know what? When when Clark is able to tell him to call me, I, I want to have a, a word with him. And then she goes up on the roof, and that's when Superman comes in and says that he was there. There's a 250 terrified refugees on one sinking boat, Lois, one small boat. How many boats don't I get to? What if Mr. Oz was right about humanity? What if we're beyond saving them? And this is where Lois, it's weird because she goes right into, you know, the whole thing. Like, he's not right. You'll show him and all that. And as this is going on, you 
you have Hal call and he needs Superman on Mogo. And that's and I love the whole thing, too. Where he just opens up a transluminal portal yeah, for yeah. them to get right to freaking Mogo the way the green lanterns, lanterns travel yep. faster than the light speed. I don't know why. I enjoy seeing this. So Superman yeah, just takes it's, off yeah. and goes to Mogo right away. Yep, he goes to Mogo, and this is where they're going to play him. The last moments of Krypton uh, that Salak has there, and they're showing from him the Tomar video. Ray's from Tomar Ray's From Tomar Ray's Even the shout-out to Tomar Ray, I really enjoy yeah, so have and, a lot of that. And kind of a cool thing here because they want to really make sure that you know this is original footage. This is not a replication of it. This isn't what they, you know, put together because they said this isn't a simulation. It's a recording. This is actually Krypton as it appeared just prior to its destruction because what happens then when he's looking at it, he sees his rocket going. He wants to see if he can see where Jarrell leaves. Yeah, he was the now, only one who survived. Now, the weird thing about it is it it's kind of a weird concept because we've seen how people are getting zapped away and it's not like all of a sudden Jarrell said that he left on a rocket or he left at this as far as i remember he just said he grabbed me and yeah. you know they were burning around me i saw your mom i don't know what he thinks he's gonna see here uh, he must because, have seen something i mean something must have been there because well there must the have been something messed yes with, messed up this whole now and, and again i don't know if maybe he wants to see that somebody didn't leave and what Jarrell told him was true but yeah right. uh basically it it fritzes out and they're like huh this is weird something's wrong with the file it's jams distorted uh i'll move the footage forward a click and when they do that it's like there is a piece missing yeah and that's and where salik's like, like krypton in pieces from yes. what, you don't even yeah. see the actual yeah it explosion. just goes forward so he can't see what he wanted to see and Salak's like, the moment of Krypton's destruction has been corrupted on our files. This is unusual. If I didn't know better, I'd say it's been tampered with. And Superman thinks it's something more than oh, that. Yeah, He's just like, not no, the no, file. Something yeah. is tampered with yeah. time. Time has been tampered Someone with. has done Someone. this. Someone. And yeah, then he goes back to Metropolis to, to check in on John and Lois. And, and John that's looks when, tiny as fuck here. He looks like he's he six does. years old all of a sudden in this battle. Actually, even looks like he's in a bit of a crib. Yeah. But yeah, he goes back, hey. Time's been manipulated, Eric, especially <laughs> in Metropolis here. But yeah, he's there. I didn't want to wake up, John. Uh, did you, you know, and this is where Lois says, did you find what you were looking for? Because obviously she went off, he went off at that point, tried to apologize to her. Like, you know what, this fucked up life of ours. And she's like, no, 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 you got to go. And he's like, no, something's very, very wrong. And, and it's a shame that we get this. I would have loved to have had this issue before the first issue of Doomsday Clock. And even well, a little. It comes, out the, it comes out the same day. It does so the same day, it. but I'm telling you, a lot of and I, I think just, it's a great compliment to what's going on there because where you I didn't just like, uh, liked it more of a setup because it was focused too much on Watchmen. I think this is getting us right where we yeah, need to be. Yeah, but I'm saying there. But now we're going to get another two issues before we get – I wish that this would have happened the month before. I wish that right. we would have had a whole month because this book comes out twice a month. Doomsday Clock only comes out once a month. So we're going to get past this at one point. I just – I know that maybe it's DC wants it this way, but they have been so bad. At setting up things that I don't, I have the, a feeling that when we finally get to a part, it's it's not going to make complete sense in what we're reading and stuff well, like that. Well, we still but have I, to get up to that year ahead in the Doomsday yeah. class. Well, I'm saying just this leading to everybody looking into stuff and things like that. I wish we had had a little bit before. I said before, I actually think that even the metal coming out at the same time of Doomsday Clock, I wish that one yeah, happened feels as weird, well. Yeah. But again, you, you want to go back and have you know a couple of the nonsense stories that led to this. 
get rid of those and push this earlier so that I was more excited. Then I get to the Doomsday Clock and I'm not as you know as upset that it's just a Watchmen thing because now we have this. But we end up with Superman then going to the uh, the, the Watchtower, watch goes, finds the uh, Cosmic Treadmill, says, hey, Barry, show me how to use this at one point, but I'm going to do this. I'm going to use it. I'm going to go back in time and see what really happened on Krypton. If they're going to fuck with time, I'm going to go back to that time and see what goes on. And uh, it would have been funny if you would have seen something else going on that ends up switching around that it was Superman seeing himself before, and but we didn't get that. But yeah. as he goes, he disappears uh, without the treadmill, too. The treadmill remains, but uh, yep. he goes off and that's where booster shows up with skeets a second too late superman and, yeah. don't it yeah, appears superman booster, don't. we have arrived a second too late and superman has already left for the past via the time stream now the timeline itself is in danger of total collapse oops, oops. i like that that booster and booster <laughs> looks awesome he looks, he looks so good when he comes in but how and does yeah, this work in the timeline the continuity I don't know. Gym, because the last see. time we saw booster gold i believe it was in convergence where he was cha- transformed into wave rider yes he was wave rider eric but who knows if that means anything we'll i think see. reborn got rid of convergence yeah, so I that don't matter that no did. more i think so as well so we'll see how that goes but that is the issue. And yeah, you have Booster Gold show up, which is an awesome cliffhanger. Obviously, if you're going to have time craziness, we've been waiting all this time for Booster to show oh, yeah. up about this. And throws in that whole deal with he knows kind of what's going on and how shit is supposed to be and not. So it, it really is exciting to have him in. So it's I can't to wait have for that. have a lot of this stuff in, like dealing with the, like the way the Superman was going about. Just the idea of Clark, uh, Bruce referencing the button, everything they've been dealing with, the idea that he knows that time's manipulated. Yeah. Goes to Mogo, interacts with how this actually ended up feeling more like a Justice League issue than just a Superman. Yeah, it does. And uh, I know I saw some reviews that were like, oh, these these other members of the Justice League showing up is really forced and out of nowhere and all this. I didn't think so. I thought that this was set up up until now. So I I do like it. Uh, What did you give it? I gave this issue an 8.5 out of 10. I enjoyed the art except for the freaking terrible cherub face that Lois had. Besides that, though, I thought everything looked great. And I love that we're finally dealing with the time manipulation because this is what I've wanted to deal with for a year and a half now. Yeah, I'd give it an 8.5 as well, even though I had some issues. uh, But, yeah, this this is good. I do think that the art problem is when you have – Tomas Grayson doing Lois in, in their book, mm-hmm. it is like a cherub looking, but not like this. And I think for some reason they you had uh, who was not it even, on not, art? Was it it was Conrad, right? Well, this is Will Conrad. Yes. Yeah, Will Conrad. I think that maybe he went and looked at the wrong book to go. I, I don't know. It just seemed know. like that look. Like and again because you know that big eye look that Gleason does in, in their books. Well, Gleason uh, I think hasn't that drawn maybe, an issue. In a no, long I know, time. but I'm saying from before and even you know back in. The before uh, the whole deal with the super uh, what was it Lois and Clark book and stuff like right, that. Right. For some reason, I think he was trying to do that and it just came off weird. But uh, I I don't. And know. it's I don't not know even like a cherub to me. It's actually a more homely looking Lois in my mind. I, it, I'm telling you, to me, it's like that combo of a realistic look, but also trying to get that anime look that she sometimes has in books, and it just it came out wrong. It really did. But we'll see what goes on. But yeah, we're gonna go off now. We mentioned the doomsday clock Aaron. Sure did. so we might as well go and talk about it doomsday clock number one written by jeff johns with art by gary frank and brad anderson we jump into the world of the watchman seven years after the original story and find that the clock has started again and it's up to rorschach marionette mime and osmodeus to set it right 
But in a world where Osmodeus is public enemy number one and nuclear devastation is on the horizon, how could this motley crew possibly turn the tides? Yeah. By yeah. finding God. Oh! That leads us to Superman <laughs> having a nightmare about God. the night that Kent's died, and the big cliffhanger of this issue is apparently another one of Superman's powers is to always have pleasant dreams. Yeah, yeah, and and this is where I just want to say, this is where you're going to be, I think there's going to be a divide in it. Again, like you said, it's catching you up to this world of the Watchmen where I don't care. I really don't. I don't care what has happened in these seven years. Like you said, you, you have another doomsday clock on this planet. You know, the, the world's going to be destroyed. Yeah. It could have opened up with them just like, oh no, it's going to be destroyed. We get the hell out and go. I, already, I don't care. I don't care what has happened. I don't, I don't care. That, that's the problem. I really don't care to go forward with the Watchmen universe, mainly because the way this has kind of been spelled out, it's going to be destroyed anyway, and they're going to get off of it and into the DC universe. So if that's the case, why spend even an issue-long deal to find out what is leading up to that? Jim, I really Jim, don't care. It's not I don't about care. the destination. It's the journey. No, and the journey to me is boring. I felt that this issue was overly boring and dealt with things that, again, I didn't care. And I, that's why uh, I don't... I, I'm going to have to defer to you to a lot of this because I just don't want to say or seem like just a negative guy because there's nothing wrong. I said this to you. I was trying to explain to you at work. There's nothing wrong with the writing. The art is really good. Uh, yeah. The dialogue's great. It's just the, the whole package to me. I think the coloring really make it feel like the Watchmen world Well, that's the, well and like that's Brad the problem. Did is an awesome job on the yeah. coloring for this No, it bit. does come out like the Watchmen, but as you go, you do start going into the non-panel deal. By the end, mm -hmm. you're, you're really hitting on that. And because of Mr. Miracle, because of all these things, even a little, I'm sick of it. I, I actually, I wish that when the Tom King started doing Mr. Miracle, they actually went to him and even Omega Men before, but really Mr. Miracle, and they said, listen, you know, that's a Watchmen thing. We have this doomsday clock coming, and it's going to be the nine-panel layout. Like, you got to lay off. This is something that has to be special. This is something to reserve for something like this doomsday clock. When we get to it, it's not as impressive anymore for me, though I will tell you this issue shows you that that nine-panel layout can be very good at telling oh, a yeah. story, unlike what I think we are getting in Mr. Miracle. But even so, it's like, oh, and I know that some other people have already said who have read it and are reviewing it and stuff said to me like oh the nine panel layout again you know it's so boring now and whatever and i do think that that's something that has been overused lately and has oh so do i i'm telling you everybody wants to use this thing lately and i honestly i don't know if like jeff johns is powerful enough i would have said if i was him Yo, yeah. everybody hang back yep. on this shit i would have said I that got something coming down the yep. line I this is what i just say, said i would have said with Mr. Miracle, yes, I would have said, I know that you really want to do this, I know, but really, y this isn't a Alan Moore Watchman thing, this Mr. Miracle, that's more of a Jack Kirby thing, so can you please just kind of make it more Kirby-esque so I can get this because I want this nine-panel deal to end up as that. Because that's what happens, it ends way. up the minute... It's very important that this feels a yes. certain way going in because this is, you know, the most beloved freaking yeah. trade story of the last 30 goddamn years. And, like the biggest graphic novel that's ever been published. Yeah. And I need to fucking pull this and, uh, goddamn thing off. 
And just to tie it back, I, I was going to mention something beforehand. I did read The Watchmen before I was in the comics. I heard about it. I heard you should read it. And I read it. I really, really liked it. I, I loved it. Uh, but reading it and reading it again later, I kind of think that the reason why I liked it so much, and again, this might be people will be like, oh, bullshit, you know, whatever. It wasn't the story of the Watchmen that really impressed me or really wowed me when I watched it, it or read it. It was the fact that that story was taking place in a comic book. And up until that point, I thought comic books were jokes. I thought comic books were for kids. I, yeah, I'd hear, you know, when I went to school in the 80s, it was basically only nerds read comics. So I kind of stayed away because I wanted to try to be popular, <laughs> even though I wasn't. But I don't even know if this makes sense. By the time I read Watchmen, I think that what impressed me more was the mature story going on in a comic more so than the actual story itself. Though it is great. It really is. But when I go now and I reread it, and I, now I'm an older man, we've gone yeah. through a whole stage of, of past this dark night. We, we've talked about this where you had the eight, late 80s, then in the 90s. By this point in time, the story of The Watchmen doesn't really impress me as much as it did. And I think that that's really nothing crazy. But it was a product of his time. But that's why going in here... It doesn't hit me like it does. So when you get more of a sequel to The Watchmen here, it kind of bored me because I never, I was never one who sat there and thought, boy, I wonder what happened after The Watchmen. It was such a contained story. And then what happens, I just figured, oh, shit would eventually oh, yeah. break it, it, loose. It was on a great cliffhanger that you just knew everything that was done for this whole story was going to be undone by a simple journal. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's what we're really dealing with here and how it's going forward. But again, uh, I think uh, I'll probably say this another 15, 20 times that if you're into The Watchmen and wanted a sequel and want to see what happened in that universe, I think that you're going to think that this is way better than what I went in wanting to see more of how it fits into the DC universe, though I think right. we're going to find that out. It's just, uh, it's, it's just such a weird the, the, first the, like issue The one to problem me. though I have with the beginning of this issue is that we have like, the end is near. We are on the freaking, you know, yeah. almost, we are four hours away pretty much from nuclear devastation. From nuclear war. Russia is, about, is invading Poland. And the thing is, when we start this issue out, we have all these protesters outside of Vite Industries. Yeah, Vite Industries, they, they are They want to tear in. everything apart. It seems like they are after Adrian Vite, which the entire yes. world is after Adrian. Yeah, they're actually, point. yes. And yes. it doesn't seem, though, that this is a new thing. So the whole idea where everybody's out there and they just break into freaking Vite Industries and start tearing the place it apart. It seemed like to me Why what he's... now? Yeah, I know, but it seems like to me what they're getting at is, yes, everybody's after Adrian Vite. It seems as if possibly... Looking at it, because it's late night at this point, and they are protecting yeah. that possibly Vite Industries has continued without him, which is odd. Uh, but if that's the case, I only but get as, the as idea here. As soon as come out to Adrian Vite, who was CEO of the freaking and like, yeah. all about this, this company is over. There's yeah, nothing well, like this. Even hey, I see company. what happens with Oliver Queen and the yeah, you know, DC Universe and all this stuff. But, uh, you know, what's going on to me where I take this as is these people have seen the writing on the wall and especially at this point the world like you said has about four hours to go before you know nuclear devastation yeah. and they're taking it to the streets with only whatever they can do they blame adrian Vite, but he cannot be found we find that out later i think that this is their last like you know what like, with our last four hours we're gonna fucking take it to the man and go well, down swinging that's all I'm i can saying, think though, of. it's not only that but it seems like i don't know if we're playing with time a bit in this too because while everybody's protesting outside of uh bite industries it looks like we also have the spe like you know um 
the military going in the new Karnak yeah. and shit in the freaking Antarctic and all this other stuff. Like, everybody is going at every position they possibly can at this point to find uh, Adrian Vice. Yeah, they're trying. And I don't know if we're doing, like, this is, like, in the past and we're playing with time at this point to lead up to the point where we're actually well, and again, are, you know, even, four even hours before we go, we do have a new kind of journal going. And yeah, we it have does, Rorschach's yeah, new journal. Yeah, Rorschach's new that, journal. I, it doesn't feel right because he even says in this that he doesn't write stuff down. So yeah, I don't yeah. know if he's actually writing this down like Rorschach did or if we're actually getting a narration from the new Rorschach's head. But again, you. Uh, but it's weird because it is in sort of a journal-esque it, it, it's, it's in the Rorschach deal. Yeah, it's in the Rorschach deal. Yeah, and with yeah, this, it even it. starts where it says – you know, it spells out the time, November 22nd, 1992. So you are. Or November 23rd. Because or he November like, he 23rd. Yes, problems, you know, Or maybe it's 23rd. Things. Yes. And, and uh, you know, that is a thing. Maybe this is uh, like just trying to remember what happened because yeah. he is so. Well, it does seem that. like it's like it's weird because it says November 22nd, 1992, or maybe it's it's the 23rd. And then, you know, you have the ellipsis, it goes. But then it kind of turns into a past tense like it's it's not like hey the streets are littered with yeah, bodies yeah. and this and but because it, it says the streets were littered with bodies yeah. like this is him writing it down after the fact but even so you go and you do get a time frame so it is 1992 at least what we're seeing here or yes. we think so like we said and uh as you go uh, with this you do have people going and trying to get vite industries they're trying to break it down you do see some pretty iconic deal you know through this and see what's going on uh and they they end up i mean the funny thing is as they're talking about this you do have the the common newscasters going throughout this whole deal. But yeah, they even say, you know, all these things that are going on, the manhunt uh, continues for the self-proclaimed world's smartest man. Uh, you have the president who's now going on. He he got reelected on the promise of capturing Adrian yeah. and all these things, which, you know, it's pretty good. You even have a little bit before where you're talking about they're trying to lead into what's going on and to set up the case of the world is about to be destroyed. I mean, they, they have the russians are invading poland like we said uh the u.s seems to have said like if you don't do this uh, you know we're gonna do you know we're gonna launch nukes the russians at one point seem to launch them but then there's the people saying it's a lie you know all this stuff is yeah. going on which is pretty good you said you even like the humor where as this is going on even like crazy things oh, where the just, vice it's president the crazy sensationalism of the, the terrible things that we're all afraid of as people like we had this in the original one of like an exaggerated point of the Cold War and shit like that, yeah. and like also all the sensationalism of the news yeah, and how it's, terrible it's it is. Going, it's going. While we that. are on the brink of devastation, we're also and the president he had a hole in one, and the vice president he has shot the you know secretary. Yeah, he of, shot uh, the secretary, the, the attorney uh, yeah. general. I mean, yeah. and like you know, and there's a hostage situation. But the president he he thinks he had the best golf game ever. It's like well, that's it the is problem. Like, back and forth like this though. I don't know. The president scored a hole in one earlier, beating his previous record. That doesn't sound right to me in sports, Eric. That that's it. <laughs> I'm telling you, I wish they would have said, like, and beat his best record and go. It just it threw me off. But, yeah, all this is is the sensationalism. It, it, is, it, is, it is tying the stuff that we are afraid of now and also the stuff that we think is ridiculous in the media and using, like, you know, people who were prominent back yeah. in the uh, early but 90s. Eric, this is 92. I don't yes. understand. I wasn't afraid of that then. I'm joking. But the, the thing is, at this no, point. because Rocky ended the Cold War. Yeah, that's why. That like is why I didn't have to be. But even so, and, yeah, you're going with an alternate history deal yeah. of anything going from that. But even as this is going on, uh, it, it throws me off to this point because this is – 
It's weird to say it is more Watchmen than Jeff Johns. Like, you know what I'm saying? It does seem like at this point, Jeff Johns is fully in his Alan Moore mode to try to continue this. And it's, well, yeah, he's got this long beard. He he looks crazy. He looks like Rick Rubin on a, on a bad day. Uh, but yeah, as this is going on, I actually, I thought, like, where is this? Because we're, we're, you're going to be bringing the Watchmen into the DC universe. We know this, you know, I keep repeating it. But at this point, I, I'm waiting and wondering when I'm going to get the Jeff Johns magic. That And again, some people aren't huge fans. It's beyond me because I'm a huge fan. And when I read stuff of his, I usually have a smile on my face. I usually sit there and I'm usually engrossed in an event like this like i really i'm I'm fired up and at this point i'm like huh it seems like he wants to more mimic the whole watchman thing and again if you're a watchman fan i think you'll really like that fact but to me it it threw me off a bit and it really did and and as it continues you do have the whole deal you're getting a lot of explanation which is a pretty cool thing like you have these talking heads. And yes, when the world is about to end, it's it's kind of natural to me for them to explain things to people. And, oh, this is what happened since then. And the New York Gazette was the first to be forcibly shut down. It's not... In, it's not shoved in your face because this seems very natural to me of like at a time of crisis like this for them to try to explain what is going on and it does catch you up with some things which is pretty cool and then like you said we end up where the uh, the army seems to be involved and, the, and they oh, yeah, go and that's the thing we go through all the places we saw like you know all through New Karnak we have the monitor yeah. but we eventually go into the medical bay where it seems like Adrian Veidt and like the best karmic justice of all time for all the stuff that he did yeah. to Dr. Manhattan to get him out of the picture by giving everyone he knew cancer. He yeah. himself has contracted a brain tumor. And yeah. like, yep. it's not really spelled out because even like, you know, when I was. No, at this is not spelled out yet. Yeah. I'm like, I'm looking at the skull. I'm like, does he have a hole in his skull? What am yeah, I looking yeah, at? But uh, it's confirmed later that when yes. we do go that it is cancer. And yeah, that is it is. It's not instant karma, but at least it's karma yeah. uh, because then you go off then. And there is the whole thing. It's funny. They have the uh, President Redford and me and you are fully going. It's Robert Redford. Oh, yeah. In this universe, we're fully going with the actor type president deal after Reagan and going forward with that. But uh, and even if you don't, that's just an aside that I thought. Yeah, that, that's just as what we like thinking. I have as, no idea. Yeah, and as they're going, they have William F. Buckley Jr. He's speaking on behalf of the president and does report, listen, Russia's invaded Poland. That's it. They forced our hand. It's time to, you know, we're going to attack. There's going to be war. And if the Russian military does not withdraw within four hours, the president will have no choice but to launch the full force of our military might. And therefore, a mandatory evacuation has been issued across the country. And I just wonder, like, where where are they going? Where are they evacuating? It's across the country. Where, where are they jumping in the ocean? It even says at points they are just everybody's busting down the wall oh, I, of, I chi- of, of Mexico. The wall to Mexico. Everybody's busting in to get into Mexico. I'm like, into that's Mexico. Hilarious. Yeah, it is hilarious. But again, you're having evacuation. Yes, I guess they could say like, listen, New York will be hit first, or this will be hit. You got to get out of these places. But really, at this point, you're pretty much given that. Everybody involved, and we get to the main players 
at this it's point. Mutual destruction at this point. And, and at this point, they are pretty much, there is no going back. They are, yeah. you know, as you go and we do get introduced to the Watchmen characters. The that clock has reached see, midnight all Yeah, that. you're done. They're done. It's a given fact. They are reacting as if it has. And in this, you have shit going wrong in this prison. You know, the guards want to get out. The, the prisoners go. They grab a They're guy. They're trying to grab the guards. Yeah, They're and they trying to flee so they can get the fuck yeah. out because nobody wants to die. No, nobody wants to die. It's funny because I often hear of like different places and through time with like you know volcanic eruptions and things that sometimes the only people who do survive are people in a prison because it's so fortified to keep them in but this is nuclear war everything's going to get destroyed and at this point the guard runs by this this uh, freaking prisoner grabs the guard tries to grab you know hey give me your keys or whatever the guard ends up getting punched out by a, a gloved fist Gets the the keys and then says, you know, well, hey, everybody's trying to break out. Yeah. Rorschach's breaking it's in. It's Rorschach. He's bringing in the the, the bad guy, the the uh, prisoner. The prisoner. Like, yeah. Oh shit! And really, at this point, you do get the idea because Rorschach's there and he's like, you still want out? No, no way, man. I'm cool. He wants I'm to cool. stay in there. And this was a good way of showing you legitimately that everybody knows about Rorschach and everybody's scared shitless because it does continue where. And, and just it, like, I'm telling you, for people going in, like you know who. Don't don't know a lot about the doomsday clock or not yeah. I like i don't even i can't even say know a lot about the doomsday clock it's just the whole idea to me that rorschach being here like the last we saw he was annihilated by dr manhattan yeah just rorschach being here that's a goddamn sight right there to have you know it going is. into a prison and you have rorschach pretty much with the narration going through with the rorschach journal it's yeah. pretty spot on for how he was he would talk so it's it's just an it's odd good. thing until we finally get to his destination where we find out that he is trying to break out somebody named marionette yeah, and with this, we thought, you know, one of the things when people were talking like, man, I can't wait for the comedian and Rorschach. And we're like, well, they better explain dead, something dead, if yeah. you want to do that because they're dead. So this this is the main thing of this issue. To me, the main reason this issue happened and how it went down was to explain or show you that there is a Rorschach because yeah. as it goes on, you see Rorschach going on. He's talking about pancakes and eating at Morning Joe's Diner and all this. This led from the swag too that DC sent out. I do and have that's the a. Thing. I really hope there's a bigger play on this. Yeah, I do too. We spent a lot of time talking about it. There's a there's a menu for Joe's Pancake Place, the at breakfast the back, place, yeah. diner. In the back of this book, you got pancake syrup, like syrup and mix sent to you. I'm like, yeah. This is just a little bit about how Rorschach likes going to this place for pancakes because yeah. the one waitress likes to heat up the syrup for him, and yeah, then she got beat up yeah. by her boyfriend, and he didn't get his goddamn breakfast that morning. Yeah, and, and that that's what it. he said. Yeah, this woman who was serving him ended up roughing her up, and then, then Rorschach went out, put a fork through his tongue, and, you know, the whole deal. Put a fork through his tongue, forgot to tell him why, hope he got the message, this sort of thing. And it's, it's very, you know, it's 100% right on with Rorschach's deal. But he goes, he has to figure out where he's going. You don't know what's going on at this point you see he's looking for somebody. Uh, and he goes to door number point, 13. I don't know if we're supposed to believe that this Rorschach is dyslexic. Yeah, I, because he goes, never been lucky at, at the 13. Was it 13? No, no, it was 31. And then and walks he, away. And the way he, and it seems that like, must I be don't something. It's got to be something because we keep going to this whole idea where he, like he says throughout the issue that he has trouble remembering things. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. when we're going down to Night Owl's lair later on, I only in the assume. Issue, did you just assume he also has a brain tumor as well, and this is what's causing his problems, or no, do you I, think I, that'll be going from from something else? 
I think it's something else. I can't tell you what at this point, especially for like the speculations of who the new Rorschach is. Yeah, but, which we'll talk about at the end. Yeah, you know when we get to that. But yeah, uh, yeah, I, I don't know because yeah, he seems to be dyslexic. Maybe he seems to not remember all this. Uh, and like you said, there's that weird thing now. I thought that the yeah, the Morning Joes was just to set up more of a dialogue with himself so that he, you know Jeff Johns can show you look I can get this dialogue down I, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. not a hack I can do this and the fact that he is a little more violent to the point you know and maybe not but you're getting a little more character there so I, I hope it ties in as well uh, but I'm not so sure but as this is going on I think that probably the best progression of panels here in this is the fact that Rorschach goes to this cell 31 and as he puts the key in to turn the key where you can even go with whatever there's in there which we find out is this character the marionette is kind of like a bomb or a weapon because as he's putting the key in the cell and turning it you're also getting everybody around the country where they have to log putting in their launch and putting in. their launch keys in and turning them I think that is a great progression that was to show an awesome you progression. Yeah, it is that is awesome because it shows you that what Rorschach is doing is pretty much just as deadly and lethal as nuclear bombs being launched but we never really get to find out exactly or is what this that the will counter, lead to. Because honestly, yeah, the way I'm, I'm it really plays you. that we have these people turning their keys to you know pretty much destroy the world. Rorschach turning this key, I have to Maybe. believe for what we've been told, is the uh, yeah. like, answer to that to save the world. This I don't. I don't. I'm the getting the fact that uh, if we're going to go into philosophy of nuclear weapons or whatever, I'm getting the idea that as he turns this, because she comes out and she is, you know, she looks bad and she looks, you know, evil, whatever you're going to go, she's also in prison, that I'm going with that kind of juxtaposition, Eric, of the oh. fact that these missiles could give you peace. If you end up, if these missiles destroy Russia, uh, America's good. You know what? We have peace then in the U.S. But if you do but something those wrong, missiles are, like I'm saying, though, the missiles are going to destroy us as well. Well, I'm saying though, but not if, at this point though. If something can happen, but th it can go either way. What I'm saying is, when he gets her, this is either going to save the world or destroy it, and it ends up even where uh, you get a little, you know, a little thing that added bonus with her husband but when we get to that but as yeah. he goes in he goes in this is the marionette and you're gonna see that this is a reimagining version of the charlton character julie which we yes. just had in the tom the king suit. julie so you know it's yes very the punch and julie you know, tom king pulling the nine panel layout and bringing punch and julie out of nowhere yeah. i swear this has to be some kind of stuff but again get everybody ready what's for this. what's weird to me is that you're going and if you didn't, if we didn't have Punch and Julie in the Batman with Tom King, you would, oh, who's this? Oh, I saw somebody that they put it together and it's Punch and Julie. Oh, yeah, they're Charlton characters. That makes sense. Yeah. To me, a lot of these people reading have already seen Punch and Julie in the DCU in Batman, one of the biggest books. So I think that that kind of coolness, which that's very cool, having this in and going with that whole thing where Jeff Johns is going to expand the roster of Charlton characters oh, awesome, in this yeah. Watchmen universe, I think that it gets a little bit pushed aside because we've seen them recently in the DCU and people won't make that connection because... Or is this mirroring the stuff that's going on in the DCU? It might be because you do go... And yeah, suicide with it is. Recruiting his team. Yes, it is. So are we getting that? But I just, again, with that nine panel thing and then having Punch and Julie recently 
in the, or at least since Rebirth, I don't know if you want to call it recently, but since we've seen them, I think it throws off the coolness of them being Charlton characters because we've seen them in the DC. Yeah, yeah. And I kind of get it. But yes, he's there. Uh, Rorschach's like, listen, uh, you're going to help me. Here's your payment. What, you know, and we have a job. And when she opens it up to see what this is, it is a picture of her little baby. And, you know, Rorschach's like, picture's a little old. But this is something where she freaks out. She grabs Rorschach. And again, can you go with that? She, she's a pretty tough cookie because everybody oh, yeah. else doesn't even want to get near Rorschach. And she's strangling him. And she says, where's my son? And, you know, you get the whole thing from Rorschach. I can't tell you. My partner knows. I don't. You're going to help find. And it's a big line. He, she's like, do what? What do you want me to do? And he says, find God. Save world. We'll explain. And then she's like, fine, God, we'll explain. And then you go, here's the big thing where she's like, you know what I heard all about you? Uh, you know, what's going on with you? And that's where he reveals, too, that he is not he's not the old Russia. He's, he's not, not the Kovacs, one. That, yeah, no. he's not Walter Kovacs. He is somebody else. He takes off his his glove and he appears to be a black man. Yeah. And that's where you have the theory of who it would be, which I think that everybody's saying it now. Oh, they, right now, the big theory is it's Malcolm Wong, who was Walter's uh, psychiatrist when he was yes. locked up in Watchmen. But I'm telling you, that is everybody's theory. It does not hold water to me because he was a fat old man. Yeah, but this, this is seven years. I saw seven years later. I, I saw wrong turn. Me. I saw wrong turn. Lose all that weight and get in shape, uh, much to your chagrin. Did I mean, you? seven Did years. You? I, yeah, I'm telling you. You know, that He's guy, after, after all the shit that went down, and he would know kind of what makes Rorschach oh, yeah. tick. He would be he able to mimic his, his deal. He learned yes. all about him. So I think like it that. makes sense. And to do this, I think that he trained maybe a la Batman. He decided to train and, and got himself in shape. But uh, she's pretty much okay. You know, and she even says, like, the fuck, if he finds out that you're doing this, if Rorschach finds and he's like, no, no, he's dead. You know, I'm Rorschach. I'm Rorschach now. And he, he goes back and forth with that uh, throughout this, even when we move on to the big beds and or the big goods. Who knows how this is going to work out? But as yeah. it's going on, she says, hey, I'll do it, but you got to bring my husband. I'm not leaving without my husband. And Rorschach's like, no, no, no. He, he bad man. We can't do it. Deal, not part of the deal. She's like, okay, well, then shove it up your ass. And you have the whole Rorschach like, rather not. Need to go. World dying. And through this whole thing, he keeps pointing out, you got four hours. Four hours in this and I, world I can't is help it Because of the Watchmen movie, all I can hear is Jack Yarrow Haley's yeah, voice yeah, when I'm yeah. reading this dialogue now. And uh, she looks at the, the picture again of the little boy, and she's like, yep, we're going. And even Rorschach, then, good to have family. huh?" And then, you know, they're going to go get the mime. Marcos Mayes, uh, the mime, and they go to get him. You do get a bit where there is pretty much a prison riot going on. Uh, he just sits there. And really, from the minute you see him, I'm like, yeah, that looks like Superman. I tell you right away, you're like, holy crap, that looks exactly like Superman. It kind of changes a little bit once you well, go and you see his hair. Yes, but really looks like, like Superman. When you look at him, you see Superman. And not yeah. only that, when you see the picture of their son, who apparently is the looks baby, like they want him back. It looks like a baby Superman or a yes. baby John. Yeah, it looks like to me like a John or a baby Superman. And even with the pictures a little old and stuff yeah. like that, it really, it, you know, it threw me off a bit. Like, oh, what are you getting at? But boy, when you first see it, because these prisoners are just beating the crap out of cops and, it, and they end up looking like, hey, you know, look at that. The mute's giving you the evil eye. And later on through the marionettes of uh, dialogue, you kind of find out that he ended up uh, – taking his own tongue out 
uh, she says that. Who knows what's going on for real? But yeah, she even says later, no, he did it himself because he doesn't talk. But yeah, and they he think is that, rightfully insane because yeah. he is performing all of this whole thing where he is. It's a, like it's a performance. It's a performance for them to start beating the shit out of him, so that he and then him play becoming the underdog, underdog yep. and then he, beat the holy hell out of them. In yeah. my mind, rip, rip their fucking throats out of their. Oh yeah, just like, go know, nuts. Yep, he rips their throats out with his teeth, and at then one point you have a panel where he looks at pretty much at us, and looks like the Joker a bit with the yeah. blood on his mouth and the hair kind of where it's on the side. It's like that. almost as if an understanding where he wants a uh, he wants an audience, and we are the yeah. audience at that yeah. point where I'm he's looking you. right at yes, to and me, it's, no, yep. yeah. he is in on the joke. Yeah, it's one of those like that, that when she says he's a performance, you know, he doesn't like to be, you know, interrupted. And I'm telling you, he looks right at us and like, hey, how am I doing? You know, you having fun yet and stuff like that. But they go. But he's the mime, so he doesn't talk. Yeah, he's the mime. He doesn't talk. So Rorschach, uh, you know, grabs him. They're like, okay, uh, reunions later. Let's get going. And then you have Marionette like, oh, man, check out the real. He's he's he needs the real Rorschach. And he's like, I am Rorschach. No, take your glove off again. And he starts no. threatening her, uh, you know, going and saying, don't ever touch me again like that. And all. And we got to get going. We have to go at this point. Three hours and no idea really because he keeps looking and he keeps and saying he, that his watch is running thing throughout slow. this issue is that yeah. his watch is broken. He keeps yes. wanting to get it fixed but doesn't. Yeah, it, uh, he doesn't get it fixed and it's running what, slow. You know, kind of runs, and it kind of runs back to what's yeah. going on you know, with uh, Dr. Manhattan being the son yeah. of a watchmaker and yeah. stuff like that. So we got a lot of play with a lot of stuff that's oh, going on. You. Even hey. the whole idea where time is running slow and we are in 1992 compared to our normal DC Universe yeah. present. So yeah. time is running slow. Yeah, here. I don't know. I don't, you don't know. And again, I trust Jeff Johns. I trust Jeff Johns going forward that things will be explained. And then that's where the mime says, hey, or, you know, Marionette says about the mime, we got to get his weapons. They're in lockdown. Rorschach's like, we'll get new ones. We got, no, no, no. These are special. And you go and they open up a locker Evans and there's in. nothing in. And Rorschach's like, must have cleaned you out. Need to go. And he's like, no, no, no. He doesn't say anything. He doesn't talk. But he grabs fake guns, a fake this or that, kind of cocks a gun with this. He's going to finger bang people. And then the Rorschach just looks at him. He's like, you have big problems. And then they, they go. <laughs> and really like that. It's okay. It it's just nothing for the no, story right no. now. It was a fun page, though. Yes. And now you go, and, and Rorschach's going to take the two of them to his you know, his leader, the guy who's yeah. in charge, and they his go, partner. you have, yes, and you have a pretty quick deal where they go to his car, they're making fun of his car, then they get in and like, Jesus Christ, this stinks, you know, what, are you living here? It's like, yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. And you go for it. So again, when you find out who Rorschach is, I think it's going to be one of those. Like he also being Rorschach, I think has destroyed his life because yeah. you know now he's a homeless guy living Ro in a car, Rorschach kind of playing was a homeless a game. guy, and stuff yeah, like that. But and it's like weird. That. that was his disguise. Yeah, but it's weird that he is like he's fully in. You know what I mean? Like he and was a what we think a doctor at one point. Yeah. And now he's just and I'm telling fully you, in. One of the things that really points to that as well is when they finally get out of the yeah. car, when they get to the sewer mantle they need to get down into, yeah. uh, a file folder falls out, and inside you can see some paperwork and some and ink blots. So, yeah. yeah, so I, I do think that that pretty much spells out it is. But they go down into the sewer, and they're going to what ends up being uh, Night Owl's lair, right? Because, yeah. And it even it even hints at it too, where you have those two sewer uh, pipes. 
pipes that end up looking like the the uh the, the ship. eyes yeah 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 so they go at Archie's this point, eyes on the yeah yeah Archie's ship, eyes yeah. yep and as this point goes then you have mime pull out his imaginary gun now i want to spell this out because this is something i've forgotten when we were talking you brought it up you have to go with the fact that there are no superpowers in this Watchmen universe Size except Dr. Manhattan. Manhattan yes. So when he is doing this, and everybody thinks that at some point he's going to be able to pull this imaginary gun, if this was in the DC universe, and when they possibly get there, this may all change. This may become a full-out power that he has. At this point, he's just a batshit crazy guy who thinks he has a gun. And, and I it's really enjoy gun. him more than I should. Yeah, I, I don't... <laughs> like Again, it's like, once I, I figured out, I'm like, it's like punching Julia. Okay, it's punch. We're going yeah. in this. And even when... I just, to me... We're spending so much time on this to get to nothing that I want to see. So, again, it's going to all deal with what you want. But, yeah, Rorschach's like, don't point imaginary guns at me anymore. <laughs> uh, wasn't funny the first time, uh, yes, you know, and they're going to go. And then when they do go, they finally get their knock on the door. And Rorschach says, like, into the light. This, you know, uh, Marionette says, where are we going? Into the light. And they walk in. And that's where Marionette realizes, like, holy shit. You know where we are? And, again, because... The way you can really tell it's Punch and Julie is that she can, hey, baby, it's all that yeah. baby nonsense that we had. And she's like, look at this shit. It's the owl ship. And he's like, yeah, Archie. Oh, my God, this is Night Owl's pad, right? Yeah, oh, my God, where is he? Are the rumors true? And this is where we get some backup from what Marionette. What now? Yeah, the and that, yeah. killed Night yeah. Owl and Silk Spectre before he offed himself. He went totally nuts. Is that what happened? False. False. Put, put screwdrivers down. Yeah, because at this point, the mime has picked they're, up a screwdriver. Yeah, yeah, he's just going around. And then that's where... Oh, right, it's like, be wrong term when he comes around my desk. Yeah. Like, stop fucking touching yeah, shit. Yeah, stop touching shit. And that's where you see the costume, the, the Night Owl costume, and then uh, Marionette's like, so, he's alive, you're partnered up with Night Owl? And you would expect, okay, that's what we're getting. And it's no, cool. and off panel you get, no, he's not. And then, boom, you go, and there's Osmondeus, and it... it, it I don't know. It didn't really make a big effect on me when I saw him because I've just been waiting for him to come out anyway, especially yeah. since what has been you going know he's on. Be a big player. So he's there. He comes out and he's like, "Listen, you know, I hope the Lord Night Owl back, but he's retired. Rorschach's working for me." And then with that's you. where Rorschach's like, "You know, with you, never for." And then they interrupt, and he's like, "Oh, you know what? You brought your husband around. Disappointed, but expected." I, I pretty yeah. much thought that that was going to happen. And, you know, and then that's where Marionette's like, I don't know what you want from us and all. And that's where he said, you know, only you. But they spell it out because she's mad. At this point, the mime throws the, you know, the whole, the screwdriver up in the air. She catches it. And she's going to, at this point, look like she's going to attack Osmondeus. Uh, but, yeah, there, she's like, just, we need you uh, because, you know, I, and I'm going to pay. She does say, and that's the other thing. I, I could, there's a price in your head, which we would imagine there is. Yeah. And he's like, the whole world basically, he could pay her way more. Cause he's like, what? It's 10, 20 million. at this point, I'll pay exactly. you 100 to he 200 might, he's million. He's the smartest man in the world. I'm sure he's the richest he's as got, well. Yeah, he's point. got some money, uh, doing, but he's like, listen, don't, to give me threats, they're ill-advised, and then to rush, especially with him, and then starts to 
tell them about this Rorschach. Like, hey, listen, the old Rorschach, you know, he was cruel in some respect, yeah. but, you know, he held on to principles. This guy here, this one is not, and that's when Rorschach's like, stop, don't even, you know, shut up, right? don't talk about this, you don't need to do this. And he's like, hey, I'm just paying you a compliment, you know, and that's, he says, I'm Rorschach, nothing else to tell. And he's like, you know, you go through a whole page of this. I didn't mean to upset you. I'm not upset. upset. Not yet. Oh, let's start over. And I'm like, okay, let's go. But basically, they, they he reveals he has cancer. The world yeah. is coming to an end. And the and only, only way that, to make things just, right. The way they reveal he has cancer, because besides for the x-rays we saw earlier, yeah. when he starts doing it, it's like, the very name I took is a testament to that. There is no escaping the irony. I found myself laughing uncontrollably when I first realized, laughing until it hurt. And yeah, the way yeah. he's doing it, like we always talking about, you know, if the comedian came back, would he be one of the jokers? But the way that he's talking about the whole joke of the matter, the irony yeah, of yeah, it, and how yeah. he's laughing control, you know, it started making me think, like, is could Adrian possibly become this Joker-like I character? I, I don't know. I don't know that people would want that, though. You know what I mean? I, if he's going to come in, because the he's comedian, be him. he's dead. Yeah, yeah, I'm saying that. I, I think we're going to find out. And again, if anything, it, it might be the mime. Who's who would be more of the Joker character? Oh yeah, we just me. talked about that as well. But yeah, just to me, like, you know, to me, you're going to get some weird things. We had the whole idea, like we had to recruit, like Rorschach had to go in and get the marionette. That was yeah. the plan. Why the marionette? And I started thinking to myself, what's a marionette? It is something that is controlled. It's a puppet that's yeah, controlled yeah, yeah. by a higher being. Is she like somehow connected to the point where she's controlled by a godlike character? She can find. Dr. Manhattan because of yeah. what she is, the person but the, who is But the other reason that I, I think is crazy at this point is the fact that we don't know what the marionette really does. And in this in this universe, shouldn't be able to do much. I think Agreed. that what we have here is – and this is – you know, I'm throwing things out. I have a feeling that Osmondeus has seen, been, whatnot into the DC universe and knows what characters to grab out of here to take that would become these other characters and become powered characters in the DCU. I don't know that that makes sense of switching universes ends right, up right. making you turn that. But this point. is where I'm getting the point where, again, they didn't want the mime. The mime is no. bad. The mime says you don't want to have a Joker-like character going into this. Now, again, would it be crazy that when they do switch over, you're getting a, a you know a reimagining instead of this? Now we have an amalgam of a Joker and Harley because of the crossover. Because again, what is the marionette going to do crossing over? We don't know. But I think that in this, where he does say, and all this leads to basically, there's only one person who could stop this. We need to find the God, Doctor Manhattan. And if we're going to believe that he did leave, as they show, they show yeah. you the Watchmen thing. I'm leaving this galaxy for one less complicated. I don't think that Adrian thinks he's going to find them, him in this galaxy. I think that he's setting up the crossover. He's getting his team almost like the I Am Suicide, where they did gather that team to go into Center Prisca. I think that Adrian is gathering a team because he knows what he has to do when he does get over to the DC Universe, and we'll see what the mime and what the marionette is. And like he says, I predicted that you would bring your husband. It's unfortunate. Again, yeah. does this lead to the fact that they know that the Son of theirs is actually in the DC universe and possibly being, you know, Superman, John, whatever it may be. Well, that's the I'm one thing that's always odd because I know I'm saying there is so much room to throw anything you want at this point because you know it, all the stuff that we've dealt with since Rebirth yeah. is so up in the air. Ever, especially since Superman Reborn, where yeah. we had this idea where we had the pre-Flashpoint Superman, we had the New Fifty Two Superman, we also had those two versions of the Loises. 
like we had the red version, we had the blue version that combined them to make what we have now, the reborn version of both. What we didn't have was a John character. The John was a singularity that was by itself, and yeah. as we were put to like we were made to believe in that was the most important character we had going after that. You know, yeah. John was the most yep. important thing we had. And could it be because he is the connection that'll get Osmodeus and all of them over here to yeah. freaking find Manhattan, do whatever it is, because is he possibly freaking and, and again, and, and, yeah, and that's the the crazy thing about this going with the, this is why I think that this plan and everything it has nothing to do with this universe they're in now. Only because at this point, I would guess they have three and a half hours left, oh, yeah, if yeah, not yeah. We less. Have three hours so left this world is ending. They they are going to leave. They're going to get the hell out now. It does seem as if Archie seems to be something a uh, uh, big in it because at that one point she sees it. They cover it back up, and at the point Adrian actually is going over and kind of like you know he's over there. If that is that looks like it's where. They they were or if it's somewhere else he's definitely at something at that it's moment what, that i think what, it's, it's what archie was going yeah with. i think that he's going to reveal that this has been altered this is a way they're getting to this other universe it has Could to be. be to me because i wouldn't think that they i wouldn't think that the smartest man in the world thinks that we're going to find dr manhattan in three in three hours on the, the on this plan because i still believe that like vite wants to save this world if he yeah, finds I, god you have the ultimate nuclear deterrent at that point. You have somebody well, that again, can here's save the this thing. world from this destruction. So I don't think that he plans on abandoning this world outright because no, I, I do. think that he wants to save it. No, I think that he would because, really, if they're going to fight – obviously, he thinks that when they get Dr. Manhattan, uh, Dr. Manhattan will be able to save them, correct? They, yeah. He must think that Dr. Manhattan somehow with the marionette possibly, he's going to be able to be controlled at least or willingly help them. If Dr. Manhattan can help him, he can reform this world fucking snapping a finger. He, yeah. he doesn't need to be there within three hours to do this. This world could be reset by him with a blink of an eye and off he goes. And, yeah, and you have Adrian where he convinces Dr. Manhattan, listen – Go back to before I fucked everything up, and we'll we'll do this again. I promise you, whatever. See, I don't I don't think he would do that because that's dealing with time travel and stuff like yeah. that. And we found out in Before Watchmen that's something that Doctor Manhattan cannot do. No, because uh, I'm not even saying. I'm up. saying just make a new world. I mean, mm -hmm. he he could take time away. He can take. Obviously, he's done where he took sections of time. What we believe is him from the DCU. Yeah. Uh, he could just take out from '87 to '92, and then now you go and you have younger heroes and younger deal. I mean, it seems like he did that at a reforming yeah. of a universe. And to me, though, I couldn't think that he would want to. Yeah, he wants to save the world, right? And yeah. then two days later, he dies of cancer, and everybody, he's on the run. I mean, this world to him should, I know what you're saying, what he is. This world should be dead to him. He is the most wanted man on the planet who will be executed on site and has cancer. I can't think that he... I think that what you're saying, I think he's beyond that. I think that this is the end that he is going because like he's you have actually he's actually become the villain character that he didn't think he yeah, was like yeah. but always before. You know, Adrian was the villain of the Watchmen like the original story, but, but he what didn't he was think doing so. was was the greater like yeah, villain, it was you know? for like, the greater I good. I will kill million to save billions and all that and, stuff. Like this is a Lex Luthor character yeah, where yeah. no matter what he does, he still thinks he is doing good. Yes, and isn't isn't this kind of similar to say the Oz effect and Jarrell being Mister Oz there with the the humans are they're doomed anyway. They're, they're ripping this planet apart. We see that they have gone into his you know his company and just completely destroyed. It, even though that should do nothing and yeah. will do nothing so i can only think that he is ready to call this one quits and to be able to maybe go find god and make something better maybe you know obviously 
cure him probably first, but, you know, make it better somehow. He seems to think that Dr. Manhattan could do this. You know, he's like, we're going to have to go. I cannot save our world, though. There is one who even now has the power to, Dr. Manhattan, and that's where Marionette, like, Dr. Manhattan, no one's seen him in years. And he's like, yes, I know, and that's where I'm leaving this galaxy for one less complicated to me that we're supposed to believe that would be the DC universe. Yeah. And then he's like, that is our mission. All of us, we need to find John. And that ends pretty much the Watchmen deal. And that's one of the ideas I have, because when we leave the Watchmen here to go to freaking Superman having a bad dream about the night his parents died, is it going to be one of these things where we can't find John? We're going to have to deal with another, like, we have to find a substitute god, and in our world, besides the whole Captain Adam connection... Superman is Superman's the god the of this world. Now, special. again, you're having this dream. Uh, Superman is sleeping with Lois. Uh, you're not going to get anything from this of like, oh, what happened in this year? Uh, but he's having a dream of the night his parents died. Now, before that, there's a crazy thing where he's laying there and he has his glasses and there's the book Walden 2, which is a crazy book to have there and really doesn't seem like something that I think Superman would be really into, but it was a utopian novel written by, it says on the top, it's B.F. Skinner, the psychologist, and published yeah. in 1948, and it was a uh, controversial book. I just have this from Wikipedia, but right. its characters speak of a rejection of free will, including a rejection uh, of the proposition that human behavior is controlled by such things as a spirit or soul, and it embraces the proposition that behavior of humans is determined by environmental variables, and the altering environmental variables can generate a system that closely approximates uh, utopia. It's all about creating a utopia uh when it came out it was controversial but was looked at more of sort of so like a psychology kind of deal. speaking on the whole idea too where superman came to earth and was raised by the kents being that he is becomes this you know yeah, utopian but it's kind of weird where jarell came and was like you know given yeah, hell yeah and, and he it became this guy who yeah, damned humanity it's like that but it also it's again it's like okay there is no spirit or soul we are not governed by this whole entity of even a god and now they're coming here to find a quote-unquote God, which, like we said, it's leading to the idea of maybe Superman is this world's version of that. And right. this is a book he's reading that pretty much, you know, tries to tell you that a utopia could be made by uh, environmental variables and things like that and how it goes. It's very – it just was really odd to throw that in there and to go well, and it's see it's be like a – And again, it's also a, a book basically about – having a utopia which to me is what adrian is really at the end of all this is trying to find dr manhattan to make he want he still like you said he still thinks that he has the right way of doing things and really to me he wanted to make a utopia he wanted to yeah. make a world that was perfect that and, was and what, how he then. wanted so it's, it's funny or weird to me that you do have that there uh, just, you know, free and clear right there to do that. And it looks like Superman has a couple things where he liked passages in that or whatever. But it goes and he does have this dream of when his mom and dad died. And when they do it, they have a whole thing. And this is a little bit different than what we saw. Now it is a nightmare, so we don't know if this is full. But in the new Exactly. I too, don't know if this is actually a recap of what actually yeah. is going on. What's but the problem is to me, the, the thing to me is, yeah, well, the thing to me is he doesn't wake up and say anything different like he doesn't say no. i had a nightmare and this time this happened or i had a nightmare and it was weird because that didn't happen he pretty much to me wakes up and i think that they really jeff johns wants you to know exactly what's happened which again we kind of need because once reborn happened you don't know what is 
Oh, no, I What is the continuity? This really does put it back to the New 52 continuity that at his prom... of his parents died. Yeah, his prom, uh, they ended up getting in a car accident and dying. And with this, it's a little different. If you want to read the original version, it's in uh, Action Comics number 17, where he, he, you know, you go back to that and see it. And in that, now this could continue to that. I don't know if we're going to continue, but... In that this accident happened after they dropped them off at the prom like they do here. And uh, when they went to get them, Clark ran, heard about it, went, and uh, Martha was dead. Martha's pretty much dead on on the scene. They end up taking Jonathan to a hospital. And in the hospital, as he's dying, he tells Superman, almost like an Uncle Ben type deal, listen, the world's going to find out about you. Uh, you know, be a good person. Be the good person that these people give them hope. Give them, yeah. and, and and again, it's more of this kind of reminding you all that. But in that, then he said, "Son, can I die at home? I don't want to die in a hospital." And it was a a really good scene where Superman scooped them up and took them home, and he died at home. And then you see almost like a a thing like a uh, Bruce Wayne where he has the two gravestones there in Smallville and all that. Uh, the other thing that's weird though is earlier in the New Fifty Two in just. Justice League number 11, written by Jeff Johns. Superman mentions to Batman at this one point. There's a story where these spirits go through Superman. And when they do, he tells Batman, when those spirits pass through me, I watched my father have a heart attack again, and I couldn't save him. And it was weird because there was a little rumblings when Action Comics 17 came out and had this new deal. And they're like, wait a minute, you know, a couple months ago, you you told me that he died of a heart attack. That's nonsense. And I I don't know that this is something where it's bothered Jeff Jobs, so he wanted to make sure that he righted the shit. Or what? I don't know, but I just think it's to remind everybody and give us who did read the New Fifty Two the you know thumbs up of what that that this is, is still the continuity. continuity. That's yeah. a continuity, and I do think that that is going to lead into something else as well. I, I think that that's this is going to be something important because when Superman wakes up, Lois says, "Oh my God, what happened? Y- you were having a nightmare. The whole house was shaking. I heard you know, and and that, that's where." Superman's like, it was a dream. I was in high school. And, and she's like, please, come down. And I, I heard that. Because at this point, he is floating above the bed. Oh, yeah. And she's like, or he says, I heard their tires scream, ma scream, pa grit his teeth. And she's like, what? He's like, it was the night my parents died, Lois. It was horrible. She's like, oh, Clark, I can't remember the last time you had a nightmare. And then he says, Lois, I don't think I've ever had one. And that's how it ends. And that's I hate, the I hate this line. Just the yeah. whole idea that on top of everything else, you know, Superman can do whatever he wants as soon as he puts his mind to it. The idea, though, that for some reason Kryptonians don't have bad dreams, it's, yeah. just, it's a little too far for me. Yep, and then you have a whole deal of a, a quote from Osmondeus. You know, he meets some fragment huge and stops to guess what powerful but unrecorded race once dwelt in that annihilated place. But that's Osmondeus, Horace Smith. And as yep. you see, then at the bottom, then you do have the Doomsday Clock with the Superman at the twelve, and it's ticking. And I would assume that each issue it's going to go a little further in. I there. imagine so. Yeah, and then and then you have uh, the next page is a full black page dedication to Len Wein, who was the editor of the original. Uh, uh, Watchmen, so that's that's pretty cool. And then you do get some little things, and I, I'm telling you, because you have that dedication, then you move on. I would guess that what Jeff Johns is doing here, because you get 
fragments of newspaper clippings, I do think that that's like, hey, guys, if you're really into the, the Watchmen and want to know what happened, I really don't consider that as the necessary part of the story. I think that this is just stuff that if you are a Watchmen fan and want to have more of this background, you can. I have talked to a couple people already, and not one of them read that. Not one of them jumped into I that. They were already stuff, done. Like the well, there is, but Roger I don't Jackson, think... who had yeah. the, the Rorschach journal, yep. and he was broken in, and he was killed and it was taken yeah, yeah. I, I just i don't think that that's going to be important going forward really we'll, we'll see we'll see i, I don't know up. for some reason i think most of the stuff that's in here is going to be like you know serve some kind of purpose yeah i don't because you had that black page with the dedication to kind of separate that from the actual story it, it, it basically to me this is an after credit scene that may or may not come to play and is kind of like a, an extraneous deal that you can enjoy if you want to i i really do because of the way it was played out with that dedication page uh, but we'll see. We'll see. I read them, and I, I sure. will see if it does. But I, 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 I don't know what Morning Joe's Cafe's like menu is going to. I give just me, think but... that that's there to give you flavor. I, I yeah. really do. So we'll see. We'll see how this all goes. But we are at the end, so we get to talk about what we thought. And it, I will say again, reading it with you and talking about it. I did get a little more excited for some of the things. It's not going to change my score, but I still go with the fact that if you're a Watchmen fan, and I've been waiting desperately to get a continuation of that universe going forward, not the before Watchmen, but going forward, I think that you will come out of this with a lot more you know, a lot more love and, and yeah. liking it more. If you are somebody who had jumped in at Rebirth, doesn't really care about the Watchmen, just wants to see through this what has happened over a year in the DCU because this it really hasn't been spelled out at this point even that it is a year ahead in our universe. So, the, yeah. you know, you're not going to get any of that in this issue. You are going to get Superman and Lois laying in bed and Superman claiming that for some reason he doesn't ever have nightmares. And that to me is nonsense because we've had certain times where it seems like he has and all that, but I, I think it's just for an exclamation point of how important that was and something is going on that is, you know, in the back of his outside mind, whatever. Of him, something you know, like yeah, something is affecting yes, him outside. Something of the is realm. affecting him. So I'll go with that. Uh, and again, you have the whole deal of it being Jonathan and Martha and them dying. And is that where we lead into, say, a marionette and mimic? Who knows? Or mime. I mean, I want to always call them mimic. But, uh, you know, marionette and mime being maybe. I, I just, we've already had Jarrell come back, uh, you know, so one part of his parents. People were upset that they even fuck with that. To actually have this somehow turn into either John, little Superboy John, being there, I think that they're fucking with too much. If he does that, I think that it's really going to turn some people off. But we'll see. Again, yeah. I still trust, I trust well, Jeff, Jeff John. I trust, yeah. I do. But this, again... It's probably my most disappointing issue I've ever read that he's done because I really was hoping that this was going to put a smile on my face and remind me of why I love DC Comics and to make me go forward with such glee that every other issue almost has a glint to it because I am so happy of where we're going forward. It didn't do that. And, again, if you're going to go with the whole deal... Maybe this is what he's playing with, too. You have the Rebirth special. We're bringing back the hope. This is all hope. You know, legacy, all this. You start out in the Watchmen universe, which is dark as dark can be. I mean, the, the planet, it, the world is going to be destroyed in three oh. hours. So is that where he's showing you after you leave this? Into where you go into the DC universe, well, Jim, where the it, hope is. It's always is. darkest before the dawn. 
It is. But again, I, I, yeah, I want explanation because even the case where when I read this and see what ended up happening to this universe, and then you get the idea that Dr. Manhattan, as far as we're led to believe so far, went into the DCU and ended up taking the hope away there. Uh, it doesn't make sense to me. It, re it really doesn't, but we'll see how it goes. Well, that's uh, the thing. Is that we don't know what our time no, we don't. looks this like. Is, I I'm know. Saying, no, I'm saying we are a year ahead. We know this going in, into the DCU. We have no idea how long Asmodeus has been setting any of this stuff up yeah, to go. I know. So a lot of this stuff has, could already have been going on yeah. in the Watchmen universe affecting the universe that we have. And yeah, now yeah, we're I at the know. end time where we actually have to cross over and deal with it. Yeah, but again, yeah, well, I'm saying even if, but why were we led to believe that when Pandora, you know, wanted to help Flash no, change wants, that after Flashpoint, <laughs> and then when they went in and this whole idea in the Rebirth, they took more time away, they wanted to take away the hope, they wanted to take away this, they wanted to take away these strong bonds or whatever, it just never felt like Dr. Manhattan to me. No, it it really did. didn't. And going from this into that, it, it still doesn't. So I want to see what's going on. But I, I will let you now. What was your score, Eric, on the lovely review? You did a non-spoiler review. It was hard to do non-spoilers. But I gave this issue a 7.8 out of 10. I love the art. And Jeff Johns, in my mind, complete with the panel layout. You know, I'm sure that I don't know if that was him or not or if the artist took control of the whole thing. But it felt like the Watchmen. It had the Watchmen voices, and then I actually, I never wanted a sequel to the Watchmen, but I was happy with what we got here. Leading, yes, it's seven years later, but in my mind, we got caught up with everything that's been going on, and I look forward to see what we get next because I need to know more about what's going on in the DC world. Because in my opinion, the, the DC part of this. It's the worst part. You tell me the Superman's never had a nightmare. You're just fucking throwing knives. No, well, and, and really, all you're having is the DC part is three pages. You know exactly. what I mean? It's three or four pages, which that's what kind of upset me, number one. But, yeah, again, I'll go with my score being the fact that, yes, it's seven years later in the Watchmen universe. He catches you up in those seven years, and now if you get forward, I don't care what happened in those seven years. And, really, if you go from this, you, you, we found out that there's a new Rorschach. We find out that Adrian has cancer. We know the world is after him. He's enemy number one. Uh, I could have gotten that, you know, a better, different, not better, but a different way than a full, say, 38 pages that we got leading to and we that. And we had to set up the new crew. You know, we have yeah, Osmodeus, we have the marionette, we have the mime. We yeah, got even then. This, this new Rorschach. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you. That didn't it didn't wow me or get me excited one bit. It actually bored me. I got this issue, the regular print copy, like I said, and it took me three days to finish reading this issue. And that is nothing that should be the first issue of a full out event that, you know, I, again, I can tell you right now, I'm not going to lie. I was not looking forward to this all up until I got it in my hand. I actually yeah. am not. I read The Watchmen. I said at the beginning, I didn't need a continuation. I don't want these characters in the DCU. To me, that doesn't make that much sense. And I don't want to have to deal with that if we're going to go from this and now we have going forward a rorschach book or a you know osmondeus i'm not interested in that i really am not uh, and again if you think that jeff johns is so great here you, you son of a bitch i'm not even saying it like that i'm saying you, yeah. you love the way he's doing this unfortunately if that is what comes down the line well, Jeff Johns is going to be writing all those books. You're going to have oh, our regular I, I, writers I on this. Books, yeah, so I, no, I don't either. So I hope that what ends up happening is they come over and it ends up just fixing our universe 
and then they kind of go away to theirs. Exactly. Yes, I hope that that's what happens. So, But I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Again, you're setting up their world and how bad it was. Obviously, a setup for something coming down the line, but we'll see. Also, you get the idea when you're doing this is like, okay, we. I, I just... It's weird DC's all their synergy that they have because we have, you know, the big thing out right now is the Justice League movie. That's one thing. Yeah. But having metal where you have another universe that's, yeah, that's being crazy. destroyed and that they, they come through to take claim it as theirs and all this. And then you look where it looks like that's where we're heading with this, whether we do or not. Metal should Turns have been done. The Watchmen world is part of the dark multiverse. Yeah, that, it's about to be that's destroyed. what I'm saying. All of a sudden you have the Batman and Laugh shows up. Hey, I got a plan for you. Oh, God, I, I, wish, I just wish that metal was done, taken care of. Then we go into this so that they don't, yeah having two you know, events at the same time is odd. And, and what they yeah and what they tried to do was the whole deal. Like listen, it's not going to affect you because it's a year ahead. It's going to affect it my just, reading. It's too much. It, it's yeah. too much going on at one time, and it, it, it threw me off a bit. But because of that, I do like the art. I thought that the nine panel deal. I'm starting to really get sick of it, but the art is really, really good. And yeah. like I said, the the writing's great, and the whole that Rorschach's dialogue. Spot on. It really is good, and that. But still, at the end, I was not having fun. It didn't make me look forward to the next issue. I'm just gonna read it as it goes. Hopefully, the next issue or the issue after that. We have 12 issues. Hopefully, there is something that grabs a hold of me. Maybe it will be when we fully get back into the DC. I, I was having that. fun, and I'm fully on board now. The Doomsday Clock. I'm telling you, I was like, like you. I always take a wait and see thing. I yeah. don't like to get the hype train going before it needs to be. Because I hate being let down, so I went into this cold, and I had even talking to you. I had a better time talking to you than yeah, uh, I, you know when I originally read it and did the review. But because I I noticed certain things from when you talk, and I'm looking yeah. at the page again now, I'm like, I have a good time. I can't wait yeah. for the next issue. Yeah, I give it a six out of ten. I really, if this was one issue and done, I I wouldn't even care. I'd be like, okay, I read it. Uh, again, it just Jeff Johns is if you really want to even go fully out with me. The first book I read, the first comic book that got me into this whole thing. Yes, I tell everybody all the time, Nightwing's my favorite character. I tell you all the time, oh, you know, you have uh, Dancing Mike who says, oh, you're, you're Scott Snyder's your boy. It was Aquaman number one. That's the yeah. first book I read in any comic really sitting down to decide, I want to see what's going on. I want to get into this. I got Aquaman number one and read it and fell in love with that whole deal and thinking. And at that point, I will even stress the whole idea at that point in my mind. Aquaman wasn't a joke to me. He never was. I always liked Aquaman, and it never was that whole deal because I wasn't in this whole comic book culture where he was a joke. It was just me reading things. I see the super friends. I always wanted to breathe underwater. It was always something I wanted. So I really liked it. So reading that, it wasn't even the fact of some people, oh my god, this legitimizes the character. It was the writing and the humor and yeah. all the things going in that number one issue that it won me over. And to this day, that's what is going on with that. So Jeff Johns actually is very special to me. So I hate to not like an issue of his, especially a big event like this and rebirth i cried i read that issue and actually cried more than once reading that that's how crazy it was that i got that emotions i got no emotions at all in this entire issue except almost boredom and wanting to just get it done and then you know it became more of a chore because we have to talk about it on the podcast and i hate to say that but it's true but that's it Aaron. it's me with them. 
Mail with Eric, which means nothing much extra. Right? <laughs> I was going to say it means that we it's mail section number two, but that's I'm usually the case. Myself. Not always. I usually like to do the mail section number two with that juxtaposition of songs, Eric. But mail section number two is Brandon's mail section. He says, sup, fellas. Hope everyone had a happy turkey day or gobbler day, however you celebrate. And if you celebrate, I'll add. If nobody has done it before, I highly suggest you fry your turkey next Thanksgiving so that you can burn your house down. I'm coming out to live my life. Or holiday, you eat turkey. It takes a quarter of the time to cook, tastes twice as good, and really doesn't have a downside at all. So basically, quarter time, twice the taste, no downside at all, Eric, except burning burning down down your house. Bonus, you get outside and away from everyone for a few hours. Double bonus, everyone thinks it's super hard, and you can sit on your ass the rest of the night drinking. Anyway, when does Brandon need that? You know what I mean? Like, like he really needs an excuse to sit I on his ass and drink. I wonder if I was just gonna say. Basically, he's like, and then you can sit on your ass and piss yourself, and nobody's gonna yell at you. Anyway, <laughs> these books are really beating me down lately, becoming way too predictable, and therefore becoming easy to drop. Detective is the latest on the chopping block for me because if you recall back to Weird Science continuity, I said I wanted nothing to do with the victim syndicate or more Stephanie Brown, among other repeated villains or storylines we've already seen from Tynan. Now you're going to get both. Isn't that the best? Best of both worlds, the best, the worst, the worst of both worlds. Lo and behold, that's exactly what we got. And I just can't sit through another arc involving this same stuff anymore. This is my big problem. You, you've already heard me say it. I mean, what's different for these villains to say? This is the same thing that happened to the books Flash and Green Arrow for me, too, where we deal with same goddamn villains over and over again, which I said yep. as well. And I just lose interest. Black Hole, The Burned, get all these goddamn dudes away from the books i don't want them connected to anybody in any way shape or form make this happen to get my interest back who wants to read about the same bad guy for 30 issues not this guy eric i i think that by now I, I, with everybody we talk to now again i see other people still talking there you know uh rc colon pinatas going on here oh, yeah but time but for what I think, the Get Fresh crew, uh, when, when we talk about comics, and I do hope that people do understand as well that when the Get Fresh crew, Eric, gets together, uh, I just want you to keep saying doop doop. I was going to continuously say it. Uh, but yeah, when the Get Fresh crew gets together, the doop Get doop. Fresh crew does what the Get Fresh crew doop does. Doop doop. But what happens if the Get Fresh crew likes doop a book? They talk about liking the book. Nobody's afraid to say they like something or don't. I know a lot of people have thrown it out there that people in the Get Fresh crew only are like mining what we say, and that's not the case. That is not the case. Uh, and but with the, I think that what the Get Fresh crew is, Eric, is the Get Fresh crew is a very honest group, and it seems like they all want to change. And I think in general, I think DC needs a change. I really do. I not just this. Hey, we'll switch Tim Seeley and Sam well, Humphreys I, I just, on I'm Nightwing and Greenland. Done with like you know, re, like not rebirth, freaking out of the the Doomsday Clock. We'll get that though, because everything's going to lead up to that, and then after yeah, that, it could but all that's be the fresh thing is, new, Jim. I'm talking about fresh and new, as in we get new writers on most of the books, or we get new series and things like that. I I don't think that's going to happen. I think that they are set in their ways now, and unfortunately, some of these writers, uh, we wanted it. 
a lot. We wish that DC would sign people exclusive. Now, Eric, there's a little monkey paw, it seems, because it seems these exclusive guys, they won't, yeah, they won't take them off of books. And, you know, maybe this Brian Michael Bendis, once we see his books, what he's going to be on, maybe this will be something. But the books themselves, like, and, and yeah, that some of them aren't a lot. Some people like the Joshua Williamson flash. The problem is, it's just, it's gone on too long. There's no shame in him ending this run and moving well, on to another book. You can and I do be think remembered as writing Moby Barry. Well, and I do think he'd be better suited for a darker book. And that seems like, like Hellblazer? that Hellblazer, maybe a Swamp Thing, maybe an Animal Man, something like that, something different. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, I just don't think we're going to get that. We're just going to keep getting the same things until they just run everything into the ground. Well, I don't know. Uh, Ryan Hitch is off Justice League now, so maybe this yeah, is the is. beginning of change. Yeah, maybe. The winds of that, change are coming, Mr. Werner. They are. Others, he said. Detective, see above. I'll check back if when the following happens. Tynan gets away from any villain he's featured in any of his previous stories when number 1000 drops or if the creative team changes. Tim Drake, I guess, just isn't my Robin. Hashtag Damian Wayne League. Hashtag Red Hood League. Eric. All right. <laughs> uh, action. I like this issue more than the entire Oz arc itself. I did too. too. Although I was thrown for a loop at points with Superman so torn up about his dad being bad when I thought he himself kind of saw the staff was responsible. Yeah, we've already said that as well. These are the comic hiccups I hate that I'm starting to roll with because they happen too often nowadays. Now, I did like the issues ending a lot, but a little editor Shay is really needed now more than ever for both of the big two comic companies. Doomsday Clock. I've read this book three times now. I liked it a little more on the follow-up read-throughs, but I'm still on right. Team Jim. Hashtag oh. Team Jim. For this first issue <laughs> anyway. I'm still super interested to see where it, go it goes, and I have years of reading going into this, so I think it was more just shock of not what I expected. Same here. Although since Jeff Johns has let me down less than my girlfriend in life, he gets the benefit of the doubt for now. And a lot of people are saying that. And I do think... <laughs> That, no wonder uh, he don't put a ring on it. That's right. He should put a ring on Jeff Johns. Uh, I've tried. When you look I'm at the reviews, they are all, yeah, really, they all all over. I, I just think of when I say that, that picture of him with the how crazy oh, was, with the that, rings. I was on the other side of that picture. I gave uh, him all that ring. Uh, it's so crazy. But, yeah, I, I do think that a lot of people were kind of thrown back by thinking that this first issue, maybe we thought me and my crew, hashtag Team Jim, uh, were expecting too much. Maybe we were. We were expecting something that was going to re – it was going to, you know, get my fire up for DC Comics like yeah. the Rebirth number 1 did. Now, this whole arc may, this whole event, but he obviously wanted to set up what happened after Watchmen first. So uh, it just wasn't was what I expected. Uh, Wonder Woman. Well, the life just got sucked back out of this arc for me. I don't need to know one more goddamn thing about Jason's past for as long as I live. Thank you very much. It's so Who weird. Who knew for a story it's that so I cared weird. about? I wanted to see for so long that this quickly they could make me hate the character. Yeah, it's so weird that I guess maybe because but it's it's weird that you don't you didn't see this first and then you thought like boy I this character is a bunch of nonsense and I really am not interested. Then you see he's bad to kind of give a little fire for the character. But going back to this to what you're supposed to think was a flashback issue to show why he went bad, but yet you don't get that. Deep you know, six. You'll, You'll hear about it coming up. 
It's the next book after we get done. Uh, the Marvel Minute with Brandon. I think we just did our whole review right there. I did really. There wasn't a lot to talk about. I don't care how sexy he is. At least he got back to being sexy, right? He got Brandon rid, of that, says, rid of that Balboa nose. Yeah. I gents, Brandon. And he says, Amazing Spider-Man, Renew Your Vows, number 13, is what he will be talking about. I don't think right I there. voted this week. I think that I might have retweeted and favored it, and I forgot to vote. Uh, I don't know what else. Maybe I just voted for something else. And I'm just pretty sure that's along. what I voted for. Yeah, so we're going to get that from Brandon and Trevitt right about now. Aw, thanks so much for the suit, Mr. Stark. This isn't a hug. I was just trying to open the door for you. Now get the hell out of my car. Lynn did an internship in the superhero field. Fought Captain America and stole his shield. But now the high pass field bored and useless. Can't just sit on my butt. Mr. Stark should have knew this. Happy Hogan is my point of contact. But that's it. No Avengers contract. Professor Happy day in, day out. And be a vigilante. Swinging about. Whose bike is this? I'll just leave it here. Left a note that I said to just so we're clear. Stop a dick from robbing a car. That's his car. Oh, uh, oops. Sorry. Look at those punks with hero masks Trying to rob an ATM with glowy packs I faced all four and tried to stop Till they blew up the sandwich the shop The showers are sweet His suit's so lit He kicks but though just a kid Swings up Alright, welcome everybody This is the Marvel Minute On episode 151 of Weird Science DC Comic Podcast uh, I am Brandon, as always Joined by Trevitt Trevitt, what's up man? Nothing much, just woke up <laughs> you know, we're coming at you Sunday morning, pre-NFL schedule time. Uh, I've already got two FanDuel and DraftKings in. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've had a good Sunday morning so far. We're going to talk a little Amazing Spider-Man, Renew Your Vows. Number 13, the first legacy issue, and this might bring my morning down a little bit. But anyway, uh, we got another creative team taking over this book. This time it is going to be written by Jody Hauser. Our team of Nick Roche or Rorsch and Ruth Redmond, uh, Mar- Marvel Comics production. These guys are following up Slot uh, and Adam Kubert, Jerry Conway and Ryan Stegman, and then Ryan Stegman on writing duties with Nathan Stockman and Brian Lavelle. On to who I just mentioned, Jody Hauser and Nick Roche. Um, so yeah, we, we keep going down the ladder here as far as creative teams go. Um, this one involves a time jump. Uh, so we're going to get into the blurb and let you know what's going on here. Bottom of the uh, well, what'd you say? I said we're at the bottom of the barrel now. <laughs> yeah. I feel like Jody, I know Jody Hauser. Doesn't they, is it a boy or a girl? Uh, I am not sure. Cause you know, that's I, you know I thought, um, <laughs> I thought that was an artist, though, is what I'm trying to get to. Oh, no, no. She does, like, uh, Faith and Faith in the Future future, future, future Force, which she does a good job on, a really good job. But uh, okay. I, I, I think it's a she for some reason. I want to say a she. Yeah, I would imagine the writer of the Faith book is a girl. Um, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, well, we're moving on to our fourth creative team in 13 issues, and I'm thinking uh, that a little – uh, I can't fucking read today. It's too early. Let's try this again. <laughs> or I wrote it wrong, and, and now I know what Jim goes through when he reads my emails. Uh, well, we're moving on to our fourth creative team in 13 issues, and I'm thinking that a little much personally. Ah, uh, I got it. I got it. And I'm thinking that's a little much personally and does not bode well for the overall life of the book. I can't read well. Uh, but what the hell do I know other than my enjoyment for the book has declined with each subsequent uh, 
creative change. So let's pop in here to legacy issue number 13 and see what's cooking with the spider family. Uh, so the issue starts up with Annie taking on a version of the Sinister Sticks. We got Electro, uh, male Electro, not Electra. Uh, we got old school Doc Ock, Raven. Um, I'm sorry, not Raven. Craven, Craven and Vulture, Mysterio, and Sandman. And they're all going at Spiderling here. Uh, and she's having an identi identity crisis at the same time with her name being Spiderling now that she's, you know, would they skip ahead? Eight or ten years? I forget. Eight she years. Eight years. Eight. Okay. Yeah. So she was. I think she was ten when uh, uh, before the time jump. So now she's like eighteen, or or she was eight and now she's. What? I think she was eight. So she's sixteen. Okay. She's so a sophomore she's in high school. Now. All right. That that all lines up. So we got a sixteen-year-old Spiderling who doesn't like the name Spiderling anymore while she's taking on the Sinister Six. Uh, kind of a little bit of a goofy beginning and. Because of the lack of background and stuff in, in previous issues where it's it's hinted at that she'd be going to the uh, school with the X-Men, uh, you kind of get the idea this is the danger room. Um, Spider-Man jumps in the fray to, to kind of help her out a little bit, and they go to attack these villains, and, and that's when you really get the idea they're in the danger room because it's like a hologram that starts fading through as Annie goes to attack it, and Wolverine comes bursting out. Uh, he, he takes a moment to tell Spiderling to, to get serious. You know, now when you're fighting six on one is not the time to start debating out loud if Spiderling is a, is a good name for a 16-year-old superhero or not. Uh, you know, she kind of puts her head down, says, sorry, sir. And then Spider-Man and Wolverine kind of have an uh, interesting exchange, with they, which they've had previously in this book, uh, kind of about Spiderling. And while they're arguing it out, um, she kind of just walks off on him. And, you know, that's the end of that. We move on to the next scene. Uh, you got anything to add there? I mean, to sum it up pretty well. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know what? I want to say one thing. This is like the first issue I've seen in a long time, um, maybe ever, where uh, Wolverine actually looks shorter than everybody else. And it's, it's, it's a little off-putting. <laughs> I gotta say, yeah. he looks like yeah, a he's, troll. he's supposed to be drawn like five two ish. They never really do that. Uh, no, too and, well. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, like and, Peter's a whole entire head bigger than him. He looks a little midgety. He does not look threatening at all, even with the mean yeah. face. He just looks like he looks a little like the size of uh, Puck. The size Puck's usually drawn. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, that's why good friends. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, maybe you're right. Uh, but anyway, we switch scenes here, and and now we're checking in on Peter, who's driving Annie um, home from school. Looks like you know school's ended for the summer, so they're going back to the apartment in New York, um, and and he's trying to you know strike up a conversation while her face is buried in the phone. So things not uh, things aren't really going very well for Peter. Uh, you know he kind of mentions we should have a family fun day before school starts back up. And Annie suggests attending this VR theme park. You know, uh, she's all excited when, when he's like, all right, let's see what we can do. Um, flash forward to back at the spider house. And Peter and MJ are kind of scouring the internet for tickets to this VR theme park and find it to be, you know, obnoxiously overpriced. I, I imagine like Disneyland prices, you know what I'm saying? And it's yeah, not, yeah. not really something they can afford on their salaries. Um, so, so Peter ends up, you know, thinking about it for a minute. He still wants to have like a family fun day. And then he's, 
going to come up with an idea that's budget friendly. Um, and then these two also discuss and talk about the idea of workshopping new ideas for Spiderling's name. Um, I, that's a big thing in this issue, <laughs> I guess, because, you know, Spiderling is not appropriate for a 16 year old girl. She has a big problem with that. When he's walking up the wall, the way his sneakers are drawn, like they look like, they look like shoes, shoes, like, the way they're shaped, they're like shoes you would wear with a suit, but they're like sneakers. Sneakers, the yeah. Time. They're like uh, Converse, wingtip Converses. Yeah, wingtip Converses. <laughs> uh, yeah, with the rubber toe. Um, and then I also thought like Peter's climbing up this wall. He does a backflip from the top of the wall. Like his knees are going to crush the ceiling and he's going to land straight uh, yeah. on his neck. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> that wall does not look tall enough for him to do a flip like that. It just no a backflip unless he's walking on the ceiling. I don't know what they're trying to get across here, but yeah, he's, he literally looks like he's doing a backflip and then lands all spider style. MJ's got kind of a big fat mom butt in that one panel. Um, yeah, and then, and then we move on. I mean, it's just a boring conversation between those two. Uh, we yeah. go to family fun day. So I don't know if this involves like another like towards the end of the summer type deal or the next day. They don't really mention it, but instead of the VR theme park that Annie wanted. Uh, they've just attended basically the small little theme park in Coney Island, um, which disappoints her. You know, she's, she's not all pumped up for this. Like she was the VR theme park. Um, tries to play some games, you know, the stupid um, old, old school game with the milk, old school milk jugs. She ends up not knocking them down. Peter's trying to tell her, Oh, don't make it obvious you have powers or whatever. And like she couldn't do uh, it anyway. <laughs> yeah, I know. She, I don't think she ends up winning, right? She she gets no. like the small prize, not the big prize. You know, if you win, you get the uh the the little tiny prize, and she has to pick from all these superhero heads. And Peter's like, yeah, yeah pick Spidey, and she ends up picking Wolverine. <laughs> she knocks them all <laughs> down is, except for one. <laughs> yeah, which is uh the only joke I liked in this whole issue. Like, yeah, I liked that joke too. <laughs> Uh, well, not hit on me physically, but like, you know, hit for me. Um, yeah, anyway, uh, we move on from there, and all of a sudden, Lizard pops up in the middle of the Coney Island theme park with, with really no setup or anything. He just oh, comes just flying out of nowhere. Uh, and, and, you know, they hide behind this sign real quick and, and all get changed into their gear. And they go to attack the Lizard, and that's our cliffhanger for the issue. Um, oh boy, super good. So yeah, that was it. Uh, <sighs> buy, borrow, or forget. Renew your vows. Uh, I was, you know, when they first announced the time jump for eight years later, it was before they announced the creative team. Yeah. So I really kind of assumed that one of the uh, original creative teams, preferably for me, Conway and Stegman, were going to kind of be back on the book. Me too. And then as as the solicits dropped, and, and I found out it was then going to be the fourth creative team change on this book uh, since uh, the, the five issues from Secret Wars and, and this started from issue one and all new, all different. Uh, I really kind of lost interest there. And then reading it, I didn't did, don't have much interest in the future of the title because, I don't know, we were discussing things beforehand and, and just the way the art's done with the backgrounds and the story level of... of and the way it's being told, 
it feels like it's turned into now a book for uh, kind of my daughter who is five and um, <laughs> not really a book that I remain interested much in anymore. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't know. I'm kind of heartbroken really about it because I, I really enjoyed the, the callbacks and the throwbacks and the differences in this world at first and, and the way it's gone and transitioned has ultimately by issue 13 turned this into a forget it all together for me. And I'm, I'm really sad and heartbroken about it because you don't get much MJ and Peter action or any at all in the, in the real Marvel, uh, you know, universe. So this is where I was going for my fix and it, it looks like that's now going away as well. So I'm a little bummed out about it. The cover looks good. That's the best art because the art yeah, inside doesn't match it. It gets all goofy and fucking and a and little weird. Like, I don't even feel like Peter looks like an older version of Peter. He just looks like somebody different altogether. Uh, and, yeah, I, I've lost my attachment, I guess, for it. I don't, I don't know. What do you think? I think I'm being a little harsh on it because I know some people might enjoy it. Yeah, but I mean, uh, yeah. With, with this time skip uh, and the creative change and how it all looks and how the first issue came off, I've now completely just like I don't even want to give it a few extra issues. I'm just out if it's going to be like this, you know. Yeah, I thought uh, I thought the time change was going to be cool, you know, make her more of an adult. But it, 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 the funny part, it, this is the funny thing, is like, Jesus Christ, it's about to pop up. Um, the more of an adult they made her, the more childish the book got for some reason. I, I don't know. Yeah, why. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it make any sense. Like, it's like, it was more of an adult book when she was an eight-year-old than it is when she's 16. Yeah. Just, ah. yeah. I, the book. I, that's like a point I 150% agree with right there. Like, and, <laughs> I couldn't have said it any better myself. It's really goofy, and um, it, it's like a children's book. It reads like a children's book. Um, yeah. I didn't really like it that much. The, the art, I mean, Brian, but when you come from Brian Level and, and um, Ryan Stegman, I mean, this is our fourth new artist and our third new writer. And when from Stegman and Level, we're really good. I, I didn't, uh, Stockman's pretty good too. Uh, yeah, he wasn't bad. Those, yeah, all three of those guys are pretty good. Stegman was amazing. Um, and I don't know. It's just it's so it's just so goofy. It's goofy from the art, from the dialogue. Like it looks like a children's book. It reads like a children's book. Like when you read it, it's very. I don't know. It, it feels like a cartoon. I I would watch. You know. Yeah, I feel like it's even there. below like teenage reading level. You know what? I think they were trying yeah. to kind of hit that sweet spot, and they they went way underneath. Like it's like they really did. Eight year old. Uh, they really did. I don't think children, like, the, like. Here's the topics covered in this story. I want to change my name from Spiderling. They literally beat that into the ground. Yeah. Then yeah. I want to go to a theme park, and then we go to a shittier theme park we we didn't really want to go to, and boom, a villain pops up, which is your cliffhanger. Like that that is just a boring issue of a comic book. Like there's no nothing to get you invested uh, that happens that makes you want to pick up the next issue. Like okay, you want to change your name? I don't care what you change it to, but it, it, that's not getting me to buy next issue. No, uh, the lizard popping up. Yeah, the lizard popping up. writer. Want to buy it? Uh, what's different about the lizard? <laughs> you know what no, I'm saying? No, And Jody <laughs> Hauser is a better writer, and you're right. There was no. He just pops up at the end. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why. Why? Like, give me a reason why the lizard want to attack a carnival. Like, it's not like yeah. a bank or anything. There's no money. There yeah, they, like 
scientific. They didn't set up any conflict in the story to make the lizard want to appear. It's it's like no. just coincidence they happen to be there while up, he's no. there. They should it shouldn't have what even been where they attended that day. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> what a coincidence! No, it's I it it's a forget for me. I I I wish I had more to say about it. But anything I would have more to say about would just like uh I. I have nothing because I just didn't yeah. care. I just didn't care. It wasn't that great. I read it last night and I read it in eight minutes and I took my time. <laughs> I took my time and I read it in eight minutes. I, I, yeah. I was surprised because it felt longer. And um, after I was done reading it, I, I looked at the clock before I did it because I was, it was about when I was about to go to bed and it was like one fifty-eight. And then, um, and then when I was done reading, it was like, 206 207 and i was like okay that's weird yeah. <laughs> that, that was way quicker than it felt uh yeah, this this was a bummer yeah it was a real bummer it was a real bummer um, it only takes me 15 20 minutes to read a comic because i take my time i look at the art i examine things but um it's eight minutes and i did all that like there's just <laughs> not much to examine yeah uh so it's just not that good <laughs> it is less than the basic level of storytelling going on here because there's not a story being told it's i want a new name and what are we going to name you and you know yeah whatever I don't, I don't know peter makes a joke oh i don't even know if there's any spider names left uh -huh. right, yeah <laughs> it made that joke multiple times already i'm looking at uh i down i just downloaded like a couple issues of the early run when renew your vows like one to five and and the art is just surreal and beautiful and amazing. And and the dialogue and the story's great. The dialogue's great. But then again, you had Jerry Conway, who's got more experience writing great yeah. Spider-Man stories than Jerry Conway. Like, so what are you gonna do? Bring back Jerry Conway. No offense, Jody Hauser. You're great. I, I love your Faith book. It's great. And I, I love other books that you do. But I'm I'm not big on this right now. I, I mean, if you're writing it for the children, I guess I could understand that. You know, if you're not writing it for me, then it makes sense that I wouldn't like it. But I mean, it was written for me before. Why isn't it written for me now? That's, <laughs> I know. that's what I don't I understand. That's why I'm so disappointed too. <laughs> right. So, yeah, we're gonna wrap this bad boy up because there's not much to discuss really about uh, just some teenage girl wanting a new superhero name and, <laughs> and the lizard popping up at the end. Um, so yeah, if you guys are looking for us, uh, we all also do the Marvel Madness Comics podcast where this book will be on there and three others this week, including Captain Marvel, Silver Sable, and help me out with that fourth one, Thanos. Thanos. Uh, so yeah, I'm excited about uh, at least one of those. And, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, if you're looking for us personally, you can find me at Beamer3660. Trevor, where can they find you, man? You can find me at Affernaddict. And we will holler at you guys next week. Pulls up on Monday. Uh, A.A. Ron, please remind me if I forget. And peace out. Later, guys.
government. My business tanked, so I had to supplement. Stole some tech, it just fell from the sky. Got a family to feed, so I have to try. If I rob this plane, I'll be set for life. Just luxury vacations with my blinged out wife. Why did Parker come along and ruin my plan? Spend my life in prison, Liz will never understand. Jim rings the bell. This means Shay's reviews are going well. Jim rings the bell. Jim rings the bell. Eric Shay's reviews are all the bomb. Eric's the bomb. And if Shay's recaps are read without a single misstep, ring the bell. Ah, uh, yes. Ring You're going the bell against or... the song now. Well, it's funny because ring the bell. that's what I used to do. But the problem is I like ringing the bell. And I never get to if I have to wait for you to say a blurb that you don't make a mistake. That's the Look, problem. The action comics oh, my goodness tough. gracious. I wouldn't have been ringing the bell then. But will we get to ring the bell? Uh, this uh, there's only one more time in this section because we're on our second sections of blah, 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 books. Eric. Oh, ding. I, wait, where's where is? <laughs> That's go. what you get. We're in our second section of books, and this uh, is a section that used to be kind of the flash speedster section but even that seems to be ruined by things going wrong and going on pretty anymore. much it's just the wonder flash of america section now the and you only flash have of you only have one book in this section of three so it's all up to you eric the pressure is on oh, can God. you do this and <gasps> then i could ring the bell can i do this eric go Wonder Woman number 35, written by James Robinson, with art by Emmanuel Lupacino, Ray McCarthy, Romeo Fajardo Jr., and Seda Tebafonte. The not-so-secret origin of Jason is revealed this issue, even though we talked about all of this previously, and really, nothing new is explored here besides the end where you... Ah, uh, I think we'd catch... Uh, <laughs> you'd think we'd catch up where <laughs> Grail and him first met, but yes. instead of that, we get Jason going up against a group of fishmen known as the Deep Six. Oh, the Deep Six, Eric. I'm gonna ah, give so you. Close. I'm gonna give you a bell just because I liked it, and really. It, it, that's Eric Shea to me. That's America's sweetheart through and right. through. The, you can't he see her. He can't like see without face. his glasses and chokes under pressure. The other day, he's telling me as, as he drinks a whole gallon of iced tea at work. And he yeah. gets done, and he says to me, uh, what do you want to bet that I can make this? He was going to throw it into the trash can that was probably at this point seven feet away, eight seven, feet, eight, ten, like maybe. That. And I just – I said – not even playing this game because there is no way that you are ever gonna make it and then you're Look, like I yeah made well it, the wind took it yeah you're like yeah well and through it it was nowhere close i wish the i had the bell it. then uh yes we're talking about wonder woman and the problem with this issue number one is or number one two three and four is that this story is really dragging on oh my and God. this every issue, time it gains a bit of momentum oh it says well God. fuck this let's hit the brakes yeah and and this hits the brakes to the point where i don't understand why I don't understand anything that you're you're not setting anything up. James Robinson is not setting anything up in this that we didn't already know or could have figured out ourselves. No. And really, the entire conversation we spent yeah. having between Wonder Woman and Jason last issue 
is ever, like it's everything we deal with here. I'm telling you, if you sat uh, sat there and thought to yourself last issue, man, I really would have liked to have seen this instead of them talking yes. about. It. Maybe yep. this issue's for you though. But yeah, maybe since it is. I already have the information given to me. I don't need to go back and see everything that we yeah. already talked and about. And the problem with this is we ended last issue with Jason revealing that he's been with Grail. He has more of an affinity to Grail than his sister. He watched Wonder Woman from afar, and everybody thinks and she's that was so a great, great cliffhanger. And he's want to jump into ne- this and, issue. And, yeah, and even the the point when he started you get the idea that he's mad because Hippolyta abandoned him and he never met his dad the problem with this issue is it even goes against that by showing not that he had an awful upbringing not that he was a miserable kid who who had nobody paying attention to him basically showing that he had a pretty decent upbringing and even when he found out yeah even when he found out that Zeus was his quote-unquote father he's like no 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 I had a better father with me here and you never get any Anything of this that you would think that he was would be jealous or anything? No. I, I mean, really, it goes against. Like this reminds maybe, me of what we'll get. We'll get to a point where you know somehow Grail and Darkseid used the anti-life equation yeah. on him and took away his freaking maybe. free will and shit like that. So that's why he's joining. But let's by- see that now. You don't need this setup. Also, we were told that Hercules came to train him and came back and forth and whatnot. And you get that where also you don't get the idea that he didn't like Hercules because it seems that he would have been involved in Hercules' death. Yeah, they were brothers, and he seems to really like that. Uh, There's weird things in this that are pointed out, like the whole deal where Glaucus does not want Jason to yell out the name of Zeus. So I don't know if that's going to be important later. You get that whole goddamn thing that keeps being shoved down our throat about those herbs. Like he he even has to spell out herbs. Yeah, and it's almost like that's to me reading that in this that only is to point out that Grail and Darkseid would have no use of killing him because right. he is just a mortal who happened to eat these herbs that makes him immortal and doesn't really have a power to take. That's the only reason I could think that that's there. It's just so weird. But I would think also with this issue is setting up that Jason really loves Glaucus, and then at the end when Grail and Darkseid go to kill him, that will be the moment where he turns and becomes a hero. But really, this issue did nothing at all moving the story forward. It really no. does nothing. And it's the most bizarre issue that I think I've ever read since we started because there are issues where, oh, you know, not much goes on, but at least you get something. This is basically like you said, hey, you you know what you heard before? If you want a little bit more detail and see it instead of hearing about it, boy, we got an issue for you. I was complaining two issues ago when we had to go back and see what Grail was doing. The fact that we had to go over to like why they, like they the gods that they were killing, even though we talked about they were killing the demigods before. Yeah. And we had to go back and see that. That was furious, uh, infuriating to me. Yeah. Now this is worse. This is uh, just giving is. us everything we've already know to the point where we get to a cliffhanger where I hope we can get back to the story that I want to see that we had a cliffhanger with last issue. But instead, yeah. it's a bunch of fishmen known as the Deep Six yeah. who are going and, after Jason. And I, I don't know if this makes any sense. And I, it's Review just a over. feeling. Yeah, it's just a feeling that I have. But it's really weird, even with this whole James Robinson run that he started. 
this book just doesn't feel like a Wonder Woman book. It just doesn't to me. And even to the point where I'm just I'm thinking here while you were talking about what this could be setting up because that whole thing is like, hey, you know, Glock is like, I told him who his mom and dad were and maybe his powers were from that and he has powers and all this. But when he does say like, hey, uh, you know, I want to know about my father's zoo. Don't, don't say that because, y- you know, your dad might hear it, but also you're jealous, his jealous wife, and which is Harrow, obviously, yeah, yeah. which I think is being... Being set up that she will show up at some point. I don't and when know I'm thinking she will. Well, and I'm thinking about it, I'm like, huh, that'd be weird for her to show up in this book. No, it isn't weird because this is Wonder Woman, but the way the story's going, I almost forget that this isn't just a side book. It just seems so un Wonder Woman like this. Even story. the thing is, like the way we have the patrons of, you know, the gods of Wonder Woman and Jason at this point, of the Olympian gods, yeah. they're not like the physical forms that we no. saw previously in the New 52. They, they just show up as animals. Yeah, but so that's I don't the even problem we, is, we don't know that that's what James Robinson's no. going to deal with. I, I have a feeling that. I don't think we're going to deal with any of it. No, I have a feeling that if we, when we do, in fact, see gods ever again, uh, they're not going to go with that nonsense anymore. They're, they're going to, it's just weird that Hera keeps being brought up. Uh, it's fine with Zeus or whatever. It's obviously his dad. But to keep bringing up Hera and, oh, his jealous wife, his jealous wife and this. Well, that's what everybody's afraid will... of at that point. Yeah, well, I'm saying maybe this will be one of the things that ends up coming to be because in the New 52, which who knows if that even exists anymore. At one point, Wonder Woman and Hera were actually friends and, and yeah. helped each other out for and a then bit. They so were. I don't know. But really, if you're going to do this and you're dealing so much with the sons of Zeus, I wish that it would go back. And you even have the Argonauts being talked about in that. Yeah. I wish we would go back to that classic deal that Azarella was doing in the New 52. Yeah, I we'll see. That. We'll see what's going on. But really, with this, you get a, a couple of things of nonsense. You see where Jason first becomes a hero, where he has a mask on and he's going, and Glaucus sees that. But then we also, to me, the biggest thing in this possibly is that you see that Glaucus is like, hey, you know what? I never stay in one place at one time. I'm yeah, going to get going. Now. So at least we know that he's out and about. He's just gone and then says, you know what? When things are probably the most inopportune, I'll probably come back. Yeah. So you, you've set that up and you set how he got the boat. But really and from the there, house, yeah. from there you just – and also here he was really good with the with the wind and seeing where the fish were. And that leads to him sensing something when he's on the boat, telling his crew of fucking circus characters to go <laughs> down below. Like, hey, hey, you guys, get down below. Shit's gone wrong. And then all of a sudden you get deep six, these six – Fucking mermen and craziness. These six creatures from the Black Lagoon. I'm telling Jim. you, it, it just gets me going because the one, the one looks like a, uh, I don't know, he looks too much like a parademon for me. But you have these guys, and I, you, you had to have been because you obviously read this before me. You were reviewing it. You had to have been going through this, and when they said like, oh my God, there, there's some waves going or whatever, you. Fully are expecting There's Grail no and Darkseid to come out. I would not think that Grail would have come up and yes, made herself known that to Jason. Grail would have come up. This and is where we, we were leading up to yes. with our backstory. Previously, we were dealing with Grail leading up to the fact point and, where they – Oh, that's Jason. That's one of yeah. his brother. Yeah. I have plans for him later. Okay. Yeah, and, and there's no way. There are times in comics where you are led to believe something's going to happen. And when it isn't, it's the M. Night Shyamalan twist. And you're like, holy shit, that's awesome. That's cool. You could even say that, that earlier. You could even say earlier when Jason revealed that he was not on the up and up, that he's a bad guy with growl. That twist. was one of those twists. Yeah. Deep Six is not the twist you want. When they show up, you had to have been like, 
the what fuck the is going fuck? on? Like, what is going on? And I on? was like, already doing that because I'm just rereading shit I read yeah, last issue. But then to have it be that you're almost pushing that we're now going to get an issue with Deep Six? Oh, no. Not even an issue in yeah. my mind. An arc. <sighs> Because this is all we've been waiting for is this story with Jason and Wonder Woman. And now we're going to pause for Deep Six, which look cool. I'm telling you, the art is Emmanuel Lupacino. I I love her art. No matter what she's on, I love it. It's just a shame that nothing happens in this issue. And you know what? Jason's nose doesn't look terrible. No, it doesn't. And and I'm telling you, at the one point when you see Wonder Woman from the the profile where she's blocking the shots with the the, uh, shield – Looks incredible. Looks so good. And Jason looks great. And really, from seeing him as a boy growing up in this issue to the progression of him, you know, being a, a young adult here, he he looks pretty sexy, right? He looks like what I would expect him to look like. Even when Hercules shows up and goes, you know what? You look like me, you know, because we're brothers. I'm like, yeah, you both are sexy guys. Come on over. Come on over here, big oh. boy. No, no, what no. you doing, Alexei? That's all I want. I want burn victim May West to get, you know, getting sexy with these two. Uh, but yeah, this issue is nonsense. This issue is nonsense, Eric. You know, I, I, what else can you say? Nothing. <laughs> can I'm you really go on about this review way more. If you want to hear what happened no. in this issue, besides for Deep Six, go and hear our review yeah, of last and I, issue. I, I really want to. Uh, point out the fact that we really like to talk about these books with each other so when we only talk seven to eight minutes of a book that means that we really don't have, there's nothing to talk about we'll no, find stuff it actually to talk just about. makes me angry to talk about it because it's what we've already discussed yeah, it's just weird i really really was selling james robinson as being like the savior of this book, oh, me too. and he has not been, and especially nope. because it's a, a story that we've been waiting for years to to see come about, and and wait that long to get a fucking brakes being hit. I mean, this is a bumpy ride we're going. It's like almost These like one of the all the brakes. When uh, yeah, and whenever you see, <laughs> whenever you see a sitcom <laughs> where some kid is learning to drive, and it's like. Arr, 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 that's what we're getting. You're getting a sitcom driving lesson. But yeah, what'd you give it, Eric? I'm telling you, I love the art in this issue, but I think the entire thing is bullshit, so I gave it a 4.5 out of 10. Yeah, I think that I'm going to go 5. I, I love the art, and usually we'll say that the art's enough to keep it away from a fuck you 5, but this is the most complete nonsense waste of an issue that we've ever had. I, I can explain. If somebody was in the comic store and they're like, boy, can't wait to see what happens, I could tell them in a half a sentence to get them to the next issue. Yeah. That, that, that's all it would take, and to have this there. Why? Why is this such a nothing issue in the middle of an arc? I I just don't understand. It's not like James Robinson has been on this book for 35 issues. He well, just I jumped on to have issue, this. For some reason, we'll deal with the Deep Six, and then the next yeah. issue after that, we'll get back to what we want to see with Wonder Woman, and then the next issue after that, we're going to have the secret origin of Glaucus. Yeah, not, and there's, at, and there's at one point, herbs. You would think at one point now, again, this is probably where I would say Grail shows up and saves – uh, Jason from Deep Six, maybe, but really, Jason even says it at the end. And what we've seen and what we know about who he is, he should rip right through oh, them. Yeah. But yeah, maybe we'll find out they have been sent as kind of a test by Grail. You have to have when he met Grail, so that has to be somewhere coming up. So why do this now? Why not just have it Grail come up and go, "Hey there, buddy, what's going Deep on?" Yeah, you know, I see you want to be a hero, but you'll never be like your sister, that famous one over there. Yeah, you know she's your sister. You know all she about got all it. The Let's go. These are the breaks. That's what we'll have.
but we're going to move on to the next issue, and I'm going to try to ring my own bell, Eric, I'll which I do usually on the reg. <laughs> Flash number 35, written by Joshua Williamson and Michael Morakai. Art by Pop Man, Ivan Placencia, and Steve Wands. Do you see how careful I'm being with this? The Flash continues with Mina throwing shade at Barry and Flash and Kid Flash working together. While that's what I've wanted for so long now, this book seems to be stuck running in place. And while I love Popman's art, I need more to get excited about The Flash. I really want to get excited about The Flash. That's how you do it, Aaron. That's how you do it. Make it short and sweet is what I like to think of myself as, though I don't like to point out that I'm short, Eric. I'm average size for a man in Europe in the 1700s. That's right. There you go. But yeah, this Flash book uh, continues being – it's a weird thing. We talked about it earlier with Detective of things popping back up and never moving forward. The, the weird thing about Joshua Williamson here is he's almost like – it's almost like a poor man's Dan Abnett book where to me and you both said before is that a Dan Abnett 7 because you don't get enough to get upset about, but you never get enough going forward to really get excited about. Yeah. I think that that's what this Flash book has ended up. It's nothing that I could say to Brandon. Hey, Brandon, you need to uh, you know listen or not listen. Read this. I There I go, Eric. I'll hit there. I messed Stuff. Yeah, uh, but yeah, you, you can't. I can't say to anybody, "Hey, you got to get on this book. It's so exciting. It's so great." But there's always glimpses of something that's a little better coming down the line, possibly. But also during the issue, it's not infuriatingly bad. You know, I I rarely give this book a two, but I rarely give it an eight. That's the problem. So I rarely this, give it a seven. Well, this issue, I usually, I'm telling you, if you ask me to rate what the run of Flash is so far, I would say a six or a six five, somewhere around that that realm. So it's not horrible. Uh, it's just not what I want, and it's not fun. And it seems like Joshua Williamson really wants to make this a dark horror book, and it's not working with the flash no. it really isn't working i think he's a really good writer when he has gone off to do like the button issues or he goes off and does something else he usually does pretty well it's just the flash that he just doesn't seem to be able to grab a hold of and really make it a fun book that i want well, that's maybe just because the maybe i'm the only one is bullshit. well yeah because it starts off where you have a little backstory of mina when she ended up getting sucked into the speed force when she was attacked by which is weird uh, because Godspeed, which we don't really know force, why <laughs> that, that's she, yeah i'm Go saying on. she was sucked into the speed force i don't know how she got stuck no. in the speed force for what, what godspeed was doing and when she did, her costume is left behind. Yeah. Here we see she has her costume. She's wearing the costume. Force, so and when, when Black Hole pulls her out, it rips her costume off of yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. And the weird thing about it is And this is whole progression, to me, too. It really seems like she spent maybe a minute in the Speed Force yeah, before she pulled out. Yeah, it doesn't seem long. And then to pull out her whole deal going forward about her being mad at Barry's nonsense. But yeah. what what the thing is, is Godspeed pretty much had Mina and two other guys. He, she was, he was running around them, which was established, would rip out the Speed Force in such a nature that you would die. Somehow, she got sucked into the Speed Force. If you ask me, I thought that they were going to deal with the fact that the Speed Force saved her, that the actual Speed Force kind of, it took her in. 
Eve. Yeah. And because it doesn't make sense of why she ended up. Like you said, no. her custom was left behind, but yet we see it here. That's more of a nitpick for people who have been reading, which I don't think there are tons of people. The, the reviews I read, it seems like every issue is every reviewer's first one because yeah. they're confused about things. But yeah, you see that black hole ripped her out. Immediately, I thought the same thing that Barry brings up later, which is kind of intriguing because that shouldn't be. That doesn't make sense. How is Black Hole ripping people out of the Speed Force? Yes, they are trying to gather up the Speed Force technology and make it into guns and kind of do things. This is something that a speedster has hard time doing and yeah. even Barry says later you need a lightning rod this has been set up from the rebirth issue out of nowhere Joshua Williamson is screwing around with shit but she ends up wanting revenge and she says like I didn't come back for you know redemption or come back for this I came back for revenge this is a revenge story and I thought why why do you want revenge? Barry didn't do anything to you. He was only nice, fell in love well, with you. And, not only and, that, it's just we, we had all this background, and I can't even say all this, but we had a decent background between uh, Mina and Barry. And yeah. then she went, Godspeed attacked her. She somehow got pushed in the Speed Force like this. Where am I? Flashy. He let you die, and now yeah. you've experienced the true danger of the Speed Force. We need to study the Speed Force, learn from it, and understand it. Imagine the good we can do for the entire world if we controlled the Flash's power. That's all it took. When can yep. I start? Yep, when can I start? And where where did she say thank you? Where did she know. whisper thank you to, to Barry? This is – and she's just like, hey, I'm Mina, and I'm the negative Flash. And you're there, and she's like, what? You so seriously want to know why? Because he's like, why did you do this? And he – again, he is concerned for her. Like, you and can't I, I do just, this. It's a I destructive cancer. Yeah. What is and going she just, on? Please and, tell me more about the negative yeah. speed force. And this is the problem is then she just says it's unexplored. You've only scratched the surface of what Thong created. He didn't want to scratch the surface. We wanted him to. He didn't do anything. And then basically just says – you, you, you're just selfish. You want it all to yourself. You have your mommy issues. You have the greatest power in the world has ever known, the Speed Force, and you don't want to share it with anybody. And I just thought, like, first off, where's the Wally West from the Titans at this point? Yeah. Like, now there are so many more Speed Force users in this universe right now. How could you say that Barry wants Mina, it all to himself? I was there helping you. We set up a school yeah. together to help all those speedsters before. Yeah. Yeah, we were trying to teach them, and the only reason we stopped this is because it was too dangerous because of Godspeed. And, yeah. and really, you know, you even – even to throw – I said Wally, Wally, Barry, Mina. We also have Avery over in China. I mean how many speedsters do you need before you don't think that he's hogging the speed force? Seriously. If anything, they should have a story about how the speed force is diminished with how many people are going on. But yeah, you have this whole deal where she has him and then says like basically you have two options. You can chase me or you can save Kid Flash because my black hole guys are over there and they're pointing guns at him. But really all of this even goes and he says like I could have been your lightning rod. I could have taught you. And really, that ship sailed there, Barry. That ship's gone. But she just goes off, and it's such a forced issue of basically when I told you about it at work, it's basically the Jason Todd syndrome. Yeah. She came out of the Speed Force and is mad at Barry because he didn't do enough to find her and save her. Now, again, sometimes dead is dead, Eric. And, and, and sometimes you can't, dead is better. And sometimes dead is better. And sometimes you, you do what you can. And yeah, Barry. Yeah, I had a great memory of you when you were dead. Now that you're yeah. back, you're a bitch. And e well, and even in this, you would you would even go and something you said uh, kind of makes sense. 
I wish Barry would have said it. I, I, I can tap into the Speed Force. Like, I can sense things in the Speed Force. Obviously, he created it. He should be really good at that. There's been times where he can feel other things going on, where he went to look for her. Uh, you know what? I tried to kind of sense if you were there. You weren't there because, yeah. because Black Hole took her out. She wasn't there. I mean, she's asking about this, where, like you said, it seems like she was in for 10 minutes and is pissed. It's so weird, but yeah. It seems uh, like, you know, Godspeed put, somehow pushed her into the Speed Force, don't understand how, and instantaneously Black yeah. Hole pulled her out. Yeah, you never get an idea of how long it was, because she's been behind Especially the scenes. Especially when we had that thing before, where, like, you hear that, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm telling you, she, and she's been behind the scenes with Black Hole for a little bit now. So it's just she – I hope that maybe we find out she's controlled somehow, but I don't think that's going to be. No. And uh, what happens then is you have the black you hole guys. You have another lackluster pl- villain uh, origin yeah. just like we had with Bloodworth. Yeah, yeah, and, and basically these black hole guys are going to shoot Wally, and uh, Barry goes over and wants to help and then says – and this is again – this is so forced because Barry is like, I'll save you, Kid Flash. As they're getting attacked, Wally's like – you know what? Mina had something to that. You always do want to hug it. Okay, oh, well, let's Christ. work as a team. I'm like, really, Wally? You're, you're going to bring that up at this point? And, uh, yeah, he says, as they're getting hit by the black hole guns, which, again, I will like to point out, we really don't know what they do no. either. They never really spelled out. It just ends up hurting them. To me, now that we've had the negative speed force, it almost appears they're negative speed force gun, gun things. I guess. Because we never knew before, and they we don't really know them, now. And they kind of hurt they them hurt. to the point where they have to struggle a little bit and then can overcome it. Yeah, because this is where Wally's like, I hate to like, admit it, but Mina was right. Taser. Yeah, and they're getting hit by this. And then Wally's, I hate to admit it, but Mina was right about one thing. You need to step back. At this point, they should be dead. And he's like, you need to stop acting like you're the only one who knows how to use the Speed Force. We can do this together. And and Barry says, you're right. Connect your Speed Force lightning to mine. And now, again, this is what I've wanted. This is what I've wanted going forward. This is what I've wanted the whole time where you have these two working together. And then you go where they do connect lightning somehow. Again, every and time like things happen in this should book, be enough to create a feedback yeah, for Black uh, Hole's gun. Everything just happens. Uh, have us, you know, work into these things and explain to us what the negative speed force does. Explain to us what these black hole guns do. Because at one point they just killed freaking, uh, you know, Reverse Flash at one point because that's what Lois had, or I mean Iris. But, but that yeah, was they, the future. Uh, they yeah, might have been I'm more telling you, though, yeah, but I still they were the guns that were I, I in the goddamn museum. No, she said, she said. Luckily, I know how to use these because I picked one up before. So they, they do this, and basically they they get free. They get free, and they go off, and that's where they're like, oh, Mina got away. This sucks. And then basically two starts talking to each other in a little bit where they're like, you know what? We should have saw this coming. Wally even says, I saw it coming, you son of a bitch. But like, you know what? We thought it was a gift, Mina coming back. You were all about Mina was. too, Wally. Shut the fuck yeah. up. So we see Mina's run back to Black Hole. She's talking to them. They're like, hey, you know what? What's going on with this negative speed? For these poor, these poor these scientists. These goddamn scientists. Like, what is? Uh, like, why would anybody follow black hole? These three scientists are trying to study the the effects of the negative speed yeah. force on Mina. Like, you know, because it's what they do. She gets angry, and all of a sudden they're struck by lightning because of fucking Ray Jin or whatever his yeah, name is. The yeah, out of guy. nowhere, you have them say, "Listen, 
the uh, negative speed force is stabilized inside you, but the problem still stands, just like with the Flash, the powers are ripping apart your insides. Now, I don't know why they know that, but yeah, they're, they're you know, about the Flash because he was just going around, but because she like, had that head device. Maybe it was yeah, the I information guess, back. I guess. I yeah, know. I guess. And, and she says, I don't care. We have a job to do. Uh, we got to figure this out. We're going to figure out how this is. I'm going to control it. It'll never, the speed force will never be the same. We'll figure it out. All of a sudden, crack a boom, Eric. Crack a These boom. Guys, why? Does this guy who says he's, you know, I guess he's saying it's him. He just looks like a guy in a mecha suit to me, but he's Eurasian, the god of lightning, which is a, you know, Japanese god of lightning. It really is. And he says, I'm here to rain, you know, rain down on this world. Why couldn't he have shown up five feet away? So these poor guys, what did they do? They did Ray nothing. Jin, it's just kind of a dick. Yeah, he is, and he's there. I think it's supposed to show like I th- he I don't take I think it's funny nothing. too that the god of lightning has a black hole symbol on his chest. Yeah, I know. This is where I thought maybe he's not. What he, I don't like, think he's an he's actual take, god. It seems no, like black he's, hole tech. he's taking that name, but it's weird to spell that out here when he does have a black hole symbol huh. on his mecha suit. That you would only think uh, uses speed force powers or lightning powers through some sort of scientific way. But why kill the scientists that are trying to help you figure out shit? Know. It makes no sense. Like but, now we got to get ourselves some new scientists to study the negative speed force. Yeah, and then you go, you go off to Iron Heights, and you get Kirsten who's there. She's trying to figure out the, you know, this whole back thing of who this new crime boss is. Thinks that if she figures it out, Sing will let her leave Iron Heights and go back to the regular, you know. I've not seen a lot of Central City Police Department. Yeah, no, you haven't. And it's it's cool to see these villains on the screen. She's looking at the people who are actually in Iron Heights right now, and you know, you see the rogues target. I think it's funny too because the way this is laid out on the computer screen that she's looking at, you have a bunch of the like flashes, rogues gallery, and shit like that. And then you just have one guy who's just there. He doesn't have a name above his picture. He's bald head. He's cue ball. Eric, oh, but yeah, you you have Tar Pit, you have the Rogues, you have Paper Cut, and you have Godspeed, and then some nameless bald guy. Yeah. Uh, but she's trying to figure out, like, who could be this crime boss? Obviously, it's not these guys. They're in jail. She's trying to yeah, figure it out. Dummy. And all of a sudden, she hears this sound that, you know, whoosh. And I don't know why she thinks this is Barry, but she does. And, and she I, goes to the door. I really have to wonder what's going on because we do know that their office is in a jail cell because yeah. they don't have an actual office and they think this will be a secure place in case, you know, they're like a riot There's takes a place and need to lock themselves in. Yeah. This whole idea, I know it's after lights out or whatever, but when yeah. she's walking down the hall with just a freaking pen light, I'm like, yeah. why is this why, so Why aren't the lights on? Yeah, why isn't this a separate deal where you'd have lights on? Also... Why would you open the door? Why wouldn't you? Now, she doesn't quite get to it and then yells. Maybe somebody who it is does open the door, phases through even. But uh, you, you're you led to think it's Mina. We'll see who it is. But uh, by the end, you're even led to believe that she's dead. We'll see how I, I'm that telling goes. you, the thing is, it can't be her because we did not see it. It's yeah, only yeah, a bloody hand and we never see her die. So it so cannot we'll be – Kristen what, cannot what be this, dead. It's just odd for her. Like maybe she opens the door and a dead body falls in and it's maybe. kind of a, uh, you know, kind of like a threat to kind of back off. Uh, but we'll see. But you see Wally and Barry Who going die home. right now that would like give a message to Barry and Chris in the back office. Just burn Sing. tomorrow in your mind. No, it would be burn tomorrow. 
that's who it would be, one of them, Burns and Morrow. And it's funny because Kirsten even mentions them earlier, almost like a setup. Like, yeah, I haven't seen Burns and Morrow for a bit, but they're probably on their job doing the deal and all that. So I would think it's one of them if it isn't Kristen. Like you said, you don't see it. You're led to believe it. So it's probably something different. I don't different. see it. Don't, it's not real. And, and the big thing will be saying to Barry, like, you know, how did they get here? There's no way that they were in the prison. You know, one of those. It was on complete lockdown. We see a blur. We'll have all that. That's what I believe. But you have Wally and Barry taking – going back to Wally's house, back to Iris's house. And you get them talking about like, you know what? Barry is the worst in Oh, he is. But even this is – they said what we said earlier. Like, you know what? Let's not blame each other. We were excited that you know Mina was back, and I think that we can save her still. And then they get to the house – and Barry's like, huh, you think I should come? And Wally just stops. Nope, you shouldn't. You, Iris needs time. And an so hour do ago, you. before Mina turned on us, you were talking about getting back in those goddamn oh, yeah. pants. So what the fuck do you want? Like yeah, now yeah. things haven't worked out the way yeah, you want to Yeah, now they didn't work like, out. Take my my aunt as the second like a consolation. Yeah, she always yourself. is in this book. But yeah, uh, Wally says, hey, by the way, I know that this is fucked up or whatever, but I enjoyed having the day with you. And, and Barry's like, yeah, me too. And goes, yeah. and that's where Iris is there, and Kid Flash goes in, and basically Iris is And sleeping. Iris looks strung out. Yeah, she does. She looks very weird, and she, she hasn't been sleeping, so I guess that's what they're getting at because yeah. she keeps having nightmares about Thawne. And then, you know, you have uh, Kid Flash while he's like, oh, don't worry, you know, I still hurt. My knee still hurts where he attacked us. We'll get over it together. And then they have a really odd hug. And this is I'm the hug, you, this this is is the hug that I was talking about. I said to you, it's so weird because I said, yeah, they hug real sexy. And you're like, like if, you if were laughing is, at me and making Wally fun of me. turns his head, yeah. it is on. I'm telling you. It's a weird hug. It really <laughs> is. I got to talk to Pop and see what happened there because it's sexy. Uh, but then he's like, come on, let's make some tea. It'll help both of us sleep. And even then they're like hugging still. I'm like, I don't know where this book's leading to. Uh, but that's where I you do. have. I've seen a uh, lot yeah, of pornography. You really flash heads off <laughs> and gets a call. Uh, from Warden Wolf and says, you got to get here. There's an emergency. There's been a murder at Iron Heights. And yeah, you see that. You see the shock troops of Wolf there, but you see like a bloody hand. And I'm again, telling you, for how bad like Wolf has been set up at this point, though, it's got to have something to do with Wolf, right? I would think. And the, the other thing that's weird with this is that you're so led to think it's Kirsten that she doesn't call Barry. Like, she would have called right away, yeah. uh, you know, and really thought it was Barry at first. So I would have thought that she would have called him, but it's Wolf saying it uh, because you can't. All of a sudden, you're like, well, I want to have Kirsten be the one you think is dead. But you know what? She really would call. So it would You know what the cool so. thing would be, actually, if we come in from the next issue and, like, I don't think – uh, freaking I can't think of Joshua Williamson – would do this because he created the character, but if Mina came in and killed Godspeed... Yeah, oh, that'd be awesome. Get rid of him. We don't need him laying around, but yeah, that might be his cash cow 10 years from now when they use it, and you have Godspeed created by Joshua Williamson, and then he starts collecting some dough, though I would think that that will not be the case. But yeah, uh, I like the art a lot in this, and again, I said... Uh, there's nothing that infuriates me completely in this issue. Yes, we're still not getting answers that I want. It's a boring-ass issue, though. It's kind of boring, but I gave it a 7 because of the art, and I do like the little bit with Barry and Wally working together. I like the fact that we have kind of a, you know, a mystery at the end that we'll go to, and everybody has something to do. But what are you going to give it? I think you're going 5, 5, or 6. I'm what telling you, you I, I love the art in this issue, but every, even the stuff, because I love the idea of Wally and Barry working together. It felt so forced here. 
easier and it actually is. just uncomfortable to freaking like uh, read. And just like this whole Raijin, the God of Lightning, is now oh, in control Raijin. of Black Hole. I everything just feels so out of place and weird in this book, and I just don't enjoy reading it anymore. I wish it like we get a new writer on this, but yeah, I'd give it a six out of ten because I just yeah, I there are I'd aspects to it that's enjoyable, but the art's mainly the draw for me in this. Yeah, it's just I I just want something fun to happen, but we'll see. Here we go. And I still Earth. don't know anything about the negative speed force. No, I don't either. There are those black hole guns. But here oh. we go. You want to talk about things I don't know Sexy about? Sexy hug. There we go. There we go. Justice League of America, number 19. Here. Written by Steve Orlando, art by Hugo Petrus Hi-Fi and Clayton Cowles. Story continues with Prometheus. Prometheus. See, where's the... Ding! The story continues with Prometheus spouting off his political mumbo-jumbo to Vixen, while the rest of the team stops afterthought somehow. It all ends with the reveal that everything that happened is all part of Prometheus's plan, somehow. <laughs> somehow. I, I don't know what's going on in this book. You start off, and we did have, at the end of the last issue, you did have Prometheus yelling and screaming at Vixen, and after thought fighting Lobo and Black Canary, we start off with Lobo fighting, Lobo and Canary fighting afterthought and afterthought is nonsense he's complete and utter nonsense his whole power set is like you said long shot marvel where he can see five seconds ahead of time in this issue it makes it seem like because of that he can set up things from fucking eight fucking years ago it seems because as lobo and canary are fighting and i do want to point out i'm not going to read lobo's dialogue because this dialogue is goddamn utter nonsense all it is is non sequiturs together squirrel trib at one one point no, a bird trib. lady pigeon trib i'm i'm telling you you can't just put anything this and put trib frag. after it freakle frag uh, this does not make good dialogue i have seen people reviewing this book possibly maybe they listen and are listening to this you got to stop it you got to stop saying that this is the best dialogue in the dc universe you're making us all sad it's what you're doing you're, you're making an angel cry by after saying frag. this yeah, I- I'm telling you. You got your wish. Now it's just you and old Lobo, bastard to bastard. <sighs> See, you're going. You, you you went and did what I did not want to do. <laughs> but yeah, I will tell everybody. I said this from when we had Steve Orlando on the Midnighter book in the DCYOU. You have to say this dialogue out loud, and then you really realize how much nonsense it is. It's almost as if it's pigeon trib frag bastard bad, Eric, is what I'd say. I have detailed files uh, in every member of your Justice League. I fought this fight in my head a million times. Yeah, and I, I even messed this up. His where I made fight it make sense. in this head a million times. It makes no sense. And it's, that, it's the worst. The, yeah. Like the review copy, you put up a picture. It was on even Slide worse. Check. It was I, even like, worse. How I originally read was I have detailed files on every member of your Justice League. I have fought his fight in my head a million times in my head. Yeah. Yeah, and at least they got rid of in my head, but it's also he this is Prometheus later talking to Vixen and says, I have detailed files in every member of your Justice League. I fought his fight in my head a million times. Who's his? Who's his? What what fight? Hello? What fight is his? Because this is supposed to be this fight. This fight. But the problem is, and I said this during my DC uh, or my comic news podcast that I do on Patreon, and I said I'd probably repeat myself that I think that the editors are running scared. They <laughs> have had so much nonsense dialogue thrown at them they don't know what is a misspelling a uh, a freaking you know a misquote whatever they're just going to go with everything because this dialogue is nonsense but like i said afterthoughts fighting lobo we're going to get a continuous string of afterthought shoving down our throats the whole deal i see five seconds ahead five seconds ahead i know what you're going to do i know this that and the other thing uh really the only way 
Yeah, and and then basically ends up somehow pushing talking shit to Lobo, which somehow he knows will cause him to pick up a bunch of weights that hit Black Canary and knock her out because it says, but if he sees this, then he also sees when she's going, like, you end up with this whole thing with, with Steve Orlando with Afterthought is he ends up wanting to superpower what he does see but doesn't know whatever is going to go on that will defeat him eventually. He ends yeah. up turning stupid at the most inopportune time, which happens here because as Afterthought just keeps fighting uh, Lobo, Lobo, Canary yeah. walks off and basically Afterthought says, oh, see, now me and Lobo are going to see what you are. You're a coward. Okay, whatever. Right. You know, you go off, see that she's a coward. Then you go off to Prometheus. Like, like you know, we're going to see what Lobo and I both thought. You're a coward. Like, when did we discuss that yeah, Lobo when did thought we think that Black this? Canary yeah. was a coward? No. And, and at this point, Lobo's calling him a bird lady and just nonsense. And you go then, and the other part of this whole story is Prometheus has locked down the sanctuary here so nobody can get out. You have all these people that were there, and they were doing a tour. A bunch of flip-floppers, these yeah, people. Yeah, a bunch of guys. And, and basically what he is saying is – he is now going to turn the tide and shame the Justice League of America and show that they are not the group for the people. And to it's do all this, work to get them to trust you, yeah. to not look too closely. Your symbol only has power if people believe in it. You sit in your God's wood and your God's wood and make people line up and take to- for tours <sighs> while telling them you are with them. It's a fraud. You know what? I waited in line for hours here. He's yeah. right. Yeah, basically a guy what? who to them is a superpowered being. It doesn't matter if you tell me that in fact that is tech. They would not know this uh, no. because he is and a I, normal kid right now he's who also ended up locked them inside. Yeah, he's also locked them inside and attacked the person who they came to see, thinking they were a, a hero, and has come and pretty much slapped their. I, I'm not even going to get into the full deal of that. It's a man hitting a woman, Eric, I, which I is also know nonsense. Who's in the background of this group saying it's idolatry? Yeah, really? yeah, yeah. These people are like, you know what? That guy dressed in purple. He's right. And this goes because then as this is going on and basically he's attacking with this freaking solar sword and he's got his costume on, why would they think ever like he's got a point there? It makes no sense. It makes no sense whatsoever. Nixon, but he also you know, says, we, "We know you to be a hero. Please make sure that we get out of this alive yeah, from this fucking yeah, insane man in purple armor." Yeah, why would they be armor? like help us, Vixen? Also, I do want to point out that in this whole deal now, maybe. He, he, We'll find out a little later, but it seems as if Prometheus is really counting on a lot of these people making videos and sending because you do see people with their phones up when she's like, yeah, what are you here for? Because he's like, hey, you here to fight? And he's like, no, this isn't a fight. She says, yeah, then what is it? And you do see people behind and they're taking videos and stuff, but they have fully spelled out that all tech is out at this point that he has shut it down. So that to me is nonsense, but it might be an art thing. Uh, But Prometheus says it's a statement of public shaming and then says authorities gunned down my parents, peaceful anarchists. Authority cannot be benevolent lest it risk losing its power. Right away, he's talking nonsense. Plus, 
this Prometheus is a Grant Morrison character. I know that when he showed up with uh, in the Midnighter book, if you didn't read Midnighter, uh, Prometheus showed up under disguise and ended up pretending to be Midnighter's lover and then turned on him, uh, ended up being a bad guy that Midnighter pretty much left for dead, ended up letting him live. He did uh, teleport away, and that's where we got where this all set up, where he got the wish, got his body back and all. But Steve Orlando, it has to change this, you know, start of what his creation, his origin is, because in the original origin, these parents were not peaceful anarchists. They were not anything of the sort. And I'll, I'll even say that they, he is the unnamed son of two hippie criminals who committed murder and theft. And Prometheus traveled across the United States with them until they were cornered, cornered by local law enforcement and gunned down in front of him. But even at this point, what was After spelled they opened out, fire. Yeah, and what what this point was was basically uh, you had them running and saying to, uh, oh, you know, we're on the run from the law and things like that, and it, it really skewed Prometheus's idea of what was lawful, what was good, and that's what made him become this villain who ended up pretty much taking down the Justice League at one point. This is such a neutered, nonsense version of this character that I saw people on Twitter when Prometheus first showed up, one of the two big you know cliffhangers where he showed up at the end and they're like oh man prometheus this is awesome i can't wait this is a villain that took down a whole justice league this is it's not this not one that guy. this no. is not this guy this is a social justice warrior spouting nonsense and I out really of nowhere wish they would have came out and said that this is not that prometheus yeah, this yeah. is a different prometheus because this one is so much less than what he yeah, used to yeah. be and this is the whole thing like you said you have these people that are in lockdown you see vixen being taken out by a guy dressed in armor with a sun sword and they're just sitting around talking to each other you know this guy might be right i waited hours to get in here they can call it inclusion but the purple guy's not wrong and I'm oh. like, really? This is what you're saying? Like, in any second, this guy can end People up killing all of you. They're just standing around saying this. I hope this. all of you die. Yeah, it's just nonsense. Then you know, no, no, continue no. Then the we nonsense. Go off to That's we nonsense. go off. We go off to Angor, where the Dream Slayer is fighting and saying, "Up, oh, Angor is fucked." Oh, there's a tunnel, a quantum tunnel. Think I'll take this. Ends up in the microverse, where he ends up with Doctor Abrams, Blue Jay, yeah. and he's like, "Hey, well, I'm Angor. Yeah, how are you doing?" Uh, you know, you're safe here. Here's my friends, Ray Palmer and Preon. Batman sent us after you, and he wants to think what you want to know about Angor or what you want to what? do about it. I'm like, really? When did that so happen? You're really doing this? And then I'm, I'm not. We, we've already spent way too much time I'm just saying, on though, we this. had the whole idea. Like, I had the idea that Blue Jay died or something like that because yeah. Dr. Palmer got Blue Jay yeah, freaking journal or some shit like because that. Because he did say he there. was going off. Well, he did say. The last thing he said to Batman was he was going to try to find Blue Jay. Okay. And when we were talking about it, I said, oh, great. That's something nobody ever wanted, and that's what we're going to get. But as this God is going on, series. Canary does walk away from Lobo and uh, uh, Afterthought fighting, ends up finding the, uh, you know, the ephemeral, the I don't, you know, you find the Adam who's ethereal now, Adam, yeah. ethereal Adam is what I was trying to do. He starts trying to yell at her. She keeps saying, I can't hear you. Then all of a sudden she I, I can read his lips. I wouldn't know what the fuck he's trying to say with these body motions no, that he's doing to her just to say, yeah. I need you to hit a frequency so my bio belt yeah. like, defaults back to normal. What is he trying to relay I'm telling with you, these at hand one motions? Point, at one point, he's trying to yell, and she's like, come on, you have to come down. I can't hear you. Why isn't she reading his lips then? I don't why know. isn't why, she reading his lips? Why can he hear her? 
I don't, I don't know. I don't, yeah, that's true. And he's like, look, oh, you want me to read your lips? Canary cry, huh? Frequency, okay, here goes, and uses I, it. I, I love this too. My canary cry, wait, slow down. You're moving your mouth too fast. And then we have a one panel split into four panels where we see different lips and like <laughs> that exact frequency. I don't know, I can try. Like, here it goes. Wh- what exact frequency and how did I you like – what? And how did what? he get this? How did he get this? And this is basically she uses this, this canary cry frequency that activates a failsafe on the bio belt that ends up bringing him back. He says that, oh, man, you, you did great. I wish I could have your focus. And she says you could if you try. And then, oh they, God, then they're like, hey, we got to go save uh, Frost. She's in there. There, you know, uh, freaking afterthought came, and they, you know, and also Prometheus. They made this room into a cold. We got to go save Frost, and this is the art that I was talking about, where you have Canary and goes. So take a breath and tell me how we're gonna help Caitlin. I'm like, what happened to you, baby? That that is the ugliest looking black canary I've she ever got seen hit in my in life. Face with a fucking bunch of weights. I, I don't. Happens. It's that, but also it's the neck that's now become well, extra long and the small head. But they go in. They end up shutting down Do the they? machine. Uh, well, uh, that's what I'm saying. Out because of nowhere. Because the whole thing is, uh, the whole idea is that this this device that's super cooling is outside Caitlin's quarters, where yeah. they are. And they're yeah. like, she's too weak to destroy it, but we don't think. <laughs> but he didn't think I'd regain solid mass. Yeah. Get dense, and then he gets dense. Yeah. And he crashed. says so. In this case, Canary, the solution isn't overwhelmingly scientific. Get dense. Okay. Well, what? What? And the, you guess that they I, I crashed that? I think Steve making us all dense. Yeah, and and really, this is just the start of nonsense because, and really, all oh, this book is nonsense. But he goes, they crash this thing, which not only immediately stops what was happening, but also clears the room of all of that fucking ice and snow yeah. that was going. How is that? What? All of a sudden, know. that is, and there's no puddles. There's nothing there. They just go in and it's gone. And that's where you have this weird back and forth because they keep saying, oh, come on, Caitlin, let's go. We're going to save everyone. Get back. Don't touch me. And nobody's touching you. Uh, oh, you're okay. You're in control. You can't say that. I don't know. I might need to feed. Then Canary, no, no, you won't. You're not going to die. <laughs> I'm like, Good. really, what's going on? But this is where Afterthought uh, is still fighting Lobo, and Prometheus is showing the fight. And it, it's just nonsense, because that's where Afterthought's there. I don't want your hands, Lobo, because he's, like, cutting them apart. He's like, I don't want your hands. We can continue this conversation forever with that, with your undying head mounted on my wall. Then all of a sudden he yells, wait, wait. No, you can't, you freak. I can't see a way out. There's no way out. Stay back. And you get a five, four, three, two, one countdown. Three, two, one countdown. And now he's frozen. Yeah. How? How? What? He didn't realize in that he five, saw five, four, three, two, one. He saw five seconds in the future and couldn't think of a way out of he, it. He, he couldn't step aside. He, he no. couldn't move. He could. Where's Lobo in this too? Because Lobo's right next to him. And to me, Lobo's dead. But uh, you know, Lobo's just standing there. He couldn't find his way out. He's already said that he is set up to pretty much get out of everything in five seconds, and this just ends up being the case where he can't. You don't even have where you, you have something where time gets a little altered, or you know, it's not even where you would think that it's something that I, I don't know. Like something that is supposed to happen and they don't at the it just doesn't make sense. It makes complete it, it doesn't make sense. All of a sudden he's done. He he's defeated. 
when all this was set up to be that really you can't. It's just that, oh, no, you freak. Uh, I can't see a way out of this. Uh, why? Good. Yeah, so you have this all and this. And Apparently he's depressed. really good against people who aren't metas. Yeah, now I'm depressed, Eric, because, yeah, you have him there, and he's already encased in ice. And Caitlin goes over, and it's like, huh, I'm going to touch you now. <laughs> and ends up, like, saying st- like yelling at him about it and says, uh, don't worry, I'll give you some attention. The whole thing is, Prom- he's like, Prometheus, I know you're watching. He's yelling for Prometheus. Get me out of here. I need evac now. Caitlin says, looks like no one's willing to pay your fair afterthought. Then he says, no, don't touch me. And she says, don't worry, I'll give you some attention. This is not great dialogue by any stretch. And then you get the whole deal where she ends up pretty much sucking some of his life out of him, his heat, to kind of feel better. But then Ryan says out of nowhere, huh, that didn't sound like you, Caitlin. Are you okay? The problem is we didn't hear how she sounded. No. And what she says of the, you know, you do get this dark vision of her there, but how do you know that that's not how she was supposed to? It's just so stupid. And then they think they've won the day. And in fact, Prometheus saw even further ahead because he knew all of this would lead, all of this nonsense would lead to them all being in this room together where Prometheus basically is a bomb that's going to go off in two seconds and they're all going to be dead. The problem I have is why set this up then that you freeze Caitlin? Why set this up that you make Ryan, you know, a, a non-existent when all you wanted them to do is go into this room? They would have went there originally to take him down. So you have wasted two issues on this when this was your whole plan all along. Also saying this in front of everybody, now you're going to blow up everybody. How is this making this point of the Justice League of America is not you know, a team of the people? Now you're going against what now you've set up with Prometheus. It makes no sense. None now, of this makes is, sense. The thing does make sense to me where he has set up because Prometheus is one of these chess players that thinks two to three steps ahead of yeah. time kind of thing. Where it sets it up where if Caitlin was involved, she could have taken down Afterthought. They wouldn't have been in this room because it would have been immediately over. But yeah, like, but they were in that they- room before. They didn't go into a new room. They went into the room that, uh, you know, you had Lobo and him fighting. You could have had this whole thing set up where he becomes a bum. They would have done this, you know, before because Prometheus was the one who took them out. Like all that happened in this was Afterthought started fighting Lobo and Black Canary. That's all he's done. And if if they didn't do that to Frost and and Ryan, it seemed like they would have headed right to there anyway. It would have been out of there by now, possibly, or had time enough to disarm the bomb. Yeah, but I'm saying the bomb is him, so they would have had them do that. He would have just been able to set the bomb up to trigger right when he gets frozen or gets attacked or he may have pressed a button. I'm telling you, this this bomb seems to be set up with with uh, what's it called with uh you know Prometheus. It seems like this is all set up with Prometheus involved, and it just didn't need to be. He already had locked them down in this whole area. It just is nonsense to me. I don't know. Maybe you think it's it's better, but to me, oh no, this it's is by no means a good nonsense. issue at all. I just that is something that I don't hate as much as the rest of the goddamn yeah, issue. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm just telling you where, and that's the other thing. Where do you think the bomb is? I don't know. I'm actually looking at it right now. Yeah, to it me, it seems like it's part of Prometheus. Afterthought. I think it's. I mean, afterthought. That's what I'm saying. I think it's on him. Which That's I what all I'm end saying. up looking at afterthoughts, so and yeah. it does make sense. For some yeah. reason, I just thought there was a bomb in the room when I no, originally read it. I'm telling you, I think it's on afterthought. And the minute that he gets frozen, 
that then the bomb sets and goes off and is going off in two seconds. That that's how it seems. I don't know. It is a bunch of C four though, so it would be odd to be there. But it's just again, you have afterthought where at one point, why isn't he yelling? Get out! What the hell are you doing, Prometheus? Uh, why are you setting a bomb up with me and things like that? Because you think at the one point he would have seen this, but yeah. It's just nonsense. It's nonsense. The art's okay at that one point with Canary. It's off, and there's it just doesn't do anything for me. This whole book is just and and really you had where is this whole setup of Vixen? You have two things you have to do. You either have to give up the totem or you you have to you know die. And now you're just setting a bomb. Also, there's a weird part where she kind of cries on the totem, and I don't know if that means anything. Who knows? I don't know either. We'll see, but I gave it a 3.5. It's utter and nonsense. She's not, and she's not even crying. She's sweating. I know. Yeah, her sweat goes on it. It's, you, you never want to see him sweat. Oh. <sighs> uh, What'd you it, give it? A 3.5. It beats yeah. me down. It beats me the hell down this book. You going with that as well? I'm going with a 3.5 as well because the art's not terrible. It's just not great all the way through, and the story's just fucking garbage. Her. Yeah. Things just happen to happen. It's just nonsense. But we're going to move on now Fuck to you, some Jay. mail. Fuck you, Jay. I'll I know. I can't even catch a breath now. I think I'm having a stroke. But yeah, are. that's it. We'll go off Your to the mail. Your voice changed at some point. Go take well, a no, drink, because baby. I'm yelling. I lost my voice. I, I ended up yelling because I lost my voice. And as I'm yelling, I'm not breathing. Now I'm fucking done. I'm going to go off and take a nap. We'll be back with the mail after I take a nap and maybe get a fucking oxygen mask. But yeah. we'll see how that goes. And we'll be back in a minute. It is the best podcast a week. Even the gym. Mail with Eric. See, the way you dance to that song is you start out with a cha-cha and lead into the hustle. A cha-cha? I was doing the Charleston into the mashed potato. What are you doing here, Ron Jim? I might even do the monkey. Oh, yeah? Do the monkey with me. The monkey. Uh, This is mail section number three, and we're going to start with Ray. And Ray says, Jim and Eric, happy Thanksgiving, guys. I hope the turkey was good and the cranberries were sweet enough for you. I had both turkey and cranberry not in the way most people would think. No, me either. Yes, hardest working guys in comics, and I couldn't believe that you guys dropped an episode on Thanksgiving. I appreciate it and all the hard work you guys Neither do. Neither could our spouses. It, well, it's, <laughs> uh, yeah, I was going to say, it's so funny that that wasn't even a question. No. <laughs> it never was like, hey, are we actually going to have a spotlight on Thanksgiving? What time are we getting on? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's about it. I brought, uh, I bought and read Doomsday Clock on Wednesday, and it didn't feel big like Metal did. I remember reading The Forge and feeling the tension build and wanting more of the final page of that issue, from the po- final page of that issue. I read Doomsday yeah. Clock, and it fell flat like pancakes, Eric. Delicious. It's pretty good. Uh, I hate pancakes. They, they sent, DC sent me pancake mix and, uh, 
syrup, and really that is wasted on me. It Why did didn't make you give me want to. Wanna, me? It did make no, no, no. It did make me want to go to IHOP this weekend and get myself a short stack, but it doesn't have me interested. That's we're in diner country, Seriously. so yeah. There, there's and they, I've there been is to an IHOP, IHOP once in my life. Yeah, there is an IHOP. It, it's far away. The last time my family went into IHOP, they ended up having a problem with the uh, the credit card. For uh-huh. some reason, and uh, possibly that there wasn't enough money in the bank, uh, but I forget what it was. But somehow, it ended up being the problem of the waitress, where she tried to run it through, and then before it ran fully through, she tried it again, and the credit card company put a stop on the card. Oh, it seemed like something exactly. was going on, and in the meantime, Tanya then got in a fight with the lady. I wasn't there. I was actually working, and they were there, and uh, they actually almost thought that they were going to ditch, dine and ditch, and threaten to call the police or something, and then Tanya called the credit card company, and there was a lot of problems going on, and uh, so I'm- the worst meal ever. I'm no longer allowed to go to IHOP is what this all ends up being, which is it's farther away anyway, I wouldn't. Uh, but back in the day, I did like the idea of the International House of Pancakes. Oh, I love it the idea, very but fancy. I've only been to one once in the last 10 years, and I'm like, you know what? Very, very fancy. To I me, don't need that, this shit because we're in diner country. Yeah to, me, yeah, to me, that is the pancake equivalent of It's a Small World that uh, Dancing Mike's on right now. The yeah. hype for this book was a letdown in my opinion. I am one of those new comic book readers who didn't start reading comics until Rebirth started, which we have a lot in the Get Fresh crew. Boop, boop. Yep. The button, while it was entertaining, felt like... It was on a short leash and was only permitted to say and hint at certain things without giving too much away. I agree with that as well. So we have this lead up to Doomsday Clock, and it wasn't that impressive to me so far. Thanks again for everything you guys do. Now, also, the button, while I did not really like it overall, it did have that whole re, you know, that Flashpoint deal when they went to the Flashpoint universe that right now to me seems bigger than anything we're getting. My favorite thing about that, even though the ridiculous hockey game, is that first issue of. The yeah, I that was uh, the strongest one. And really, that was just excited. one long fight, too. The but rest, yeah, rest, you like let it. me down though. But like I said, reading this Doomsday Clock, like going to the Flashpoint universe, that's batshit crazy. Like yeah. this should be something that doesn't happen. And if somebody said, "Well, Jim, you got the Watchmen," no, because. This doomsday clock is just continuing the years from where we left the Watchmen yeah. in a natural way. Because of that, it really didn't wow me. It ended up being like, oh, this is what happened afterwards. And I, I don't know why. It just didn't stick with me or, or wow me. Uh, he says, I know I said this before, but anyone who hasn't become a Patreon supporter uh, for these guys because – or I know I said this before, but if anyone hasn't become a Patreon supporter for these guys, uh, you should because they provide very good content often and – and it's enjoyable. He, I wish he said, and it's often. I, I was waiting for the butt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thanks, Ray. Right, and thanks, yeah, Ray, we, Ray. we try to uh, do a lot of different shows to keep people yeah. entertained throughout the week. And yeah, thanks, Ray, and say hi to Stormy for us. I hope that cooking class is doing you both well. I forgot. Uh, I ju- I, I'm telling you, I want to hear more about that cooking so class so much. Uh, the next one, Swanee. Swanee says, My "Hey, mind Jim, is already done." Oh, it's so good. Uh, hey, Jim, if he would have just listened to us, he wouldn't have had to take it. That, yeah. That's plain and simple. 
Hey, Jim, Eric, and Reggie, and this is Swanee. I am really excited for the Saturday. My town's high school football team is not only playing for the state championship, but the game will be at home. This is huge for our town. We are a very small town here in southwest Colorado. We are a, t- a, double, a 2A team in Colorado, and our high school has only about 450 kids. This will be the first state championship football game played in this county since 1968. I remember back then I was 35 years old. Than there. The last census in 2010 had us at only 2,333 people, and the game is expected to have a crowd of about 5,000. That's crazy. Do you know the? I'm not really following. Do you know the? Do you know the population of Quakertown? Are you aware of what it is? I am not. Two. Me and you are. That's oh. all that matters. That's all that matters. It is all that matters. The state Fuck sports yeah. are usually dominated by the Denver area in the northeast, so they are expecting huge turnouts from the whole county and even some from northwest New Mexico to come out. It's crazy. I, I'm I'm not ever going to pretend that I am any sort of geographical whiz. Nope. For some reason, New Mexico sounds like it should be real far away from Colorado, <laughs> and it's right there. Sorry for this long, drawn-out information. This is the problem. And we had where we worked with a guy who actually lived a bit in Colorado. Yeah. When I hear of Colorado, I think of fancy people skiing, and yeah. he told me it's far from that in most of Colorado. But uh, – he says, I'm trying to, sorry for the, oh, uh, wait, wait, uh, the state sports are usually dominated by the Denver area. I, I'm telling you, I lost my thing. Sorry for this long drawn out information that in, in sure no one gives a shit about. I like it. Eric just said, it's confusing him, but I'm very happy and proud right now. And that's awesome. I will even get to break out the old high school letterman for this. Go Wolverines. Do you know Go that Wolverines. I am? When I was getting cues, Eric, left and right, uh, did I ever tell you I never bought a, a jacket? You I did, never, and it drove me nuts. Yeah. I'll tell you, like what you bought in my mind was a denim vest to freak No, wear, I didn't buy anything. On. I put them in a goddamn shoebox. I never put them on anything. They're still over in my mom's uh, attic. I, I'm not buying. I'm not buying one of those cute town jackets. I was against those things. Uh, on to I actually really like the way the Q-Town jackets are really? because it is that blue and white. And that's a it great is a color classic thing. deal. It's classic. Uh, white Knight number one was awesome. I damn remember Swanee is a bit behind. I definitely see yeah. Eric's complaints, but I really enjoyed it. And your complaint was it was grabbing too many ideas from other properties, other bad things. Yeah, Metal the Drown was my least favorite of the three one-shots so far, but I still enjoyed it. And he's coming up to the Merciless, which we think it, uh, was one of the better ones. This first Batman issue after jokes and riddles was very meh but still a hundred times better than the jokes and riddles aquaman number 29 was really good i'm really starting to enjoy this book even more with the added comedy from volko and his whole quest with the ghost elders that was okay yeah. also i love Marin. hope she wrecks house now that she's in atlantis uh Sajek's art is the best in dc right now by far last book i'll talk about was trinity 14 i'm really liking this book the one panel where wonder woman was standing in front of the crowd of people it really looked like jim and eric standing to her side even though they didn't have the weird signed shirts and no headbands for eric and yeah we we talked about that when we we said i uh, definitely saw you yeah uh speaking of which i want a t-shirt still <laughs> the logo yeah, on thing, the front huh? and the back says quote that is inappropriate and i'm angry about that sorry for my long ass email have a great week and thanks for all you do and thanks swanee and we're gonna go off now to time with reggie books with reggie eric it sounds like a it sounds like a fun time books with reggie hey eric 
It's time again to talk about great shoes. And I know you love talking about shoes. One of your favorite like things good. to do. You do. And you know what? I did see you in your pair, and you did look good for once in your life. But How we are dare, talking sir. about great shoes. Uh, the first shoe company, sneaker company in Brooklyn, who offers men's and women's styles. And you can go on over to their website, greats.com, and see all of the classic styles made the best for less, Eric. And go over and check out the best sellers on their website, including the uh, – Royales, the classic Royales. That Eric, that's the ones you have. You have oh, I know, in baby. black, and you really do look snappy in those. You have a snap in your step, as they say, along the docks. Is that true? The docks. Is that, that's where you go, right? When you Why dress up, docks? you have a, ta- a top hat, a cane, and you head over to the docks. See I what's going down. Show, but, but I, I know yeah. what's going over there. Nothing the good. Ducks. You have a monocle, a, a mustache, because they do make you look fancy. But that if you go over to greats.com, you can get a gift, the perfect gift for the holiday. Get uh, anybody, friends, family, even frenemies, Eric. You could get them sneakers as keep well. Keep frenemies close. Uh, you, you should keep them close and dressed well, Eric. Isn't that the saying? Keep your enemies I close. So. Keep your friends close and your enemies dressed well. Is what yeah. I heard uh, that was mentioned. But yeah, go over to greats.com and enter the code DC Comics. That's one word to get 15% off of your first purchase so that you can get everybody, all your loved ones in your life, some shoes. Make them look nice this holiday season. I, I know that we're talking, we're telling you to go to great shoes at greats.com, but that Superman hoodie, you walk around and ain't helping anything. It's That's not going to help. That's just a work hoodie. Yes, that is a work hoodie. But, yeah, everybody, if you could, go over to greats.com, check out their shoes. And, again, if you go and buy something, you can use the code DC Comics one word, to get 15% off of your first purchase. So close, no matter how far, come straight from the heart. Trust in one as words Cause Jim's reviews matter Jim never opens himself this way To his wife or his family Let's not forget Eric Shane Cause his reviews matter Trust I seek and I find in him Twelve hours a week we get jammed Open mind for a fuck you find Cause Jim's reviews matter Boom. And we're here Oosh. to talk some Oosh books indeed. with Reggie. Welcome, Reggie. How are you? Hello. How uh, are you? Yes. Oh, lovely. Did everyone man. have a lovely, lovely Thanksgiving? Oh, so lovely. Oh, it, it was, was so lovely. How many so gobblers? Lovely. How many uh, gobblers? 17. Yeah. 17. I had a gobbler and I had a gobbler bowl. 
Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't yeah, like them that much. So it's a messy so wait, you had, sandwich. You had a sandwich and a bowl. Is that what you're yes. yes. You, you had two, two items. Did you have a cobbler? Not, a, a man who makes shoes? <laughs> no, no, like a peach or an apple. Oh, no, no. They, 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 they might have that at Wawa, but I'm not a big he fan of not, dessert. And he I didn't have a cob salad either. So. I'm more of a guy who <laughs> sits in my living room and makes me shoes. Uh, yes, yeah, okay. that's so what he wanted. for you. Yes, that was. But we're here to talk about some books. And, Reggie, last week you had, what, one book, was it, last week? Uh, I think it was just yeah. one book on the podcast. Yeah, yeah oh, this. Wait, the uh, Young Animal one. Yes, this week you have a bunch. A bunch. Yep. Peaks and Valleys. Yes, Peaks and Valleys here. That's mostly how it is here, Mostly right? valleys here uh, yep. for your books this week. <laughs> and quality-wise, uh, the one weird thing is no Hal Jordan. Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern, of course, seems to have been delayed and will be coming out next week with the right. the annuals week, which is very odd. But at least they have the annuals week to kind of you know throw that out there and keep it in. They do its, that you know, sometimes. Proper to deal. The yeah. ship of, a, of a book that's slipping, but I think it's the yeah. only regular series book yes. coming out next yep. week, right? Yeah. Yeah, we have that, and then we have some uh, other things, mini series that a uh, creature of the night, Batman creature of the night, yeah. we have Mystic you. you, which is a three part prestige thing. So yeah, that how is the only actual regular book coming out, and we have a bunch of annuals, but still not a lot of books. I think maybe you have two or three next week, so yep. uh, you have that. But you are heading off to merry old England. So That's we're gonna right. have to on, we're gonna have uh, to Wednesday, see what's I going will be down. Off to see Toby and the other yes. rest of the Jay and maybe uh, Andrew from Belfast. We'll see. Yeah. But, so uh, you'll yeah, be, it'll be good. You'll... I'll be out there. So I'll be uh, when I come back. I'm gonna be super, like even more pompous than I was. Oh before. yeah. I don't well, know if like, that can ah, happen. It's all Hello, Rolf. Hello, Rolf. I don't like this book. But yes, uh, hopefully you don't have a cockneyed accent like I try I to really put on. Oh, that'd be so good. <laughs> Fresh in a drink, governor. That's all I want you to say. But uh, what book are we starting with tonight? We're going to start with Suicide Squad number 30, written by Rob Williams, art by Philippe Briones, Wilfredo Torres, and Adriana Lucas. Well, I saw the thing coming out of Vault. I called and said to Waldo that it's not my fault. I commenced to shaking and I said, ooh-wee, it looks like a people eater to me. It was a two-eyed, one-horned, psychic red, Gila monster, two-eyed, one-horned, psychic red, Gila monster, two-eyed, one-horned, psychic red, Gila monster. Sure seemed strange to me. The monster emerged, said his name's Red Wave, and he's gonna force the universe to be his slaves. I said, Mr. Wave, with your massive size, I'd hope you do a little more than hypnotize. It was a two-eyed, one-horned, psychic red, Gila monster, two-eyed, one-horned, psychic red, Gila monster, two-eyed, one-horned, psychic red, Gila monster, sure seemed strange to me. Yes. Yes, I think that was yeah. your best song ever, Reggie. You think so? Was, <laughs> I it do. Was really, it was a sing-along. I was hoping to hear no, it. Like a- I, I was not going to join in because I would ruin it. But yes, for actual song uh, to the concept of the book and kind <laughs> of the the idea behind it, I think that you uh, outdid yourself. Uh, Are you unfortunately, trying to justify your score for Commandi later nope, on? Nope, I'm saying that'll be <laughs> later. But yeah, uh, this issue was not very good. It really wasn't. Nothing happens, really, that we didn't think was going to happen before. Uh, They play around with the goddamn brain bombs again, and it just is nonsense to me. But uh, what were you going to say? It's clear that this is a a two-issue arc at best, that they're stretching out just way beyond anything. I mean, now we have 
uh, down on the ground. We had Waller and that team getting away just to be like, oh, we have to turn back. All thereby right. negating yeah. the whole reason that. And then this is the same thing. We have to go to the from the, the satellite to the moon. Yeah. So back that the to red the way satellite. Go back, back to the, the satellite sun. and get the heart. And it's like this is this is just an entire plot beat that didn't even need to no, happen. And Why even, did you put even, your face on the moon? Durr, yeah, even when you begin, you have this whole thing with Argent walking towards Karen as if he's going to do something just to give her a back rub. I, I'm, I'm yeah. thinking to myself like that. That right there is two pages that are just completely and utterly wasted. And I had a then, sales guy like that though. You know, do you ever get yeah. a guy like that? Oh comes- yeah. Gives you an automatic back rub. I bet. That's how Bush was when he Bush would go around and give everybody back rubs. Nobody wanted them. Yeah, yeah, that was. He he was the biggest back rubbing president ever. That's incredible. Uh, It's a weird power play because it it's both uh, makes you nervous but puts you at ease at the same time. Yes, I don't really think it works as a power play because whenever it happens to me, I I scream, "Don't fucking touch me, fucko!" Yeah, yeah. Well, nobody wants. Usually freaks people out. Yes, just relinquishing your power. There's no reason for this to even happen. It's just so stupid. But then it goes down to the moon. You have Red Wave, Red Wave, and the you know controlled Rick Flag Senior uh, is just talking stuff. A cinematic kind of thing where you have to you know give the lettering for the monster to make it seem this exaggerated monstrous kind of form. Oh, so stupid! I hate it so much. Like like my heart. T t t t t t t. I'm like. God damn it. I'm thinking, this is like Bizarro yeah, talk, fucking Zatanna, Etrigan Ryman. This is the kind of shit I hate. Well, and then the reason, the other thing that drives me nuts is that we do have this possessed Rick Flag has the brain bomb control, which basically pretty much puts all of the team you know, out of commission. When it, when are we going to get a Suicide Squad story where they're doing stuff? Because Harley gets knocked out, and he puts mm. brain bomb to 90%. And I'm I don't give a fuck of who you are. Ninety percent of a brain box it's is gonna still kill enough you. to kill you. It's gonna kill you. And then you have a very fun even the little bit of that still bothers me. I know we've been playing with it this entire yeah. series. Oh, I hate rebirth. it. It's just I hate bother. it. Like just yeah. you hit the button, your heads blow up. The end. Yeah, yeah, that's what it's supposed to be. But they want to play it both ways. Where okay, we're not gonna kill anybody, so let's really shock the it's hell out the of them squad. to put them out. It's stupid. Incapacitate squad. Yeah, it is. It's the incapacitated <laughs> squad, and you have a boomerang show up. Then pretty fun for a panel uh, yeah, right. when he's like, "Hey, the boomerang's the name, and boomerang's my." Uh, a game? <laughs> He's like, oh, there's something. Got to be something better than that. He's got a, a face hugger on they him. Make you wearing an alien, like a like yeah, a, yeah. A it, it's pretty funny. And then he gets brain bombed too. Now you know. Now he's knocked out. Uh, and and it's I know all... that alien is eventually going to make its way through the helmet and start sucking on his brain. Yeah, and and basically all this is is to set up that Croc and Katana are the last ones left, and they're going to fight it. Croc is trying to fight off this, you know, brain bomb buzzing uh, because obviously Katana does not have a brain bomb. But in the meantime, she's just going to attack, and, and it's like one of those where I don't even know what. You're supposed to be led to believe how big bad this is, Red Wave, because at one point Katana just goes, you know, nuts and go. But why not have the whole team involved? It's just well, now, why here's, do here's this? The stupid thing about it is that Red Wave is a Godzilla level kaiju monster, yeah, right. That fights with psychic attacks. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Why, well, I do just that. Eat them. Just eat them. Why, what is the problem? Grab that thing and put it in your mouth and chew. Yeah, and chew it. But you no, have he's got to huge... take over Croc. Got to take yeah. over Katana. 
and you know, took over Rick Flag and everyone else, and it's going to take over the universe. And it's like, what a waste of a giant and pretty cool looking yeah. uh, lizard monster. You well, know what I mean? It's like, I was like yeah, well, he is. Monster at all? He's one. Of, he's like a collector. You know, you, you can't just get rid of three of the comics and grab five of them. He is going right. to possess every single person he comes across, even Once if it means all. it takes longer and things don't work. But then you get the whole thing well, where the Karen whole thing and Arjun. We just had Rick Flag Senior go and brain bomb the freaking, you know, like you know, ninety percent brain bomb boomerang and Harley. But he doesn't do with the freaking croc. He just we have to fight the the brain thing. The freaking uh. Yeah. That uh, Red Wave is doing. Why not just take him out of the equation immediately, like you just did the eh, Boomerang and Harley? He wants to possess the charge Croc, right now, I, I guess. I, he wants to possess Croc because he's big. Who knows? Well, like you said, possess Croc. Red guy too, it's so right. funny too, though. Why possess Croc when he is that much smaller and less than what you actually are? If, if this was Mister Mind and he was going around trying to, as he goes, trying to possess bigger and bigger things or some little thing, right. this is a huge thing. There's no reason why he has to possess oh. Croc to attack Katana. He can attack eat Katana. What is the yeah, problem? This thing, this thing is as big as like, you know, five Mack trucks stacked. It's yeah, massive. It's you know, ridiculous. Get Harley gets a stuff. Harley crawls away and gets through, uh, you know, a blast door kind of thing and shuts it, hoping that that will not be able to, you know, it'll get the signal away from the brain bomb. And then Which, in the meantime, maybe it does. Maybe it, it does, might. Who cares? Who cares? Because yeah, then you go back to Earth. Red wave psychic powers. Yeah, yeah. And you go back to Earth then, and that's where what Reggie said at the beginning, where Waller has that journal as Enchantress is flying the ship away. Uh, that she's like, we got to turn back. It was a warning. We got to go back. And I'm like, oh my god, you're, you're just gonna turn around and go back to where we <laughs> were before. Yeah, we, we were like, for like three right. issues, you know. Yeah, and, and then at then you have where zombie robots. You have. Uh, Red Wave has to get to the space station now because that part of his heart is there and you do see that Karen's possessed she has the heart this has been the plan all along the heart why was there to keep Rick Flag I know why not I yeah, because why? that doesn't extend the freaking series well it doesn't extend the series and also it has the, the bad timing of or the bad part of the issue where at the point where it almost seemed like that heart had to be Around Rick Flagger, he died, but until he didn't, because they went down, you know, into the, you know, into the moon with Red Wave, and now Red yeah, Wave's yeah. doing it, but it's still nonsense. And Red Wave wants to get, uh, you know, all three parts of the heart, and they're scattered, and all this nonsense. It, it really is. There, there's nothing going on. But in the meantime, Harley goes through the space station where they have the the alien threats that they fought, the and all these artifacts and armor. Make sure it didn't get into the wrong hands. And of course. They, she finds a phantom zone mirror and ends up seeing the uh, her Rick flag kind of floating in space in the phantom zone. It looks, he's, you still know, alive, he's, he's still, still alive, Jim. He's still, still alive. He's still alive. He's still alive because floating knows, in space. I guess. Yeah, because I don't know, she you, says it's weird to me because for when I look at this, it seems like he's gigantic for some yeah, reason. Yeah, <laughs> he does that, yeah, because he gets yeah, all the so, uh, junk behind him. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, we're gonna have uh, Rick Flag and Red Wave want to go gather up the hearts. Uh, while I think that Harley will grab the younger Rick Flag and then the Rick Flag senior will feel and bad that his grandson's a lot. Battle suit that's in yeah, the background. We'll of yeah, the there's a lot of cool well little things. I want to see Harley in the suit yeah. for some reason. Oh, so we'll, shit! If she put on the, the, the Brainiac helmet, it really yeah, yeah, the Brainiac helmet you see. Uh, and then we move on to the backup, and Reggie, tell us about the backup. 
Uh, the backup is just more King Faraday explaining his, uh, you know, early days working with the sub, the uh, subterfuge groups Argent and uh, Task Force X. He was yep. a member of Argent, but at this point, uh, he gets kicked out, and he's uh, he's not kicked out. I think they just separate for a while as as groups. And he's cool with that because that means he's not near Karen. It was Rick Flagg's girl, but he loves her. But she she does leave him with Isn't a that briefcase. Nah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Said, uh, "Don't open it. You got to keep this a secret." And when he opens it, it looks like Red Wave jumps yep. into his it's face. It's Red Wave. And, and uh, that's basically Red Wave. That's right. Whatever. The heck and it it's is. very quick. The, this backup uh, this week is like they're all, they're really, all two really issues. Now yeah. I'm telling you, it just seems like less is. story this time though. Uh, it is. Okay. Thank God, because I'm telling you, the fucked up part is this is the part of the book that I have been liking the most out of this entire arc right now. And like the first time we dealt with it, I forgot it was here and I did not read it till right now. So I'm not missing all that much by <laughs> hey, missing these two pages. Hey, why did you, you why do you think I told Reggie to explain it? Because I forgot <laughs> to. I saw that Rick Flag thing of him floating in the air. I'm like, yeah, done and done. And then I, I completely it really forgot. It's the most interesting part of this whole yeah. series. And I think part of it is also because when it's all said and done, you're basically going to have one comic's worth of story. It's a prequel to all this. explains sort of like, you know, Karen and Rick Flagg yeah. being together early on. And yeah. this, uh, this is really turns out to be the first encounter with Wet Red Wave. And I, yeah. I assume next issue or in the next couple of issues, we'll see what that really means. But it looks yeah, like he has uh, been possessed. And who knows? Maybe Red Wave in the vault is actually a mutated King Faraday. King Faraday oh. might be because they even mentioned King Faraday in the regular story, too. Uh, but yeah, it's... If this lasts more than two more issues, I don't know what's going on because, like think, you said, I think it's been, this is the fourth one, right? Yeah, this is this is the fourth issue of it, part four. And if this is a whole, you know, a trade worth of, it's not a trade worth of story. There's there's a lot of just standing around, a lot of uh, you know, repeat, a lot of repeating ourselves. Yeah, a lot of repeating. So it, it's a shame, like one of these where when they go to trade, they don't kind of trim the fat and then give you the three issues like that it should have been but we'll see how it goes what did you give it reggie uh you know basically we're kind of still running in place i think the idea that red wave who in the original silver age was not just a psychic monster but was actually a monster because it's gigantic and yeah full of claws and teeth but i don't know this idea that now it has psychic powers seems it's like a waste metal reggie it made him a uh, meta it yeah. seems it seems like a waste to me that's all but uh you know maybe they'll be explanations all passed out all around over the next when? issue two three or four who knows when are uh, space dragons not psychic come on i would have you know it's okay to be psychic but i want you to be psychic use and your also- dragon abilities too yeah, yeah you're exactly. huge no, you're see, huge and you're possessing rick flag an old rick flag is, what you should do is be you know psychically getting people to walk into your mouth and into yes. your stomach that, <laughs> and then that's feed. Really what I'd like to see yes uh I, I think he should get a boy who's reading a book instead of going to school he should that young boy should ride on his back and go no. through freaking new york and chase after his boys you yelling yeah, yes, over yeah. And over again. I, I don't want the that dick dragon is that what we call him the luck dragon what's <laughs> the wrong dickhead yes. dragon the dickhead dragon Yes. He'll be lucky to all of us. Yes, uh, don't really have any, you know, the backup, the, the two pages in the back, I almost want to see those collected just by themselves. It really is, like, the more interesting story. And like I've said before, usually when I see King Faraday, my brain turns off. But this has been pretty cool about, like, yeah. you know, kind of reminds me of, like, a mid-century spy story. And the art is great, but I really don't want to denigrate the art of the rest of the book. It's really good. And I, I yeah, feel I like, like especially the especially on certain detailed panels, uh, who the heck was it? I forgot. Now, Philippe they really stuff Philippe I, I like him. Really? Yeah, I always up. like his art. Yeah. Uh, so the only problem like, with the, 
the only problem with the art I had in this issue is when we first go back to Amanda Waller and Deadshot and all of them, when you see Deadshot and El Diablo like moving from the back of the plane to the cockpit, there is something wrong with Deadshot's face. I really thought that somehow he got bit by a fucking zombie robot because he <laughs> looks demonic or some shit at that point. I'm like, He's pissed. what the hell just happened? I'm sorry. His eyes are blacked out. I'm like, he has this, like, it's almost like they forgot who they were coloring because he has the same eyes as El Diablo. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey, that's uh, the know. colorist. That's the colorist problem. Put it on them. But uh, yes. anyway, this issue pretty much was a waste, though, otherwise. And so I gave it a four out of ten. Yeah, I'm going to give God it damn. a I'm giving it a five point one. I did like the art, but nothing happens. Nothing happens at all. This whole issue. Uh, damn so it. what do you give it? Eric? I, I'm telling you, I do not like being the high one on this. I was going to give it a five point five because I thought like the art was really good. I like the art moment. a lot. And I like this whole idea of the Phantom Zone mirror for some reason with uh, Rick Flagg in there because, you know, we know we're going to get him back eventually. Yes, that's the only and this thing is kind that's of a, for. Fun, a fun way. But uh, also the whole idea of this armory, I just want to see everything in here used. This issue is nonsense. So I'm really grasping at straws to enjoy things out of this that have no, like, taken the story at all. Yeah, because I don't but think I, we're going to see them use any no, of it. She's going to so. grab Rick Flagg and skedaddle. 5.5 out of 10, though, and I can't all justify right. that for the scores you guys all give. All right. Well, uh, Reggie, what's next? Another book next, that I won't like. <laughs> Another one that Eric can't wait to read because he's really been into this arc about the romance between Batgirl and Dick Grayson. It's Batgirl number 17, written by Hope Larson, art by Chris Wildgoose. Jose Marson Jr. and Andy Owens and Matt Lopez. Lift up your head, wash off your eyeshadow. Here, use my cape to wipe your concealer away. Show me your face, clean as the morning. I came on too strong, but everything is okay. Suddenly, Barbara is right here beside you even when you're not nightwing i want you in my bed suddenly barbara is here to provide you sweet sexual harassment but babs is your friend Ah, uh, yes. Ah, uh, yes, Reggie. Thank, Thank you. Uh, yeah, uh, Eric actually likes this a little more than me. We were talking before we got on with you, and he was talking about how he liked the interaction with Barbara and Dick. Uh, as we go through this, I uh, just... It is the high point of this arc, because it completely point. just shuts down right here. I'm telling you, you got to have a high point somewhere. I'm telling you... The high point, then the whole just, thing's been a high point. It's the same thing every issue. It, it even neighbor, goes. Eric, you're always hitting a high point. It goes right, through Joe? the same progression no, as no every issue of this. Every issue, you have them go do something. Barbara does something wrong. Dick and they, they, they acknowledge their best friends, and then they kiss, and then they feel weird. It's been every issue of this arc has been the same exact progression, and it just drives me nuts. Ah, uh, but there's a big difference in this one. At the end, there. Friends forever. No, no, they said that before. Forever, she, he, I'm friends. telling you, that first <laughs> issue of this, the, the, he even said then, like, hey, we're just friends still. And it, it's but just. Did, it's but nonsense. did they leap off a roof in no. random? Clutching a rope, yeah, Plus, that's, uh, I, I that's what we needed to see. I'll so. tell you, the other thing is when you have a story, when you go back in time and then have the present day, yeah, you have to have at least one of those bits of the story compelling and interesting. And to me, neither are. And you well, have this no. whole thing where to me, the only part of this that was that was became compelling at the end 
was uh, them jumping off again. The drug addict. Yeah. Uh, uh, but we knew this. We already and, knew that she died. So this. all this. It, it was to, more. It was more Barbara in the flashbacks, just not not knowing what the fuck drug addiction was. Yeah. Not oh, I know. But but the thing with and me is, you go into this. You know. When you go into this, we already know Ainsley died. We already know this. We sure. already know her sisters after this. So going through half of the issue of her trying to save Ainsley and seeing that, all it seems to me is Hope Larson really, really wants to stress that it wasn't Barbara's fault, that Ainsley was an addict who was going to die anyway unless, you know, Barbara didn't. Fault, Barbara. But it's just – there's nothing to this. Why already have revealed that Ainsley died because you wanted to have so that, oh my God, it's not Ainsley we're after, it's her sister. But even then, the sister part to me is just, it's not set up well enough. It's just the sister oh, yeah, who, you, who it's, is pissed. It's not and, set up well enough at all. It's a pissed off sister who at the end goes completely bonkers. Yeah, like, who goes bonkers. What the fuck just happens? Yeah, it's, it, it's so weird. appeared like in the story too, two yeah, issues ago. That's what I mean. It's like last issue, I think so. it was. Yeah, I think it was last issue. And it was so, last you know. issue, so it was like because you had the red herring that it was Ainsley, and when she, oh my god, she's dead, it must be her sister, oh no! And then that's what we continue here, though the only thing I liked at all was where you had Mad Hatter, and he kind of says, listen, you know, I'm keeping her alive. It's a fucked up way for him to kind of claim to Barbara that he's doing the right thing. It's basically a drug dealer. Yeah, so it's basically a drug drugs. dealer who's saying, listen, I'm controlling the dose so that she mm-hmm. doesn't OD. If you let her go out on her own, she will die. And in fact, he is correct. Uh, so but she may have died anyway. So the drug dealer is the hero of the story? No, no, there's no hero of the so story. So kids, trust your drug dealers yeah this, this story is just ridiculous and then you have to throw in the whole thing where barbara just goes to town because as we go through this she does chase down mad hatter he tries to get away because oh, in that flashback no no in the oh. flashback <laughs> yeah in the flashback when when we went back to the hideout we go to there and mad hatter's there he runs away barbara starts attacking that's when he says hey listen you know you think i'm a bad guy at least i'm controlling the dose and the deal and then she goes fucking ballistic on him and almost kills mad I, hatter I, I just think it's so funny though this how beat up he is like when we have him here he is beat to hell when we have him in the present like he is hanging on to life in the hospital like you know, you need to find a new profession, Hatter. Come yeah, on, just, really. Yeah. And, and just at, at this point, do it proper because this. I have no idea how you're paying for all this. Yeah, and she uh, she ends up hitting him so bad that his bloody hands and stuff. And, and Dick comes to stop and says, hey, you got to stop. You're going to kill him. And she blames it not being able to see him. She's like, oh, I, I couldn't see. He took her glasses. It's like not being able to see doesn't remind you that punches no. to people and, and blood dripping off uh, doesn't mean anything. I mean, no, you can I, feel bone I, breaking. When the, head, when the head sounds like a sack of uh, mashed potatoes, yes. you probably have punched it enough. Yeah, it's That's time that, to, to stop. Some, but I know the part that Jim really liked was in Barbara Gordon's bedroom. Yeah. Right? You were like... Yeah. No, no, because you continue the. But it's funny as hell because the whole thing is like, hey, how was the floor? I've slept on worse. You could have shared the bed. Look, Barbara, I told you I'm not over shiny. I said we could share the bed. I didn't say we could fuck. But again, this is now three issues where he's told her this. Every issue, every issue has to bring it up. He's he's told her this, and then he's in his book bag and Huntress. Why why aren't Batgirl fans going bonkers at this? And not just because of the sex, but 
they've made her into such like a she's just chasing after dick and i mean that you uh, know in both but really yeah. she, she wants the d and and it's like it, it seems to me i mean the thing is now having read this series i take nothing uh you know for granted as far as what no. i think Batgirl should be like we take her at face value but she's such like a lesser character to dick who yeah gets she in is her book you know what i mean it's like why why is she just like basically well, you know, and, and, i don't mind yeah, no, well, here's the thing. You can't, you have a book where she has been complete and utter moron half the time. And then when, when Dick Grayson comes, at least make her equal to Dick, and she's not. She, she's less than him in her own book. He had to stop her from killing Mad Hatter. Then he's the one who has to get, you know, the, the claws off him. Like, boy, your, your hormones are going nuts there, Batgirl. You know, back yeah. off. And, and he's, he's the one who has to do it. After, he's solving most of the crimes. And then, like, you know, she's over here twirling her hair around her finger while he's yeah. talking to her. It's like, yeah. when did she become this uh, starry-eyed schoolgirl, I guess? Yeah. When Hope Larson started writing, it's when I guess the I, no, I don't know because you know it's this been before. Little, we saw that with the flashback though, where you know this was like her just becoming Batgirl. At the end though, she does have to save the day because Dick is taken over by the Nana Nanites. Yeah, yeah. Even then I, though, he ends up having to save her at, at the point. Even then, because he's got her, because she ends up saving him. But then she is pretty much you know a cripple again, and he has to grab onto her. So it's not even like at the very very end she really saved the day. They did it together which is fine but even so you have that nonsense too where, where they go and they find out where the red queen is because you know uh they go to the uh, abandoned bookstore or whatever the hell was, the abandoned the abandoned warehouse carols because you know like lewis carroll like why why are they doing these things to just pretty much spell out where they are and it's it's one of those like that's a very, batman very 66 deal it is such a batman 66 six deal and it but yep. to me it's not oh, even no, that Two-Face fun is robbing the second national bank yeah. on the second yeah. Tuesday of the month. <laughs> yeah it's just it's not really that fun they go in again we have the red queen which is ainsley's sister that wasn't really well set up and now she has the nanobots of ainsley's they're going to attack they end up going and biting dick which puts a nanovirus into him that makes him the the red king uh, the she red puts king a crown on him eyes. he's bleeding blood way, from his eyes nanobots means that they would be microscopic right yes Everyone yeah. understands that, yes yes these, these are, actually, are gigantic yeah they're gigantic <laughs> Big yeah. they're, they're gigantic bots. And, and even then, bots? I mean, they're, the bots? They're, freaking, they're the size of like Roombas if they had crab legs. Yeah, that, they look like Roombas. That's what they look like. And also, I, I don't know how many books that Dick Grayson's going to have that uh, he bleeds out of his eyes. Because I swear we had with Dr. Hurt, he was doing that in his own book. It's just as uh, crazy. But, Grayson? Yeah, Dick she Gray- ends Dick up. Dick Grayson has lupus. I don't know. That yeah. the, the oh, God, no, Dick. It, it, well, that's sorry, why he's a hero. Yeah. He's a yeah. hero. <laughs> he fights he against fights, it. But, you know, then you got Nan. Nanobots, like you said, they're not only not, you know, minuscule, you know, microscopic. They end up making a mecha armor around the Red Queen, which she attacks. Look, look, look. It, it, it's like silly that. as hell. I like it a lot. I, I hate it. I hate it. At one point, it's even like a walking fucking throne. But as this goes on, you have Barbara doing the hero's deal. Is what she ends up doing is saying like, okay, I gotta remind Dick that he it, who he is so she ends up shocking him which then allows her neural implant to implant freaking memories in his mind dude, of dude, what they I, did th- this explanation of how she gets dick to snap out of it is so convoluted i'm telling you oh, it, it, it makes it no be sense better if she just somehow played a song that like you know 
before well, we she had tried. The, emoji, the emoji song. Yeah, the emoji the song did work. Drug. Yeah. But if we had another song that they yeah, had heard something. as well at some point, the whole idea Why not was have set it up? my neural implant and then shock yeah. dick while also like unlocking memories so he can – I'm like, you lost me. I'm out. Yeah, here's the deal. Here's script, Doctor. You're having these past sequences. You know, even then, uh, before this happens, uh, they end up deciding – they hear a song. Oh, that's our song, Dick. You know, oh, and a young love. We have this song. Sure. And when this goes down, she's like – she plays the emoji song and the Red Queen's like, oh, my song, you know – you're not going to do that and like, you know what, but me and Dick have a song and then you're fine. But this whole thing of I'm going to shock him and then use my neural implant, which allows her to walk. So when this is shocked out, it does fritz out and she is paralyzed again. So Dick is – and then as it's rebooting, Dick has her and, and the Red Queen, oh, if you wanted a piggyback – and I'm like, what the hell is going on? Then somehow she flips around because he throws her like a rag doll or something, swinging her around. That hits, and I, I'm telling you, that hit destroys this mecha armor nanobot, but she is legitimately crippled at this point. Like, it would be to me like a wet fucking rag. And oh, I imagine, too, that her ankles are broken as well from oh, the way this hit. Ankles, no her wrists. Her so just like, you know, everything should be broken. Your feet completely yeah. asleep, how scary that is. Yeah, everything should be rag. done because he just whips her around. Oh, he he twirls her around. Guys. Hello? But then, oh, yeah, well, then you <laughs> go back You go back in time then to see because, again, we know Ainsley's dead. We know that her sister blames her because she didn't help enough. Barbara claims she helped her, but yet we do see in this that she basically says, I don't want any parts of her anymore and she does end up dying. But again, it's one of those, like, how much can you help an addict who doesn't want to help themselves? It seems to be what the you know end of the story moral okay. is but it just which, is, which actually is a true place that a lot of people come to that deal yeah with, you know it's just weird so. though because i don't know how much she really really helped it's like she only just met her well, and it, it, died, least, so, i mean no that's what i'm that. saying she did well, Angel died years later yeah years later but this is the thing she's like you know what i don't ever want to you know deal with her again dick and i understand <laughs> Really, you you did give up on her, so uh, I'm sorry, but uh, she says to her dad, her dad shows up when Ainsley, uh, she goes to check on her because Ainsley hasn't shown up at the diner, and Barbara goes to check on her. Obviously, you see pills laying around. She's OD'd. Uh, they call the, she calls the ambulance, and her dad says, you know what, you saved her life by doing that, and then and Barbara's I, like, I, I love this whole conversation that Barbara started off with this. I'm sorry, Dad. I want you to know I never did drugs with her. And the fact that she has to say with her lets me know that this is a yeah. slip right there. She has done yeah. drugs with other yeah. people. Oh, whatever. Yeah. Smoking yeah. the so, ganja. I mean, come yeah, on. Yeah, I mean, this is, she is a young woman in Gotham City. Let's get real now. Yeah, and then that's where, you know, you have them kiss again in the past. This is where you have uh, – you know, uh, Dick show up and then they kiss again, which again, is this supposed to be a big moment? Because we've seen it every issue. Kiss this time, yeah. Well, Hello, still, it's the, every issue. Every it? issue we have this. No, I don't, uh, and I don't want any more of it. She initiated the kiss. So stupid. Oh, it's uh, no, there's nothing. There's nothing, and then they're like, and then you see Dick, he, he's up on the rooftop with her, and they're trying to work out, you know, so that she can walk again. She gets up, you see the Ainsley sister in the fucking nut house in a stra- I mean, is there more of, is there more of a nut house shot than this? She's in a padded room. That is it right there. Padded room with a straight jacket on. I mean, there you go. Straight ahead, yeah, yeah, that's it. 
And then you have the I'll always be here for you, Babs, forever, no matter what, you know, and then you that's in the past then and now they jump they jump off a goddamn roof together. Nonsense. Nonsense. What'd you give it, Reggie? Uh let me tell you something. Since he first got on the book, this Chris Wild Goose has gotten a lot. I really like the art. I I never disliked it, but that's those scenes with the Mad Hatter that we were, you know, laughing at, uh, Really look good. He looks yeah. awesome in a lot of these scenes. Even this last stupid scene of them, you know, leaping off the roof together, it's really a fresh like print. Yeah. You know, as far as just like an action shot of of heroes, it's well put together, well composed. Very impressed by the uh, progression over a fairly short period of time of this guy. Uh, he's done spectacular work. The story is moronic. Barbara never acts the way I want her to act, but no. I guess if we accept that within this, uh, you know, Hope, Hope Larson's writing. Barbara is a moron and, you know, basically just wants to get laid. Then everything worked yeah. was perfectly done. And I really have no, no big complaints about that, I guess. Uh, you know, it's not, a, it's not a, the worst put together comic. It's just sort of like no point to it. And this was also another case where the arc went on probably two issues or more too long. So I gave it a 6.5 out of 10. Yeah, I, I like the art a lot, and I do like the kind of like the uh, Batman 66 look of the past uh, in the, you know, the flashback art. But yeah. like I said, knowing that Ainsley was dead kind of makes it nonsense about even going back to that now and then having the whole deal of, oh, Barbara, you know, y- you did this and that, and we know she's dead. We see that basically Barbara gave up on her anyway, so I don't know why, you know, there's this concern or what whatnot with all that and just the whole thing was nonsense to me uh when eric says about the interactions that's all we've gotten now for all these issues and and, uh, like i said it's always the same progression something happens they they kind of say they're friends and then they kiss and then we move on it's the same thing over and over and barbara is just an idiot in this again uh so i like the art but i still i give it a three out of ten i fucking hated it i think that this book is garbage the way it is and even like you said, a well put together, jumping back and forth between these flashbacks and the present, it, nothing even. It, it just was nonsense. You didn't it's a little, need it's that. A little subtle. It, well, it's well, yeah. I guess in this case, I, I, I mean, like we already like, knew like, what happened. Really, all this was is to set up that she was a drug addict. Well, we already found out last issue that she died of an overdose in, I think they said like L.A. or something, yeah. wherever it was. But we already know this, so it just didn't do anything. It wasn't like that revealed anything you, you would have hoped that the way this is set up when you went back in the past this issue at least we got more of the sister more of something there that would lead you to okay i understand she's the red queen now you know she even goes with that mad hatter deal which we don't get any connection more in this issue and i just thought it was ridiculous so i, I just i'm not enjoying this book any bit and i thought that this whole arc was just they had the uh, hope larson had the idea oh i have a past story with dick Grayson and Barbara Gordon, and then didn't have anything to do with it, and really ended up to me making Barbara look worse than before we even started this arc, which is hard because she has not looked good this entire run. So no. that's what I say. What do you say? I like the art in this issue, and this is like it's one thing going around and punching bad guys in the face, but this is the first time that Barbara has had to deal with true evil, and that is drug addiction, Jim. She no. was not prepared, and it took her by no, storm. No, she already said it. You already said it. it. seemed like the way she said it. She already knows drugs, so I don't think this is the first yeah, time. I was making a joke. 
<laughs> it's just I don't even feel. But like no, I do like the interaction with Dick and Barbara, and I always appreciate seeing a young like Dick Grayson in the old Robin costume because we don't get enough of that. But it's not like this has gone on too long, and the payoff like was not really great at all, and it like it just ended way too quick and out of nowhere. But I still give it a five point eight out of ten. Damn. Yep. You, what else do we have? Stick, but I sure do enjoy talking well, about it with you guys. Let's was, move on. <laughs> move on. This next uh, issue, though, Reggie, I think that me you and Eric all enjoyed, so we can have fun talking about this. this. Yes. It was Harley Quinn number thirty-two, written by Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda, Con- Amanda Connor, art by Brett Blevins, John Timms, and Alex Sinclair. And I. Never thought I'd feel this way. And as far as I'm concerned, your flesh will burn from bone off play. And I do believe I hate you. And if I should ever go away, well, then close your eyes and try to sleep through night terrors till it's day. In your dreams I do dismember. Keep screaming, keep running, knowing you can always count on me. For sure, that's what revenge is for. You murdered my boyfriend, I'll be up your ass forevermore. That's what revenge is for. Boom. Yes. Yes, Reggie. Yeah. <laughs> this is the penultimate issue of uh, Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connors run. No, it really I, plays. Now I there's an epilogue. Now I think there's an epilogue, and then uh, 34 is Frank Thierry's first issue. Oh, uh, the right. way it's set up. I was looking. Uh, they do have a kind of like an epilogue to this whole deal where she deals with the loss of Mason, it seems. Uh, because as we saw last issue, he got off, and that sticks. Yeah, yeah I actually thought they were gonna. I thought that they were gonna try to tie it around, but no. The, when you see him, got. yeah, his his head at one point just looks like uh, you know meatloaf. Uh, then later, you actually when she has him, but you you have the whole thing here where I think that this is a very good issue, one of the best issues of this run, uh, mainly because it, it is one solid story. It's focused on one thing. It's focused yeah. on one thing, and it comes off as almost like a Kill Bill uh, slash any, kill so, Bill, yeah. any sort of revenge type movie. And you get a lot of emotion movie. out of Harley yeah. throughout no, this issue. Here's the thing. Yep. I'm telling you right now that when Harley has to tell Madame Macabre that that Mason is dead. I got a million times more emotion from that than I ever got in Detective Comics with Tim Drake coming back or any other thing that they try to force. And out of nowhere, I was like, oh, my God, you know what? I really feel sad for Harley because you see her doing whatever she can to try to get revenge and all this stuff. And I really, really liked it. You get uh, a really good bit with uh, Harley Sin, who yeah. is just insane. And I actually thought when well, Harley – there was one part that- that Eric especially liked, and that was when Harley entices the thug to shoot her in a certain yeah, area. Yeah. So right, look, look. Ricochets the, off her and it ties in. Yes, it ties in the suicide. There, there are two problems I have with uh-huh. this yes. show. 
Right. I love I love the rest. It's the first issue. I'm not going to get to the brain bomb thing first. The first issue is that the freaking the mayor's like, "All oh, right, I done killed this. Now you guys take this, uh, take kill, uh, Harley Quinn and kill her." While I, I walk away and not watch the finish. Yeah, product. no, I actually, I I I think that that's smart of him. I know that it's not smart in a comic, but yeah. if when all shit comes down and he's on a stand saying, did you do this? Do you know anything about it? He can say and pretty much pass. Probably a lie detector test by it skewing over of, no, I didn't see her get killed. I don't know what happened because he doesn't. He never but sees the end. Killed, he's already killed Well, no, someone. but, but I'm saying killed. if they ask about that, but Harley yeah. Quinn's the big deal. She was running for mayor against him. And then all of a sudden she goes, you know, missing. Oh, and yeah. they say to him, I think that's what they're playing with. Almost like I, I always talk about it when Barry Bonds supposedly took steroids. What he would do is tell his trainer, you don't tell me what I'm taking. You just right. give me what I want. Wink, wink. And then he cannot perjure himself later. And I think that that's what it's playing at, uh, possibly. That is a but plausible deniability. That's but all and, it's, and, it's, a, and, it's a classic villain deal. That's yeah, just and kind of anyway, yeah, it's a classic deal. And even leading into that, the whole idea where I made them shoot me in this brain bob in my neck that never yeah. like activated. That makes no <laughs> sense. And so it would deflect off. I'm like, what? What made you think it wouldn't deflect inward no, or like? No, and, and here, like, you know, says here. Make it explode. Well, here's the problem with that is, number one, it doesn't even matter explode. A bullet went into her neck and ricocheted out. She should be in big trouble, yet she's just going around. That That's my problem. It's funny, though, where they even say later, like, you know, what if the bomb, it should have exploded. She's like, whoa, didn't think of that, and moves on, also, which made me laugh. Mean, then all of Harley Quinn takes place after yeah, it seems squad. like she's so gone. Takes place yeah, in the future, and I would think in the you know not far flung you know decades future, but in the far future, you know she doesn't seem to be leaving the suicide well, it squad. Yeah, it can't be taken. Matter of fact, I thought you couldn't after. leave the suicide I mean, squad. Yeah, no, she she actually pretty much spells out that that brain bomb is a thing of the past. So yeah, uh, I, yeah who knows? But like we and said, the, this the is thing an is old too, I actually, deal. When I read this, I didn't even think about this taking place in the future. For some reason, there isn't like a, a thought in my head where I kind of remember something where a brain bob didn't go off at one point during some Suicide yeah, Squad yeah. run. I don't know if this is true or not, but that's what, like, I had this memory that I don't know if it's real or not. I'm like, that's what I ran with. Yeah, and, and like I said, and like Reggie said, yeah, she kind of uses it in the past tense. Like, oh, yeah, there was this brain bomb I had before, and it we didn't go off. We know it's at least 90% and... effective. Yeah, but yeah, really, yeah, yeah. Uh, Squad, this but whole thing is set up. Yeah, never could get it going. Well, they should have just shot it. They, they they ended up shocking them too much, and the thing fritzed out. But you, you have uh, Harley and uh, Harley Sin there being videoed. That's what yeah, that's what happened. And and they're going to kill him, these two guys. And even the, the two guys, I actually thought that they could have used these two guys with more of a humor deal because the one guy likes to torture, the other doesn't. Yeah, they was, they it kind was, of – It could have been funnier, though. They, right. Yeah, they yeah. don't really go that full-out deal, but it, it could have been – Why are they not Abbott and Costello with torture? That's what it should right. have been. It should have been like those guys in that Doomed book that me and Eric love. Those two, uh, or the guys in the was it Green Arrow when, when those cra crazy dudes. <laughs> oh, I love those guys, but uh, they end up and nobody knows who we're talking about. But while this is going on, the mayor goes off, uh, you know, and you have uh, Madison wants to watch uh, this execution. What I should so take care of him? You mean adopt him? 
Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. <laughs> what are we gonna adopt them? Uh, but yeah, you have this whole thing where they do get out. Harley does have the guy say, and it's so funny to me too. It's like, hey, uh, you know, uh, don't shoot me in the face because I want my mama to be able to bury me with the, you know, an open casket. You shoot somebody in the neck, I, I would believe your head's coming off. So it didn't ring true there either. Uh, but it was kind of a funny deal. Yeah. And I don't know Freaky about you. Out of me. I actually thought that what was happening was actually that Harley and Harley Sin had switched places, and we were going to find out that Harley Sin was actually Harley dressed up to pretend. And then I was just thinking, like, God, that that would mean that she pretty much sacrificed Harley Sin, but that's not the case. And they, I, thought, I thought Harley was a Durlin. That's what I yeah, yeah, yeah might have been. You had to have some kind of medical training in my mind, and she knew the exact place where to shoot that you'd go through the neck where it would not oh, yeah. kill you. Actually, yeah, a psychiatrist I, does go to medical school yeah that psychiatrist does go to medical school but That's only right. to uh prescribe medicine you, you would well, not be doing they anything to of babies that. Too, yes well yeah you, you boil water and get some towels uh but yeah oh. as as this is going on she goes off harley goes off to pretty much it's just revenge she's just gonna go for revenge she's gonna kill the, uh, the mayor madison anybody who gets in her way she does get some info from one of the guys who you know shot her in the neck and uh they go off and as they're going off you see the mayor is you know oh no she's coming here all this i gotta get to my fucking panic room my or whatever room, yeah. and then you have Hardly call Madame Macabre and tell her, you know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, your son's dead. He's dead, you know, I'm sorry. And then throws up on the side of and the road. And then pulls off the so side upset. of the road and immediately has to yeah. vomit. I'm like, you yeah, know what, vomit. you did not need that? It's a great touch. Yeah, it and, really she, was. and he's I, just, I, she's I just sitting yeah, there. It was, and then it's, yeah. she's, um, she's overcome with emotion. And, you and really just do breaks yeah. down on the side of the road. Yeah. Right and there. it's, and it's in, a, the, in the middle of her revenge gig. Oh, yeah. Well, here's the thing. Up until then, she's like, okay, you see her. She is upset. She's crying she calls madame macab she's crying still she throws up in the minute that she throws up she's sitting on the side she then she says i'm so sorry mason they're gonna pay for what they did every single solitary last one of them and then boom she's not upset anymore now it's revenge and you even see her in the car and she is pissed and that i thought that that was really good she had her emotional time she realizes what she's gonna do and now she's single you know a single vision of killing everybody who gets in her way and then it becomes pretty much a revenge movie at this point where as this is going now, on, even even a horror on, did type deal. you guys deal. find this anything weird about the Poison Ivy conversation where Poison Ivy, she's on the phone with her after the whole vomit thing. She's like, Harley, you know if you they're coming, you know, we'll have an army waiting. Yeah, I know, but I got me a plan. Just do me a favor and be careful. She's like, I can't make any promises. And then we just have Harley say, yeah, and I love you too. Yeah, but like you don't see anything with poison ivy. Like yeah, I just like think that Harley. Plan. I think that that you had you know on the other line. You know the know, other bit. Like she said, before, "I love though, you." Like like Harley's voice on the other end when Har- uh, Ivy was talking yeah. to her. But we yeah, don't where was the other balloon? It just it just felt odd. Yeah, I, did, I, there. I didn't even I didn't even take notice. I, I thought that you just you, you're just having Harley now from here on out of just gonna go and kill everyone. So I, I guess they just wanted to move on from that and. uh who knows? But yeah, they I go. I was curious and, if you found it odd. Yeah, I didn't find it odd that much. But uh, you have all of a sudden you have the mayor there. All of a sudden, you know, shit's gone wrong. You have power going out. Yeah, you, you have the classic. It's almost like a revenge horror movie. But our hero is actually the one doing all the the crap. And then and I you, love that when the power's going out, shit's getting real freaking. You know, Madison's yelling at the mayor to hurry up, you fat piece of shit. Like, yeah, you know what, yeah. Madison Berkowitz. 
you're fired. Yep, Collect you're fired. Leave my house. And yep. ends up, as he gets to this panic room, shoves her out. And then basically through this whole thing, he just keeps saying, anybody who gets Harley's head, you get this $200,000. With Madison, It's you want to keep your job? Kill Harley. Kill yeah. Harley. If if not, I'm done with bring, it. And she's going to kill you head, anyway. Yeah. So he thing. just sits there and watches in this room with all of his videos of Harley just mowing through. Uh, pretty much just sees dead bodies everywhere, bleeding everywhere. all over. And, and then too, as soon as like he closes that door, like you know the lights go out and you just see Harley behind Madison with an yeah. axe. I'm like, yeah. oh, oh yeah. What's yeah. up with yeah. that axe, Eric? Is that like a special murderer sport axe? I feel like that's it that's looks a, like it. That's it not looks a good very fancy. That's no, a specialty axe for that's sure. A special yeah, like yeah. speed axe, you know. <laughs> yep. And, and I gotta when, imagine those holes are for finger grab like holes as well. So you maybe. stick it in. So now you can take the handle off and you just have yourself a little killing instrument handheld. Yeah, crazy I the deal. Holes might be for beef jerky. Oh yeah, beef jerky. that's what I thought. You get but, hungry, you want a snack. Then you you have uh you know hardly going down. He's watching this video and somebody he comes holds. up behind. <laughs> you knew right away that that was Red Tool, right? I mean, it, yeah. it kind of makes it look like Deathstroke slightly, uh, but it's Red Tool. This only is a trap to get the mayor out of his panic room and Harley ends up injecting him with uh, some sedative and says why don't you stick around and uh, uh, Red Tool really an likes movie that now. yeah and Red Tool really likes that but then they end up he ends up waking up uh, he feels something wet and pulls over the covers in his bed and it's Madison's head that Harley right had severed crotch, off right, yep, right as, at his crotch and Oh, I love it. And he can't move his legs, and they get him. And basically, she has called Madame Macabre here to do what she wants because he killed, exact he killed Mason. That is, yeah, that so. is very big of her, I must say, to give it to uh, Mason's mommy. Yeah, Mason's mom. And then he and, – and she even says, take my boy out of here and, you know, get him home. And she does. She walks out. You have Red Tool behind. You have her holding Mason uh, to go out, and that's how that ends. And it's funny because it does end with the, you know, the Diamond Harley deal. It doesn't say the end or whatever. And I really did think that this was their last issue, but it seems like they have like an epilogue issue of Harley dealing yeah. with Mason being dead. So we'll see how that goes. And probably transitioning to the next thing, which I understand yeah, she's yeah. moving to Florida or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, she's going to move like to it. Florida. But we'll, <laughs> see. we'll see how it is. I'm actually really shocked that they just didn't, when Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti called and said, you know, hey, we're done. Uh, we should get Frank uh, Frank Thierry on it. I'm really shocked that they didn't make it a monthly then instead of twice monthly. But we'll see how it goes. Uh, but what did you give it, Reggie? Well, you know, here we did see the total evaporation of the vote for Harley story that obviously you had factored into this almost nothing at all. There was, no. don't even, I guess maybe we'll see next issue, but we have to assume obviously that the only other guy becomes yeah, mayor. He, yeah, that, he Roberts, has to now. That third guy whose name I always forget. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's, Roberts, I believe. Yeah, he's you would think he has to, right? Point, yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it, it was just basically like a revenge. This was like a death wish yeah. in a comic. The art's always been at a high yeah, point, the art's and because really I good. like to see gory stuff, and I like to see murders, and uh, like to see this book point likes to one kill direction. I, I like, like to, to kill him. Uh, I gave it an 8 out of 10. I, I'm going higher. I actually really like this, and I like the idea that you did have that stick-around deal, but ah. this was far from a jokey issue. Uh, this was, you know, everything that's led to this, like, all of a sudden I realized that I do have some emotions for this book and, and Harley as a character, and even her, you know, rogues. It's not even a rogues gallery. It's her, you know, the her, her motley crew. Her motley crew, uh, yeah. 
uh, those guys hanging around the Harley crew, and I really like all of them. And yeah, all of a sudden I'm like, oh, it's a shame Mason died, but they're ending their run. It makes sense to kind of get that so Pretty that fat. when – well, when uh, Frank Thierry has her go down to Florida, now she kind of doesn't have as many ties in, in New York right. so she can go down. So it makes sense that way, but as it played out, I thought it was really, really well it done. A lot of minute, feels to the story, I'm telling too. you, the minute that she decides she's going for revenge – all of a sudden, it became such a fun, gory type revenge comic that I really had a lot of fun. I'm going 8.5. What about you, Aaron? Whoa. I'm telling you, I had a big old yeah. problem with uh, Mayor Depardo t- turning off the television because of my classic yeah. rookie yeah. mistake, Mayor. And also the whole Brain Bob thing threw me off. But <laughs> I really enjoyed this issue. I love the art. And I really wish this uh, the series would kind of go more in this direction. Yeah. Just stick and fart jokes. But I would give us an eight out of ten. Like, yeah, I, I think I'm. I'm thinking about the mayor too, and and the one thing that has been led up to this is he is a pompous ass. He, he yeah. no matter what. I mean, he should never turn his back on Harley for everything that's happened up until now. Yeah. But he's such a dick that he just keeps doing it, and it seems very in character for him. Yeah. So I didn't mind that as much. But we're gonna go off now to some mail, and then we'll be back with Reggie to finish up his book. Eric, I don't understand Why you just can't admit Jim is the man is here the voice that we all want to hear so here we go Thank you, There's Dancing no dance Mike. There's no that song, Jim. That's something you just got to sit back and soak you in. You just sit back and, and I nod my head. Yes, yes, keep a rock. Is what I say. Uh, this is mail section number four, and it's all Hussein. And oh. later, Hussein, at by the end, apologizes for having two emails. I do not mind that one bit. Hussein says, "Hey guys, I've been thinking about Doomsday Clock for days now, and I thought I could spark a little discussion. I've right. always viewed Watchmen as an exaggerated but somewhat true or authentic reflection of our world. The Cold War theme of the original story was perfect for the time, but it seems Jeff Johns was inspired by something else when coming up with the story for Doomsday Clock. I remember in the months following the announcement of the series, Johns was talking about the wa- that he was hesitant to do this story until the American election last year, where he knew he had to do the when he knew he'd have to do the story i was always curious as to what that exactly meant and i think i have a few hints of in this first issue 
He says, the biggest hints that this version of the world of Watchmen is reflecting our current times are as follows in two points. Number one, the president of the United States playing golf. It's a documented fact. Now, dancing Mike, close your ears. It's a documented fact that he has been seen golfing during disasters such as the trouble in Puerto Rico this year. President Redford playing golf while the attorney general was gunned down by the vice president in the United or the White House. The newscaster says that they are still waiting for a statement from the president, which to me implies that he's either playing golf or is so far removed from the situation they simply can't comment. Again, a highly exaggerated version of the current president. I yeah. agree. It's very exaggerated, but yeah, you're, you're getting uh, you know bits. I said it even to me, played a little on uh, North Korea as well, even though North Korea is mentioned later on in the deal, but Number two in the Mexican wall. Nothing more needs to be said about certain statements concerning the building of a wall, but the fact that Americans are flooding into Mexico is quite an ironic statement. And that, I that did about like, this. Yeah, that made me chuckle a little. Me this too. world is completely devoid of hope, and I think Superman ties into this way more than we think. Oh, I think he ties way into it, but I also think that it's more on the opposite way of them coming into our deal, but we'll see. It's a very meta story. My theory is that Johns thinks that we as a people in today's real world need hope to battle the darkness, and that's what makes sense about getting Superman right when Rebirth started. For the longest time, Superman just wasn't himself, but now he is. The eventual confrontation between Dr. Manhattan and Superman will most likely be a conversation, one ideology uh, pitted against the other in john's own words back at new york comic-con the dc universe will finally have something to say back to watchmen nice yeah of course these thoughts are very unformed uh, this idea hit me just before writing this so i hope that other people will come in and come up and say something more substantial or more analytical He's saying other people. He, obviously, he didn't say us, Eric. No. We're dummies. Sorry for the second email, I'll be the guys. First to admit it. I just wanted to get my thoughts out there. Poop, poop, he says. And poop, yeah, poop, I do think poop, I do think that what they are trying to show, number one, is this. It's almost like a kind of like a dark multiverse type of deal, but only showing to me that the Watchmen universe is just so far gone that it is so fucked up. And yeah, they're trying to find Dr. Manhattan to, to save them, but even then, to save them, to me, can only mean resetting it and, and starting over. I can't see where they think that Dr. Manhattan's going to show up and just everybody's going to be like, oh, great, uh, you know, he's back. Let's be good. I mean, they're hours away from the whole thing just being destroyed anyway. So I think that they're going to head off and argue universe and really what i am expecting to see or not expecting what i think is exciting and want to see i mentioned a little in our review is i want to see for some reason if these characters come to the dcu if suddenly they have powers in in our universe i don't know that that's something that even makes sense but i'm telling you to not see to see that the fake guns it has to be something and they don't have power. So uh -huh. if that's all that is, then goddammit, why waste our time with that? And why set it up that they are these, you know, reimaginings that I think that when they come over, this isn't just some, you know, our universe and we pop over to some other universe. I think that because there's that connection, even though it's a meta type of connection with publishers and things like real life things, I think that they're going to come and I think they're going to have some sort of power set going because even so, I mean, we, we don't know where Osmond Deus is or what he's involved with, but even then, 
I think that he's going to be, you know, he'll at least have some future type tech and things like that. I, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to play out, but I'm interested to see only because if, it, like we said, what do you think the marionette's powers are? None, None. I actually think. None. So All why would they need her? She, I'm saying the only thing I could think of at one point is that, you know, Julie back in the day, I believe, had like a, um, it's almost like a marionette gun where she could control people, I believe, with yeah. like this gun that like stuck. You know, like shut, yeah, but she doesn't stingers. have that gun. She doesn't have it. So this is what I'm saying is uh, you would, I don't think the setup would just be to have something that if it's a gun, Anybody could use the gun. If Osmondeus has the gun, you could just go into the DCU and find Eric Shea there and give him a gun and do it. I really think that what happens is he knows certain characters are going to kind of transfer over and have sort of a, a transference of some sort of powers or something. I, I just to, – to think of them going and getting you know those two characters, even though they didn't want the one, but the one was crucial, I just think that it has to be more than just a woman who's – Half insane in a, in in a jail. So I I don't know because like I said, you would just be able to get anybody if it's a gun. But we'll see, we'll see. So you think that they will come over? All these Watchmen characters will come over, and none will have powers whatsoever. Yes. Uh, so why would they have this crossover then? You know what I mean? Why would you want to have it's a fine guy. You know all these. No, I'm saying because what this is supposed to lead to is them being in the DC universe. So you're just going to be bringing over a bunch of non-powered people to do what? You know what I, I mean? I don't know. What? Same thing Batman does or Blue Beetle. Yeah, but that's one guy. Uh, well, two guys uh, with uh, against pretty much to me. If the marionette comes over and starts trouble, uh, name any superpower that will just kill her in an instant. Or, you know, do something. Or a villain killer, because they'll be coming over. I just yeah, think it has I, I to be know, bigger man. than that. I, there's a lot of non-powered villains that sail around and do stuff. Yeah, but you're bringing out a whole universe that's supposed to be bringing say, over I to the DCU. I don't know what they're playing at yet, so I'm not going to say, like, No, you know, that's what they announced, though. They did say, characters. when they did say it, they did say that it was the melding of the two universes when they first announced all of this nonsense. Uh -huh. So I just can only imagine that it would be something different, but we'll see. But that's the end of the mail, section number four, and we're going to go off and finish up Reggie's books. This is how we do Ah, uh, yes. Oh, oh. Mixing it up. Oh, Mixing it up. Yeah. I... <laughs> ah, yes. We're back with Reggie. Crazy cabbage patch over here. Yeah. Yeah. A little I was Montel doing the running man sitting down. It was I not very it. epic. I yeah. love it. But hey, we're back with Reggie to talk about two of his books, and then he's going to go off and talk to Chris about really, what surprised a our... lot of people. Out of nowhere, Doom Patrol came out again, which know. you know was a shock to some people, including no me. No one was more surprised than us, I'll tell you what. We had no yeah. idea it was coming. Yeah, yeah, but what are we starting with, Reggie? We're starting with The Hellblazer, number 16, written by Richard Kadri, art by David Fabry, Jose Marzan Jr., and Carrie Strahan. Silk. Cut cigarettes, I always get lungs expand, minds do too, on a warm San Franciscan night. Old friend, dead friend, feel all right, on a warm San Franciscan night. Asking around about cats, 
No one thinks I mean felines on a warm San Franciscan night. Stand around and wait, then a demon fight on a warm San Franciscan night. You guys know that one? Deep cut. Jim might know it. I I actually thought when you first started was it was incense and peppermints, but it kind of still got uh, yeah, it, it's it's skewed off to that. So no, starts I, I similar. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. that's San Franciscan Nights by the Animals. I did not know that. A deep Thank animals you. cut. That is a deep animals cut. Deep animals uh, cut. Really, if it's uh, not House of the Rising Sun or Pretty even yeah, you know yeah. or the two other songs that most people yeah. know. The it's other ones cut. with Eric Bergeron. Yeah, that's yes. what it is. That's an animal song, and uh, I hope that I hope that causes a run on animals music now. Yes, from, oh uh, yes. Uh, as we speak, the uh, hashtag animals is now trending, Reggie. From you saying singing just to me and Eric, exactly. me and, yeah. <laughs> me and Eric have such a pull. Everyone's like, oh, we've got to find out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so remember how Eric and I really liked the last issue? Yeah, I remember. What happened yeah. to Tim Seeley? Yeah, I I, that's my biggest Eric, thing. I bet I, he really hated this issue because I sure did. Look, well, I'm it, telling you, the issue in my mind started out strong. We got a cool mystery idea going on where John Constantine has uh, to come and help one of his friends. It quickly falls apart, though. Uh, to uh, me, this is like I said with uh, Batgirl or whatever, even then. Like, since I've been having to read Hellblazer and Constantine and all that, every issue starts with that. Every issue, or at least arc, starts the same exact way. One of his friends from the past that he made... anything, though. I mean, he just shows up in San Francisco. I think we make that... We make that that connection, you know, and he goes to talk to Jenny about her, but I don't remember there being a huge, like, past with cats, or he doesn't even really go into explaining why... who these characters are. You know what I mean? Uh, Also... If I go up to if I could were to go up to you and be like, "Hey man, you seen cats around?" or it'd be like, "You seen cats?" you'd be like, <laughs> yeah, this town's been a terrible our, problem." Broadway in 30 years, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's just crazy. Overrun with yeah. cats in this town. It's terrible. But really since especially since Rebirth, every arc starts with somebody from Constantine's past being murdered or something happened to him and then he has to go show up and then in his wake there's other dead bodies. It's always the same, but like Eric said, what happened to Tim Seeley? Tim yeah. Seeley jumped on this book, and then all of a sudden he's off. And this is, I heard he's, you know, he's coming back in. I think in, maybe he said February, but yeah, this, why? For whatever reason, I, I don't think he understand. Might be, he's writing some other shit. Well, he's know. writing some other shit. Why'd they put him on this book if all he could do was a couple issues, and then we have other people jumping on? If you want to have, yeah, it's you funny, know, a Zach consistent didn't even book, notice in the credits that it wasn't Tim Seeley. I'm like, oh man, his writing went downhill for this issue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm actually and, thankful it's not him because I don't want to have that happen because I actually enjoyed last. But arc. just think of that though. Just think if we get all of this until February, which is only it's only a monthly book, so that's you know two or yeah. three issues. But still, yeah. the book isn't selling as it is. And then all of a sudden you throw in this other writer where you you wanted to think that DC at least thought that putting Tim Seeley on the book was going to give it at least some bit of name recognition to get the sales up. And then it's almost like like what Eric just said. I'm sure there are people who ended up okay, yeah, and ended up oh Hellblazer, that's cool. You know, I like Tim Seeley. I'm not saying this. Some other people are, and uh, I'll get Hellblazer. I'll see what he does with it. And then shows up this week. To get their their Hellblazer and then not even realize that he wasn't on the book it, out it of was nowhere. It's definitely a bad move. It definitely is going to hurt the book. This Richard Kadri, I've never heard of him. I looked no. him up. I think this might be his first professional. I would guess that he might be one of these work. workshop guys. It what, seems. What, what, what I actually think is it's kind of ridiculous. I think maybe they thought they could like 
you know, maybe use this as a clearinghouse for, like you say, for those workshop guys or for yeah. new talent. But they didn't they didn't really think it through by, you know, no. after putting Tim Seeley no, on. Have them on, like, yeah. Put on, put new guys on right away. Just yeah, like, put them on right away, or wait out. for an annual to get the, because, some because, other because, guys. For example, having someone running around referring to a person as cats without ever establishing his first name or his friendship—that's <laughs> a flaw. That's a flaw. His first name writing. is Cats. Yeah, yeah that's that, the problem. Or, what, or uh, but, establishing his whole name, establishing yeah. that it's a person, or at least no. Cats. Yeah, I thought oh, he was God. looking for cats. I thought it was a really bad joke. <laughs> and and you know, you maybe know it was. Cats and Pirate Jenny? Yeah, no, Pirate Jenny. Oh, it's been a long time since they called me Pirate Jenny. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> what is going on here? But yeah, yeah it well, just. An eye patch, that's why she had a fake. Now, it, it's a shame because it yeah, would have been a one. really cool deal if this issue would have really kicked ass. And then we would have been like, oh my God, Tim Seal. Oh my God, it's not him. Holy shit. And, uh, but in, that's not the case. Uh, like yeah. Eric said, uh, I didn't realize at first when when we when you don't review the book, when we jump in just to read it for for even when I do Eric's books, but you know yeah. when I do yours as well, Reggie. Uh, yeah, I don't really pay attention to the creative team necessarily until the end or when I see a credits page. And sometimes I don't even you know take right. notice. Then I just read it. But you could tell right away something was wrong. And something again, wrong here. Yeah. I, I I put down Tim Seeley sometimes he is a decent enough writer he's a good writer i just don't yeah. like his stories a lot of the times but the guy knows how to write a comic and right. this was written by somebody who is just learning it seems and it's a shame and it's a shame because it's on a book that is really desperately Trouble. trying to stay afloat and you get this it, it's like we always say every comic is somebody's first well you know what every comic could be somebody's last uh -oh. as well uh -oh. and yeah Girl, <laughs> don't man. go there but this i keep saying it if i was reading if i was reading hellblazer and i just kept got this would probably be the last i say this every time but ba well, I know, basically i know what would hook you in because of course we want to see constantine do magic right it's yeah yeah magic. we love the oh magic, magic. constantine so, yeah so the best part of this is when he finally uh pirate jenny after he tells her you know get out of town you are good you know knowing me is basically a death warrant yeah. so you know get as far the fuck away from me as possible uh, she hooks him up with a cop, a crooked cop, and he goes to get a file because that, you know, go meet him at a uh, yeah. basketball court. And the cop he wanted wants, to see how cats died, the file of it. So. Exactly. Yeah. There's no other way to figure it out. So he, uh, he, you know, the cop wants to charge him. I think it's his 500 bucks, right? I'm not on, yeah. I'm not on that page. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, I'll tell you what. And here, here comes the magic. I'll guess the serial numbers on two bills in your pocket. And you give it to me for free, which is totally isn't that that's a very normal exchange between criminals. <laughs> yeah. Because cri yeah. criminals love gambling. <laughs> Don't you guys understand that? How much they love gambling? I'm telling you though, the the they worst of it is the, but this guy wants five hundred dollars and then Constantine says I will do a trick. You pull out two bills in your pocket, and then if, if I can guess the serial number, you give me the files for free. And then he goes, well, what do I get in return? I'll double your money. Well, it, it, unfortunately, that only would have equaled out to $80 when the guy wanted 500 This doesn't make any sense. The guy knows what he has in his pocket. Yeah, the guy knows what he has. In, if it was me, I'd be Magic. like, I got I got $2 in my pocket. Why, why would I want $4? I asked for 5 I mean, it all boils down to where you have this cop where why would he get involved i know what you're saying this gambling it is nonsense because the guy pulls out 
out two twenties. He pulls out two twenties. He would have gotten eighty dollars. That's not what he asked for. If he, if this wasn't, he meant he would double the five hundred bucks. Like, he said oh, he what, doubled what the bills were, it, it seemed. No, and, uh, and even though, it, yeah. it, you look at Constantine, did you think in any sort of way that he had $1,000, even if he meant double up the 500 no, There's no way. This is nonsense. I, I I'm telling you. It, quite frankly, no, though. it drove me nuts. If someone were to go up to you and be like, I bet, I'll bet you $100 that I could <laughs> guess the change in your pocket, you're never going to take it, even if you don't know how they're going to do it. No. You know they're going to have some trick. Yeah, to do it's it. a you're trick. Gonna, it's a trick. You're giving up 100 bucks. Well, like, gr- like, granted, if if I'm the cop and, you know, here's me, he's like, hello, Loaf, I'll get, I'll get those serial numbers in your pocket. Oh, that, that sounds like a pretty good deal. And then Constantine bets it. I'm like, yeah, fuck you. You're not getting the files anyway. Where's my five hundred bucks? That's a, that's a, yeah, I'm really. telling you, it's just nonsense. It's complete nonsense. <sighs> it, I'm it, telling you, though, the it made me laugh, we, though. We love Constantine as being this rogue magician, this scallywag of magicry. But, like, the whole idea of the big magic we get out of this, he uh, he knows the serial numbers on the two bills. On two Thomas, bills. The, uh, yeah, that's all you get. It's and, and worse then, than a fucking David Blaine trick. It's it is. It's, it's like it'd a, be funny, yeah. I wish he's like, I can bet the two serial numbers. Then you cut that orange. You'll see your card in there, and then there I'm gonna you know. sit in this. I'm gonna What's sit in this cube queen? of ice. You know what I mean? There she yeah, goes. Put me up queen. above, and then I'll I'll make the goddamn statue, the the Brooklyn Bridge. I'll, I'll make everything around the world disappear. Yeah, the Bay Bridge. <laughs> yeah, the goal. Whatever. And and the the whole thing with this is is that it's just. It's nonsense because even then, one of the biggest things that has to be pushed in this issue is the hipster movement now in San Francisco. And unfortunately, we do read every book, and we've seen this in Harley over and over yeah. and to have it pop up here where you you have a continuous deal plus the one guy's like you know there's a guy who wants hey i'll sell you some weed no no mate i don't need weed okay then i'll kill you that everything in yeah. this is so you know much we were a talking forced about progression about your drug dealers in the back row but yeah don't you trust them because maybe if, you you certain, if you decide not to buy one point they will kill but you but really and so and then what we learn is always buy from your dealer yeah, yes. don't and, go. And yeah, don't them, go. Don't, but don't even that, but what happens in this book is that then every relationship in this, including, like you said, cats, we never saw any uh, sort of connection. We don't know his name. Pirate Jenny, where he just shows up, and that's okay. Constantine has just shown up to people, start saying things to him, whatever. But then Constantine really does start to seem like he has a working relationship with this cop then which is never set up over the top of the the banter between these two yeah. is ridiculous yeah and it's ridiculous constantly's finally walking like it's always something clever with you isn't like, yeah you yeah just met him you just ago. met him you, you know? just met him then there's this drug dealer guy who just comes out of the alley hey you want to buy some weed all of a sudden it it, it it fucking escalates so quickly while other people are walking around. It doesn't make sense. Then demons just jump out, and Constantine runs away, and he runs through a, a church. church. Holy moly! Oh, Ooh, boy, the symbolism. Gets a neck, <laughs> they start going back to human. Yeah, that that gets, is not a demon. It's just a glamour up. spell. It's just a spell. And then he goes back, and in the meantime, uh, J- uh, Pirate Jenny has been killed with this whole thing. They think it's a serial killer, the thank you killer or whatever, because every, every time, time these people dies, die. They write thank you on the wall in their yeah. blood. 
And even through this whole, whole thing, we keep getting this God con being mentioned by Constantine because everybody who's dying is part of like a kind of a religious hokey like new age religion kind of deal. deal. And, you know, if you get followers, then you're targeted and all this. But even that, it takes it away for the most part to me until I, at the end. But it, it's not well, as you, Constantine whole, as it should be. The whole investigation of this, like the whole mystery behind like, oh, how are we going to get from point A to point B to find out who the killer is? It all just comes down to Constantine getting this file from the cop and seeing that there was a 911 call after a recent dispute yeah. with the Wheel of the Time. I'm like, why are these cops not already there? What the fuck? <laughs> they're not they're, because they're stupid and they're out gambling is what. This and is, they only have one cop. A, That's San Francisco's a big city, Eric. Okay, there's a lot of crimes to follow up on. Well, what oh happened God. is he was gonna go follow up on this. He is still at his apartment trying to figure out how the hell Constantine knew the serial numbers of his dollar bills. Yeah, and he doesn't know. He spent the but last yeah, two hours puzzling over. Basically. Just, by been, the way, so there right have been here, like six murders before this. Yeah, so and right basically here, just goes to that wheel. I thought that this was the end. I thought him yeah, and his apartment so did was I. the end of the comic. I swear to God. When I went on and I saw how much more there is, I was sometimes. like, what the fuck going yeah. on here? Yeah. It's like yeah. a third of the comic is left over here. I just, uh, I, a little, I maybe a little overly dense. He does go to the Wheel of Time, which, by the way, is the name of fantasy author Robert Jordan's series, so I assume... Uh, the Wheel of Time, yes. Down. Yeah, they'll be coming down very, very soon. Uh, yeah. Inside the cult, you see evidence of other thank you killings having happened. Yeah, yeah, and it looks like they were all going on. He's got to stumble around when a multi-yard blue Hindi demon comes out ready to kill him. <laughs> yes. And yes. at this point, I checked out. Oh, and, and even then, it's just so ridiculous. And, and also... one of the cheapest uh, security systems you can get because you only need a sacrifice. And the thing yeah. is, I really is like true. the read for like I I like the art in this book yeah. a lot. I hated this the look of this goddamn you know Hindu god or whatever it is. I hate it so much. It actually just makes the whole I, book become cartoony. You you know that India is on the continent of Asia, and we know oh, how. Geez, and that's why that. we know how but, Eric feels. I will say that David Fabri uh, had some issues because I'm telling yeah. you, as I went through this issue. I actually thought there was an art change at that point where you're talking about, Eric, that I really, really like the art. And then all of a sudden it takes this weird turn where yeah. it seems like he stopped really detailing it as much. There were some and it real kind of stiff, flat-looking yeah. uh, panels. I, I don't know the full story. I mean, overall, the art in this issue is, is not the problem with it. It's no, fine, no, not at all. It, it, it did kind of feel uneven. This part at the end feels like one of the better parts as far as like movement and action. But there are some parts, although there are some parts where he's just standing around talking to Pirate Jenny and a cop, so yeah. there's not a whole lot to uh, show. Uh, overall, though, I, I, it is okay. The inking seems a little thick, too. Yeah. I don't know if that's yeah. thing. But uh, anyway, he finally gets away from the demon just in time to run onto an alley, and a guy shoots at him. He dodges the bullet, but he gets punched in the face by someone else at the Wheel of Time cult. <laughs> and like I couldn't believe it. the comic is still going on now. I was like, yeah, holy yeah. shit. Is this a special oversight? And then those guys just leave them and jump into a hippie van. Well, that, yeah. that's that's the killer. The guy, the guy, the yeah, yeah. god looking thing. Like he hits him in the face. We find out this is another glamour spell, and it's actually the, the thank you killers going around. And I'm trying to understand, like you know, magic shit's always fucked up, and talk, like you know, trying to explain how it all works. But we had that mandala that Constantine saw when he walked in. The center of it's missing, and it yeah. seems that this golden gun 
that the kill the thank you killer is yeah using he brings that is out the yeah. center and i have no idea how any of this ties into anything but i did see that constantine wishes that when he grew up there was a strip club across from his uh playground i yeah. I, I learned that yeah. then you know oh, i kind of wish that too though that would be great yeah, but man, yeah man, like you said cd element you'd be getting way more touch than you were already it's oh, all God. out of nowhere but then I'm he goes back to get any cd or element yes <laughs> well he ends like, up going back to his apartment he had a bus stop right at the freaking quarter right at the there i'm like what the hell is this shit nice yeah oh let's let's get this done with so we wrap this it up stupid so he, book. He gets a bottle of liquor uh he goes home and in there are a bunch of people from the what do they call themselves the bay area grand dawn coven <laughs> yeah who want who want him to answer for pirate jenny's pirate even jenny's though death. all these killings have gone on before constantine even got in the town yeah yeah except jenny seemed to be afterwards he went back yeah, to her I'll and say she though, was how dead, do you but, go yeah. and think it's this person after i don't know it seems killings. like but that's the thing it seems like i think that they only think that he killed jenny they don't even mention these others they they haven't been looking at the news not, or reading the paper the news. <laughs> because then the other thing is <laughs> i love the fact too the city. They're not, they don't even know about it i i love the fact that he goes at that one point he goes to the cop and says him hey uh did you, you know what happened with jenny he's like yeah yeah i do hey you better not be around any more dead bodies or, or oh you're gonna God. have something to answer for i'm like no no <laughs> he should be answering now there's no yeah. reason he should know this and may actually if he does you know something about it third strike you're out i mean, you guys uh, don't know anything about the law apparently no. i've never been arrested <laughs> i just i just well if it was with jenny it's pirate law they're dealing with at this point but i i actually the thought that there time the, law the, the, the cop <laughs> should have at least at this point <laughs> talked to goddamn Constantine to say, you know what, you have any leads? Because I'm, I'm nowhere. I can't I'm, do anything right. I'm really right. sick of you guys telling the police how to do their jobs. Uh, it's uh, a very busy <laughs> city. Do you know that? Do you know how it big, it, it might be. Always. It's not so busy for that guy. He's not doing I, Especially because not only do they have in their file – Exactly where that 911 call went. But, Reggie, you pointed out when Constantine opens the front door, you see at least three head blasts with thank you written above them. I mean, case closed. Whoever was there, at least now you have a full lead of where this shit is originating. I would say there's a strong connection. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Not not Uh, very good. (laughs) I I guess that they're just saying in San Francisco, everybody's high. Is what I got from it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Plus, I have to mention that Katz at the beginning, he seemed to be a Pink Floyd fan, which to me, you just leave that body That's dead. Just, you <laughs> just walk away. Already, and I, I I know a lot of people when they get fresh croup, be the boop, love Pink Floyd, and I'm not one of them. But, and I disagree. I actually, and, yeah, and I actually, it's like everybody seems to either be in, in this, either they're wearing tie dye shirts, which I can only assume are Grateful Dead shirts. Or that one Pink Floyd shirt. So. We're a city in the world. We're a city. But uh, what did you give it, Reggie? Uh, you know, like I said about the art, it really is not the problem. There are just some parts that seem really stiff to me. It might even be an inking thing, but uh, I do like uh, David Fabry's style in general. And it, it's okay. It, it just seems to kind of get lost at, at one point so, for a little bit. At some points. But overall, it, that definitely is not what dragged this book down. What dragged this book down was the really shitty story that was poorly told. That wasn't yeah. explained, where characters were just sort of thrown out at your face, and we didn't really understand what, what their relationship was to John Constantine or it anybody. It seems like a Dan Stransky mystery novel. Yes, that's, it that's does. Kind of, Hello, weird science. People but, uh, are you know, uh, bleeding out in the bathtub for no reason, Eric. 
even the fact that, even the fact that Constantine cons this cop into giving him this file, and he's like, "All right, meet me back here in two hours." Yeah, why couldn't? Like, <laughs> wouldn't you go the next day? Like, what is wrong? No, with he this that cop? was like, him being that was his hard ass. Give Constantine this file for free. Why? Yeah, uh, I'm telling the you, it only was magic just... besides glamours and you know a big Hindu multi-ar monster being that ridiculous. Uh, you know, guessing the serial number off the money trick yeah. tells me that. This is not the job. Don't Car- forget the magic golden gun that allows you to say thank you when you're killed that we know nothing about. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah we know so little about. I'm not even sure if that's magic. Or that just the magic of Constantine. Rat- the magic it's, of this book, Reggie. The magic, the the heart of Constantine. Yes. Uh, it was a piece of junk, and I'm not looking forward to the next two issues. This is was a 3.5 out of 10. Yeah, I'd go four. Uh, I'm gonna be. I, I like to try to be God, positive. What a guy. I should just go three point five. Uh, again, I I'm not one to even comment on this book. I really don't care much about it. But I have to say, I could at least follow this issue for two pages, which is usually one more than I usually can because I usually check out by then. So I did read it, and uh, but it's not good. It's not good at all, and the art's okay uh, throughout. Like I said, it, it has a little dip that makes it kind of okay overall to me. Uh, but really, I, I don't even know what's going on. So, yeah, I'll go for What do you give it, Aaron? I'm going to be positive, Peter, even though I really don't like this episode, uh, this issue because the mystery's nonsense. The way Constantine acts, nonsense, every, the way everybody acts in this goddamn issue is nonsense. And I really love the art, but as soon as that goddamn Hindu god came out, the art took a down, like downward freaking swing, but I would give it a four point five out of ten. Oh, about that Vindaloo right there, you were like, oh, I can't yes, do that again. Yes, he was. Not again. No. But we're gonna move on to the final book that we'll talk to you about, Reggie, and it's one of mine. And yeah. this is where I'm gonna start arguing with Eric because it's Commodity Challenge number eleven, written by Rob Williams, art by Walter Simonson, Laura Martin, and Clem Robbins. And I, I have a little aid here for me, uh, for my little deal cocaine nope here we go eric i'm gonna convince you i'm gonna convince you of how great this issue is sometimes a comic book is more than just the art and words on the page sometimes a book does exactly what was expected of it and more this is one such comic book eric shea are you getting in the mood now am i firing you up yet no, no, you're not. <laughs> the Commodity Challenge started as a fun little game with simple rules. Fix the cliffhanger from the previous writer, expand on the overall story, and leave the next writer with a cl- crazy cliffhanger to work on themselves. Some have succeeded, but unfortunately, most have failed until now. Rob Williams and Walter Simonson do everything they are supposed to do, and above and beyond all that, they have fun doing it. I will not tell you this is a near-perfect issue that everyone has to read this instant, but I will tell you it's a near-perfect commodity challenge issue, and I did this too long. I had a very inspiring music to play here for everyone to get fired up at. I'm going to stop it now. Uh, I did tell Reggie right away that I love this issue. I think that Rob Williams does everything, like I said, everything that he's supposed to do with this. And for once, since maybe we, this is the 11th issue of this, obviously, I think that maybe one or two issues in this whole entire thing have felt like a Jack Kirby issue. And this is by far the most to me. Uh, I think that it also, and really to me, I'm getting it secondhand, uh, kind of from Reggie, but it also feels a lot like a Neil Adams issue that I (laughs) I always enjoy. I Uh, thought the art was great. And I just, even and how about I, that Doc Shaner cover, huh? That's yeah, I, I like nice all of it. Boy. But 
even just the beginning where Rob Williams actually tells you what happened last issue. And rarely have we gotten that. Rarely have we gotten an issue where, like, like I'll, I'll say the Tom King one or even the Greg Pak one last issue that he had the, the crazy way of trying to go into that Tom King and go. This actually seems like he read that last issue. Some of these, as we've gone on this challenge, and Eric, you haven't talked about all of these, but me and Reggie, half the time, we sit there and think, did they even know what happened before? And not even just the cliffhanger, but what led up to it. This yeah. actually, to me, feels like he knew what was going I mean, on. By rights, they should have been able to see the finished issue, you know, yeah. but they should have been able to see a script and a lot of it. Yeah, you know, and, but, and, but and sometimes it doesn't for example, seem like Tom that. King didn't look at Jack. No, he didn't look at crap. And even when you had like a Steve Orlando, where when he had his issue, when Commandi had his guts taken out and he had to get out of that, we actually yeah. did give him some credit of like, hey, uh, you know, he tried to do something. It was complete and utter nonsense. But this actually, from this cliffhanger that he was given, actually quickly leads into the story and then goes forward with it. We end up progressing the story in a way that I thought was fun and then yeah. ends with a crazy cliffhanger that Gail Simone has to pick up the pieces of later. And, yeah, I, I thought that I had a lot of fun reading it. Uh, we'll go into it. I don't know what you thought about it, Reggie, but uh, Kamandi at the last issue, his mom had been shot, and he thought basically he had gone, and he ended up finding his mom just as he was. She was dying. This ends up that she is actually an android who was the pretty much in charge of this whole deal, but now was and just it, a it trigger. It is a very Kirby looking android too. I think. Yes, yeah, the yes. face is done. It was. Definitely gave me Kirby Kirby vibes, as they might yes. call them. And uh, basically, she's there to trap Kamandi and this, the Dark Tower's actually the mothership, and it's taking off into space to go to the tech moon where the misfit is waiting for him to do whatever, what we'll see in the last issue. But again, the misfit is a Kirby uh, guy who was in the Kamandi book before. And then as you go... I think that Rob Williams just has fun. He has the, you know, the shark. What, what are they? The, uh, the, the jetpack jet shark, shark attack, attack crew. Yeah. Uh, they show up. Uh, one has a mohawk. They're fighting. And I remember last issue with Greg Pak, we actually mentioned that we wanted to have more fun with these animals and things like that. And I thought that well, we the animals here. need commodity to get if they had jetpacks. Well, what? What? Why did they need him? Or yeah, he, they didn't need him before. He was just there, uh, you yeah, know. They, and they let him live. Like, hey, we can't get on land. You can't. Yeah, because Go that wasn't this, this crew. That they That's, say this is a different. They didn't claim that they were this crew. Yeah, this is just said, we other were right sharks. Not to eat you, human. It is up yeah, to because you to prevent this. They're just part of the other deal. Again, they, got, I, they I, had a feeling. They had a feeling. I mean, to me, to me, the one problem is I do like the way the jetpack shark attack are handled here, and I do. I do even like the anthropomorphic tigers better here because they're actually like shooting guns and stuff. Yeah, but they're not just yelling of, about dead people. They're just not yelling about being dead already. But uh, <laughs> uh, it's kind of disappointing that it was the same creatures from the last one. We didn't yeah. get new ones. And most but again, I don't know. Like we new. said, well, I don't know what he knew going. Yeah, and then you get That's the UFO gorilla right crew because they end up going. He ends up going to the. Uh, the cockpit of this mothership. Uh, he's trying to figure out what's going on, and then he is greeted by the misfit, which made me laugh because when the misfit comes up, if you don't know what the misfit is, he's just a hideous little dwarf type deal that's held by a so much. held by <laughs> a uh, a robot. And the minute the commandy sees it, he Very thinks it's his dad. 
I just like that he's like, father? And then, the, you know, they, he's like, no. <laughs> fucking no father. And basically, he needs Kamandi to get there. Uh, you end up with the gorilla UFO crew uh, comes and, uh, you know, gets you on board. Of Kamandi of the future world, too, which I always like to see. Yeah. What I, I was thinking, is the UFO gorilla squad, is that an actual thing that Kirby dealt with? Or is that just something that, you know, Rob Williams no. has created for this? Because no, that, that no. part is so ridiculous to me. It never that never happened in the original. Come on, oh, yeah. say that for sure. There were other gorillas, you know, creatures and. Uh, well, and, well and, I'm telling you, I'm I'm looking at this map here, and it looks like the gorillas control most of it. And and I I just want to point out too at the back uh, when Greg Park uh, talks about how he did his issue, he actually mm-hmm. spells out that. When they are given an issue, they are given the animals and whatnot that they have to deal with. So, oh, yeah. you know, Rob uh, Williams may have been told that he had to continue with the, you know, the leopards or the jaguars and, and right, the right. sharks, but then also have the gorillas. I mean, but he does enough. spell that did, out. I think he did more with them than Greg Pock did personally. Yeah, so yeah. I'm, I'm not mad at it, but I feel like every other issue, every other issue we have at least gotten. Yeah. The well, the, the problem is to me is that anthropomorphic. Yeah, I, I just the, the whole thing one here. If, sure. Yeah, you have that. But it really, they he lifted off with the Jaguar, you know, the 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 Jaguars, whatever the hell. I they think they're are. cheetahs, cheetahs. What they were already in the tower yeah. and then they're going into space. There's not going to be much more that you could grab. I, I think the sharks were just there as a goof and to get that jetpack. But yeah, now they're in space. They get the UFO gorilla crew. And that's where Kamandi just decides that he's just going to ram into this tech moon uh, because of, well, because the misfit <laughs> is it, he wants There's Kamandi's DNA. And uh, he knows what happened to Kamandi's parents. So he goes to ram. He gets ramming speed. They attack. Uh, the, sh- the ship is falling apart. And the gorillas and Kamandi get ejected into space where they are left for, like I said, I think it's Gail Simone. I think it's actually Gail Simone, Paul Levitz, and somebody else writing the last issue. So oh, there's really? a bunch of people. We had some fucked up cliffhangers in the past that it just seemed this ridiculous to get out. This is one of the high ones, though. Yeah, I'm telling you, I, I don't know if this say, is worse than Kamandi having all his organs removed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, sort of, and, the fa- and the fact that they extend him, you know, he gets blown out of the ship at the top of the page, and then we have five panels of him falling. It's like time is running out. Oxygen Earth, is in yeah. space. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this this is a pretty fucked up cliffhanger, I have to admit. I I, I got to hand it to uh, Rob Williams on this one. This this definitely let, let made, made me feel like, how are they going to get out of this one? And obviously they will. But, and that's you know, one of those things. So I'm telling you, the whole idea to me, like the whole fun of writing this is to just try to fuck over the next yep. writer. That's how I would take it. Yeah. yeah. And well, I think some of that we've seen that sometimes and other times we haven't. You know, we've yeah. seen it be like, what, this is just not really a cliffhanger at all. So, uh, yep. it's cool. I like it. Yeah. I, I uh, this it. was my favorite issue this week. I already know it's my book of the week, and I haven't had a lot of fun in a lot of these books that we've had. So I had a lot of fun with this. I love the the you know the shark. I just like how they announce things. I thought that the dialogue, from what I've read of Jack Kirby, I think that Rob Williams was the only one who actually decided to try to make his issue sound like a Jack Kirby issue, which does mean throwing out complete and utter nonsense like <laughs> yeah. that 
jetpack. Yeah. I mean, that jetpack to me is is classic with that where Kamandi puts it on. It comes zipping over. He has like a, you know, a homing beacon thing. He presses the button. And the thing grabs onto his back and takes him away. I thought that was good. I love the way the misfit talked uh, and the humor of that going back and forth with Kamandi. And even later when the gorillas come and they're talking and he's just throwing shade at them. Uh, you even get a little bit of a uh, Planet of the Apes type of deal in this that I thought was pretty fun. Uh, and like I said, the Misfit is a classic Jack Kirby character. It's not a huge character, but uh, it is from the Commandi series. So I thought that that was cool, that that's a cool shout out. And to me, like I said, I thought that Rob Williams went into this uh, to me with the most, uh, you know, the intent of actually doing what he was supposed to do and not using it like a certain Tom King to try to give an homage to Jack Kirby that didn't make any sense yeah. in anything that we got and then leaving nothing there and having it in one room and all that nonsense. Uh, to me, this is by far a better issue than that, but I'm sure if I look now, I think me and probably two other people probably reviewed this. Probably. Uh, yeah, because, you know, and Tom King was pushing his freaking issue as if it was a one shot which drove me insane too uh yeah. but yeah I, I really liked it but i i gave it a nine five and i i Whoa. love it i thought that this was one of my favorite issues since rebirth because it actually did what it was supposed to do and in this one issue you know you have a couple rules but really that this commodity challenge to me was supposed to be fun and i think they forgot about that fucking nine issues ago because it hasn't been fun it, it like i said it seemed like everybody wanted to do something to make themselves seem fancy instead of actually making a jack kirby-esque issue so that's why i really liked it what would you give it reggie i i'd agree with definitely what you said this is the most jack kirby and the most commandi-esque of all of the uh issues we've had so far i think i think other people have made their attempts but this is probably the most earnest one uh, Walt Simonson was also a great choice for art on yeah, this. Even yeah, though some I really enjoyed inking, the art. Some of the inking looks a little unpolished, but that really that's sort of in his style now. And like he really is able to crank these weird, precise Jack Kirby machinery things. And you know, uh, and even the faces of like the misfit and stuff like that, it really did feel like a Jack Kirby style with really, like the way he did the panel layouts and shit like that. I mean, this is a guy he's been around a long, long time, so he he is at you know studied at the feet of Jack Kirby, as they say. So yeah, I would. I guess that's why he's got the vibe a lot more. Definitely a lot more fun than the last issue. The only real complaint I had, and, you know, if Rob Williams was given these characters, then so be it, but that we kind of had, like, a revamp. You know, I kind of wish Greg Pak didn't use them. Yeah. And we only got, and we only got them here, because last issue, they were sort of a little a little less interesting, especially, although not like the Leopard guys did anything here either, but uh, at least they fired guns, and that was always yeah. fun. Yeah. So uh, I think I would give it an 8.5 out of 10. I don't I don't like Jack Kirby. I don't like Kamandi. This is a like a decently fun issue though. I just don't care anything about this book at all. So I, every time I have to read it, it is a chore, but it's not bad. We've gotten way worse issues and I really do like the art. I give it a six point eight out of ten. Yeah, uh, uh, I was one That's of That's an Eric uh, nine. Yeah, I was one of three <laughs> people who reviewed this and I looked uh uh, eight people reviewed the Tom King issue, so it wasn't like that. It was, you know, balls wow. to the wall, over the top. But Man. of the three people that reviewed it, average score, 9.5. But we'll, wow. we'll go from there. Yeah. There was a 10, my 9.5, and a 9, and all three people said it was their favorite issue of the challenge so far. So at Terrific. least we all had that idea. But, yeah, we're going to go off now to hear you and Chris talk about Doom Patrol, 
that, yeah. like we said earlier, kind of came and shocked everyone. I even told somebody, uh, somebody on Google Plus mentioned to me, uh, I guess they had heard us on the podcast and said, oh my God, it's such a shame that, you know, Doom Patrol's ended and all these young animal books. And I'm like, yeah, I know. It it sucks because a lot of people like them. And then two weeks later, an issue comes out. And that's the thing. You can't even go by the solicits with these books because half the time they're solicited and they never come out. So, Well, to be be honest, what really really got me thinking that, you know, your animal wasn't going to happened was because there was nothing on the horizon for bug these are the two books that are left and do patrol i knew had been already been resolicited for december yeah yeah so but i forgot that that meant they still could get nine out for november but think about this it's been out since september of 2016 and we are on issue nine yeah Man, that's so crazy. It, it has trouble. It has yeah. problems, folks. Now, are you are you and Chris excited for the Milk Wars? Are, are you really uh, excited about that? <laughs> uh, I, I like it now hearing you say the phrase Milk Wars. I like that. I with like your, yes. Your Pennsylvania milk. You got the Milk, milk wars. wars. Milk Wars. I don't know if you uh, listened to my uh, comics thing. Uh, Tanya told me about that and said, what's up with this Milk Wars? And I thought that she said Milf Wars. And somehow I thought <laughs> that there was something wrong that she had seen some history on so my computer and I was in trouble. <laughs> I did. I thought I was in trouble. And I'm like, what? I don't know what you're talking about. Know, she's like, about and then she said, Jesus oh, it's this comic thing. Yeah, she's like, it's this comic thing. I'm like, whoo I'm off the hook. Uh, and then I said, I don't know. I don't know anything about it. And then she read it to me, and I said, that sounds like a bunch of nonsense. But, yeah, uh, I mean, the only one that sounds interesting to me is and makes sense is Cave Carson and Swamp Thing okay. are combining during that thing. And it makes sense because I'm hoping we see, like, a Swamp Thing made of fungus or cave fungus yeah. and Something yeah, all I, I, all I, I know knew is, you know, with, uh, uh, what was it, Wonder Wife is Wonder Woman? I'm like, what the hell is going on? Yeah, some other Let's, crazy, I don't we'll know. We'll see I, how we'll that find. goes. But we're going to go off right now to see what you and Chris think of this week's Doom Patrol. Once in every lifetime, comes a love like this. Oh, I need you. to the Young Animal segment on the Weird Science DC Comics.com podcast. My name is Reggie. My name is Chris. And we have one, count them, one Young Animal book to read this week, but it is the flagship. Would we call this the flagship of the Young Animal uh, imprint? If it's the last one standing, I guess we have to. In a way, yeah. It's between this, <laughs> between this and Bug, and I think this, I think this is going to outlast Bug, believe it or not. But uh, we'll see. It's, well, the it, jury's it might, still out. The way the way the schedule is, it might end up being neck and neck. But anyway, the book we're talking about is Doom Patrol number nine, written by Gerard Way, art by Nick Darrington, Tom Fowler, and Tamara Bone Villain. So we pick up right from the last issue. Cliff is getting beaten into sparks by a pair of emotionally needy robots. Remember, this is. One pink Robotech mech with a round spiky head, the other blue with a diamond-studded head. And they say, say I love you, and I ship it in like a condensed texting form. Mm. That's my take on it. It's it's not text-speak. No, it's like when the Flash talks fast. It's all one word. Yeah, dropping vowels, too. They yeah. have everything into one word. So uh, 
The pink robot blasts Cliff down the street and right into Danny the ambulance, which is also already in bad shape. Uh, discombobulated, Cliff tells Crazy Jane that he loves her. And just then, Keeg, the negative entity, takes off from Larry's body. Pink Robot, upon seeing that, says, Where is Rebus? And, No, Jane, say I love you, say I love you. And just from that, Jane figures out that these robots get energy when people do what they say. So Jane tells Cliff she hates his guts. Just then, Flex Mentalo enters the fray and starts a flexin', and Hero of the Beach appears over his head and all that. Uh, mm-hmm. Jane tells Cliff she hates him with every atom that makes her whole. And this is all happening while Keegan and Flex speed up the big uh, pink robot. And then uh, Jane tells Cliff to suck eggs. Mm. Then Keeg is able to remove the robot's mace head from its body. Um, along with a lot of green goop, outspills a dude in a purple bodysuit. The blue robot is distraught, and another guy in a purple bodysuit jumps out. Uh, he calls the, did, the dead guy Cookie. It seems the blue robot's pilot's name is Nolan. This is uh, all irrelevant since they're about to turn into purple goop and dissolve just on the very next page. Yep, that's it. <laughs> we head over to the Reynolds house. Where young Lucius is uh, still playing heavy metal records backwards and reciting satanic incantations. It's not working, whatever it means in this case. Yeah. Uh, Lucius decides that he to try that uh, magical world of magic record that showed up in the mail a little while back. I don't remember how many issues or months ago that was. It was many months. Uh, I think it was only two issues, but many months. Ago, <laughs> many, many months. months. <laughs> and this is the record that has the, uh, the cute little pink and blue cartoon bunnies on it. Uh, immediately, Lucius is transported to some void, which turns into the desert where our old pal... Mr. Nobody is hanging out. Yeah, that's right. We'll see more of him later on, but we cut over quick to Pink Cloud City, where a silhouette of a guy in a red cape and what looks like a winged helmet bemoans the price of being king of whatever he's king of. Uh, a stamp also appears in his midsection, so he's just like a white cutout. It's as if someone cut yeah. this character out of the page. There's a stamp on his midsection that says, withheld due to copyright. So I'm guessing this has got to be Thor. Or Odin. I can't. I can't think of anybody else. It could be. Maybe someone can inform us if yeah, we're wrong. But uh, he's got a very Thor posture. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and and like the winged helmet. It seems like he's in a fake Asgard. It seems like that's a yeah. take on that. But uh, couldn't remember anything specific from previous Doom Patrol incarnations. I think we saw this character earlier in the series. Could be. But uh, yeah. Anyway, if anyone has any ideas. But anyway, that that scene pretty much ends with him mentioning he also has to plan his wedding as dictated in the pages of a Hexalon the Star Archer comic book. And then we cut over right back to Casey and Terry Nunn's apartment. Casey's eating the last bit of shit, that's that miracle food additive that Terry Nunn was pimping. Uh, Terry shows up and Casey explains that she's moving out. Then she plants a big smooch on Terry. Hmm. They get a little closer, they kind of hug up and fall through the tarp, closing off the giant hole in their apartment. Falling to the ground, a yellow and red parachute ejects, and they uh, descend safely and land with a very psychedelic thwomp. Like, what? Okay. uh, (laughs) Back to Mr. Nobody and Lucius there in the town of nowhere. Maybe nowhere, Arizona? Or nothing, Arizona? I don't know. It could be any of the news, Arizona. (laughs) Population zero. Uh, Mr. Nobody explains that he's tangled with the Doom Patrol before with a team known as the Brotherhood of Dada. 
And that would all have gone down during the Grant Morrison run that uh, this volume takes uh, very liberally from. <laughs> Mr. Nobody, it's worth mentioning, uh, it's argued that he first appeared in the Fleischer Brothers cartoon, Betty Boop for President. This is in 1932. It's a, you got to see it to, to know yeah, what You can, you can see it on YouTube if you just search yep. for it, and it looks like it could be Mr. Nobody in the cartoon. Sure does. And he did run for president uh, back in the Morrison run. So that's uh, also interesting. That's true, yeah. Now, while Lucius is aware of the art movement, which is a, which is, you know, fairly smart for a teenager, knowing what Dada is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, Mister Nobody explains that it's time to do something new. No longer the Brotherhood of Dada. Now they're the Brotherhood of Nada. Now, Chris, this really doesn't feel very new, does it? It doesn't. It, it does. doesn't. It feels very uh, familiar. <laughs> it does a little bit, but let's let's meet these uh, let's meet these folks anyway. We've got the brutalist scientist Daisy Langdon turned into an indestructible modern sculptural art after experimenting with radioactive cement. No feeling. Hector Alvarez found a alien metal detector and now travels the galaxy in a 1950s sci-fi spacesuit as Hector the Boy Detector. No hiding. 50% Chad, a waist-down pair of gigantic hairy legs and socks and tidy whities No pants. Alice DeBreeze, a.k.a. The Breeze, a real casual chick for whom everything has come easy. No problem. And Lucius himself will become the great Ludini, teenage nothing. Uh, Mr. Nobody zaps him with his hands, and Lucius is dressed as a classic stage magician. You know, tuxedo, top hat, red line cape, all that good stuff, yep. wand. Uh, Lucius is uh, cool with it. Yeah, he got, he got no other gigs the way he looks at it, so he hops yeah. in the overstuffed car with the rest of the crew and heads to the city, where Mr. Nobody's daughter awaits, which we're positive is Terry Nunn. There's no other one. Gotta word. be. Definitely. So, uh, ending at the Reynolds family, Valerie finds a present for her on the kitchen table. It's a large brick of modeling clay and a note that says shape what you dream Sam emerges that's her husband and Lucius's father and very understanding about the fact that his once a strange wife is bonkers he's also wearing a Teen Titans Go looking Beast Boy t-shirt even mentions that in the book that they they both he watched the cartoon with a friend days or something Uh, she gives him a big hug and says they're ready to integrate with the world again they open the door to Lucius's room to spread the good news but the room is empty and his stuff is arranged on the floor and bed to read Thanks for nothing. <gasps> that can mean so many things. Oh, goodness. Whoa. Does it really mean thanks or is it nothing? I don't know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so that I have two problems with this book. <laughs> right off the bat. Two, two main problems. One of them is the lateness. I got to mention it every time. Sure. It, it really takes my enthusiasm out for this book. Uh, if, if these were coming at a, at a faster clip, I might... You know, feel differently, you know, more enthusiastic. But as we wait so long and then we get something like this that really feels like they're kind of just throwing stuff together in a blender. Uh, actually, mm-hmm. it actually feels rushed. Right. This has this feels like that six issue where we kind of got yep. one story swept under the rug and we started a new one right away. And it's like, is this issue? Is this series ending? Uh, that's, uh, yeah, right. That's the sense I get. I don't, you know, with Young Animal, we have no idea what the future plans are, so it could very well be true. But uh, yeah, no, I'm kind of postulating here. But it seems we mentioned in that issue six that like the big threat that was looming got wiped away within the first few pages, mm-hmm. just like here with these uh, robots with the mace heads. Right. They, they got wiped away real quick. It's like it's almost like uh, <laughs> uh, what's his face, Gerard Ways, maybe a little bit of schizophrenic in his writing, where he maybe was going to. Invest Investigate more in these characters, but then decided he wanted to do something else. Possibly, and yeah. uh, then it's like, oh, get rid of these guys, or maybe it's just 
the tone of his Doom Patrol, where it's like, we built it up and eh, it's gone. We're gonna go to something else right away. And, it just and that's something it that seems so might, strange. It's it's something I definitely am gonna be reading this at some point in my life, and I don't hold me to it. But you know, in the trade, <laughs> to see if it works better that way. Because I thought that sure. too that that might be like. That's how crazy their life is, you know, that, yeah. that, you know, two giant, two robots attacking them, demanding to say, I love you. That's just like, you know, Tuesday morning, you know yeah. what I mean? Like they just still, a normal day for them. Yeah. That, 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 that's not like a big deal. So it could end up that way, but the way we read it, where we have a cliffhanger, you know, mm-hmm. we, we end on a cliffhanger. I expect the resolution to be something instead of like, they get all turned into purple goop and wiped away and like, you know, <laughs> Do you think they might have been some sort of like meta commentary on the fandom? Uh, at this point, it could be anything. I this <laughs> I, I even thought that it, this could actually be they could have been sent by Mister Nobody, and that could be our way into his into his art thing. Uh, but considering, yeah. considering we don't really know what they were about, you know what I mean? Like sure. you know, we we kind of got some ideas that they want people to say they love each other and they were manned by look like humans. Uh, and they, they had, shipped them. Cookie and Nolan, yeah, like it. It seemed like there was a commentary, maybe on fandom, mm. but like I say, we didn't. I, I feel like if if it was a commentary, we didn't get enough of it to say what the hell it was a commentary on. Sure, that's a, that's for sure. The other <laughs> thing, though, is that as far as what he might have wanted to jump to is going to this Morrison, this Brotherhood of Dada thing. Uh, mm. Really, just makes this a you know, this book is too mired in that one run, and I, and even though we've been, I think, fourteen months since the first issue came out, this is only issue nine. Yeah, and you're already mining, you know, probably one of the most memorable parts of that of Graham Morrison's run. Sure, uh, it's it seems cheap, it seems unearned to me. It does, uh, and it what does. and what he's doing with it, it looks on the surface no different. You know, no. uh, <laughs> I like no, the characters. The same thing, just different name. Yeah, yeah. they're all weird. Well, characters. Only a marginally different name. <laughs> exactly, one letter changed. Uh, mm-hmm. With you know, it seems like a bunch of like dubious, you know, heroes or whatever. Weirdo characters. Weirdo characters with dubious yeah. powers, and uh, and I did like them for that as far as being like weird characters. But sure, it just smacked too much of the Brotherhood of Dada already. So. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously it's going to depend on how it's written and what, what it does and whether this connection with Terry Nunn is interesting because it obviously is no big secret or surprise. Uh, but it really, you know, this book, this issue just struck me as falling kind of flat. Uh, totally. Overall, what was your what were your basic thoughts on that? Um, very very same as yours. Here, it's uh we've been waiting for a while, and 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 like you said, it is way too mired in that one. But it's there's there's a term in wrestling called cheap heat, and it's yeah. like when you go to the ring, and if you're a bad guy, you say that all the local sports teams suck. And if you're a good guy, you go out and you say all the local sports teams are great. Right. And uh, when you're doing Doom Patrol and you're propping up Morrison, it just feels like cheap heat. It's like, yeah. I've, I don't think I've met anybody who said, I don't like the Morrison run on Doom Patrol. It's, I, it's the definitive run, you know what I mean? Sure. Uh, and, and, it's universally loved online. It's it, Nobody nobody said a bad thing about it. So it's it just seems so, it seems cheap. It's like a, look at me, I'm a real fan. Here's the, my proof. And uh, can't get behind it. In truth, it's safe for John Byrne, who went out of his way to, like, deny the Morrison run really ever happened. I think he actually took a couple of swipes during his run on Doom Patrol. (laughs) They all have have acknowledged it. It Obviously, had a lot of brilliance to it and, you know, created a lot of characters that are beloved. Whenever you – if Crazy Jane is in the book, that's taken from the Morrison run. You know, there's no way around it. And we were – 
accepting of that, obviously, in the beginning. You know, you know we're not, we, we don't want them to pretend nothing ever happened before, but earlier on in the series, they seemed to acknowledge that everything had happened to some extent, and I was really excited yeah. for that. Not so much because I necessarily need to see uh, you know the stuff from uh, our cooties run or whatever, but cooties, yeah. just just because I, I thought that was a cool thing. Now that we're just mining this Morrison run over and over, it's like, well, I mean, if we see the Scissor Men or Red Jack, I'll be like, come the, on, give me a break. Or the painting that ate London, all that yeah. stuff, yeah. It, the it's Candle all, Man. Uh, it's it's just seems really stuck over there, and and maybe I would have felt differently after twelve or more issues. I would have been like, well, or you if know, they you, came out in time, yeah, yeah, or oh, exactly, maybe they come out on time. Maybe we could look at this as just being like, I mean. For all we know, this could end the next issue, just like this pink and blue robot thing did. Sure. In which case, I'll be like, oh, well, I guess it's not that big a deal. It's not exactly... Uh... The first page of next issue could be the uh, the Brotherhood of Nada in a car accident yeah. where they're all dead. And or, it wouldn't surprise me. Or, or they turn into the Brotherhood of Tada, and they're all about announcing <laughs> and themselves. And they're all about right? jazz, yeah. Ta-da! Yeah, jazz hands. <laughs> That's what they all do. Anyway, uh, it's it's stupid to speculate on a comic like sure. this. It really could go any which way. And the fact of the matter is, with all this, with all this bemoaning... There was a lot I did like about it. You know, I did like a yeah. lot of the uh, silly interactions. I did like the fight with the robots, even though it seemed to happen rather rapidly. Uh, and conveniently, yeah. I, I gotta say, I love this idea of a nerdy black kid metalhead Satanist. Uh, <laughs> I know he's not the first. I know he's not the first one in the world. I remember my brother who was big into heavy metal and definitely into like the more, uh, you know, as. Close to Satan as you could get or whatever. Uh, he, he, I remember he had a friend named Anthony. He was a black kid that was like, you know, he went in way, you know what I mean? Kind of like, kind of like when you are, uh, you know, you're the scrawny guy on the basketball team. You got to play twice as hard. That's how he was. Yeah. You know what I mean? He was everything you could do would that would be pure and metalheadish. Uh, anyway, so that really speaks to my heart, and I, I like that <laughs> that theme of it. Uh, I like the characters. Love the art. Sure. I really like this guy's artwork, Nick Darrington. Wonderful. He's yeah. doing covers for Mr. Miracle now, and I think he's doing more work for DC down the line, which is great because he's. I don't think he's getting enough work out of Doom Patrol quite. I don't actually. think so. Yeah, and we don't blame himself. we don't blame him for these delays either. Oh, I don't think it has anything to do with yeah. him. Uh, yeah, it's. We've, I think we talked about it last week, but if you follow him on social media, which I, which is not a bad idea because it's almost all just his artwork. He's yeah. constantly doodling. He's constantly. I I got I got the impression, especially a couple of months ago, he was a little bored. <laughs> anyway, all that being said, we do we do give these things scores, and in the end, I gave this a pretty bland seven point five out of ten. Could even get shoved down to seven. Really, it's it, it is an issue of Doom Patrol, and it's weird to even say that because that should be something unique and special, but mm. it's it's just not. It really just feels like they're you know running a treadmill here, and I hope they figure out what they want to do next coming up. Yep, I'm right there with you. Seven, seven point five is uh, right. We're right in my ballpark because you know we we've given it a lot of flack, but it, it, this is very much in our wheelhouse. Yeah. It's just it's just almost uh, annoyingly so. <laughs> and it's just that it isn't it isn't moving forward, and uh, that seems to be a uh, trend with a lot of the DC books of late, where it it just we're not moving forward, and <laughs> it's a. Uh, we need to. You think maybe the problem is we can smell our own? You know, we we you know we know we like the weird stuff. So when they pander to it, when they make it, so we're like, come on, we you come know on, we guys, like that crap. You. That's easy stuff. You know, like give me something new. Uh, yeah, give us a straightforward uh, uh, superhero story so, <laughs> that'll freak us out. That, and that'd be that would be hilarious. Yeah, just do like a typical, you know. Cliff Steele just saves people from a burning building. Yep. I'd be like, whoa. Meanwhile. I never yep. expected that. <laughs> uh, next couple of weeks, I see no young animal, which doesn't mean that there won't be, but I don't, I don't see any. 
uh, I did remember. I remember reading that the Doom Patrol for September was resolicited. Don't know what month they gave it. Do not know if Bug is playing. So, uh, for the time being, folks, we are gonna lock up our young animal shop over here. But you know, obviously, we'll come back and uh, whenever there is young animal to talk about, and hopefully during the Milk Wars in February, we'll be uh, coming on every week on the podcast i do want to mention mm-hmm. some chris we almost never mentioned and in fact hmm. come to think, we've never mentioned <laughs> that you and i do another podcast every week every every we sunday do. yeah that's right you might have forgotten about it but i <laughs> we you know we always we spend a little bit of time on it during the week so i can see why it would slip our <laughs> minds but it's uh chris and reggie's cosmic treadmill we read a different comic book talk about different comic book historical things uh every week we could we have a new episode sunday plus episodes during mm-hmm. the week and you can find that on chrisandreggie.podbean.com, or you can look up uh, Chris and Reggie's Cosmic Treadmill on any one of your podcast aggregators or apps or mm-hmm. whatever they are. Uh, that would be cool, and that's that's what we do when we're not doing this. And uh, lately, we have more time for that because there's not a lot of this going on. <laughs> Young animal ain't popping. They ain't really popping too hard. But anyway, who knows? It's it's really such a you know, grab bag. I, I almost feel like, you know, we're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting, and then we're going to get a month with Doom Patrol every week. You know, yeah, you know it wouldn't <laughs> surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me. Like get two, two issues in a single day. Something like that, you know, it would be like, oh, okay, now we have a uh, bounty of Doom Patrol. But uh, <laughs> I think that's all we got from this week, Chris. Got, think, got anything else for him? Nope, that's it. Well, until next time, folks, I want you to keep it young and animalistic. See ya. And just a gigolo, and everywhere I go, people know the part I'm playing. Paid for every dance, selling its romance. Oh, the same. There will come a day, and youth will pass away. What will they say about me? When the end comes, I know there's a justice to the laws. Life goes on without me. And just a gigolo, everywhere I go, people know the part I'm playing. Paid for every dance, selling each romance. Oh, what they say. And there will come a day, and youth will pass away. What will they say about me? When the end comes, I know there's a just a jigglos. Life goes on without me, cause I ain't got nobody. Oh, and there's nobody just for me. There's nobody just for me. Sad and lonely, want some sweet mama? Come take a chance with me, cause I ain't so bad. If you would read my mail, Jim, want to tell my words would tell. But if they tried to read it, we'd hear an epic fail. When you reach the part where opinions come, the hero will be Jim, a hero to us all. And when you read the mail again, 
you see the nonsense never takes a break All right, we have one more mail section for the night. Who we got? And it is Mad Marty, and he says, right. Good day, Jim, Eric, and the get rest of the Get Fresh crew. Woo, boop, boo, boop. Boo, 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 back. Get Fresh crew. Boom. Boop, boop. <sighs> I'm trying to find my notes again. I have this one monitor, and now it's killing me. I'm sorry for not doing the bare minimum of writing in for your 150th episode last week, guys. As Jim might remember, I'm running a game of Dungeons & Dragons for my group of friends at the moment, and the amount of preparation I was doing made me completely forget about the auspicious occasion. I do remember, and it seems awesome. And I said, I wish that I could play. And then he said, you're not invited. And then yeah. I cried. So congrats on your right. 151st episode. We're getting a lot of congrats <laughs> on 151. My favorite book from last week was Bug the Adventures of Forger number 5. I know Chris and Reggie gave this a resounding fuck you 5, but I really enjoyed it. I admit my favorable view on this book may be due to me wanting a DC's Young Animal issue to come out for so long. But I, but when I read this issue, I was listening to the Melbourne-based psychedelic rock band King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard which suited what? the tone of Bug perfectly. You've never heard of King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard? No. no uh, we, Gizzy, we, we like to call the oh. fans. Uh, we're Gizzies. I picked up four books this week, Doom Patrol number nine. The delays in this book are killing me, but every issue that eventually comes out have been great. I would have preferred for the Young Animal books to have continued on the regular release schedule rather than having this that. Milk Wars event, Eric. Milk Wars, not Milf Wars. As nope. I'm sure all young animal readers would. Doomsday Clock number one. I know that Rebirth was initiative from Dan DiDio, and they, they were based a story for the change around this idea of Jeff Johns, but it better be bloody good. As someone who started reading about 18 months into the New 52, I'm really disappointed with Rebirth. Before the change, I was enjoying Batgirl, Constantine, the Hellblazer, uh, Justice League, Suicide Squad, and Wonder Woman. But now I've dropped all these titles with the exception of Wonder Woman, which I will get to in a moment. The only Rebirth titles I'm reading are Wonder Woman, Dark Knights, related books, and now Doomsday Clock, and I can't even say I've been enjoying any of those. Wonder Woman That's number rough. 35. I start by saying I never liked the idea of this Jason storyline, even when it was first hinted at during Dark Side War. When I, this was revealed to as the truth at the time was that the Amazons would leave Themyscira every 30 years to fuck a boatload of sailors and slaughter them afterwards. Now, this was the, the that whole deal. So and it's so funny because a lot of people, and I'm glad that Mad Marty kind of points this out. This was at the end of the Wonder Woman book. This was not Brian Azzarello. This was, no, was afterwards. This was, yeah, Meredith Finch. And the thing is, what I liked about it, what I really liked was how Jeff Johns used this Jason to do the whole thing of they had to get the first man, first male step foot on Themyscira, and everybody, including the readers, would have assumed that it was Steve, Steve Trevor. Trevor yeah. And it wasn't because there twist. was a baby. Yeah, uh, it was a twist. I really liked that twist. Uh, but then they would trade any boys born from this to Asbestos for weapons. Trade. They'd throw them off a goddamn cliff, and then they'd go in. Asbestos would grab them, and they'd give them the weapons. So the idea, and it was like the, the men of, of Themyscira, yeah. which it, it was. It was garbage. It, it was, but I don't know. It kind of did try to explain things a little more of how that they're, you know, how they continued on and how there could be younger uh, Themyscarians. 
you know, Amazonians. But uh, the problem is, is really you you only saw that Diana was the youngest, and you know, so it didn't really play out that well anyway. But the idea that Jason was the first man to set foot on Paradise Island is laughable. We like that twist. I'm glad. I'm glad Rucka changed that particular detail about the Amazons at the start of Rebirth, but I still don't see this Jason storyline holding up for me. Now, again, people were mad about it because it basically made the Amazonians into rapists, but I'm also not a fan of how Robinson is writing Diana. So now I, I would like to know. How he's Seriously, writing her because I, we I barely see her. Of how he's doing it yet. Yeah, we barely see her, and I'm sure that's what he means as well. So I'm faced with dropping the solo book of the last character I've remained loyal to. This is fucking bullshit. And yeah, of all of us on the podcast, I would think that I'm probably the biggest Wonder Woman fan of us, and I, I've given up that fucking ghost. I, I haven't liked her in a long time. Imaginary Fiends, number one, Eric. You see, that title is a twist. This is a vertical title that, that I like the cover of, but then I looked up who was writing, and it's Tim Seeley. So I'm very disappointed in myself that I didn't do my research before ordering this one. I hope I didn't bring down the energy of the podcast with this lengthy email. It's hardly lengthy. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Imaginary Fiends, did that come out this week or is that next? Yeah. No, it came out last week. It came oh, out geez. without an embargo, too. I have the print copy. I actually got it, and uh, I, I was not doing that for some reason. I thought I had another week. Oh uh, no, no, and and if you wanted to, because I think an annuals week you only have one issue. Yeah, uh, you could certainly throw that out there. It's sure. more of it's more in line of your deal. Uh, it starts off, and there's drug use, Eric, and you know how oh. I'm out. No, I, I was looking at it today. I was thinking of doing a uh, like a, a bonus Patreon spotlight on it because since we didn't put it on the site or anything. But I'll see what's going on. We'll talk about if we're going to review. We don't it dive not. deep into Vertigo a lot. No, we do not, Eric. We don't. I'll try to make it to the movie matinee this weekend, but it will sure be did. at five thirty a.m. Sunday morning for me. So no promises. He made it. Have a great week, guys. Cheers, Mad Marty. And yeah, the uh, we ended up having a matinee uh, of the. Get Fresh Crew movie uh, night, and we ended up watching uh, The History of the World Part 1, the Mel Brooks movie, and Mad Marty said that he enjoyed it enough, but he thought it was very dated, and it is. A lot of people don't think that humor holds up. The humor is a little more uh, racially uh, motivated, very sexist. There's, you know, there's a lot of craziness going on. But uh, something that isn't crazy, Eric, is Vermilion's Visions, which is coming up right now. Hey, what's up everyone? Vermillionaire here bringing you guys back uh, for this week's installment of Vermillion's Visions. You guys know how I do things. I'm going to be talking about a book uh, not from one of the big two. Try, I generally try to stay away from from DC or, or Marvel and go with something a little bit more indie, although I do uh, tend to stick to like image. I'm, I, I do... Uh, I do image books a lot just because they're something that that they a lot of them appeal to me. They put out a lot of books, you know, every week, every month they put out a lot they're putting out a lot of new stuff all the time and a lot of it is stuff that, you know, sounds it- interesting enough to me, so I do stick with image quite a bit, but I like to try to, 
you know, get out to some other companies, whether that's, you know, Boom, Dark Horse, uh, Valiant even. I do try to try to branch out a little bit, but uh, once again this week, it is going to be one from Image Comics, and it's going to be Plastic Volume 1. It's the first five issues of the Plastic series, uh, written by Doug Wagner and art by Daniel Hilliard. Uh, so in this, our main character here is Edwin, and basically this dude is crazy. Um, he's fallen in love with his girl, and I don't really consider it a spoiler because it's in the first, it's in the image description, it's in the first solicit for the first issue. Um, it's a sex doll, you know, it's not a, it's not an actual girl, it's a blow-up sex doll that he's fallen in love with, and he's named her Virginia. And he talks to Virginia, carries it on conversation, or carries on conversations with it all the time. Uh, but mainly, he also just kind of fucks it constantly, um, and he does, in his mind, uh, think that it's alive. So apart from being, you know, crazy, Edwin is also kind of a badass. Um, he looks, he just looks like some some creepy dude uh, that wouldn't put up much of a fight. But this guy is absolutely insane and is actually pretty good at maiming and killing folks that piss him off. Uh, so this, you know, you guys know, or if this is your first time listening, you might not know. So what I do here is I like to, you know, go through the first issue um, just to give you guys a little bit of a taste of what's going on in the book. And then, you know, you can decide from there whether it's something that you might want to pick up or not. Um, I'll give a little, I'll talk a little bit about the rest of the trade, but I'll mainly just talk about the first issue, um, just try to expand my horizons, expand other people's horizons, that's what I, that's what the, the point of this segment here is, uh, so this first issue is gonna go pretty quick because it's a really quick read, um, like I said, he's, Edwin himself is pretty crazy, so, um, a lot of it is just, it, it's fun. I mean, it's fucked up, but it's also just a fun read, and it goes really quick. Uh, so the first issue opens with Edwin in Virginia getting it on in the back of his car alongside the road. Um, it doesn't actually show anything, which, you know, was, I was glad about that. It just shows, like, the car rocking back and forth and shows Edwin, you know, saying things to, to Virginia. Um, but then after they're done, he decides that, decides that he wants some donuts, which he seems to be pretty much obsessed with donuts throughout the entire book, um, and that they need some supplies, you know, some lube, a cleaning brush for Virginia, you know, standard road tripping supplies. Uh, so he goes to a gas station to get some stuff, uh, and you get another hint at his insanity when uh, he goes to check out. And the guy at the register, you know, all he says is, you know, you're going to need paper or plastic. And Edwin just freezes at the sound of hearing the word plastic. As like deep down, he knows that Virginia isn't real, but he won't let himself admit that she's not real and that she's a sex doll. So while he's inside, some young guys are outside talking to Virginia in the car and joking around. And when Edwin walks out and sees these kids, you know, like fake hitting on his girl... Uh, things get pretty ugly pretty quickly. Edwin, I mean, he goes fucking ape shit on these three dudes, you know, shattering leg bones, kicking faces, snapping fingers in half, like to where the bone is sticking out, and even rips rips one of the kids' ears off. 
like I said, this this guy is fucking crazy. Uh, but he can also whoop some ass when he gets worked up. And I think I think the fact that he's so crazy means he just goes that much harder and can't like doesn't restrain himself in a fight. Like he could have easily just beat these kids. He didn't have to rip rip an ear off and snap fingers out of like snap the bones out of your fingers. Uh, but he's crazy. So uh, so one of these kids that Edwin beat the hell out of is the son of the richest guy in this little town. Uh, and this guy's name is Thaddeus Bellavo, I'm going to go with. Uh, and he pretty much runs everything because he's rich. So after he finds out about what happened, he has his goons sneak up on Edwin and Virginia and kidnap them. Uh, so Edwin wakes up tied to a chair, and the guys that jumped him, whose names are Jim and Thomas, uh, they start taunting him by holding Virginia up in the air and telling him that she's a sex doll, you know, he's like, dude, you're crazy, she's not even real, uh, but they're also just holding her up, and then Thomas actually licks her leg, which really pisses Edwin off. Now here, here's where we see that while Edwin is definitely insane, he's also a smart guy. He takes note of not only Jim and Thomas's names, but he starts looking around and noticing little details to give him an idea of where exactly he is, and so he knows how to find this place in the future after he's free. Uh, he just takes little little mental notes, like propeller in the corner, or over water, just little quick things like that that show that he's like taking, taking stock of the situation and being smart about this. So when Mr. Beliveau comes in, he has a file on Edwin, although... At this point, we don't even know that his name is Edwin. Uh, Mr. Beliveau thinks that his name is Victor. Uh, apparently, Victor uh, spent 10 years as a government spook and then just completely disappeared off the grid. So Mr. Beliveau has a plan to use Edwin's skills for his own gain. Edward er, Edwin agrees to do, to do one job for Mr. Beliveau as long as Virginia is safe uh, because that's all he cares about you know as long as Virginia is safe I'll do whatever you want uh, so he gets knocked out again and wakes up in his car parked in front of this really nice house he has a note on the dash that says Pratchett house if they see the sunrise Virginia doesn't and the issue actually ends with Edwin getting out of his car to kill these people inside the Pratchett house and he's saying out loud to himself for Virginia um, and like I said, that's where that first issue ends. So I told you guys it was going to be a very quick first issue, and it definitely was. Uh, so just to give a little bit of an idea of how the rest of the trade goes, um, it's all about Edwin trying to get Virginia back. Um, spoiler, because it's right at the beginning he, beginning of the second issue, he does kill these, these Pratchett people. Uh, but that's not the only people he kills. He kind of goes on this, this revenge spree against Mr. Beliveau trying to get Virginia back and make sure he's safe make sure she's safe <clears throat> uh, he meets uh, some helpers along the way we find out more about what's going on in his psyche more about his past and who Edwin is as a person uh, but you definitely find out a lot and I actually really like uh, the way everything is kind of played out in this book uh, the way Doug Wagner sets up different aspects of Edwin as a character um, just with little subtle things like I mentioned just in that first issue like the fact that he freezes at the word plastic 
hinting that maybe he know he does know that Virginia isn't real, but he just won't let himself admit it, or the way that you know he was taking stock of his surroundings and kind of going through that in his mind shows that he's not completely 100% insane. I mean, he's fucking crazy for sure, but he does have... He, he is a smart guy, and he does know what he's doing. He's not completely insane. Um, and I think the way that that just builds on itself uh, throughout the next, the next few issues, um, and then it all culminates into that fifth issue where you really find out what makes Edwin tick other than, other than Virginia, other than a sex doll. What makes Edwin Edwin? Uh, you kind of find all of that out in that fifth issue. Um, and I really like the way it all gets tied together and you see and you just learn. I like the the gradual progression and the gradual way that uh, he eases you into Edwin as a character and you learn more and more about Edwin as as the series goes on, which is something that I personally really appreciated. I thought it was done really well. And the art uh, was really good. Um, I didn't know really what to expect from the art coming into this because... You know, I had never really heard much about uh, Daniel Hilliard. I don't think I've ever read uh, anything anything that he's drawn before, so I didn't know what to expect. Uh, but it was really good. I, I enjoyed the art a lot. Um, I like the interior art a lot more than I like the covers, which is something that, at least in my personal, personal uh, history of reading comics, doesn't happen a whole lot. I tend to usually like... like uh, a, a cover more than the interior art because you know more time gets put into that cover uh, you, you know you want to make it look great but in this I don't know if he didn't do the covers but I definitely like his interiors more than I like the covers um and the art grows on you throughout the trade I didn't I wasn't a huge fan of it at first I didn't think there was anything wrong with it I just wasn't uh, crazy about it at first but by the end I really I really like the art um, and like I said, the writing, I thought the the progression of of Edwin as a character was really, really good. Um, and I like that it told kind of this complete story, uh, although it does allow allow for more stories to go to be told moving forward from here. I'm not going to spoil how it ends, uh, but it is a complete story. You can just read this trade and be and be perfectly fine. Um, and get a good story, a great story, actually, that, that's really enjoyable. But also, if they would want to return to this in the future, I'm pretty sure it did stop at five for now, but if they want to return to this in the future, there are stories that can be told moving on from here, which is something that I always appreciate, uh, kind of having that interplay of a complete story and being able to move on from here, something I always really like. Uh, in a comic book, especially when for this thing, for this segment that I do, uh, when I'm reading, you know, usually a volume one, one trade at a time, I like having that disparity of yes, this is a good complete story that you can read on its own and and get to know the characters and like the story. But if you want, you can continue reading, which is something that, like I said, I I really like in a in a trade. Uh, so. I actually had written down in my notes uh, an 8.5 out of 10 for this trade, but thinking, uh, being having talked about it now, I think I enjoyed it even more than that. I think the more I talk about it, the more I, you know, just think about the subtle things that really built the character and more things that I like. I like the art. 
Um, so I think I'd actually have to go up to around like a like a 8.8, maybe even a 9 out of 10. I really, really had a good time with this. Um, I hope that they do continue or they do decide to come back to this to this universe and tell more stories moving forward because I think uh, they would be really, really good if they were told the same way. Uh, you know, kind of still slowly building the characters and moving them along in a in a good progression. If they could do that moving forward and telling new stories or even going back into Edwin's past in the future, either of those I think would be really, really good. So I definitely hope to see this, this comic continue, and I would definitely check it out um, if it did continue on from here. Uh, but as it is, it has stopped at 5, so... Uh, yeah, for this trade, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a nine out of ten. I think it was definitely really good. I will say that it's probably not for everyone. Um, I had a lot of fun with it. I thought it was really good. Like I said, that slow progression of Edwin, uh, but there's also good action mixed in there where he's like I said, he's good at kicking ass. So he does some ass kicking throughout throughout the entire trade, and there is some some fun stuff mixed in there. But there's also a lot of the you know getting into his psyche and seeing what what makes Edwin Edwin. I think that's something that I personally really enjoyed, those those character moments where you really learn more about Edwin. So if that's what you're into, definitely check this out. I will say it might not be for everyone, but it's at least worth a shot. If you like what you heard here in this segment, definitely check it out. I think it's, I think it's really, really good, personally. Uh, but that pretty much brings us to the end here. So I want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening, uh, listening to me ramble on about plastic. Definitely, I say it every week. Go check out uh, patreon.com slash weird science. Uh, check out Jim and Eric, all the awesome shows that they're putting out there. About to hit 100, I believe. What are they at? Like 97, something like that. So, yeah, there's a lot of content over there, a lot of great content. So, definitely go check those out. Check them out if you can over on Patreon. Give some support to them. Uh, but that brings us to the end here. So, I'm going to send it on back over to Jim and Eric. Thanks, guys. So bring your ass in here and give me some so I can bust a nut. Go on and sing this shit. I'd rather fuck you, ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, Eric Shea. You there, Eric Shea? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Possibly. We are also here with Batman Beyond Mark. So that means Hello. we're going to be talking about Batman Beyond. And uh, we we had last uh, issue, we had the Bernard Chang double feature, you know, double threat issue. And now we get back to Dan Jurgens, but uh, no Bernard Chang on art. So that's a little bit of a difference. I know on his review, Eric Shea was throwing a lot of shade at the art, but we'll see what me and Mark uh, think of that. Eric, get right to it. Tell us about <laughs> it. Tell us about it. 
Batman Beyond number 14, written by Dan Dragons, with art by Phil Hester, Andy Parks, Michael Spicer, and Travis Lanham. Batman Beyond becomes everything I want him to be in this issue, where Terry realizes exactly what he wants and takes it. Like being Batman, living in Wayne Manor, and really getting Dana back. Not to mention, Mad Steep wants to become Robin. Too bad that the Royal Flush Gang is in town looking to kill Batman, and they might have done it, because at the end of this issue, we see Ace break Terry's back Bane style. Yeah, yeah, and this is pretty much, to me... I said it earlier, right before we got on, even before Mark got on, that I was saying to Eric, like, boy, this is kind of like a reset, a deal. And Eric was, yep. Eric said, almost like a rebirth. And, and I do think it, it is. And it I think only took, uh, yeah. let's see, this is 32 issues. Yeah. Counting the rebirth issue and all of last run, it's been 32 issues yep. since all of this began. And I think I have liked maybe eight of them yeah um you know what i think i've liked none uh, there oh. might have been six one. of them in a row with yeah. those first six of the last run yeah yeah i'm telling you this is probably my favorite issue of batman beyond since this we've might, gotten this, this this might be the best issue of this particular run yeah. i, I just the best really since I've been wish we had bernard chang and marcel Mallo on this issue for yeah. art because while i don't like i i don't mind the way that the royal flesh gang looks when you get to terry and bruce and matt they look like uh, terrible it's matt, I hate. Oh, of what about uh, no i i dislike matt how matt looks in this but the worst matt. is barbara because yeah, she looks if they didn't tell you that was barbara and if she if they actually drew her with her white hair, you would not be able to tell that's Barbara. Yeah, yeah. Like and Matt, you can kind of see it. He kind he does kind of look like Terry. Yeah, but I hate the way Barbara, he looks. I think he looks like a mongoloid. That's what I think he, he looks does. Like. He does. He has one panel where he looks good, and that is the last panel of the yeah, entire thing. He looks crazy. Where he at, actually at, looks great. Actually, I say mongoloid. Actually, at, at a point, uh, he looks like a midget. That may be like a forty-year-old that that is about four foot one is what oh, he looks man. like to me. His yeah. first when panel he in this, it looks like he was a test. <laughs> he was like born in a test tube, and his yeah. face pressed up against the glass because his entire face just looks smushed. Yeah. Well, here's the thing: is Phil Hester's on this? Uh, to me, obviously, uh, you had Bernard Chang writing and uh, drawing the last issue, so he needed a break after that. It was doing that while this was being written. Uh, it is a shame that you have this. And not what you've had the art-wise for so long, but who knows? Maybe this is the that style said, they want to go to. I love to. the layouts in this book. Like, yeah, I, didn't I mind actually them. like the layouts and the flow. It's just the f- and, and I actually like most of the things. It's just the faces. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, it's like what was that, Eric? Your your problem with Kirby was he just can't do faces. No, it was like, just everything he just with hates Kirby. Ch- okay. He just hates Jake. Like, yeah. Bruce's face looks fine. <laughs> Bruce's face looks spot on in every single panel he's in. It's I think just, that's because he's Dana's, always squinting. And Dana's. And nah, Dana's. No. Dana's. And then okay. just everybody else's. I'm just like, Ugh. Yeah. Well, we'll jump into the, it. This is a very quick issue uh, to it me uh, because you start off with the Royal Flush Gang being, uh, you know, chastised by a somebody who ha- is giving them a job and they're not being I'm able to do it. They're trying to get going to call it now. My guess is going to be Joker. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. The, the Joker is a good guess because, like, for one thing, like when you see him initially, this holographic figure that's giving them shit because they haven't been able to draw Batman, you do see a purple glove. You know, like it, it's a this character yeah. is completely like hidden from like who you can see it is, but he does yeah. have a purple glove. And Jurgens is set tends to like tends to set up his yeah. his what like future arcs fairly early on, and the an arc that he has set up yeah. ha, is the Joker. 
It's yeah, out of and- that, though, or another word. We do have this idea once Bruce talks to Barbara about there's like since uh, Terry and Bruce have been gone ever since they fought Damien, there seems to be another vigilante in town. And I'm thinking that maybe this one wants to draw Batman out so he become the main vigilante, like in the Royal Flesh Gang, to get Batman yeah. out of the picture. Yeah, One of those the things funny like, thing is, it's almost like syndrome where he's a bad I think guy that's been to be Matt. loved by everybody. I think they're talking about Matt. I think he's yeah, gone I, out I on the side. I wanted to go that way too. I would yeah. be good with Harry and Bruce. I would yeah. be completely okay with that, like because because that's one of my biggest problems with with this, and I'll say it right now because we address it in basically the sec like the second or third page. They're still teasing Matt oh, yeah. being Robin. And it's like, and it's it's not something like it's even from this run. They did it all of last run. It's a it's a thing that they've been teasing for thirty two yeah. issues now, and there's been zero payoff. Either put him in the suit. Yeah, I'm telling you, the way this progresses here is they're looking. He's looking through all the suits, and then he hears Barbara ask uh, Bruce about it, and then he has that look like, oh shit, uh, I'm caught. It's right there on watching, the panel. He's watching old file footage of uh of Bruce yeah. training. Yeah, I think Dean he's been going out. Weapons, which is odd. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he has a motorcycle there that has no kickstand, and I don't know how it's standing. Yeah. And that it's awesome. future technology. Future. Yeah, I I fully think that he's setting up that Matt has been out and has done a couple things, and that's why he looks so better. scared when he hears that, and he's, he's asking better. all those questions and stuff like that. It's pretty cool. You actually see uh, Duke signal costume as well which is kind of yep. a nice little uh bit there but yeah as we go on here you have the royal flush gang they're kind of uh you know getting the gang back together kind of reassembling trying to do this job uh when like you said you guys may think that this is the joker uh at one point they get pissed off they go to attack them and it's a hologram but basically yeah. they have been hired to draw batman out uh and that's where we town. go yeah, and that's where we go. Then, yeah, it's tough to. It's a shame for the, you know, the Royal Flush Gang here because Batman and Batman have both been out of town, so th- they haven't been able to draw really, them out. And this is really like broken down Royal Flush Gang. Oh we're yeah, yeah. Queen yeah. and Ten out of this thing because you know what they're saying. Oh, Fuck you, King. It's yeah, not even yeah. Queen and Ten out of this. It's uh, because in the show the team ended or the the group ended up bre- breaking up because King got super selfish and became just. A dick to everybody, including his wife. So this is that's not the original Jack. That's uh, based on what they're saying. That's a new Jack, which yeah, is something yeah. that they did. They they would once the family broke up, King started recruiting other people. My guess yeah. is that's the same Ace, the robot. Yeah, but yeah, um, yeah. but yeah, no, that's a completely different different Jack who doesn't listen to King, and I love yeah. it because yeah. King's just he's he's a beating he's sick, a and it, I love it. I love when he just it's like, oh my god, I'm just I'm just the figurehead. Like yep, when he has yep. that realization where it's well, just like, well, my Jack's in charge. Great. Yeah, yeah, really. And that's the the thing is you are getting – and I don't know. People who don't know the the series or even the Royal Flush Gang, I, I think that Dan Jurgens is pretty much just saying, screw you. You know, we're going to go with this and, and go forward. Which I'm fine. I, I, honestly, I, I, I can understand why people would be – it's not a great thing to not explain this stuff. But if you just give us a good story, which yeah, I'm, I'm okay with it. It's like at some point we just need to – Need to get out of the mopiness that's been. Yeah, and I think you get this here because then you go back to the the mansion. Bruce has come back. Obviously, he's in his wheelchair. He's hurt. Uh, he has reaggravated his bad back. He has his cane there that it doesn't Koro, want. Yeah. yeah, with Koro. And basically, he says, "Listen, I, I'm not going to have any nurses here. I don't want anybody taking care of me." And that's where Terry and Matt are like, "Oh, well, we figured you'd say that. That's why we're staying here. We're moving in. We're going to take care of you. It's a big mansion. You want to be by yourself? You can go off to the West Wing or whatever, and then." 
hang, <laughs> but we're going to be here. And yeah, this is all pretty good setup that, just I to go really forward. I don't really have a job besides being Batman, so yeah, I can't yeah. afford a place to live in Neo Gotham. So we're moving in, Bruce. Yeah, and then pretty much says, you know, as this goes on, that he's decided that he's going to fully embrace being Batman, which, number one, is finally. good. And finally, in this, it's great. But it also leads, again, another little step towards Matt being Robin. And uh, you have then the Royal Flesh Gang are out and about trying to cause, you know, mayhem yep. to draw Batman out. But in the meantime, Terry goes off to talk to Dana, another loose end kind of thread going that they've kind of been pushing back and forth, which you fully get here, where he goes and says, listen, and Dana. Terry pulls on uh, that yeah. thread till her clothes come oh, right yeah. off. And he says, <laughs> I, uh, well, I'm going to be Batman and we're going to be a couple and you're going to deal with it. It's going to be crazy, but that's how it's going to be. And, and that's it. We're going to yeah. have. Come on, yeah. baby. And that's where you go. And you go with that well it's funny how well written it is because at least in this series jergens's writing has been so inconsistent now except when we're dealing with like real life things like uh last run it was the um the refugees thing it was uncomfortable how real like that yeah. felt this this feels like a genuine conversation that they would have in the show in fact it mirrors a conversation they did have in one of the, in one of the episodes where it was, takes place in the in the future and it was like okay this is the writing I wanted. This, this, the scene with him and Dana is spot on. Yeah. Well, I, and also, I, I'll even say at the very beginning, you have just right when it starts, you have uh, yes. a little sign Neo Gotham celebrates renewal. That was enough for me to be like, okay, they're rebuilding, you know, Neo Gotham. This is good. And I think that one of the reasons Apparently why this sports is. sports festival paid off. Yeah, it did. And one of the things I think that is really good about this is. I really do think the problem that this book was trying to have is that I don't know. They they couldn't get the idea. Did they want to be more like the animated series? Did they want to do something else? And they were caught in between. Uh, yeah. I think that this issue does well that, Mark, you like it, and you're a huge fan of the yeah. the animated is, is series. It, is it I liked it. I've no, never seen it. Step of, it's a step in the right direction. Yeah. I'm but, telling but you, you, I've never seen the thing. Yeah, I've never seen the series. I've never seen the cartoon. I saw one episode. And I like this issue. And the problem being, and you might hate to hear this, is that they can't go too full cartoon because it's obvious no, they, that nobody's buying this book. Last so, issue went too cartoon. Yeah, so you have to get really yeah, the problem with it. You have to get a in between, and I think that this issue does this, it because it, if they it wanted to survive found the balance. Now, the problem is we're at issue – uh, what are we? Issue 14. 14. Yeah. 14. We're at issue 14. You count the rebirth issue. Yeah. It's never going to rebound. There's never – I don't care what you give this the, book. If, if you if have anything, it's done. Up have, if they actually straight up have a cover and a piece with it, Robin Beyond, I – like the, the sales went up. Not by much, but they did spike up for yeah. the Batgirl Beyond. And then people read it, and then it went down the next issue because I think they read it and were like – Maybe we won't pick this up again. I'm telling you, but um, the but, way you're saying spike. That, if they do that, if they do that, I can pretty much guarantee there'll be a lot of press about well, it. Yeah, well, it will go up. I don't uh, think there if will. You remember be. for what was it like for the uh, Batman uh, or the Detective Comics 27 yeah. when they had just the uh, when they had, they the, had all the, the different the stories, 20, like the 27 story, yeah. the, the really good one. They had the like the future Batman and yeah. stuff like that. A lot of press happened because of that one panel showing a future that had a black Robin. Yeah, that's true. But it so, also I'm was saying, the twenty like, seventh issue. You mix up the Robins and stuff like that. That's always big news. Yeah. Granted, it'd be it, it will rebound for one issue if they do that well, and they I, I, it. But me and you are going to bet a pizza because I bet you a pizza Robin on the cover. 
no no spike there's not and no when you had that and especially like you have things like what you're talking about spike would be alan scott's gay or uh i'm trying to think uh duke maybe it'd basically be like a a kind of like I, i i don't know it's just it's stuff like that that i could see them actually like um like publicizing to try to get sales. Yeah, I don't think any. I, I don't think news. I don't think news outlets are going to go with a Batman Beyond Matt as a, a Robin, and I don't think they're going to grab onto that. I really don't. But we'll have a bet because well, and we even saw when Selena said yes to to Bruce uh, in Batman, and I, I forget thirty two or whatever it was. Uh, there was a spike, but it was only like eight thousand. So I, I can't see a yes, spike bigger. Yes, but eight thousand would be all that would be needed to save this book. Well, yeah, but I don't think that that's There's as yeah, yeah. If yeah, if you uh, tell uh, me Robert that Matt Beyond on the cover, Robert Beyond, yeah, yeah, it's not going to be. There True. will be if there's a spike. Now I'm telling you, just as you know, a fan, and I look at the sales all the time and whatnot. Number one, there is hardly ever going to be a huge spike. What you oh, want no, to? No, what, I, I completely understand. Yeah. I was more just saying it's like there, there will be a sp- if they do that, oh, yeah. there will be a spike for one issue, and then it will go back. Well, to here, here is the dream I think of what you need, and it well, might the happen dream is with this. this. Book gets canceled, and they have a three point well, that too. But the dream, the-, the dream as a publisher, I think the way that I've seen the sales or whatever, the dream is to to stay steady. Like if you're at twenty two thousand, and then the next month comes, and you're at twenty two, and then the next month comes, and you're at twenty two, you've done something right. The the way these True. sales go, you end up, and and you look at the sales mark, and I, yes, I, I you probably look at the other things too. What you get are these crazy trends. Like you have a JLA with Steve Orlando that has a trend of losing three thousand per issue. That is that that's awful. <laughs> then you have some that are losing five hundred, losing four hundred, maybe. Maybe gain and back. They, they, you know, it's one step forward, two steps back, like MC Scat Cat. But uh, <laughs> you, you end up having those. And this book actually is maintaining around that 20 mark, you know, 2022. Yep, it, uh, it is never dropped. Uh, I think uh, between, uh, was it September and October is the largest single drop that this book yeah. has had in two runs. Yeah. And, and, and I think that if it stays at that 20, this this will end up going on forever, and I don't think that it's ever going to get to thirty. But oh, I, God, if, no. it, if it maintains, and this issue being, and I'll tell everyone here again, you know, we're arguing about numbers and spikes, but I'm telling you, number one, if you've heard us talk about Batman Beyond, you know that we're not enjoying it. This issue, number one, is my favorite issue that we've gotten yet, and. I think it's a very good issue to jump in on. You can jump in oh, right is. now. Uh, they catch you up with things. You have uh, pretty much Barbara Gordon shows up just to have Barbara in the book. So uh, anybody jumping and in knows that she's there. guys, Bruce, for like yeah. – I thought that Terry would be different this time because you have made nobody's lives better by bringing them into the yeah. Bat family. And it's so funny because it goes where you have Dana and Terry then, but then you go back to the cave and you do see Matt and Bruce talking. And they do have a pretty good relationship here going where they kind of have, you know, this talk and, and, you know, Bruce talking to him like almost like a Robin already and things like that. But And and, and Matt just gets more and more excited as they keep talking. He starts kind of going – he. He's clearly moved a bunch of stuff, and he has his yeah. own like little Robin. Oh yeah, area. he has a little and computer and everything. He, you and know, it's, 
and he just and he's watching old like training footage yep. of of Damien and Bruce, Damien. and it's, yeah. it's clear that and Bruce, to his credit, every time he realizes he's talking to Matt like a Robin, immediately stops. Yeah, he stops. And at one he point, I thought he, it was funny. He realizes what he's starting to do, and he's like. Terry's already involved. He's already Batman. It's his choice at this point. Yeah, yeah. I'm not doing this to Batman. No, and even Barbara spells it out and and basically says, like Eric said, like, listen, I thought that this was going to end. I was hoping that Terry might decide else, you know, something else. But then she says, you haven't given us a new detail of this, you know, uh, this new vigilante that's out. And he, Bruce, seems to be like, I, I don't have any idea who or what you're talking about. Like I said, then that's where you see Matt, who looks upset, who looks like Tim Drake there and looks like he's now aged to about 18, which throws yeah. me off throughout Matt's this whole thing. Matt's age kind of jumps it around. Goes There's over, times where he looks kind of age appropriate. There's definitely one time he looks like a, a pink Frankenstein. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's all and over the There's place. other times where he looks like 16, and I get that time has passed. Yeah, uh, yeah, I get he's not as young as in the show because uh, the, the brother I stuff was around for a couple of years. Yeah. But he, he's he's no more than 14. He's yeah. no more than 14. But, but even he when he looks yeah. 16 to 18. Yeah. And, some, and even when you a see couple panels, he looks like when he runs out. Yeah. When he runs out and uh, he goes, there's the, the motorcycle. And again, he seems oh, yeah, no, like that, at I'm the looking at that panel, he, he looks, looks as old. He looks like. If I didn't know better, I would have said that was Terry. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so he looks like he has gray hair. But uh, on the side there. But uh, <laughs> yeah, the in highlight. the meantime, too, though, this is where he's like when he hears that Barbara's like, who's this new vigilante? It looks like he runs off to kind of like maybe hide some shit that he's moved and <laughs> stuff because he does run to the cycle and looks like he's like, nah, nah, like all upset. And as we go, then. Uh, you if can... he's gallivanting out and about as Robin, it's not like he's really hiding who he is. No, I, I, it, it wouldn't I be know. that. I, it's more of a, at that point. It's more of a shame he's not using the red Robin costume because that that would make more sense for the character yeah, and be more yeah. poetic and could fly. But, yeah, yeah. But you know, even then, we'll have to see, and it may but, just but be a red it, herring it's just to him lead dressing, to it. Potentially dressing up like that. It's yeah. I mean, it's fine. definitely it's definitely leading to uh, two things that he will become Robin, and then I'm sure that Bruce will have an issue with it and fight with Terry about it. And you know, you don't want your little brother. Actually, to do I think this Terry will have the problem. And Bruce well, either way, but I don't think Bruce is going to want to either. I think that's why they're no. going to they set it up with uh, Barbara Gordon uh, talking about that. Then we go, and basically the bat signal goes off. Batman sends the remote. Give the the remote Batman thing with the you know the, the <laughs> suit. It's crazy. You do get a very quick uh, thing with the hey, we fixed the suit. The AI is fine now. Let's go. You're gonna have to rely well, they, on your no, own they, wits. They actually uh, went back to the original suit. There was a yeah. thing that they went back to the original suit. Bruce makes a weird comment that it's like, oh, you'll have to not use a AI yeah. this time. It's yeah, like yeah, his yeah, original yeah. suit didn't have an AI. What, what yeah, but I think Bruce? he had been using that Alfred AI that we saw before that yeah. was destroyed after Future's End or whatever because we did have that for a little while and then it was just gone. Oh, that's a good yeah, point. he definitely, um, but yeah, so definitely wants I mean, you to like, know. He's like, hey, here's your old suit back. I added yep. a couple of things because um, if it was a new suit, it'd be the third suit in 14 issues, Yeah, yeah. Um, which would be weird. But then, yeah, and then after that, he goes after the Royal Flush Gang, which is which are – destroying art instead of stealing yeah, it. Yeah, just to, destroying it. causing a ruckus. And yeah, they're just trying to like get them. And it's several though. very famous pieces they destroy, too. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, yeah, they're, okay. they're just old going lady through holding things. a sword statue. I, I've never uh, seen that, that one. One's a, oh God, that that, <laughs> that one's is a, a really old-looking lady, it's too, a really with a famous font. one. Too. 
Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it was I'm, like I'm not story. an art lover myself, no, so I can't I like say what is cool. <laughs> yes, but yeah, <laughs> as this is going on, yeah. Terry, Terry's kicking some ass. He, he's yeah, beating no, him it, up. It felt like it yeah. felt like a a beyond thing because even in the show, yeah, he'd get his butt. He'd he'd usually go in pretty strong, and then he would get beaten up a bit. But yeah. it's not like this is the end of an arc, which is was always the problem before. It's like we get to the climax of the arc, and then Batman Beyond loses, and then. Other people win it for him. Yeah, no, I'm no, fine no. if he gets his butt kicked early yeah. on because then he can come back from that. Unless yeah. his back is actually broken. Well, yeah, well, because I mean, as they, it goes they in. they actually go through with that, then it's like, well, this uh, Yeah, it's, it's really going. But yeah. there's, there's old Bruce. I wonder if Jean-Paul Valley's still around. That'd be great. He comes out <laughs> well, now, actually. Because clearly nobody died in this invasion. No. Well, yeah, no. nobody named yes. died in the Brother Eye invasion. But yeah, and you get the whole deal, like you said, where uh, Terry comes in and says, ah, oh, you're just the same old losers, you know, this and that. And King's like, no, no, no. Meet our new Jack. Jack, you know, gives him the old heat vision to the to the back, hits him. It's and he's like, eye. oh, you know, our newly played Jack is much more savage than our previous card, as am I. And then they're just fighting. And that's where you do see it's being filmed, too. And can we they, just they talk they about how useless that. King is in that fight? Like, yeah, I just, just, just want to point out, like, Jack actually gets a hidden. Yeah, uh, Ace yeah. breaks his back. Uh, King just gets his butt absolutely Yeah, he just crashed, yells. He gets his sword and gets it knocked down. I love how pompous that guy is. <laughs> and I love him just getting beaten up for all of his posturing. Yep, and then he just yells, break him, Ace. And that's where you have Bruce and Matt watching on the video screen of Matt getting his back supposedly broken. So we'll see how that is. And it's also Jack yelling that, not yeah, King, yeah, which yeah, is just yeah. like, okay, somebody finally Crazy. did their homework yep. with Batman Beyond. So, yeah, and then it says next to Hunted. So we'll have to see how it goes. But, yeah, I liked it. I actually didn't mind the art as much. It was just Matt. No, there's Matt a, was I awful. can't think of where it is because it might have been some of the some of the Batman Beyond uh, old uh, comic issues that weren't collected in trade. Yeah. But I could, I could swear I've seen an art style almost exactly like this that's been used for Batman Beyond before. Yeah. Yeah, I don't uh, know if maybe it was 2.0, possibly. No, it wasn't, because uh, I have the yeah. things. It may, I, it, you know what? It reminds me of some of the stuff that was done, uh, that one-off last run. Okay. There was a one-off last run that had a different art style than Chang. Like, okay. Um, that looked really similar to this. Yeah, I, I know Eric hated it. I didn't mind it. I hated is, it. I like it. It, it, it got, it got better faces, as it went on. And I, yes, it did. It absolutely I, did. And I like the way the Royal Flush guy looked all throughout. It's just like when I look at these characters, the biggest problem I think it's I had faces. is that back in Matt the 90s, like I was – Frankenstein? No, it was back back in the '90s. Like I loved the Green Goblin at Marvel Comics, and when the Green Goblin became a hero with uh, Phil Urich, like I was all about this like heroic Green Goblin series. But it had the worst fucking art going on at Marvel at that time, and it really oh. killed me. And it really reminded me of Never the look of this that. issue. That's oh. unfortunate. Yeah. Well, uh, Eric, what did you give it? I gave this issue a six point five out of ten. I really loved the way the story progressed, and I'm all about this new like. Batman Rebirth, if that's what you want, a Batman Beyond Rebirth, because that's what it really does feel like. It's just the art in this issue killed me because it was, seemed like the story was finally like firing on all cylinders. Yeah, I, I go against the whole deal uh, that I hate. I didn't mind the art except I hated Matt. So if I could push that aside, uh, the story actually I could follow. 
And that's been something that's been hard for me throughout this whole rebirth run. Uh, and really, you have Terry being Terry, him deciding to be Batman. Uh, you have Matt kind of alluding that uh, very soon he'll become Robin and all that other stuff. And I think it catches up new readers as well. I had some fun with the Royal Flush Gang. I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10 is how much I liked nice. it. But Jeez. how about you, Mark? Uh, I'm, I'm going to kind of be middle of the road. and I'm going to give it about a, a 7. I'm, I'm, I'm going to round it to a seven. The faces, the faces for uh, Barbara just killed me all throughout, yeah. and Matt killed me for most of it. And it's just, it, it'd be one thing if they only showed up a couple times, but they show up so much, especially oh, yeah. Matt in it. And his his face is drawn differently every single time it you is. see him. It is. He whereas other characters, ages. Whereas, uh, whereas other characters like Terry are drawn fairly consistently. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I liked it. I really did. But at the same time, I have been burned before. Every single beginning, like, so these are, like, Jurgens has written basically five arcs for yeah. Batman Beyond now. Um, two of them were good, uh, and only one of them great, and that was the first one he wrote last piece. But every single time, they've had a really solid, good first issue. And then it falls apart. I, and then it falls apart. So it's yeah. like, I, I'm, I'm playing this one safe. I'm saying seven because... I've been burned before. I've yeah. been burned before, and I'm, I'm not. Telling, I can't get my hopes up this time. I've been burned too much to get my hopes up this time. Yeah, I just I read it and, and willing to be positive. It. That's all I I'm need. To, uh, usually, yeah. Usually, this book comes out, and I want to kill somebody when I read it, <laughs> yeah, and I hate it, uh, and I didn't feel that way this issue, and really I've, thought I've had that same okay, feeling. Yeah, so I, I'm I'm better off not wanting to kill people so but that's that's it so at least it, we could even with eric eric said he really really likes this issue it's just the art so again if anybody is out there and wanted to try to jump in and heard that we hate it or whatever a great place to yeah jump you can in. you can it at is, least give this a shot place to jump in yep, short of just going to a different run yeah yeah so we'll see how it goes we'll see if the sales remain where they are but we're going to go off now and talk about the teen titans all right and we're here with chris how you doing chris Good. How are you guys doing? Oh, uh, lovely. I'd, I'd love to say that we, you know, it, it's like a double-edged sword. We like talking to you, but yet we have to talk <laughs> Teen Titans. That's that's I the problem. better books, Chris. What's wrong with you? <laughs> that's right. Well, but, Reggie did give me the Raven series that's coming yeah, out oh, yeah, next year, yeah, so yeah, we yeah. got that to look forward Why to. Why does Reggie yeah. hate you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, Reggie always complains to us. It, it really goes downhill because he complains <laughs> to us like, oh, you give me these books and those and that, and he hands you Raven and, and this book. <laughs> Now, at least Teen Titans, we, we had some hope for. You know, you, you hope, get yes. out of the, – the New 52 Teen Titans was just a complete and utter wreck. So right. when you get this, even though with Ben Percy on it, I kind of had my doubts. But at the beginning of Rebirth, Ben Percy seemed to be able to pull it together a little more, yeah. and we were getting something better. Not this mm -hmm. book, though. This book just seems to just want to tread water constantly, never right. wants anything to happen. And as you said right before we started – uh, unfortunately, it's heading to another crossover, and mm -hmm. it's just this book just has no real identity or any story. And this is I, – I say this, Derek, a lot when we're talking, and it came up about uh, Cyborg in the Justice League run of Brian Hitches where I said, hey, well, what has Cyborg done this whole rebirth? And we really couldn't come up with a lot. Nope. If I said to somebody just, hey, you know, what has the Teen Titans been doing all this time? And really, we the, – the three of us have read every issue we talk about mm -hmm. them and they've done nothing they no. really have done nothing at all the the big thing it's so the, funny the team you has know come it, together they've lost some teammates yeah. and they've come back together it's all the, right team times the thing that sticks in my mind the most from this whole run so far is that beast boy likes to go 
on social media, and Batman told Damien to tell him to cut it out. That's that's the <laughs> biggest thing and in he my never mind. Did. No, he didn't. But uh, tell us about this book, Chris. Well, I have a very short blurb because not much happened. Uh, no. It's basically, uh, how can we miss you if you won't go away? The return of Kid Flash is only long awaited if you have a short attention span. Here we are. <laughs> this yeah, is it. that's about it. And that's all pretty much this whole thing is set up. It's weird that Emiko's thrown in because we love Emiko. Me and Erica, you know, I think that you do as well, Chris. Mm. And it would have been such a cool dynamic because you're setting up this whole time. If anything's been set up, it has been set up that Damien's a dick. And Damien doesn't trust people. Damien wants to lead. All this stuff. And they want to have this thing with Kid Flash and Damien. But pretty much it's just Damien kicked Kid Flash out. And Kid Flash won't come back unless Damien says he's sorry. Throwing Emiko in here, though, is you have a couple things. And it really plays out in this issue where you kind of get an idea by the end that Damien has a bit of a crush on Emiko. But also, Emiko is the female version of Damien whether or not yeah. and yeah. even to the point where you know her her mother's shadow an assassin you know you have a lot of good parallels with Damien that if she joined this you know the Teen Titans I think you could have gotten a lot of story play out of those two because Emiko just she's not going to take any guff from Damien ever and I oh, thought that be that'd be a really foil, yeah. yeah it'd be oh, yeah. so good and yet by the end of this issue she just goes off because she's she got jams. green arrow things to do <laughs> uh but yeah the, if you don't remember the whole thing going into this issue is that there is a tidal wave uh, about to hit Central City right Which that's I where they are Star so City, yeah. Star City, City I, no I mean I'm sorry yeah, and yeah, that I forgot as well because it's one of those things. This book, every time it pops up, I'm like, okay, what what happened the last time? But yeah, there is, and yeah, Star City. I meant for some reason I don't know why I thought Central City with with uh, they are Kid in Flash, Central yeah. City at one point with Kid Flash, some of the Titans. But yeah, Star City's about to be, you know consumed by this tidal wave that was set off by onomatopoeia setting up the fact that emiko threw uh, a bomb a, a truck with a bomb in into the bay that blew up it was all a setup then you find out later in this issue it's even more of a setup of a setup it's yep. just nonsense <laughs> but yeah in this tell us what happened chris you you let me well they uh they, they bicker for a while they talk about yes. how great the teen titans are and how there's a junior justice league and a whole bunch of other lies yes uh, yeah, it and is. She, she asks where the Titans are, so he he calls them and he begs for help, which uh, they know means business because he does yeah. that every time he really needs help. I, yeah, it feels like yes. we've read this a few times already. I know yeah. it does. It's they, he Ben Percy has no way. I don't know. He just he wants them all to hate Damien, but you can't mm-hmm. have the book without him. So he Damien has to then call them, and it just it is. It, it happens over and over. It seems and that it, so samey. All the action in this book, then, once the Titans show up, are them just saving civilians before the wave can hit Star City yeah. and then trying to come up with a way to stop this title. I'm like, mm-hmm. that's like, you know, there is a lot of action to this book. It's just somehow boring action, if that makes yeah. sense. Like, yeah. all right, we're going to save well, some people do you from have, a Did wave. you ever think at any point that they, they weren't going to do the job? Like, no, is Star City. Yeah. And also, to me, I'm telling you, you have a weird deal in this, and this happens a lot in comics anyway. Uh, where you have that weird sense of timing. I mean, at one point, it looks like this wave is going to hit in, in a second. I mean, you see it there, and it seems like it's going to hit. And in the meantime, you have the rest of the Teen Titans back talking to— Jim, you don't to, understand. Waves always wait for the perfect time oh, yeah, to strike. No, you they, never it seems know to be waiting a lot. 
lot. Like, I wish that we would have had at least that whole deal where you're going to get. Now, this is a different deal because it's happened from a like a concussion of the actual uh, bomb that went off. But I would have liked that. Yeah, I would have liked that whole deal with before the big tidal wave. You have all the water go out and then, you know, shit's gone wrong. But you're not going to have that. Yeah, you're not going to have that here because it was from an explosion. But at the point where this this wave is about to hit, they go back to Central City and they're just they're just talking. They're talking to yep. Kid Flash like, hey, come on now. You know, you should, you're part of the team. You know, we, we just like to have you. And, and Kid Flash like, on, you baby, know what? Don't be like I, that. Uh, I appreciate that. I'm telling you, by this point, Star City's underwater. There is no way that this conversation <laughs> – and there isn't like a Central City uh, moments before. Central City a little before. They should have yep. done that. Earlier because, today. Yeah. Yes. Yes, because they do this. And yeah, I know that Raven pops them in, but still – by the time they pop in and gather up the Omega fucking, you know, hit the Omega deal where Damien's yelling out their formation. And then they're all like, you have Beast Boy. This is about to be the biggest disaster you could ever have. And he yells cannonball. He's like, he's all excited. Well, not only like we were talking about, you never know like the time frame of stuff going on in between issues and stuff like that. I want to know the time frame, like where this is going on as opposed to the Green Arrow book, which Ben Percy's writing as well, because, you know, we had this whole idea that Onomatopoeia has, you know, broken in the Queen Industries and the idea that Queen Industries has ramped up their weapons program. Is this a part of the Ninth Circle or is this something that's taking place after? I don't know. And to me, this definitely feels like it's after metal. They, they mentioned yeah. shit like that. So this is all seems to be in the future, maybe because of that. But also, I don't know where exactly they're claiming because in the Green Arrow book, they reference metal as well. And even the Gotham uh, and resistance and things sense. like that. So that seems to be after as well. I think that they're just they just throw it out there. I, I don't really even <laughs> I, I really don't think and that it means anything. But, yeah, it is weird if you're reading Green Arrow where you have onomatopoeia get this weapon that should be something like a nice circle Emi, thing but they're Emi taking done seems to, like know that you know queen industries has ramped up their weapons program yeah, like, as if yeah. she's a part of it because yeah, Oliver queen is running it or something like that mm-hmm. so I don't know what they're playing at with this. And by they, I mean Ben Percy himself because he's writing both series. Yeah, and and then, yeah, really, that's where it should be right on, but it doesn't seem to be. But, yeah, with this going on, they end up saving everyone. I mean, it's it's not. And Kid Flash helps, and he goes with Damien and ends up, you know, I'm part of the team. Let's go. He runs around the the tidal wave like a flash would, and they do stop it. Uh, But then tell us, Chris, what happened. Well, before before the boring action starts, they they, they <laughs> try to talk Wally into coming, and they and they play to, they play to him being for old times' sake. Yeah, yeah. like come old with us sake. for old times' sake. It's like <laughs> it's like you've been gone twenty minutes, and yeah. you were part of the team for another for twenty week. minutes. What yeah. are we talking yeah, old times' yeah. sake here? Yeah, well, that old time weekend. That yeah, was a good weekend. Their lost weekend they had because yeah, <laughs> and that is ridiculous. And it, basically, what they should have said was something along the lines of, "Hey, you know, there's no Teen Titans without a Flash." I don't even know if that right works, now it seems like Flash has been a part of Defiance more than he's been a part of yeah, Teen Titans. And he does mention that as well that he, oh, I'm used to the dysfunction of Defiance. So I'm like, really, even that at this point. Now again, we don't know the time, but even at, at this point, the Defiance Squad seems to be. About two weeks or Done, so. Right? so yeah, and he's knows. still a part of it. They, they be- oh, these superheroes become fast friends is what happens. And, yeah, old times' sake means at least two days or more, possibly. Yeah, because, yeah, like you said, <laughs> he got he ended up getting kicked out. We live out. our lives fast and loose. Yeah, yeah, really. And like Chris, like you said all along, 
they they haven't really given you given you much of him kind of being off the team. It's more no. forced on us than us actually seeing it. There's never been a time where uh, Ben Percy's even had something like, "Hey, you know what? This would have been great if Kid Flash would have still been on the team, you son of a bitch, to Damien and stuff like that, and make it seem like it means something." But mm-hmm. you you never really got that. They're they're back, yeah. but yeah, uh, tell us more. <laughs> So they save the city, and then uh, Emiko calls into Green Arrow and finds out that uh, you know Onomatopoeia is not about certain ways of doing things. He's he's more of an assassin, and yes. he might be there to assassinate Emiko herself. Yeah, Emiko, yes. And an yes. assassin who just goes after non-powered superheroes, which honestly, if I was going to be a super criminal, that's the way that's I would go. That's the way you do Yeah. <laughs> but he, the only thing that, that I – again, I oh, wonder my is ass something went wrong with this plan because he did end up doing something that, number one, was going to alert a lot of powered superheroes sure. to get to the city, which they did, being the Teen Titans, obviously. Uh, but yeah, this whole thing with Onomatopoeia, then this was like his plan to get Emiko. But why get it so that they're sur- she's surrounded by superheroes? Also, I would have liked – again, this would have been a pretty cool arc at some point where you did have an onomatopoeia going after the two non-superpowered Damien and Emiko. I think that, yeah, that would have been really cool. Or even switched his sights over to Damien once yeah. he realized that he, like, yeah, you know, he was just, out and about. Like His sights were on Emiko, but now and, I want to have a piece yeah. of that Robin. And this mm-hmm. is where I, I go back to what Chris said at the beginning. It, it really shows that all of this other thing is just window dressing to get Kid <laughs> Flash back on the team. That's all it is. Nothing yeah. is really set up and nothing would go forward uh, because yeah, they find on the Monopia and it's Kid Flash yeah. and uh, Damien. And even and- this, the whole idea of going after Emiko, like, why isn't on the Monopia going after Green Arrow? You know, the more pre- <laughs> powered superhero just after of Emiko at this point. And even if that was the case, where Green Arrow is like, listen, he must be up to something. He's trying to get to me through you, something. No, he just seems to be after Emiko for no reason. That's spelled out. But yeah, you know, uh, Kid Flash oh, and Damien take him like down. <laughs> And then Chris, yeah. If you're thinking like uh, like you go back to the Silver Age and you have like Lex Luthor build a robot that must have cost billions of dollars yeah. to break into a bank and steal fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, to, yeah, to steal twenty five thousand. <laughs> yeah. it, it makes this but is yeah, this big tidal wave here. Yeah, yeah. There's the tidal <laughs> wave. Shoot, shoot a probe. <laughs> Just a shooter. And really, he he had to have had a clear shot at any other point. Waits until the tidal wave stopped and all this. But yeah, when they do take him down, they just basically Kid Flash and Damien take him down at one one point it's funny because that's where uh it starts fully where damien's like i'm gonna kill him and every oh you go get it he's after your girlfriend damien and that was again though that's fun which isn't going to continue because she basically bails and i thought that that's so it's a shame he actually has something that's one of the best things that he's had on this book and yet they're He's just going to get rid because she kisses Damien goodbye after uh, Kid Flash, you know, and Damien have a nice moment they where they together, accept yeah. each other. But then they the weirdest thing is, then, then, yeah, then Kid Flash decides that he wants to be a snitch and gives Damien the info. Hey, if Deathstroke ever Isn't comes after Isn't that how him, friends are made? You exchange thumb drives and then No, it's funny because I hope, I hope to God the next Deathstroke book you have uh, – Wally goes back and gives a thumb drive to Deathstroke about Damien. I think he's playing both ways. But, yeah – that's pretty cool, and it does tie into the whole Deathstroke versus the Teen Titans. It's just in this Rebirth deal, 
it's not really the case, even though they tried to push that in in yeah. the uh, Lazarus contract, Lazarus. which still didn't even make that much sense. No. But uh, yeah, Emiko leaves, ends up kissing Damien. Damien rubs his cheek because he, all he's all excited. All blushing about it. It's great. And then yeah. the big reveal at the end. What is it, Chris? Tim Drake is watching. Yeah, he's but, uh, watching. But he's not ready to make his presence known just yet. No. Yeah, so he's Which is watching. a cool aspect of the series that I appreciate. Probably know, the highlight. Like, yeah, exactly. The thing is, like, we have Tim coming back. It was a big deal in Detective Comics. I never actually thought of the ramifications for the Teen Titans who broke up because Tim died. Yeah, because mm-hmm. he died. And it looks like he, if you ask me, he'll go to Damien first, kind of explain, you know, hey, I tried to do it this way, which was a big thing in the end of the New 52, where Tim, you know, it pretty much was shown that he didn't gather a group of friends. He gra- gathered a tactical group of that medics, he thought yeah. each of them was, you know, had their certain things and that really threw them off because they thought they were all friends but so you have them and it's funny too because if it wasn't for alfred being there if it would have been something he looks really ominous at the end when he's like oh yeah soon alfred soon and he looks like he's (laughs) about to go beat the shit out of somebody but uh, i'll tell you i like the art in this issue and i really really like tim at the end for i really like that look at him just sitting there but uh what did you what did you give it, Chris? Well, I gave this. I, I thought this was probably the best issue of the series yet, even though not much happened. Uh, maybe that's why. I thought yeah, it was so yeah. good. But uh, I uh, I gave it a 6.5 out of 10. Yeah, it's, you're right on the money with me. I think it's a 6.5. I think it's a solid 6.5. Again, we said not much happens. Uh, but at least – you know, we have at least next issue. We shouldn't get an issue of them getting the gang back together again, and we right? can move forward. The Tim J. Yeah. <laughs> no, the they're Tim gonna Dre- have to deal with the aftermath of uh, Kid Flash coming back and how that's going to change the dynamic. Yeah, that they've yeah had please set up for no. The past two minutes. Please no. And, and I will tell uh, you at least one thing that I have to give Ben Percy. We pretty much at one point it's just them stopping the tidal wave. We really glossed over it because nothing happens. But what does happen is at least Ben Percy gets everyone involved. You know, even yeah. though it wasn't that memorable or crazy, he does have something for each of the team to do, which is one of those things that sometimes a lot of writers have, you know, have a problem Ryan, with that, getting everyone League? involved. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So at least you have that. It's just a ridiculous story wrapped yeah. around to get Kid Flash back. But I think it's a 6 5. I like the art, and, and I really do like that ending. I want her. Yeah, yeah, oh, it'd be on great. The team. Yeah, I like that. I really, really Let me like clarify, that. On the team, and yes, on the there team, and I like Tim Drake at the end, and Tim, you know, looking to see what's going on. So yeah, I think it's a six five. What about you, Eric? You know, I was going to go with six point three, but the whole Tim Drake is an aspect I never really thought of going forward in the Teen Titans book for when he yeah. came back because. Him dying was the big reason why, you know, uh, Damien took over and wanted to make his own Teen Titans. Yeah. Him being back, I'm sure it's not going to like like uh, really impact the team. No, but long, it'll be but cool. I think no. we'll get a cool arc out of it. So, yeah, I think I'll go up to a 6.5 because I really do no. enjoy the art as well. Trifecta. Nice. I do think also, though we ha- though I wasn't thinking about Tim either, I think that maybe DC themselves and then Ben Percy, obviously, in this issue, they did want to address this to let us know that Tim will not well, be back. We kind of have to. Yeah, because you would. there's probably some people who thought right away, I don't know why they think this because there's no way it's going to happen. But, oh, man, Tim's going to come back and lead the team. No, this is Damien's no. team now. And I do think that this is just going to lead to a unofficial passing of the man 
panel, uh, even yeah. though you really don't mm-hmm. need one. But yeah, I, I would guess that Damien will find out about Tim and kind of get pissed off that he thinks Tim's going to come back and then we'll, we'll get a, an issue with that. But again, is that what we really need in this series either? Because I that know. seems like the next phase of the Kid Flash being back. Now we have to get this other. And this book just doesn't move forward. And all the fun you can have with these characters and it just never gets it's, it really hasn't gotten off the ground and you know what it's actually such a weird thing because when tim came back we had in detective comics we had all the Ro- former robins and you know damien fight the tim of tomorrow so yeah damien does know that tim's alive yeah yeah so where is this in the yeah you're right the continuity's yeah, where does this way off continuity's God way off i'm going down to a six no, I'm going to stay with the 6-5. I'm staying with the 6-5. But thank you for coming and talking to us, Chris. And hopefully Thanks, next man. next issue, we'll like it even more. We could, we could keep our the fingers Titans crossed. Of tomorrow? And I'm telling you, mm-hmm. don't even mention that Raven book to me ever again. <laughs> <laughs> if you listen to when we talked about that first six-issue mini, at least Eric and Reggie were on it at first and and liking a little. I hated That's it from the Jim get-go. Made a sandwich oh, my God. I did. Yeah. I couldn't take it. But we'll see. Maybe Marv Wolfman will pull it together. He has all this time, and he'll have 12 issues to tell the story that goes nowhere. But we'll see. But thanks again, Chris. And oh, before Chris. you let me go, okay. I, I, I wanted to uh, – I definitely wanted to congratulate you guys on your milestone list. Oh, that's oh thank you. Amazing. Thank you. Definitely thank want to make you. sure you know that I appreciate everything you guys do. And We uh, try. <laughs> we go. get together and scream and yell. But th- thanks, thanks, lot, thanks for coming on with us, Chris. Thank, thank you. you. See ya. All right, Blue Beetle bringing up the rear, Eric. It's the As last it book. Does. <laughs> yes, it does. Uh, holy moly, this is a weird issue. Uh, we, we've already learned that this series is ending in February. February yes. is the last issue that Chris Sabella indeed did come on this run to finish it up. Uh, I, I don't know what he's doing. I, I think he's I guess completely he lost his mind. I'm saying we're not going to go out strong, it doesn't seem like. Well, I think that he's just like, eh, let's throw some shit out there, see what sticks. Because uh, the problem is, this ain't sticky. Because uh, I don't know what's going on. You, you're the one who I'm going to lean on. And before oh, we fuck. started recording, you said, can you tell me what happened in Blue Beetle? Because he, you have no I'm idea, neither do I. Is, it's weird. I, I had struggled so bad in my written review for this. So I'm like, there's a lot going on. I can't tell you exactly what, though. Yeah, and I, I can't either. And there is a funny thing that I have to tell people that there are times when I read one of your issues, maybe even you read one of mine or yeah. whatnot, and we do kind of hope that the other person could shed some light oh, on God. some things. Or if it's the other person's issue, like this one being yours, I think, yeah, I hope Eric, I'm, I'm going to jump it, on his back, and he's going to take me to the finish line because I don't know what's going on. And I don't know how you could because the whole thing that we were talking about at the end of the last issue that we were intrigued by and wondering was if they were in fact in a movie possibly yeah. or the movie kind of was somehow mirroring the ideas, something. Like, something or... that was going on with Jaime where his like the I, things in his mind were taking shape and form yes. in reality. Like the whole idea of not knowing what you want to do about your future and then immediately getting a job with Ted Cord after high school and then yeah. watching a movie together about space and then being attacked by space aliens that looked exactly the same that looked exactly the same that's the point uh that doesn't seem to be the case no 
It doesn't, and it even gets even crazier because we start out, and you do I, have I this whole yeah. Well, yeah, jeez, I I want to just get this over with. Blue Beetle let's hear, number fifteen. Let's hear that blurb, Eric Shea. Blue Beetle number fifteen, written by Christopher Sabella, with art by Scott Collins, Tom Derenick, Romeo Fajardo Jr., and Josh Reed. Jaime, Naomi, Paco, and Brenda find themselves in a strange town full of the elderly and the young after they're attacked by spacemen in the previous issue. But it turns out that the people of this town and the spacemen are one and the same, and now our characters are supposed to become one of them for, for as well. Fuck you! Uh, oh, so I actually thought that because I was trying to throw you off, it gave so you a little more concentration. Then I laid off because I thought you were going to yell at me. Then you blow it, Eric. I'm supposed had... to become one of them, all for a scientist called Stopwatch, who has the ability this to make you young or old. Yeah! Come on! You did it! You did it, man! It's, it's time to celebrate a little Montel Jordan here. Ah, yes. I wish we could just dance to Montel Jordan and not talk about this issue because this is complete and other You know what? One thing I will say positive about this issue with Tom Derrick jumping in with Scott Collins, the art has fucking oh, taken a gigantic awesome. hike up yeah. in quality. Oh, the art is incredible. And you start off where Jaime is fighting these aliens that we don't know anything about. Uh, and basically he <laughs> – I don't know. Tell me what happens, Eric, because he he's about to win that he's not. He starts yeah, fighting yeah. these space aliens. He's getting his ass handed to him, and the only thing that helps them in this situation is that Paco takes his uncle's car and runs them down. Jaime gets in, and they drive off. Yeah, now, yeah. they drive off into the desert because they're, they're out in the desert at this point, and then the sky starts changing around them through all yeah. these different periods through where all you have history. dinosaurs, you have the asteroid coming down, you have a future, you have the great disaster happening with a uh, nuclear blast, yeah. and then we move on to a quaint little town that seems to be abandoned, a place called Mooney. And they go and they freaking they jump they break into an abandoned motel. And they I, that's the, night. the fault. This is the this are the problem here. First off, you're there. You're in this. You know. You're in a desert. You end up getting attacked by aliens. Yeah. Then the sky starts changing to the point where you see dinosaurs. Then you see the future. You get the fuck out of here. I know. I don't even care what you say. When you go into this town, the first thing you're going to find is a goddamn gas station. See if there's gas and get the fuck out and go well, home. The, the, the car is almost destroyed. It's clunking well, But that's the problem is that it's not even that. They act as if they're still on vacation. Jaime even says it. When they go into this abandoned motel, uh, which also I don't know how you get the idea that it's fully abandoned. They don't even check it out. They just pull in and go, oh, well, you want to go here? Okay. This room looks cool. That room looks cool. Let's go in. They haven't even checked out this town. They haven't even checked out this town. And they go in, and you have Brenda and uh, Paco go off, and then you have what's her name with Jaime. Naomi. uh, Naomi. And not at at one point they're almost like, huh. This is a weird vacation, huh? But we could still have some fun. I'm like, get the hell out of here. You saw what should have been a nuclear disaster happen in the world that you're there. At least the sky showing well, Jim, it. Jim, the reason like you don't understand is because you don't know that yeah, kids no, today, they always look for the bright side of life. I guess they do. Is that the, the old song? Always look on the bright side of life. That's right. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're more concerned about making out and talking about what's going on in the future and things like that. When the, the, the shit that they just saw, they were fighting legitimate space aliens. Yeah. Then they wake up and they're being attacked by the, the people Feral from children. the hills. 
<laughs> it's just nonsense. Feral children and then old people. And then they have knives. They have guns. They're doing all this. They're taking their car apart. They're ready to stab them. They take them off and keep saying, like, wait till he comes. Wait till the leader comes. He's going to figure out. He'll show us what to do. And I, I was completely lost. And again, and then we have you, to wait for the sun to set yeah. because that's when the leader comes, which is odd for a setup for this because we just went from night to the morning. Now we have to jump to where the sun sets later, where yeah. I guess they've just been sitting around all day yeah, waiting for the sun Yeah, it seems like at one set. point, too, as they're sitting around, you have the kids training. You have the old people sitting at a, a, a table, maybe playing cards. You can't really see much of that. And you just have, you know, Paco and Jaime and Brenda and Naomi just sitting that there. Would, that we would actually do this. Like, why not go that night? Have the kids pull them yeah. out of the motel room. But I guess we re- they, like Chris and Bella really wanted to show this whole idea where Naomi's going to smooth on freaking Jaime yeah, and they're yeah. actually like a legitimate but again, couple. That seems so stupid, but as this is going, you end up like they're here, and everything here is like to me, he's trying to pay homage to a lot oh, of no, different a things lot of here. Different things. But I yet feel where you roll into this quaint well. little town, and that's the thing, is that is the best part of the book in my mind because I think he spent way too much time to set up this horror movie aspect from going from space yeah. down to the desert, going to the quaint little town, to having the fucking the, the goddamn hills have eyes children. Yeah, yeah. The and hills then we this has nothing to do with the actual story that we're dealing with. No. It's only and, and, once we get halfway through and the sun finally sets and the fucking spacemen show back up that we find yeah. out anything about what well, this and the is Well, and the weird thing is, about. yeah, at this point, these this spaceship comes down. These triangle things show up again. And the people that were in the town, they all of a sudden start levitating towards and go in them where then you have Naomi pick up one of the guns because they left their weapons on the ground, these fucking people well, from the hills. Well, tractor beams don't take weapons, Jim. Well, yeah. So she picks up a gun, <laughs> shoots the gun as Jaime scarab starts activating but yet doesn't really at one point it's just it does kind of save her uh to get away because she shoots down and then it these shoots guys. back at it and knocks the freaking thing to, the yeah, she shoots, down she shoots down these things and and it comes down and even the the scarab whatever and then they rip open the thing they have the space people open up their helmets and it's those people that they had in that village and yeah. you're getting this whole thing now it becomes complete cocoon because yeah. basically these people that they met, the younger and the older people, at one point were old people in an old folks' home that were left behind by their families, and they ended up As getting an offer. As one does, because who wants old people around them? Yeah, the and they, they ended up getting this offer from these aliens that if they put – well, it ends up being a professor or whatever. But they put on these space suits these and space do suits things, and all of a they, sudden the space suits make them feel young and have yeah. reflexes and all that, but also make them young. But because they like them so much, they keep them on too much, get too young. So then the space suits have to be switched to, you know, the, the flick of the switch that makes them older to when they get older. Then they get in them again and make younger. But in the meantime, the, the person in charge, the he who's in charge, ends up figuring, well, I'll get half of these people young, half old, and go back and forth. And that oh way we goodness. can keep them here forever because we'll always have to be going back and forth. And they'll always be able to go. And that's the thing, too. They go out then and they rob places to fund the scientist's research yeah. for this freaking yeah. aging device. His name's yeah. Stopwatch. Yeah. And I don't understand how that's possible because it seems that you are trapped in this town now because of all the tachyon research that he's doing has somehow yeah, put a rift around this. Yeah, because it is tachyon research. And, uh, yeah, so that's why we saw all that shit in the sky. And at you know, a certain point, the whole desert becomes the prehistoric era with Jaime and them. This is how they're trapped in the town. They can't yeah. leave now. But 
how are these people going out and robbing places? Is it the spaceships that do it? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, because they, they say that they go rob. What, are they robbing the abandoned town now? Well, that's uh, why because, it's abandoned now because yeah, it they went make and robbed sense. everything. There's nobody but, left. Yeah, I guess they, they don't have any more money. But it's funny. Even they're like, hey, what are you playing? Cast play as Martians? And the old guy's like, I don't know what you mean. And it's just simple. We had a job with a huge payday. How much? 70 years, give or take. And I, I get the idea. Christabella thought that was going to be a real clever line yeah. there. Uh, and then spells out, like I said, now it's Cocoon. And, yeah, they end up saying you can't leave. Yeah, it's more leave. Cocoon, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah really. <laughs> nobody it. nobody wants more Cocoon, no. too. Uh, but, yeah, they, they end up saying you can't leave this. And then as this is going on, and they have the weapons, like you said, they're about to, you know, get out of here, kind of, you know, hey, we're we're hitting the road, and now the whole planet, you know, around them, the whole desert or whatever, like you said, starts transforming into the prehistoric age. At one point, it's actually an old west town, and they're like, up, oh, he's starting another trial. There are some side effects. Ay, ay, ay. And, and you see an image when... of our our character stopwatch who seems like he's he looks like Doctor Manhattan with a stopwatch eye. Yeah, 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 yeah. He he looks nuts. It's, but yeah, and you even see it, it. What's the deal with the guy next to him? Even I, I just don't understand what's going on because he's yeah, like that, besides that, he's Fred. only getting started. That's Fred, his assistant. Yeah. Uh, it's weird too because I got the uh, and now is when he says stop him, you can't stop him. He controls everything. Besides, he's only getting started. That stopwatch, it, it looks just like that old guy then without his little glass. It's just nonsense. It and really the thing is. is it's, it's very odd to me. Like, um, I actually – I just forgot exactly where the fuck I was going with my thought. I had well, something I'll tell I you one thing. Out. I don't know if you'll agree. Oh. What's odd to me is that the whole thing with this looks like it'd be Dr. Manhattan-esque with this blue lightning, which threw me off. And I thought, boy, you're really throwing shit out there with all this time changing and things like that and then make this look exactly like a Dr. Manhattan time, you know, that, that whole powers of his. Yeah, just the whole uh, lightning tearing him apart yeah, the like when Dr. Manhattan him was apart. created. Yeah. But like the whole idea to me is that – for how convoluted this story is, for everything that's going on and how he took so much time to set up the quaint little town and all the horrific aspects and they'd be like to the middle of this issue just to get to this convoluted story at the yeah. end, everything could have been resolved if Jaime didn't have any trepidations about revealing he's Blue Beetle to Naomi. Yeah. That's yeah. the only thing – the whole story would have been finished. Hey, I'm Blue yep. Beetle. I take these people apart. And we're home free. Yeah, because even at the one point, he they're sitting there and his whole comment before was – I want to have some semblance of a normal life in some part of me, and that is Naomi. So please, never tell Naomi what's going on because that is almost like that is my time where I can actually be Jaime Reyes. Don't have to worry about Blue Beetle. Unfortunately, Blue Beetle has caught up to him here as well, and he should have just become Blue Beetle and went on with it. Uh, but that's one of my main issues with this issue. Anyway, you have all this nonsense. You, you don't have any Blue Beetle here. No. You only get a little bit where he uses it to it's grab yeah. hold of Naomi to get away from a crashing deal. Yeah, and getting his ass kicked. So you don't even get that. And I'm telling you, this is such a convoluted, out-of-nowhere story that just doesn't make any and sense. And I'm telling you, at first, I was having some fun with it because, for one thing, the you jump in, the art looks great because Tom Derenick's on with Scott Collins. Yeah. But just this whole setup of oh, how the art weird everything is going on, like – you know, we have space aliens. Then we're going through time rifts. Then yeah. we go to this quaint little yeah, town. Yeah, there's to too to much thrown at you, it's, 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 and it nothing I, it makes I sense. I found it. I found it fun at first. It's just it never went anywhere. Well, no. The the thing with me is, 
I love, and, and I'm not a horror movie fan, but I do love the idea of a village gone wrong and yeah, you have these hill people town. and stuff yeah, like that's that. A, a great story. Just go with that. Where the hell? Wrong. Where the hell are you getting an idea that out of nowhere you're going through all of time and space and nonsense with dinosaurs? And you don't need that. All you need of them is to be there and stuck there like they are because their car is destroyed. Yeah. They have these weird people that you and know they're Jaime fighting in an old be blue beetle. Yeah, and that's the thing. That's the key is that Jaime doesn't want to become blue beetle, so that he keeps trying to get out. That's all you needed. You didn't need space people and cocoon too. That, that and, tachyon particles yeah, so they oh can my travel goodness, back and forth in ages. To rob places for stopwatch. Yeah. Just have a fun thing with the people from the hills. And and we would have probably by now said, you know what? This is actually a pretty cool kind of deal where you have Blue Beetle or any superhero book where you're dealing with just craziness. You don't need to have a fucking superpowered villain in every goddamn story we have. And this would have been cool where the, the villain – actually ends up almost being Jaime not wanting to use the scarab. Yeah. Like, it, not the villain, but that is the crutch that he w- won't use, and that would be very interesting. Uh, but, yeah, y- there's just too much thrown in here. Uh, what did you give this? I love the art in this issue, and like I said, great. I was having fun at the beginning when it was just that whole, like, I keep saying the quaint little town. Yeah, That's yeah. a story aspect I really like in a lot of things. It never it never panned out to what I wanted no. it to be, but at first I was having fun. I ended up giving it a five point eight out of ten, and that's mostly because I really enjoyed the art more than yeah. any other issue of Blue Beetle. This issue. Well, I have to go with what I did earlier with Wonder Woman, even though I think the art's great. This story is garbage. It it just doesn't make sense, and maybe it'll tie in later. And I'll have to say, you know what? In the last couple issues, it tied up, and I I I'll eat my words. But I I don't think if I'm gonna eat my words, Eric, because of that. I don't think uh, I'm going to get stuffed because no. I don't think I'm going to be eating them. Uh, but, yeah, I give it a fuck you five. It, it's just – it doesn't make any sense. It really doesn't. And I, it just – you have Chris Sabella jumping on and from when Keith Giffen and J.M.D. Mateus left and they had that whole Justice League 3001 you know, finish and whatever, Chris Sabella came on this book with a set number of issues. It seemed yeah. like he knew how he was going. I, he could have had some fun, and I, maybe he is. And you had a little fun at the beginning boy, before shit went boy, sideways. It, it went real. It went sideways, upside he down, took and a wrong sideways turn. again. Yes, he did. But yeah, I'll give it a five. And that is the end of the podcast. Oh, Eric, and what is your book of the week? My book of the week is Action Comics number nine ninety two. Ooh, I can't get enough of this time Action travel Comics. manipulation going on. Oh my goodness gracious! Mine is Commandi Challenge number eleven. Eric That's Rob bullshit. Williams. That uh, that is my favorite issue of the week. And as we have already talked about, I think one of the best issues uh, for anything that was had a mission statement going in. So we we you know you remember when we talked about that right? I All do. that talk we had about it, but this I is still what don't we're get how t- the goddamn shark attack armies got jetpacks out of nowhere. They couldn't go on land before. they because nah, they, but- those weren't the same guys. That was a oh. different squadron. They have all those. That is uh, uh, most of that stuff in that issue was right from the Kirby book, including the Misfit, as we already talked about, of course. <laughs> uh, but yes, yeah, so this is what we're going to talk about next week, uh, because next week is annuals week. So we're not going to have as many books, though. This is a if you ask me, this is a pretty packed 
annuals week because we got some other week. weird things. But we have Aquaman annual number one. We have Ooh. Batman annual number two, which Tom King says is very uh, much part of the regular story. Uh, I right. saw people asking on Twitter if they can avoid uh, this because they don't like to get annuals. And, of course, Tom King is not going to tell <laughs> them to either. avoid it. I mean, it, it's weird to ask the writer, like, hey, should I just avoid this one? I don't think he's going to I give wish you I would have looked at it now so what I could have straight, at least told yeah. people about it. Well, uh, we'll have to see about that. We have Batman Creature of the Night number one, which I'm looking forward to a lot. We have Green Arrow annual number one. Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern Corps number 33, which seems to have been delayed, and they're throwing it there for yep. an annuals week. Uh, a book that I believe uh, Brandon will be reviewing on the site, but we do not talk about, but maybe me and Brandon can get together and maybe talk. I don't know how it'll go down, but Injustice 2 annual number one. And I will tell people that during Tom Tom Taylor's original run, the first time around with Injustice, his annuals were always very good. So if you're reading that, I hope that you enjoy that. Justice League of America, annual number one, Eric. Oh, that's got to be good, right? More Steve Orlando. We have Mystic You, Alyssa Quintney's book that has been pretty much delayed now for two years. Yeah, uh, it's I finally it coming to come out. out during the DCYOU era. Yep, it was. And uh, also around that time of that Dark Universe book that yeah. I believe that was uh, Tynan and somebody else. But uh, because of that, I'm looking Is forward to it. Fox and finally, the, uh, this is just – I can't remember no, what sorry, the, the Dark, dark Universe Yeah, I can't remember was like what Ray it was. Yeah. For some reason, but this yeah, is Alyssa Quintney. Yeah, that didn't come out. Alyssa Quintney. And finally, I'll give DC uh, some – props that this is a good week to put something like this out i believe it's a three issue prestige format book uh and we'll see how that is we also have the new talent showcase 2017 number one i believe that's a 70 some issue a uh, deal with a special some issue i mean 70 some uh pages it's okay. long uh and in that there's also a scott snyder wonder woman uh, story at the very end, and I don't know that you know. Once metal's over, and we wonder what's going on with Scott Snyder, maybe this is a little hint. Maybe James Robinson is going to be on uh, Wonder Woman until Scott Snyder frees himself up to be on and it. Before it's just kind of came odd. And I said, you know what? Why not have Scott Snyder on Wonder Woman? I'll yeah, like so we'll see that. Uh, we also have Super Sons Annual Number One. So we're going to have all of those. Now, obviously, we uh, always tell you that on the Patreon account, the badasses get to pick two books to be on the Patreon-only spotlight. So we'll have two of those. We'll be Patreon-only deal. And, uh, Tiny-ass podcast. Yeah, and if you go, you can go at patreon.com slash weirdscience and you know support us. And more than just support us, we try to give you a lot of shows to give you yeah, a bang for your buck so yeah go check that out see how it fits your pay scale i don't know what you would say but <laughs> that is it that is the podcast eric uh congratulations you made it through everything what do we say at the end everybody have a great week we keep it weird, weird. we'll see you in seven see you in seven oh,